boy, do we have a big song, bitch, for you tonight, boys and girls. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Werner. Yes, you are, baby Hello. boy. This is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 110. Possibly 110. an anniversary? Possibly what? a fucking milestone. A Who knows milestone? An anniversary? I don't Who know knows? what you can say. Uh, if it's up to DC, I think everything's an anniversary. It's an anniversary. Uh, I guess you could say it is, right? Everything is an anniversary of something. Yes, the anniversary. We uh, doing this last week. Yes. And Hello and welcome we, to the official, unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com. And Eric, we are proud members of Comics Podcast Network, mm-hmm. right? The We Be Geeks proud. Network. Ooh, that's the a Batman right Podcast there. Network. Can we get Eric, some proud? The Potter Family Podcast Group, which Ooh, I don't mention a lot, but we are part all, of that. Proud, proud, I, I proud. like a lot of people from there. Yes. And the Tangent Bound Network. We are now Tangent a member. Bound. Uh, Tangent Bound Network, uh, and the Tangent Bound Network has uh, a bunch of podcasts, but it does have our, our guys Kev and Chris from the 365 Flicks, so that's where I know that it's on the up and up, that that they're in there, then yeah, I'm good to go. Because 365 Flicks? Yeah, 365 Flicks, good to go. That means, <laughs> I, see, I'm sure that if we were in first and they went there, they'd be like, oh, they'll let anybody in, but Seriously. with them in there already... I trust them. I trust well, they them. They got the accents going on, classing up the place. Makes sense. That is right. They have that. Yeah, they have the accents. I don't know. Their accents are the accents that I love. That they don't class up anything. They are hardworking, common man accents. Salt of the earth. They are. So Those you're saying guys. Cockney is what you're saying. No. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. That, you know. Hello, loaf. That yeah. that kind. The kind Salt I of the love. Earth. And if you want to find us on. The internets or wherever, uh, you could go to our website, which is weirdsciencedccomics.com. We're on Twitter at weirdsciencedc. We're on Podbean at weirdsciencedccomics.podbean.com. We're on Facebook at weirdsciencedccomics. Also, you can go and listen to us on the Weird Science Radio Network, Eric, uh, and that is on Mixler, and that's M-I-X-L-R, and where you could find us at is mixler.com slash weirdsciencedc. And, of course, you can email us at any time, free time, at work, while you're at the nail salon. While you're on the can. While you're on the can, you're at the gym, and that is weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And so what you tell me right now is that we are everywhere you can find us. Everywhere you look, there we are peeping in on your life, Eric. That's well, what we do. We peep. Uh, but yeah, if you see our podcast Boy, anywhere that you can rate, review, and subscribe to it, we'd appreciate it if you would do so. Sure we will. don't have po- contests for that. We don't have like every freaking ten reviews you're gonna well, get. We got a, contests. A, you know. We just don't tell nobody about. No, it. the the contest is to make me and you smile for once in our goddamn God damn, like miserable life. Yeah, that's what happens. Is I I get we get a review. It makes me happy for that thirty seconds, and then I get back to my normal life because then I remember. You know, what my life's all about. It's yeah. funny. Uh, we were watching American Dad today, and it was the one where Steve had to interview uh, Stan for class, and he's talking about episode. how much he hates life. <laughs> and it's funny because it's a joke. I'm like, I feel that way every day. Yes, I want to jump out of the way. Somebody out there gets it besides me. I like the cl- when the teacher's like, hey, uh, Steve, I think you're just saying this because you didn't want to do the work. He's like, yeah, okay. He goes up and sits there, and the guy ends up being so depressing. <laughs> Life dismissed. Jumps out the window. Ah, uh, yes, but recently got reviews on iTunes from Dancing Mike and awesome. Brett. 
And yeah, that made me smile for two seconds. That's why people have to keep on it's reviewing. It's going from 30 review, seconds to two seconds. God yes, damn. review Just early and fast. often. That's what I say. That's how you get the vote out, Eric. Early and often. But also, I, I've been a little uh, remiss of not mentioning uh, the Get Fresh crew, Eric. And we do love the Get Fresh crew. And if you want to be part of the Get Fresh crew, all you have to do is get a hold of us, right? You get a hold yeah. of us. There it is, huh? You get a hold of me and say, I want in. Now, you can ask how to get in. You can say you want in, whatever. Just go with it. You'll be part of the crew. You'll pass the test. Uh, and really, the crew, the Get Fresh crew, is probably one of the best groups that I've ever been in. They're very kind. They respect everybody for their opinions. You can go in and even say that you like Brian Hitch. They may, you know, get a little All upset right. with you. I don't know. You might be going no, I think they would just ask you why, but they're not going to be mean. Uh, I think they are the best group of guys and gals on the Internet. Nobody's going to hurt. Nobody's going to bite, except Toby, who may rape you, Eric. That, that's the <laughs> only thing that Toby may do things that, that are unspeakable to you. Just make sure you stay away from you. You talk to him. Yeah, talk to him. I, he was yelling. He was so upset because he asked – when uh, we were going to meet up with him when uh, he comes to the U.S. And uh, finally I said, yeah, we'll meet up. I do not want him near my kids or my wife, Eric. Nope. <laughs> gonna be, he's going to be so upset when he hears this. <laughs> and when I, I go to see him, I'm wearing a chastity belt. I don't care. I'm going to be safe. I just I, – I'm sorry, Toby. I, I've seen the things that you've written. I, I trust you, but, but I don't. I'm a little scared. I'm a scared fella. And yeah. even that, I don't think Toby would find me sexy at all. I'm worried for you, Eric. He seems to be very smitten with you. Uh, just watch out, okay? Just oh, yeah, when you walk in, talking to people online, always walk anxiety. backwards. Let's go out and fucking have a chance of rape going on. I'm telling you, when you say goodbye to him, you walk out of that room backwards, Eric. Do you, don't turn I your back on door. him. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have a, a rant and rave line where you can call 641 715 3900 enter extension 452328 followed by the pound sign just that easy folks just that easy we have a lot of rent raves we have some returns uh but we're going to start you'll see the returns but we're going to start with uh, a guy who never has gone away so he could never return because he's never gone away eric and that is dancing mike hi jim greetings eric and hello mother so I've been sick this whole freaking week, so if you hear me pause, it's probably because I'm coughing. If I pause and don't come back, it means that I have died, and I will see you in a couple of months at Bat Burger. Um, this is actually the message I was going to leave last week, but I lost track of the days because I'm a big dummy, so I think I'll leave it this week. Um, just a couple of notes. First of all, Eric, you could not have gone to the Ice Bears Star Wars night by just walking up to the gate because it was sold out. There are several Star Wars characters there. There's some. There were some stormtroopers. There was a. I just had a Darth Vader mask on, but there was one guy that was dressed as Darth Vader who looked like a Darth Vader. He was that big. Uh, there were a couple of Princess Leia's, which one was in her white gown, the other was Too more in the uh, uh, speeder uniform. There was that. One woman, I think, was in Jawa's palace with the big tentacles in the wow. back of her head. Uh, there was a Jawa, um, and there was also a Kylo Ren who was a bit on the uh, overweight side. My wife actually said, uh, did he eat Han Solo after he killed him? 
spoiler alert. Anyway, so yeah, Star Wars Night is a big thing. It brings in people because people like Star Wars. So, that being said, um, I did make a change on my pool list at the Golden Age 1942 in Maryville, Tennessee. Uh, Batgirl is out, and the Micronauts are in. The Micronauts by IDW, written by Colin Bunn, because I actually enjoy reading that. Batgirl, I wasn't enjoying. No. So... Let's talk about Batman number 16. Here we go. Uh, this I did not notice Ian Bain on the guy's teeth until my <laughs> second read-through. So, yeah, I did notice I'm Bain written on the guard's teeth. Um, I did, did have a problem. The Batburger stuff was cute, but, they yeah, they're discussing all that stuff in public, and there are some people sitting around, so I thought that was a bit... I could what get goes on, on in Batburger because, you know, They did have some more fun interactions. <laughs> My question is, the part where Bronze Tiger explains what being on Venom is like to Batman. Since DiDio revamped everything except for Batman, Batman should already know what being on Venom is like because there was a story called Batman Venom where he actually took Venom to try to be a better hero and then had to get off of it. Because when they did the new 52 and rebooted everything, Didio had to make sure to say, wait, with Batman, if it happened before, it has still happened. With Batman, Batgirl, and all that. And then they keep going back on that. And I think one of the main reasons they wanted to make sure that all the Batman stuff happened is so they could sell those graphic novels, including The Killing Joke. You had to keep that in continuity so they could sell that one over and over and over. And I just wish they had gone ahead and revamped the whole Batman line along with everyone else and then you wouldn't have that confusing convoluted timeline trying to fit three or four Robins into into a five year period, which is BS. Um, one thing, the, the hanging bodies at the end reminded me of uh, the Stark kids at Winterfell when Theon Greyjoy was in charge, or uh, something that more people might know, uh, the Dark Knight movie where they're hanging the Batman guy outside, the, the fat Batman in the hockey pads. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I think those are just three guys they hung up there that to make it look like uh, those are Batman sidekicks and not actually them. And something else that no one else noticed, or well, I'm sure some other people, people noticed, but no one mentioned on the podcast, the soft drinks listed. The last one might be zapped. I couldn't really read it, but the first three soft drinks were spite, choke, we and sun pissed. Yes, sun pissed. I'm assuming that sun-pissed. is a yellow drink. Anyway, uh, superpowers number four. I love Legion of Doom and Star okay. being introduced. I think Gnort is the perfect Green Lantern for this book, and I especially love that after every villain was being defeated in the individual battles with the heroes, they all said curses. That is just. I love superpowers. That needs to be an ongoing. But no, we get Batgirl and Superwoman. There you go. Uh, Death of Hawkman number five. I noticed in the title page, it did not say Death of Hawkman anywhere. anywhere. It said Out of Time, part five in the title credits. So apparently they didn't. Uh, we're not. We'll just change the cover. We won't actually change any of the interiors after yeah, we got it. The whole time. Um, I liked this book a lot better than. Uh, either Jim or Eric did. I would rank it higher than a six. I really enjoyed it. I didn't really get too confused with the going back and forth. And Rain Crowell looks badass as a Green Lantern. And that is the Green Lantern I want in the Justice League after Hitch gets thrown off the book. Because he looks so freaking cool. So anyway, until next time, uh, keep it weird. Spotlight out. 
Alexa, play Digger Digger. A shout out to the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> whoop, <laughs> whoop, and see you in seven. See you Thanks, in seven. All right, and that's Dancing Mike, Aaron. That's Dancing Mike. Sure and is. And the next rant and rave is from... He claims to be somebody, but there's been about seven versions. Uh, we're going to have to have a vote which version is best because this is Greg Capullo. Attention. You know, I've been listening to your podcast, and I've heard some people talking, 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 and pretending, pretending, pretending to be Greg Capullo. Well, let's set the record straight. This is the real Greg Capullo, and you can feel it. Do you feel it? Oh, yeah. Capullo Madness is running wild. The nuts and little bits on Nick Keith from Arkansas pretending to be the best artist of all time. I'm the real deal. You gotta be just to draw like a master. So I'm gonna let you in on the Greg Capullo total body workout regimen. That way you can stop just talking, talking. And talking and be more like Greg Capullo, a real macho man. Oh, yeah. So here's my total body workout. Write it down. And it's a Sunday, so I'm working on my arms. Monday is chest day. Tuesday, I work on the abs. (laughs) Wednesday, it's arms. Thursday, it's arms. There will be no Friday, we work the arms. And Saturday is an arm day again. Oh, yeah. And that's the great Capullo total body workout. Learn it. Love it. Live it. And it's all from great Capullo. Keep all feeling the madness the at ease. At ease. When, when did the rant and rave line become goddamn star search? That's what I want to know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm fucking Egg McMahon up here. I'm telling you, we've had Greg Capullo, we've had the Macho Man, now we have Macho Man <laughs> as Greg Capullo. It just keeps, it's fucking wrapping itself around. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ. Oh, right. The, the next rave one. line is the goddamn Twilight oh, my God. Zone. I'm That's telling you, it it's the Twilight Zone slash star search. I don't understand it. Everybody working on material. Ah, yes. Here is the next one, Eric. It's a return. It's a return of somebody you're not so fond of. Uh, And I believe that he is uh, trying to push the limits of what we will play uh, because there's a bunch of them today. So here you go, Eric, one of your best friends. Richard Richardson here. I know it's been a long time since I called in, but I was not happy that you didn't have me on as a guest. So I'm calling back. It's Richard Richardson. It's his voice. To give you a second chance. Oh, no. It's Richard Richardson here. I hope you have a great day. (laughs) Ah, yes. Richard Richardson. I got home from work one day and saw Richard Richardson was back on Twitter. And I went and followed his ass. I'm like, why the hell did I do that? <laughs> why the hell did I do Richard that? Richard Richardson. Well, uh, luckily he brought a friend, Eric, because the next one is Howard Howards. Hi, this is Howard Howards with an S. Howard Howards with an S. Yes. Howard. With an S. Oh, I got you. And Jim, I'm just calling. 
This is not Richard Richardson. This is Howard Howard. Howards, with an S. I'm just calling to see if your mom might be available for a date. Yeah. Let me know, Jim. And this is Howard Howard. With an S. With an S. Howard. With an S. With an S there. Uh, I know for a fact that my mom uh, ran into my wife and my youngest son. Really? Uh, probably a week and a half ago. And basically talked for about 10 minutes about all the guys she's fucking. <laughs> Tanya came home and was so goddamn disturbed. Uh, it, it's like there aren't enough dicks on the planet uh, for my mom right now. So, yeah, Howard, join what in. The join in the happens? fucking gangbang train. I don't know. She's like 80 for crying out loud. I told you, this is why I want to freaking, you know, keep myself <laughs> somewhat going until you get to the old folks' home. These women, I don't care. They all become fucking available. But, yeah, Howard, call her up. Freaking, I'm sure she's on Tinder, Grinder, wherever the fuck you go. She's probably oh, there. Uh, but the next one is Dancing Mike with the second call in, Eric. Hello, it's me again. This seems like a proper call. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello, mother. (laughs) As I mentioned earlier, I'm sick as a dog, but I'm going to an Ice Bears game tonight. It is two-for-one draft beers before the game starts. I don't think I'll be able to partake because, like I said, I am sick as a dog and on drugs. He's sick as a bear. To continue the Valentine's Day festivities um my wife and i are going to a predators game tomorrow afternoon i guess there will be five of us in the car because it will be me my wife my caretaker my sister and ricky so anyway but we're going to a predators game we're going to be seeing the florida panthers which will interest jim because i'll get to see jeremy jagger no eric that's not jamiroquai that is jeremy jagger um, anyway, go Preds, and there will be a presentation by the mascot Nash to my wife during the first period with all kinds of gifties, and I hope I'm not coughing wildly during the whole thing. Anyway, I got three comics this week, three DC comics this week. Um, Detective Comics number 950. I gave this a negative 8.8 at WeirdScienceDCComics.com because, you know, and I'm sure Jim has said Harper Rowe by this point. <laughs> Anyway, it was a nice touch that Colin comes in holding a plastic lightsaber, confirming that his skill set still consists of making sandwiches. There's an editor's note for more on Orphan's backstory. Check out Batman and Robin Eternal, Volumes 1 and 2. Don't do it. No, do not do that. Don't Don't ever check out Batman and Robin Eternal, Volumes 1 and 2. It was freaking horrible. I read every issue of that. It sucks. The Azrael story was good, but again, it draws into something I mentioned earlier. Dan DiDio was Azrael ever Batman? Did Nightfall ever happen? Did You said that everything that happened before still happened, but I think that was just so you could keep selling those killing joke graphic novels over and over in several different editions and say, this is in continuity, it happened. I think you were lying to us. And I think that should upset the continuity kid more than it does me. I dealt with this back and this is something that was in a Batman related that was in a lost voicemail that I sent to late one week. It was during the I Am Suicide run. There was a 
issue that had really good art by Mikhail Yannon, Michael Yannon, however you pronounce it. Batman is going up the side of a building, and you see his purple cape flapping in the wind over and over, these big flashes of purple. Now, he doesn't like that air. Let's imagine there are some guards watching from another tower somewhere. If they Batman had his own black and gray on, he could be sneaking up the side of the tower, and one of the guards would say, Anatoly, come here, I think I see something. And Anatoly goes over and says, I don't see anything, Boris. Get back to work. Now, with his I'm purple there. costume just flying everywhere in big flashes of purple, it's like, I would imagine, Anatoly, come over here. I think I see something. It's like, oh, I see it, Boris. It's either a Los Angeles Laker, a Minnesota Viking, Grimace from McDonald's, or Barney the fucking dinosaur. <laughs> Shoot the purple thing. Shoot the purple thing. But anyway... I just hope they go back to a regular costume well, that doesn't look like you're being attacked sex. by Prince again. Sometimes they need to change that, but it's Greg Capullo, and he's the man. Just ask Brian from Arkansas. Anyway, uh, Wonder Woman number 16. I like the art by Bilka Sevely, and I like yeah. the story. It's interesting to see that Isidore Kale is the new question. And I like uh-huh. Phobos and Demos. <laughs> that's how I'm pronouncing it. Not sure if that's Phobos. right. They look like a couple of fun guys. Oh, yeah. And it's nice to see that Greg Rucka used the first page of the issue to ensure that he gets to keep his liberal narrative bullshit card for the time being. Yes, the refugees are mostly women and children, as we're constantly being told by liberal politicians, and not the six, six foot two inch or taller, really fit men with full beards who get into the country and claim, claim that they are 12 years old. And Wonder Woman fought a white supremacist plot at a university in Amsterdam. Those white people are a big problem. Those white supremacists are the worst. Never mind that for the last 15 plus years, every terror attack has been carried out by guys shouting, Allahu Akbar, (laughs) those white people are the worst. So yes, congratulations, Greg. That's your year-long membership to the liberal bullshit narrative club. Anyway, Earth 2 Society number 21 I don't want this series to end. I like this one a lot. It was really good. I know that Batman's dead, you but and Eric. they can bring him back. It's comics. And Agreed. I really want this series to go on, but they're not going to rebirth this. They're going to keep putting out stuff like this awful Batgirl and Superwoman and miniseries with Raven and Supergirl popping Kryptonian zits, but they won't let Earth 2 continue. <sighs> It's so sad. Anyway, I really liked Earth 2 Society, by the way. That's all I've got for this week, so until next week, um, keep it weird, spotlight out. A big shout out to the Get Fresh crew, whoop whoop, and I will see you in seven. See you in seven. Boy, that got a little see, political. See what the right? rave does? God damn it. Got all political on us? Shut, oh, shut get, get, to that, down. get to that goddamn fucking Ice Bears game, Mike. Just settle <laughs> down. Jesus Christ. I, hopefully he had some of those beers that you know that night. He was all no, upset. No, I, I think he gets a few beers of him. He even talks more. You think it's worse? <laughs> oh, I love Mike. Uh, the next one, Eric, is uh, from our man Cotton. But oh. this is Crime Alley Cotton, Eric. Hey, yo, this is Crime Alley Cotton. My friends call me Andrew Dice Cotton. So I guess that means you guys can call me whatever the hell you want, huh? I mean, I thought my name was Jesus Christ until I was 12. Boom. My neighbors call me the shut and fed fuck doing the hall, but whatever makes you happy, am I right? I heard you pricks were talking about me and my Uncle Cotton virgins last week. What the hell's up with that? You ass clones talking shit. 
It's not like I don't get it enough from the actual people around me, but now I get it from the Internet, too. I'd watch out if I were you. I'm from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. I lived in New York my whole damn life, probably too damn long. I'm seasoned, you know, like a New York strip. I mean, come on. For example, last week, I was going uptown on a five train. I had to get some groceries for my favorite little bodega right around the corner in Queens. Anyway. I heard like this little meow, meow, you know what I mean, like a meow, like a a meow. I was like, oh, great, here comes some freaking guy pretending he's a cat. So I turned around, and it was a cat, trapped in a damn plastic bag. That's what this city's (laughs) done to me. The first thoughts in my mind are, cat noise, can't be an animal making the noise. It's got to be some weird jack off another leotard and whiskers, huh? Is this a, a, a weird rant on cats? And you guys want to <laughs> oh, start with no. me and my uncle? What's your names again? Neil and Bob? Or is that what you guys do? <laughs> hey, yo, voodoo guys. Hell, the week before I was heading downtown on the four train, <laughs> I made <laughs> eye contact with this hot woman in some spanks, you know what I mean? And she looked back at me with disgust, just like my mother whenever she caught me jerking off, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I was always, like, What's trying to explain on? to my mom, when you jerk off, you're just saying, hey, I care about me, you know what I mean? No, I don't. Anyway, know. when the train stopped the next time, that woman got off the train and moved to the it's next car on purpose. Lucky her, because I was telling about to whip out my guy right there, right beside her. Come on now, seriously, who the heck does that? I'm not a pervert. My uncle Cotton taught me how to respect a woman. But what she didn't realize was that I'm... Got two legs, and I'm dedicated. You know what I'm saying? No one foils no, my creepy-ass plans twice. You know what I mean? Cat, Did you realize what? Die. You two bag of douche need to realize that, too. I'm creepy as hell, and I got nothing to lose. So you should watch what you say about the Virgins family, because I really have nothing to lose, including my love life. I mean, my love life is so bad, the last time I was inside a woman was when I visited the Statue of Liberty, for Christ's sake. Hey, yo! <laughs> So don't mess hey. with a New Yorker with no love life and absolutely nothing to lose. But from what I heard, Jim and I got something in common. I hear you're an Uber driver now? That's well, right. I drive cab. Oh. A woman and her son were in my cab the other day, and it was raining. Her son says, Mommy, what are all these ladies doing outside? The mother replies, They're waiting for their husbands. I turned around and said, Geez, lady, why don't you tell them the truth? They're hookers. They have sex with them for money. The little boy's eyes get wide, and he says, Is that true, Mommy? His mother glared at me. Let me tell you. And after a few minutes, the kid asks, Mommy, what happens to the babies those ladies have? And she said, They mostly become cab drivers. Hey, yo. So I was listening to that other dang podcast you have about pop culture, and you mentioned something about the Pac-Man guy, and he died at what? That young age of 92, right? Yeah. Well, that reminded me of my favorite game, Miss Pac-Man. Let me tell you, she was the greatest hooker of all time. Until the day she died for a quarter, that broad swallowed more balls than anyone I know. Hey, yo, do you see those shit I deal with daily? And now I got to deal with you two assheads making fun of me with those podcasts now? So I'm here to tell you, stop talking about me. I'm going to come on down to Quakertown and make you. The only good that That's came out of Quaker Town with Louis Riddick and maybe the Quaker know old guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I agree. But how about a poem before I go? There's a poem. There was an old lady who lived in a shoe. She had so many kids. Her uterus fell out. <laughs> All right. I better get going. I got the meter running on this guy.
Hey, how sure. about back there? Oh, no one wait. No one's a backseat driver. I'll get you there when I get you there. <laughs> anyway, guys, just remember, life is like sex, baby. The more you put in, the more you get out. End of story. Crime alley out. Crime alley. <laughs> Never go down crime alley. Oh, I don't want to ever visit crime alley. You know what the worst oh, part yes. about that dice poem was? What's that? My mother used to say it to me all the goddamn the you, time. The, the, that one. Yeah, that one. <sighs> there was an old lady. <laughs> oh, dice. But back to your favorite guy. Aaron. There's more? Hello! Hello! Richard Richardson here! i got to shut this shit down. You didn't call me back! I think I'm going to stop giving out Richard the red wave wants to be on the podcast and I'm calling. I know it's been a while. Maybe it's, it's a, a concerted call. effort to bring it all Richard down. Richard Richardson Maybe. here. Jim, are you there? <laughs> it is are you there? Jim, oh, I'm here. Hello? I'm here. Jim, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> I can imagine the people that, hey, I, I see that this uh, this DC Comics podcast <laughs> seems interesting. Let me let me uh, take a little listen. Oh, let's hear. They have a listener Collins. All right. And it's this. They're like, what the fuck Jim, is Jim, going on? What? We'll always have the spotlight. <laughs> Wait, yes, we do. We have the, why, why do you think we started that pop culture goddamn podcast? Plus, this is why everybody who has already emailed me and said two things. Are you going to have the rant and rave line or listener mail on the no. pop culture? Listen here, and, and you'll know one of them is a big no. <laughs> uh, but let's get back to the legitimate rant and raves. This is uh, Stephen or Stefan. I, I don't know how it is actually pronounced. Is does it, it Stefan? E? Does it have an E or an A at the it end? It has an E. It has an E. But I, I we've always called him Stefan, so here we go. Yo, what up, Jim? What, what up, up, Eric? What up, get Stefan? Eric, bro, I'm a I'm a recording man. Uh, you don't got to answer back to me. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyways, <laughs> um, chill. What up, Get Fresh Crew? <laughs> whoop whoop. This is Eppin' Stefan. That is Stefan. Um, I've been listening to your guys' podcast for six months or so. No, yeah. longer than that. Since Rebirth started, when Rebirth started, that's when I first started really getting back into comic books. I was into comics when I was a little kid. I used to go to the local comic shop with my brother all the time. And then I just kind of fell out of it and then yeah. just recently started getting back into it, really. Um, uh, I really dig your guys' input on the comics and shit. Um, they're interesting. I like how you guys don't fucking hold back your feelings. You're not sucking fucking DC's dick. You know what I'm saying? They I give guess. you these free comics and you're still like, you know what? I'm going to still fuck tell you how I really feel about this shit. That's and I think that's pretty cool. Um, You guys are doing a superb fucking job. You, really glad I found this podcast. Uh, I, I dig the fucking songs, Dance and Mike. They're awesome. The Marvel Minute, I'm, I'm digging that too, especially with the addition of Trevitt. You guys are killing it. Beamer and Trevitt. Some of your guys' rant friend. and raves get pretty long, so I'm going to try to keep this one a little bit. <laughs> oh, God damn. Mom! Get off the fucking internet! I'm on the phone! They got dial up, Eric. No wonder why Dad left, because you're a fucking moron! 
Why the fuck do we still have AOL? <laughs> Why is it dial-up? Hey, I'm sorry about that, guys. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, AOL, like, so am I right? About <laughs> <laughs> to tell that bitch, catch me outside. How about that? Anyways, where the fuck was I? I was I probably know. fucking just sucking your guys' dick about I something. I'm digging the podcast. You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. I just finally wanted to leave one of these goddamn rant rays. My fucking mom's over here getting on goddamn AOL. At least she's not like fucking it's goddamn 1997 <laughs> right. or something. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, this is F and Stefan uh, from the Broken Condoms podcast yep. you could find me fucking there if you want uh just you do i'm at f and stefan on twitter what up um, a mixler show on his own mixler thanks for too. fucking doing what you guys do and all the hard work you put into your guys podcast it's fucking amazing i really appreciate all the hard work have a good one guys peace out I- I don't know if you realize how scared I got there when he answered back to me. <laughs> it's so I funny. Not, I was so confused. I did not know what was happening at that point in time. And I, like my whole body went numb and a chill ran up my goddamn uh, spine. Yeah. Uh, the, my favorite thing is I knew it was F and Stefan, which makes complete sense. But I still yeah. was afraid that it might be Stephen. <laughs> That he was he was pulling a fast one on us. That he I I don't listen to most of these all the way through, but he did say what he said. He's like, I hope that Eric call you know answers back to me, or else my joke will fall completely <laughs> flat. Uh, so when people are listening, you'll you'll have realized that usually I do not respond to people like, hey, what's going on? Because I'm usually reading the mail. So. I kind of set you up by saying I, I joined in and said, but you would have said oh, it God. anyway. Yeah, I would the, have. And it's good. Now, then the it gave. Is, then gotta, then you got chills. Then and people yeah. are fucking getting me down here. Yes. Yeah. That's good. But uh, we have a third. Richard Richardson. Here. Fuck me. Richard Richardson here. Jim. 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 Hello. Jim. 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 Eric. 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 Jim. Eric. Anybody there? It's Richard Richardson. We got to put this guy on probation or something. (laughs) How can you? He was gone for so long. You you can't put him on probation yet. All right, he's a three-time offender at this point. (laughs) He's like you, Richard Richardson, not allowed to call in nowhere near schools. Just like you now. Ah, yeah, Richard Richardson. When they started coming in, I'm like, Eric's going to be so upset. Uh, The next one is from Rob Lewis, though, and and that will never get you upset, right? That always makes you happy. Here goes Rob. Hey, Jim. What's up, Eric and Reggie? And whoop, whoop to the Get Fresh crew. This is your man, Rob Lewis, up here in Albany, New York, and this is just going to be a quickie. Number one. Eric, don't feel bad. I didn't have my glasses on neither, and I started to reach for the phone to tell my brother that they had retconned Bane's name to Ian Bane, too. <laughs> Pretty fucked up, wasn't it? And Jim, as far as the knife in the fork and Bruce, Bruce Wayne, I think they're trying to troll our commander-in-chief. If you Google Donald Trump eating pizza, you'll see what I mean. And my last bit, Jim, I blame your son for this one. Let me set it up for you. Here in Albany on the first floor, the back of the, the first floor is a huge rotunda, and the ceiling goes all the way up to the fourth floor. 
So when you when the building's empty, you get this tremendous echo. So usually after we lock up and I have to mop the first floor, I like to walk around singing and listening, listen uh, to the echo. Well, tonight I'm fooling around and I says out loud, it's your boy skinny penis. It's your boy skinny penis. It's your boy skinny penis. Just to listen to the echo. And I look over to the right, here we and here comes the mayor coming down the, oh the staircase. The and she gave me that look. Oh, so I think I'm going to get drug tested Monday. <laughs> you just can't make this, this shit up. That's his job. Talk to you later, guys. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm really worried about his job. Oh, now, skinny don't, penis. I don't think there is ever been the look of the mayor gives somebody when they hear it's your boy skinny yeah, penis. That there is no look that I no, the there's no look time. I can think of. Now again, you start saying it's your boy skinny penis. You are now getting warped into the bad luck of the Werner family, and that's what would happen. That's exactly what happens to me whenever I do anything. Uh I do say uh when I do the one thing in our work where we have this cold room and I go and when I'm doing stuff by myself in there I sing all the time and yeah. uh and uh, everybody always walks in and looks at me like I'm an idiot. But I don't yell, it's your boy skinny penis. There's it's no real echo. I just get penis. bored. <laughs> he just keeps yelling. <laughs> All it's right. echoing down the halls. Yeah, it's just echoing down. It's your boy. It's your boy. <laughs> skinny penis. Ah, uh, we have one last rant Apologies and rave. Apologies to there. Albany. Yes, yes. One last rant and rave. And I, I term this one WTF, Eric. And that's what the young kids say. What the fuck? is coming. I would believe that that might be a uh, a foreshadowing of somebody coming back. Eric, that's what it sounded like to me. We're gonna have to wait and see, but I I have a feeling who or what that is. Uh, but we'll see later. You'll like it if it is what I think it is. All right, all right, or just, maybe it's something about Friday the 13th because that's what it kind of sounded like to honestly, me. Honestly, I just leave this whole rant and rave just very concerned about the future of everything. Yes, the fi- I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I leave it just sad and upset. I don't know what happened. I really <laughs> don't. When I used to beg people, remember at the, at the one point, because Dancing Mike uh, at one point – Almost derailed it all by leaving a 20-minute rant rave that oh, one yeah. time. And then he stopped. And not because we – but he stopped because we, we didn't have the soundboard, so we couldn't react to the this, yeah. the thing. So he's just mailing it. Then all of a sudden it became – it just went wacky. It all went wacky. I, I would beg people to, to call in and say, who knows what the hell's going on now? I don't know. But – uh, I'm not gonna, there's no news tonight, Eric. I'm not even gonna pretend there is and, and play right. the thing. There's gonna be no news tonight only because we have, I think, 19 books. It ends up being. Oh, it's a lot of books. That is a lot of books. So we're gonna stop for a second and then we will be back with mail section go calm number one. You, you gotta calm your nerves, Steve. You? From everything we just listened to. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but we will be back in a minute with mail section number one. It's mail with Jim!
Boom. Mail Bring on the sad face. Jim. And uh, I did forget to uh, mention, I was going to mention some stuff of our other podcasts. I'll do it right now. But, yeah, we All do right. have our Weird Science Pop Culture podcast that I sure. know that I am proud of. Eric, he's not so proud of. He said no. it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, but. Wrong. It is going to be. We've had it on this feed, the Weird Science DC Comics feed. We mentioned this in the last episode as well of the Pop Culture Podcast. We, I'll just keep mentioning on everything we do, but this is probably the last time I will mention it on this podcast. I, I say that. I'm a liar. Uh, oh, I know. But, yeah, it's going to go up. If you had been listening to it or, or didn't even give it a try yet and want to, uh, from now on, it's going to be on its own feed. It's just which sitting is there trying to weird, you know, just a, weird Science Pop Culture Podcast. What are you saying? I'm just saying, it's just sitting there with a bunch of lost boys feeding their need for pop mm. culture. See, I knew you were going to try to bring me down. But yes, <laughs> it's there on its own feed, Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast. You can check it out. We get to talk about stuff that actually interests us, Eric. Really? <laughs> yeah. Unlike this goddamn fucking comic what, book what was nonsense. All that nonsense oh. rapper stuff that you were trying to give me well, this Well, here's the thing, though. You, yeah, and you didn't want to listen to it, but... I do say, like, I, I just made the joke that we don't like to talk about DC Comics, but there are times where there's some of these books that if we didn't have the plan, that great business plan of ours, that we talk about every goddamn book that we'd never talk about. One's next week. I have to t read a review of that Odyssey of the Amazons again next week. I'm going to kill myself. Kill and myself. the Justice League. I've already read the Justice League, Eric. I've read – I can't, I can't nope. say. I cannot spoil – anything it may be the best goddamn issue you've ever read some people think that last one was last week i did not but this is mail section number one if you want to get in on the mail you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and we will read everything eric everything i know that recently we got a comment that was on the site for a while and i didn't realize and we put in this guy said that we pander too much to the audience eric yep. and i said yes you are right you pander too much for the listeners, have too many like, in-jokes and yeah, something. Yeah, too many. Uh, he's like, I really used to like this podcast for the, you know, excellent reviews. But now it's become full of too many in-jokes, catchphrases, and too much pandering to the audience. I'm like, well, how, what are you talking about? That's what it has been all along. You want, oh, hey, we're Jim, so dumb. Jim. All we have are fucking catchphrases. Jim, you, you want a catchphrase? Here's one. See you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> Spotlight off. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, we're talking about goddamn oil slick Ricky and then, you know, inside jokes and all that. Isn't that how we always were? I thought it was. I imagine so. The I podcast mean, at, at in first, my mind hasn't changed. It has some more songs, some more sections, and a lot more yeah. goddamn books. But. Yeah, yeah, a lot more uh, time. Uh, but yeah, even even at the beginning, we had goddamn uh, John saying we sucked. You know, I that was John. pandering to him, right? He's gone. <laughs> he came back for that one last hurrah. Now he's gone again. But the first mail is from Jay. Seems like Jay is a new listener. Oh, nice. New listener, longtime listener. No, I don't know. Jay says, "Hey, Eric. Wait a minute. What is he doing? Is he fucking? What's up, Jay? Hey, hey, Eric." Jim, Reggie, and everyone else, uh, the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Doop, doop, boop. What is he doing? Put you first. I'll admit, <laughs> I'm a new listener. What he's doing. I'm a new listener reader. Having an office job, I started to get into the idea of listening to the podcast while I work. 
kind of how I was. I, I was just bored at work. I didn't want to talk to people. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking no. about before because I actually introduced you to the world of podcasts. And my uh, life was changed forever. It took a while, too. You were against it for a long time. And, and then you had that shitty – actually, you didn't have a phone uh, no. to listen to them, and then you got I didn't it. have any device to listen to So them. he went on the hunt. I went on the hunt for something comic-related. I listened to a few here and there, but nothing really stuck until I listened to yours sticks on air everyone at weird science clearly puts their hearts into their works and yes jim even you have a heart see he's catching on quick and as a result i'm completely hooked i binged four episodes and i may just start from the beginning and work my way so don't do it it's a long journey dancing mike ask him about that journey i love the community you've created all the inside jokes see some i don't understand yet but i'll get there and the fact that you clearly give a fuck about your fan base this is the greatest Jay is actually the anti of that asshole who commented before. If I'm going to get real for a second, it's easy to oh. feel alone in the crazy world, but you help to alleviate that with your batshit crazy antics. Even when you can't stand a book I love, I'm sorry, Hal and the Green Lantern Corps is the shit. It's getting it's better. It's getting better. It's, I'm, it's Here's the thing. That book, I want more from. That's all I want. I just want more. It, it's like a girl that you've been dating for, like, say, eight years, and she won't even let you hold your hand. You know? I, I want to hold hands I don't know anything here. about that. I won't let my girlfriend hold my hand. Yeah, I know. We would you date can't like stand nine. a book I love like that. Your reviews are always insightful and hilarious. I hope each of you knows the impact you're making, and you're able to keep it up. You're, you've certainly won me over. I hope Reggie realizes that. I, I worry about Reggie sometimes. Uh, earlier today, I thought, I worry about <laughs> we got to put Reggie. him on suicide watch? What's going on with Reggie? <laughs> I, I just like to, to say things so when he listens, he shakes his head at me. <laughs> P.S. I thought Rooftops was a wonderful See, title. See, inside jokes. Yeah. Uh, P.S. I thought Rooftops was a wonderful title, Batman Ark. And yeah, again, you know, Jay, you'll you'll catch on. You, you might not be. <laughs> and I definitely think that after a long day of badassery, Batman most definitely channels his inner Edgar Allan Poe when he gets home, hanging up the bat suit to slip into a raven suit, whilst sitting beside a single-lit candle with a quill and some parchment. And I do agree he would have quill and parchment. I've seen that guy eat a hamburger, Eric. He's a fancy fellow. I can picture him... Uh, letting the tears just pour out as he chronicles his next, next epic sonnet, or haku. Haku! If you think Kylo Ren is emu, just wait until you hear more of Batman's dark power, poetry. Yep. In fact, I've included one below. This is Bat Hearts Bleed Black Blood. Here I go. I uh, wish I had music. Do I have that music from last? Didn't I have that music last time? I don't oh, know if it was last time or weeks I, ago anymore. Here, well, I purged I, last week's episode already. Did you? Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on some uh some like really subtle music for something like this. Okay, you ready? Right, I'm ready. Cut it. Cut it. God damn it. Cut it. Cut it. Really thought you had something here, <laughs> and all you did was piss me off. Roses are red. Fuck. My parents are dead. I'm the absence of light, the cat stole the night. Soups doesn't know, and I won't even show. The pain I do harbor, my scowls, my armor. Oh, the light I do lead, the life I do lead, my heart how she bleeds. Bat credit card's maxed, Batmobile isn't waxed. Dick is always a dick, Alfred forever a prick. If they just feel my pain, but instead I get Bane. And my parents are still dead. <laughs> Thanks for everything, guys. Jay from Canada. I told him that that was an awesome first mail. I, I, I love, love that, that first mail. I just got to think you ruined it. How would I have ruined it? Here, how about this one? I'll read it again, Eric. No, no, don't do any post below on my ass. Mama, 
Roses are red. <laughs> I'm just going to play this for you, Eric. I'm going to play it in the background, and we're just going to get on with the mount. But yes, thanks, Jay. Uh, the next one is from Rolo. Eric, roll. <laughs> you don't like this? <laughs> the next oh, one's Rolo. The thing is, too, I don't know. This is another, I guess, inside joke, because with the Pop Culture Podcast we also do, we talked all about these terrible new rappers and whatnot, and the rap culture yeah. in general. And I just got really annoyed with it, because I don't understand it. I just realized, you know what? I'm too old now, and I'm not with it. But you are. Walking, the, the day after that podcast, I found myself at work walking down the hallway to the warehouse to where you were. Yep. And as I was walking, I realized I was singing that goddamn Post Malone You were singing Malone Post song, Malone, congratulations. all I could think to myself was, I want to kick Jim yeah, Square in his you wanted to kill face. me. You wanted to kill me. You came over and wanted to kick the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> the thing is, actually, I came over. I placed a freaking tape measure on the ground for me. And asked me to pick, pick that it up. up. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is he talking about? So I picked it up. And oh, I my God. gave you a stare. And then we both sang, my mother come. When is that rap? That's what Reggie said. We played know. that to Reggie. He's like, what does rap become? Ah, uh, yes, Rolo's next. Hey, guys, and Weird Science. What's up? Oh, Big fan, by the way. And I think you guys provide awesome podcast reports on the latest comics each week. Love DC. So I'm going to get right to it. JLA Rebirth was, was a good comic. DC. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. JLA <laughs> Rebirth DC. was a good comic. In fact, I agree with you guys on your podcast. However, I suggest you guys listen. Here's the best. Now, this is the the best thing that anybody's ever suggested, Eric. Because if we do follow Rollo's advice uh-huh. or Rollo, uh, the podcast will What's be two minutes long. It'll be good. What up, Rollo? Uh, however, I suggest you guys stop paying attention to the small details that readers don't even care about, or isn't even too big of a deal to even care about. I thought to myself, he put this, my initial reaction, and now he's already complimented us, I, I do hope that he doesn't realize that I'm not a dick, but the first part, I got very angry. I'm like, glad to, but here's the thing, when... When we get to the podcast, we've, we've explained this before. When we get to the podcast, we've already probably read each of these issues three or four times. Or we've written yeah. reviews on them. And now we're at the point where if we don't have these little things to make us laugh, we'll kill ourselves. It's basically the whole deal. Plus, yeah, the more you read it. fast over here in Weird Science Land. Yeah, and the more you read the things, you do kind of go. And really, that's uh, kind of a thing that me and you both have in common. That and we, it's we just do. something we like to do, honestly, to yeah. find these little things to see if we can make the other person laugh a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, that's basically it. But JLA Rebirth was fun. While Batman recruits characters in the fold, especially Black Canary. I love to see Green Arrow in there, though, since both of them have such good chemistry with one another. And I can't even think of no Dying Without Ollie these days. It is weird that he he's right, though. Not that I want Green Arrow in the on the team, but it does seem weird that he would even I, – I think he's a little too controlling to let her go off on this team, Eric. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. Uh, but no, they the just – you, you think of them just together now because of Rebirth. So it does seem odd. It's like she's cheating with love. I, I love it too, the fact that they don't even consider Green Arrow the, like no. the most mortal out of all of these because they've been putting him down ever since I think it was Justice League number seven mm-hmm. back in the New 52. And it's they funny because – They would not let him on the team. Yeah. They don't want anything to do with him. And the, the best part is is that – you can't even give the whole argument of, well, he has his own book that he's off in Seattle doing because she's with him all the time. <laughs> Poor Ollie. Poor <laughs> Ollie gets no respect. They just look like a nice couple. I think that Ollie is a good character to be part of the JLA. I agree. Actually, if I wouldn't be minded if Batman made a team, this team, exactly this team, and it was one of those that he was going to be a clockwork 
God, Eric, where he's going to set the team and go off and let it run itself. I right, think right. that Green Arrow would have been a, a really good choice. No, I, I agree. Green Arrow does bl- deserve to be on this team for how Batman yeah. set it up with the whole mortals inspiring mortals. Yeah, it's just Green Arrow makes perfect up. sense. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that he's not on, though. However, the only thing that does not go right with me is Batman. Don't get me wrong. I love Batman. I mean, he's the reason I got into comics. But I think Batman is getting oversaturated as a character in DC. And DC would probably tell Rollo that that is impossible. They want Probably. Batman on every goddamn Batman book. can print money, yeah. goddamn it, I mean, Ronald. he got his own line of comics, Batman All-Star, Batman Detective Comics, and even cameos in every other comic DC has. It's just, I'm getting sick and tired of seeing that mug's face. DC has a lot of top-notch characters to go with, and I suggest other characters other than Batman. Why not Captain Adam? After he's done with his own miniseries. Maybe he's then we'd actually get Captain Adam, Erica. We'd get he's some too Captain God-like. Adam. Yeah. Or why not Martian Manhunter? Martian and- Manhunter. Again, I, I don't know. In my mind, Martian Manhunter is right there with the Lobo, where it doesn't make sense to me because we're inspiring the mortals, and these are very yeah. godlike kind of yeah. characters. Man- I'm aliens mention, on top of it. I'm going to be mentioning Martian Manhunter later in the podcast. And Green Arrow, he says, yeah, I like the Green Arrow. Ha ha. Anyway, thanks for taking the time to read this. We'll continue listening on your podcast every week. Kudos, gentlemen, and great job providing us readers good episodes of podcasts and reviews. Thank you, Rolo. Yes, thank you. The next one's Travis. Jim. I have to disagree with you on the window and the shower thing. Now, here's the thing. Travis has changed my mind because he will mention something that I love. But he says, I'm a southerner, and I once lived in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, There I had an apartment with a window in the shower. The cool thing about it was this was the first place I lived that regularly had lots of cold weather and snow. The feeling of standing in a steaming hot shower with your face out the window and snow falling in was priceless. I think it cured my sinus problems. So there, at ease, Capullo out. I would like that. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, we would have I would have an electric blanket. And I'd have that on me, and then I'd blow the fan on me. And when my dad came in, he'd fucking kill me. I'm telling you. <laughs> and then, you know, it was all, he would go nuts because he'd see that my dad was the cheapest man who ever lived. So if he saw me with a, an electric blanket on, with that fan blowing on my face, and I loved it. That, to me, is heaven. Like, if people now, who are always like, I, I couldn't sit around the house all the time. I could lay under an electric blanket with a fan blowing on me. If somebody would fucking feed me and, and maybe wipe my ass now and again i could job the america i'm telling you i could be i could just stay there forever i there is no problem in my mind oh, i love that oh, see back when i was so a kid mad. we had a we spent like a year i think we rented out a farmhouse my father and like the rest of my family and whatnot and that place had a hot tub out in the back deck and we used to actually was fucking- this like a vacation or were you guys on the run no, no, well, he might have been Both. on the run. Who knows? There's not a lot of things I know about my father back then. <laughs> That's but we what I'm moved saying. Around. This we doesn't seem like lot. anything you've told me about your father. I no, we might moved have been on the run. I'm telling you, we stayed at a lot of hotels and freaking motor lodges too, but freaking out. We had a hot tub on the back deck. We used to, during like snow, when snow would come down, shit, all, everybody get in the hot tub. And it was a really yeah. great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. My dad would have uh, a hot tub. They ended up getting a hot tub later, my dad and my mom. Really? My, my dad was too big to get in the goddamn thing. I don't know why he got it. He also bought a Bass Masters boat. Fucking guy never took it out. Just sat in the back. And then the one time I, yeah, I was a real little kid, and I thought like, I don't know, I was fucking around. You know, you're in the backyard. I see, and I get in the boat pretending I'm some fucking pirate or something. And he came out. He fucking grabbed me. I was up on the boat. He grabbed me and threw me out of the boat. And I kind of flipped around and landed on my back. And then he walked away. Never said anything. Never told me what I was doing that was wrong or anything. He just did that. <laughs> just don't go around that goddamn boat. Shit gets oh crazy. Oh, my God. He was so mad. Then one time, well, then we got an out, uh, uh, above-ground pool, 
And, you know, he would it's never so get weird in that. you're doing that. Our fucking yards were so small no, in our it was the whole yard. It yeah. was the whole yard. In fact, you would have to go, and the ladder would actually go onto, like, the, the cement part of the porch. So you'd yeah. come out the door, go up that ladder, and then you'd go. And then you know how our houses were. Yeah. Uh, we would also go upstairs into my mom and dad's room, go out the window onto, onto the, the yeah. that, that secondary roof, and jump into the pool doing that. That, that was amazing. Oh, that was fun. I always uh, wanted but, to do that when there was really high snow, but I was always too yeah, scared. Yeah, and I didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, really. The, the one time, though... I didn't realize that the uh, the no, the porch patio, the patio door, we had this, uh, I don't know, did you guys have like a glass sliding door? Yeah. yeah, we had the same thing. I didn't realize it was open. And my brother was coming out, and I threw this ball at him, and it missed him and hit my dad in the fucking face. Oh, oh Jesus that was Christ. great times. Great times. Reminds my me dad about was when so I cheap. hit my stepdad in the face with a goddamn pillow and hit him in the eye. I was just joking around, and then he almost strangled me to death. Yeah, yeah. I thought that my dad Good was going to do it. That's the only thing, though. <laughs> I was a small kid, and I could run like the wind, Eric. And there that was, was the no first way, time. No way, my dad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, there was no way my dad was catching me. So if I did something that I knew he was mad coming at me, I'd run fucking. I'd be off. Uh, but yeah, he was the cheapest guy. He actually installed a check valve, uh, like a, a ball valve, on the spigot in the uh, you know the the uh, shower. And okay. No, the shower. So when you did, you you would have to, and he showed us how to do it. We'd have to lather up, turn off the goddamn water. Oh, Jesus and, oh it was the worst. He's such a dick. And that's uh, why yes. you're so opposed to showering now. That's right. Why would I shower now? I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I never got to enjoy a shower in my life. Hakeem is next. Hakeem says, "Hey, Jim and Aaron, there's Hakeem. something that just pisses me off that I just need to get off my chest when it comes to movie reviews. Oh. The past few years have seen a rise in comic book and geek culture movies. DC, yes. Marvel, Star Wars, Transformers. Transformers. What a great time to be alive, right? Well, it depends yeah. on how you approach it." Something of a cancer has developed since these movies started rolling out, and I'm pointing the finger at the glorified movie-reviewing jackasses on YouTube. You don't review movies on YouTube, right, Eric? Not yet. Okay. Uh, you'll be in this this crowd. More and more, <laughs> I'm beginning to notice that these jerk-offs only set my expectations with what I now believe is idiotic analysis. The movie is either hyped to an insane degree or panned undeservedly. Here are just a few examples. He says, one, Captain America Civil War. I'm not going to name names, but so-called popular YouTube movie reviewer from mid the, from the Midwest. This is the, he's throwing shade. Gave yeah. this movie an A+. He went on and on about how amazing the characterizations and storyline was, how it's unforgettable and how I will love the characters. I see this and I buy a ticket to the nearest movie theater expecting to see the comic book movie equivalent to Godfather Part 2. But when I left the movie theater, I found myself underwhelmed, cursing Captain America as an asshole. And probably within one freaking week, I forgot the plot line. Does that sound like an A-plus movie to you, Eric Shea? No. <laughs> no. Does he actually tell, put me on blast with that? What's going as on? these go, I will tell you that if I had to rate uh, Captain America Civil War in the, um, you know, in a letter scale like that, okay, I might go C plus, B minus. I'm, I'm saying I'll go a four star rating because I want to keep it weird. Uh, so I'm going to go three stars. Three stars, then I'm going to go two. If it's four stars, so I did. Li- I did like that movie more than you did. Yeah, I told you right away when I saw it. I, I, I only was, watched I was like a month ago. 
Yeah, I was underwhelmed by it. I want it more. I want it more. Plus, I'm you I'm actually went you. to the theater and paid for it. Yeah, I waited until it was on HBO, so I'm like, and all right, I don't give a shit. I'm going to sit here and watch a goddamn movie. Eric, why, or Netflix, did, why, did, why did that guy – why did they have him kill off those other Winter Soldiers? I would have set up I, such all a cool I deal. Wa- that was the biggest problem with the goddamn movie to me because I set up this whole Winter Soldier army. I'm like, oh, this is going to be badass. And we get to it. Oh, they're all dead. Fuck. Mm-hmm. All right. It would have been so cool. I, I know that oh, – you know, Hey, even- everybody, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, really. Here's the thing. I know that that doesn't follow anything of the storyline, but that it, it didn't really anyway. So I, that's what I wanted. I'm like the whole time I'm like, holy shit, this is setting up that they're going to have to go and shut down this, this winter soldier program. You're going to have Bucky and Cat yeah. out there and, and kick some ass. I'm mean, nothing. It's almost like they, and they did set it they up. They ran out of time. That's what it seemed. It, it seemed like halfway through, they're like, you know All what? Right, boys, we really don't want to have that movie in the next Captain America movie, which that might have been. Mm-hmm. We'll just be so far down the line that we don't want to do that. And then it, it kind of ended. I I was so upset. So was Number I, two, actually. Suicide Squad. Mother of God, did Warner Brothers create another Catwoman or Batman or Robin? That's the thought I had watching the reviews from a certain popular movie stream that labels itself the Sports Center of Movies. Two weeks later, I buy a ticket on Cheap that? Tuesday at that my local movie plaza for Suicide Squad, expecting to gouge my eyes out. Are you saying who would call themselves the ESPN? The Sports yeah, the, Center, yeah. Yeah, the Sports Center of Movies. I, I'm, you look at our, uh, like the description of anything that we have around, and you'll rarely see anything that, that I will put that like touts us as anything. You know what Johnny, I mean? The most it, things, it embarrasses things that me. we do is we're a bunch of dummies. We hope you enjoy yeah. It embarrasses me to put shit like that. Like, listen to the best guy. You say it sometimes at the beginning. I sound I, no. like you. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, but, I started yeah, doing I'm that. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's not written down. You, you, can yeah. always, you can always uh, deny that. But no, I, yeah. I hate that. The sports center. We're the sports center of dick jokes. End result, it's not that bad. Some things were bad, some things were good. The plot was razor thin, I agree, but many things worked. Harley, Deadshot, even Diablo. The main complaint I had was that I wanted more of some character's katana, but instead I just got a tease. Uh, and yeah, I, I it was okay. Uh, Suicide yeah. Squad was not a, a heaping mass of garbage. I did think that the story was nonsense, but I really, I, I told you before, and we talk all about movies all the time, I love origin stories in movies, <laughs> and even to the point where I yelled at you the one point when all the Spider-Men were coming out like, oh, no, another origin story. And then I go and see, I'm like, I fucking love this. I do like (laughs) origin stories. I just wish that the main thing to me was having uh, Enchantress as the villain. Uh, it, it didn't, they didn't build it up enough and no, it just kind of happened. And then at the end, it just kind of ended, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't awful. No. Uh, he's saying, am I saying suicide squad was better than civil war? No, I was pissed off going in civil war, expecting a masterpiece, but instead got an average to good movie and going into suicide squad, ex- expecting a crap fest, but instead got a mediocre movie. And yeah, I, I agree. Civil war is a better movie than suicide squad, but they're I don't know, I think close. I give it the same rating, honestly, three really? or four stars. I'm telling you, what, what Akeem's saying is what I always tell you about uh, arranged marriages. If, if the arranged marriages, they always say that people go in thinking it's like a 1 out of 10 because it's yeah. arranged. And then when it goes up to a 5 out of 10, that they're fucking amazing. happy as, yeah, they're happy as fucking pie. You start off all in love. And, oh, I love this person. It's a 10 out of 10. Oh, I can't love him anymore. And then it goes down to a 6. You're fucking pissed off, and now you you fucking hate it, and you're actually the six is making you more pissed than that other person who has a five. 
I want arranged marriages. You know, is what Akeem's I'm saying. I'm saying I agree. Yeah, uh, Akeem is. Uh, all, I don't want to be married at all, though. But now Akeem's saying like he's tired of all these YouTube like reviewers going in and talking about you know this is the best movie ever or this is a piece of shit. I just imagine you know, like this guy gets on a goddamn camera. He's like, all right, let's hit play here. Okay, this movie here, it's okay. You know, <laughs> see you next time, folks. I think that's the problem. Yeah. See you in seven. <laughs> Uh, despite those examples, nothing had me more pissed than their fucking Star Wars reviews. I could swear I saw some of those douchebags climaxing as they went on about Rogue One. Guess what? I really wasn't impressed aside from some awesome action sequences. Like a friggin' dumbass, I went expecting an epic Star Wars story. But instead, I got a mediocre story and some cheap Easter eggs. I remember walking out of the theater swearing to everything holy that I would hospitalize any of those YouTube assholes if I came across one. My girlfriend, who likes Star Wars, and made the smart decision not to read or watch any review uh, found on it said it was a decent movie. Yeah, I still okay. haven't watched it. It was okay. I, I don't know if it's a thing where these different channels need to one-up each other. Yeah, I think it is when it comes to praise or jeers for a film. Maybe it's a soft spot for Disney projects. Maybe it's just sensationalism. I don't freaking know. What I do know is I'm through listening to movie reviews via YouTube. Why am I sending this email? Because I do want to take the time to contrast those dickless morons to you guys. <laughs> The recommendations you guys give me are 100% on. It's Court of the Owls, Aquaman, Lois, and Clark. When you give an issue a 9 out of 10, I can see the reasoning. When you blast a book with a 3 out of 10, it's merited. I read the ratings you give the books I'm about to pick up on Wednesday afternoon just before I get my pull. My conclusions after which I read them are always within range of yours. Case in point, you gave Red Hood and the Outlaws a 9 out of 10. Spoilers, Eric! And that was certainly no overhype. You have Superwoman. You gave Superwoman a two out of ten, and that sure as hell deserved based on what I saw. Thanks for what you <laughs> do, boys. Positive, ha, I, went, I, say, I went positive on that one. No, there was solidarity involved with that. Yeah, one. there was solidarity when we talk about that later. Uh, one of the things, you know, are, are we supposed to say since we have a, a site and a podcast that reviews things? Don't listen to reviewers. No, you know, that's the thing. Go I, I told you that before. It's like if I could go back in time and talk to a teenage me, yeah. I, my teenage me would kick my ass for being a reviewer because I hated reviewers when I was a teenager. I thought they were I the biggest reviews. piece of shit in the, in the world. I love reviews and I love reviewers, but I, I just – here's the thing. What I did was when they have like Rotten Tomatoes or even like uh, game rankings, uh, the thing that I like are uh, – and even like uh, – what's it called? The comic book roundup. I love when you got the aggregate score. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to you, – you'll find somebody, like if somebody thinks that, oh, Eric Shea, he, I really love his reviews, then go with his. Everybody says I that. I like – yeah, nobody. <laughs> I, I like the aggregate scores, and then you can so kind of see where things going. But as a reviewer, as we are reviewers and things like that, and when we think that we – you know, the, reviewers never can win anyway. Because if we give something a two out of ten, everybody's oh you're you're fucking assholes. You're trying to get clicks and whatever. You give a ten out of ten. Oh, you want to do? It. But we do see there's some sites out there that seem to be really set on just making DC happy. That's all they seem to be they doing. Will not go, it's a, their review scores are between a seven and a ten. That's yeah, their seven and a ten. And I'm telling you, you're reading books that are just garbage, and you look and they're giving a nine point five, yeah. saying it's the greatest thing ever. And I'm telling you, half of them. It's just that they want to get the benefits of being positive so they can go to D.C. and fucking, you know, beg for shit. And it's Which, honestly, bullshit. being where we are, it probably makes sense. It probably it, works well, well for them. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems because we did get some exclusive uh, previews. 
Uh, we got two, and now three weeks in a row we got none. I think it's just because we're not as positive as these we other ain't people. Playing the but, game. Yeah, we're not going to play that game. That's a fucking shitty game. Because unless right? it's fucking tag, I don't want to hear nothing about it. I'm telling you, that this week when we didn't get another review, what, and here's the thing, it doesn't do anything for us. Getting nope, a, a an exclusive preview does nothing, but yet it's still it's like a slap in the face. I got so angry. I was yelling at you. <laughs> I know you were. messaging Reggie about it. But yeah, uh, that's the thing is, uh, Hakeem, you're saying this. You don't know some of these people might get free movie tickets. They might get True. to see movies ahead of time if they're positive. If if you keep giving a movie, even if you think it's a, a four out of ten, you give it a four out of ten. Next time, you know, fucking another fucking Avengers movie comes out, you don't get the early tickets. The People play that game. Uh, DC does not. I don't think they do. I just said about the previews. I don't know. I, I just don't think they like us in general. We have our suspicions. Well, they don't like us in general. I just think that we're not the, the people that they like. We're not likable fellas, Eric. We're no, just no, not. we're not. We're kind of jerks. Too. We are. We're very ugly. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> who knows what's going on. Next one's Jose. Kind of dumb. Now, now I'm, I'm getting depressed. Jose says, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and Chris just wanted to drop a line and tell you how much your weekly annex give me joy. I lost my mother a few weeks ago, and honestly, the only thing that could get me to smile or cheer up was listening to you guys, so thank you for that. Uh, That's that's bad, but good. I'm glad something cheers you up. Yes, I'm glad. Uh, I, I I don't know why anybody would have us to cheer them up, but no. with that being said, episode 106 was by far the funniest shit I've ever heard. I was driving my son when I started playing the episode, and within the don't first 10 that. minutes, you guys were talking about glory holes and dicks in your hands. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Sounds about right. I, I couldn't believe it went off the rails that fast. It was a good thing. I had just had the talk with my son. You know, if you don't want me to just open your bedroom door, if you're busy, hang a sock on the knob. My dad would never have been that nice. Never. I used to have actually, like, uh, I didn't have a proper lock on my door. What I did was a pair of crutches, which I I rigged into this device so it would freaking actually go up against the the doorknob, like, underneath, Mm -hmm. like, the freaking part that goes underneath your arm. And I would jam the goddamn end off into a freaking dresser drawer. and a freaking crazy. I did this whole goddamn thing to make sure my door would stay locked. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's what I did because as a younger kid, me and my brother in, in the, the hallway, we would play what I called goal line stance. It was this game we'd play. And we had a thin hallway. Well, no, I'd have my brother stand at the end of the hall next to my door, uh-huh. and I'd just fucking barrel him over like I was on the fucking goal line and running a, a, in for a touchdown. And well, I would just this game's called your big brother's a Oh, it was so great. And I'd be like, get up, fucking second down. Boom, and I'd hit him. And the one point I really – we ripped the door pretty much off the, the hinges, and for some reason I, it wrecked the, the lock on my door. My lock kind of got ripped off, the whole thing, the doorknob and shit. So for the rest of my life, still to this day probably, there's no lock on the door. It doesn't work. So that's a problem. That's a problem for a teenage kid then because then I get older and I, you know, I want to be with myself, and they could just uh, open yeah. the door. So I developed a method where I lay on my stomach, Eric, and that's how I would I would jerk up so, on my stomach. So you- <laughs> <laughs> that's how I did it then. So then my well, mom would walk in. The Warner home. My mom would walk in, and there I just you go stiff. Yeah, and I mean stiff. You go stiff, and then she just thinks I'm sleeping, and that's what led later 
to her thinking that I had mono all the time. On the bed. No, on the bed. The one Thank time God. I told you, the one time ever I that about. I wasn't on the bed was when I got out of the goddamn shower. It was Thanksgiving, I believe. I, I it's yes, what I said. Your grandmother was home. Yes, my grandmother was over. They were all downstairs. I took a shower. I go into the goddamn bedroom, and I there's the Sears catalog, Eric. I got some sexy ladies in that Sears catalog. So I had this catalog down, and I was like, okay, I had the 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 fucking. Uh, Goddamn towel. I put that aside. Yeah, I was butt-ass naked, laying so on the ground, jerking off. My mom comes up to tell me that everybody's ready for dinner. She saw me jerking <laughs> off with the Sears catalog. I tried to push it over to the, you know, page over to the goddamn toy section. I, I, and again, I don't know why I thought that that would be better, that I was jerking off to the toys. Who knows? And she went, Jamie, your grandmother's downstairs. And she ran off crying. I went this downstairs. Story never gets old to me. I'm telling you, I go downstairs. There's my fucking grandmother that I Shame hate. My based. retarded uncle. My mom wouldn't even look at me. Which is a good thing. And we had turkey. And now she's turkey. all fucking old and dick crazed. Yeah, yeah. That, maybe that's I. I won't say that's why. That's disgusting. Wow. I don't know, but she did. She walked in, and I was butt ass nude, wet too. I hadn't even dried off. <laughs> fucking wet. Just laying there Jimmy, like a wet rat. Jimmy! Oh, she was all upset with me. And also, that, that, that my my dad, really, all he would say, if he ever would have caught me, that nobody caught me. That's the only time I ever got caught, ever. And even then, I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I go against all my rules here? That's what happens. When you step outside the rules, you get caught. Yeah. It's fucking rules nonsense. Made for a reason, Jim. I was I the Ocean Eleven of, of jerking off, and then I went against it. I only ever got caught once by my stepdad, and we never discussed it ever again. Mm-mm. I just tried to eat some soup. Why? My why bad. would you? Nope. Thing is, my the door opened. To... I yeah. freaking pulled my pants up. The door yeah, closed. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. deal is done. The we other saw, time, the only saw, other time that anything move on happened from here, the best we can. I, I told you this. My dad walked in, and I was having sex with my girlfriend in high school, and uh, oh. he walked in, saw me, well, closed the once. door. Yeah, closed the door, and then the next day he said. I hope you're being, I hope you're using protection. Actually, I think he said, I hope you're being careful. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't doing anything. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know much in life, but I know what you were doing. Just be careful. And then punched me and then walked away. Yeah, he was a great guy. Now, see, ah, yes. back in Grundyville, freaking my, my stepdad used to hang out back in the backyard because we had the chain link fences. And he used to talk over the freaking fence to our neighbor and everything like that. Like every night, they just they used to hang out and smoke cigars and whatnot. They even made beer and shit like that. And the one night, I was having sex with my girlfriend. And he comes walking in because I guess her mother called. Yeah. And he, I, she's on top of me. So I can see the door open. And I see his face. He's shocked at first and then smiles and then slowly <laughs> shuts the door. Yeah, slowly. I get and I'm not about to stop. I don't tell her any of this. She had no idea. But I finish what I'm doing. I go downstairs. I go out back. And he shakes my hand while telling the neighbor he was balls deep. <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to hear that. Shut up, Dad. Yes. Shut up. All right. Being that, he is just starting out discovering that. He had no idea balls what a glory deep. hole was. Balls deep. The uh, One other time, I was having sex with this other girl, and uh, my brother walked in the room, and he gave me a thumbs up, and then I had nice. to, like, shoo him away. Uh, he asked that's me, Dad. I, I actually just put the hand yeah. up and kind of did the little shoe yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what I did with my brother. He asked me, Dad, so if you see a hole like that, you're supposed to stick your junk in it? I replied, <laughs> oh, hell no. That only happens in movies and places where you pay for that. If you're ever in a stall and there's a hole and someone does that, you kick the shit out of his junk and get the hell out of there. 
I don't, I'm telling you, I wouldn't rent. Like, I say I'm the guy. Say I'm the guy in the next stall. I, I would hope that these guys, like you said, you tap your foot three times and cough, whatever. Have some sort of code. You don't just go sticking it in for you, no you reason. You just sit there, like, you know, you, you look through the hole a little bit, you put your mouth there, it's like <laughs> zucchini, and then everything's good. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, your ball's deep. Another inside Since, joke. Since he's at that age and you introduced him to something new, I gave him a key to my padlock stash and let him take a copy of Asian Glory Holes to his room to see what it was all about. Uh, I think we found a worse father than me. I told him it was fine. Don't be ashamed. It's natural. And any man that says he doesn't do it is a goddamn son, liar. Son, which glory that is holes true. are very natural. Yes. Have fun. Just, uh, you have to just uh, not – don't worry about the mustache is what I tell my sons. No, have just, fun. That's a vagina. That's all that is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Have fun. Don't leave a mess in the bathroom. Put my shit back when you're done watching. And anyways, thanks for the entertainment. Keep on trucking. Have a great week. Jose. Now, this is not a name I've given him. <laughs> Please don't think that I made this up. This is Jose Super Spick Valles oh, Martinez. <laughs> That's not my name, but I'll go with it. I will go with it. Thank I imagine he has a cake. Pick. Uh, yes, thank you, Super Spick. And we're going to go off now to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough For the part of the podcast we love The meat and the cheese that we crave Oh, Jim, we just want to hear your voice some more And we want to hear Adam, Eric, reviews going, buddy. Ready for them reviews. All them reviews. And I did like this week of books in general. Yeah, I me thought too. that this was probably one of the better weeks we've had in months. And you that think the this worst is going to be a trend? It's going to be starting no. right here? We're just going to get nope. good book after good book? Trend over. What I was oh. going to say is that it's one of those that uh, it kind of is sad when this kind of thing, because the, the podcast actually is like the bookend for us. It's, you know, closing the chapter of the oh, week. Yeah. And it is kind of sad seeing these books go away. Uh, and I can't even say that the next round of these in two weeks uh, will be good because you, you never can tell. It's a crapshoot now. now and uh, I don't know. I've read a couple of the books coming up next week, and yeah, I'm not sure that this trend is going to continue. But Just this don't let is... some books influence your feel of the other books. You told me that you did yeah. not like a book this uh, this week the that's coming out. Yeah, the one really coming out. It really hurt me a little bit, and I want you to read it again when you're in a better mood just to make no. sure. No, I know. I actually I, I did read a couple of them coming up, and I think that 
the I made a bad mistake to read one before the other, <laughs> and yeah, I was in a bad place. Uh, but this is the meat and cheese of the podcast. If you want to go and read our written reviews of all these books, you can go to weirdsciencedccomics.com, and we do have our written reviews there where you can kind of, you know, get a hint of what we're going to say about these things, but you never know. Because once we read them more than once, we kind of, you know, we've had the tendency to change up or down uh, slightly. That happens. Uh, but, yeah, I, I am happy with the books this week, and I'm happy with pretty much the first three here. I'm happy. It's weird. It takes, I'm looking, I'm going down, it takes up to the sixth review of the <laughs> podcast before I'm actually going to get angry. I, I can see that right now. Uh, but we're going to start with what we claim, or I claim, or nobody claims. Is you, the big you claim. Of the week. It's the number one book just because it's always been. We've had this sort of scheduling when people, you know, listening, if they've been listening, they know I'm talking about Detective Comics. Uh, and this is Detective Comics number 950. Eric, uh, 950. Does that sound like? Does that sound like an anniversary to you? It's a hell of an anniversary. No, the silver. You told me. You kept saying, "Yeah, that makes sense." And then when I finally said, "No, no, no," you're thinking of a milestone, bitches. Then I realized I always think of a milestone. And then you're like, "Yes, you were correct. That makes sense." If they said milestone issue, that makes sense. Anniversary issue, bullshit. Detective Comics number 950, milestone, bitches. Yes, and once I read my blurb, I actually reading it the second time i do think uh what i would have said this was uh, and i'll tell you it uh when we're done reading the blurb here eric written by james tynan the fourth and again it's detective comics 950 written by james tynan the fourth art by marceo takara alvaro martinez eddie barrows and various Eric, those oh, are the three various, main huh? pencilers. There are probably, I think that I counted 15 people. I'm not going to do that shit that you do and list them all. If you're <laughs> that concerned with the inkers and the colors, you go and find out yourself. I just listed the pencilers, and I think all three of them did a bang up job. everybody else. I get it. I, yeah, I am. I don't care. Who These letters, they think that they care, that we care. We don't care about ourselves. Well, I find it kind of ridiculous that number 950 is an anniversary. Milestone? Yes. Anniversary? Hmm. That's in my notes. <laughs> this oversized issue gives fans of Detective Comics a bit more than just an extra dollar price tag. We get more Cassandra Kane in this issue than we have the entire series. A really good odd couple team up of Azriel and Luke Fox, or is it Lucas? And a really forced page, uh, or a couple pages with Tim Drake to end the book and set up a future event. And what I'll say, if you are, uh, most people who are reading this book would have already read the issue. But if you're so. out there and you're wondering, and you kind of wait till this and go. What I would say that this really, to me, is it is the Cassandra Kane and even Azriel rebirth issue. Uh, the part with Cassandra Kane that starts off the deal to me. If Cassandra Kane was going to have her own book, this would be the rebirth issue. It gives you, you know everything. Clayface rebirth. No, you don't need that. No, Clayface. That, that part <laughs> was, and actually, that part thrown in seemed a little fucking forced. But uh, you, we haven't gotten anything with Cassandra, and to the point where we're this far into the series, and they think that they have to set it up is a good sign to me because that seems to be that they're going to push her into the story Hopefully, more coming up. Hopefully, because goddamn, she has nothing to do in well, this book. She has nothing is, to do, but... Like, but, even with this, it seems like the majority of this issue deals with Cassandra Kane. I didn't, I didn't do any page counts or anything like that, but it seemed like most of the book to me... It's almost it's it, three quarters Cassie. of the issue, yeah. And uh, the thing is, even with that... I don't know that there's a lot to say about it. No, here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. This is, to me, it's a rebirth 
issue of Cassandra oh, because really this rebirth where they just get things situated without a lot to talk about yeah, with and like the JLA rebirth. It's exactly what it is to me because what it's doing is it's gonna catch you up very, you know, generalized of what led to this and, from and please, please, from Batman and, Robin Eternal. And it, Batman and Robin Eternal. It tells you the Batman and Robin Eternal stuff. Obviously it's gonna play into it because at the end, you know, spoiler, her mom shows up, Eric. So she shows up, you're gonna to want to know about her dad and shit like that. So you have this where uh, it starts off and I, I actually I really liked it because I love Cassandra and we haven't gotten enough of her and I really did like her in Rebirth uh, Rebirth in uh, Batman and Robin Eternal was one of the few things that I liked you know I know Mike is there fucking dancing Mike's having a conniption right now because I'm saying because anytime you have Cassandra unfortunately for Mike Harper is not soon to fall you know she's going to be following very quickly but you start off and there's that this is funny rumor. too for a little while there it seemed like we we're getting spoiler instead of Harper but now the yeah. spoilers out of the game it seems well, like you and know, that's, it's back that's to the Harper other thing and, and yeah and because of spoiler being out there isn't much more to the team so if they're going to have this league of shadows which this is kind of the intro deal for it you're going to have to have more of cassandra and she has a connection and all that but you have to kind of get everybody up to speed that's why it's funny it's so far into rebirth where we have now an issue where they're giving her background, and I do like it. It's a little more than what we got before. Uh, I like it as well, but the, yeah. I, before we even get into it, the one thing I do think it's kind of cornball or even dark poetry about this story is because we have it late. It's titled as prologue, Shadow of a Tear. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. Shadow, Shadow of a Tear? Shadow of a Tear. <laughs> Shadow of a Tear. But yeah, it's Cassandra, and she's watching this uh, ballet, this uh a girl going in she's she's a uh a fucking ballet star and a ballerina? she's a ballerina but she's a star it looks like she's like the biggest ballerina of the the city or whatever and yeah. there's these rumors of a ghost at the you know the where she practices and things like that and it's cassandra she's been there she's kind of it's weird too because she's not trying to hide you know she's right behind this girl all she has to do is turn around and see her which she does and this all leads <laughs> Did from, you find any of this uh, kind of odd, though? Like, at the one point, we have this big splash page where, like, you know, we see, we go through, and we deal with this whole thing where the ballerina is walking to the stage, and then she thinks somebody's behind her, and this, yeah. this dark person who we find out is Cassandra, it's gone then. But it looked like at one point, whoever this was, because I didn't realize it was Cassandra right away, kind of morphed into the wall. Did you see that black spot no, on the goddamn page? I, I mean, yeah, that's what she does, Eric. She morphs. She morphs and <laughs> like phases through yeah, the she wall. Goes, I don't. I didn't see. I see that. I think that's just supposed to be. I know. I, I'm, saying, I'm like, oh, that's weird because I did not realize this was yeah, Cassandra I, right I away. I thought it was her. And, and the whole thing, if you did read Batman and Robin Eternal, one of the big moments of hers was in Prague, which they do show a little of that, and I where really she saw like the ballet. Issue. And I like that, too. And it also was when that happened – you didn't get a full effect of what really, why it affected her so much. And at that right. point, it was almost like a date with Harper. And uh, now you see why. It's because she sees these ballerinas as somebody who has honed their skills and their body. There's no wasted movement. They're doing all this just like she had been taught. But, but Cassandra is an assassin. She is made as a weapon. She sees that this can also be something that's good. And she's saying, really... It's not only like, in my mind, it's also like they can use their bodies to articulate everything they want you to know. No, while no. she has tr trouble, you know, she can't talk very well. She has trouble saying one goddamn syllable words. And so the only thing she can use her body for is a weapon, like you said. 
Yeah, and and again, like I, later on, she even spells it out that hey, these people they actually do this for good, not for killing. Which th- yeah. that's the big thing with Cassandra. And she goes off, and the the problem is in the book now, and even not even like us saying like, oh Jesus Christ, there's not much for her to do. Uh, in this book now, the one person that really seemed to you know like her and have faith in her, or whatever, was spoiler, she's gone. So she has nothing now on this team. So she goes to talk to Harper. The problem is what you find out later when she sees Harper, she also sees every way she could fucking kill her. And, and we find do, that's how everybody yeah, she talks and to. And do harm to her. And she We're, sees this and reacts to it. And, and that's the big thing. That's the biggest point of this is that Cassandra is fighting every second when she sees anybody, the people she loves, like Harper, Stephanie, even Batman. When she sees people, she just immediately, her mind is made to see all the ways she can kill them. And, and it's starting to get to her. And she doesn't want to be this bad fucking killer. Uh, and she goes off. And in the, that's when Cullen shows up. She's at with Harper talking. Leaves. Then Cullen shows up. I'm like, there's eh, some good timing there, Cullen, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And um, it's funny, too, because Dancing Mike's male talking about the lightsaber when Cullen came out. I actually didn't even realize it was a lightsaber. I thought it was like a, a bat or something. I didn't pay that close attention. Yeah, yeah. I just laughed about Cullen coming out after yeah, the fact. Yeah, just comes up, what's wrong? Like, you are fucking, go pl- back to your video games, Cullen. But yeah, she go goes back off. back to jerk it off on your stomach. Yeah, and this is where you get a lot of the Batman and Robin Eternal stuff, where if you didn't read that, uh, you get enough here, but basically her father was orphan, was a piece of shit, raised her to be a killer for mother. If you if you hadn't read that and you hear Dancing Mike anytime he talks to him, he says, hello, mother, that's what he's making fun of as well. There's an in-joke for you. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, she was supposed to be a weapon in Batman pretty much. And her dad did at the end, uh, David Kane, at the end came and uh, kind of he, – they even say it in this. He See, didn't make up for what happened, but he did end up saving everyone at the end. But it was crazy because we thought he was dead. I uh, I was very weirded out about this because I thought this was a retcon. I did not go back to Batman and Robin Eternal to check this out, but I did not remember it happening like that. I remember well, him trying to go and like you know kill Mother because she's a piece of shit. Yeah, but yeah. him doing he it popped as up a, out of nowhere and stabbed yeah. her, and and it was when we saw him fall into an abyss, and then he just popped back up. But uh, yeah, it, it's, In my it's mind, enough this here. Wasn't to save anybody, it was just to kill Mother. No, it was to kill her, but at that point, Mother was about to, if I remember right, was about to kill Cassandra and all this, and that's when she, he even said, you're more than just a weapon, stuff like that. Tried to make up for everything he did, but he was a piece of shit, and it's still weighing on her mind that she was made to be a weapon, and the, the weird thing about this is I really love the fact that Batman took her in then, and really, yeah. if all these things, Clayface, you talk about Clayface, and oh my my God, he got to kill. It's because I don't think people read a lot of the people now read Batman and Robin Eternal. Cassandra is a lot worse. Yeah. All this talk That's about Clayface. I always try to throw Clayface out there when we're yeah. talking about Cassandra's Killer Frost and worse shit like that. Cassandra it, is way worse. Uh, and way I worse. Don't ever think about her because yeah. we barely see her. And what happened is in the scene, you, they really skirt the issue. If you don't know. Cassandra killed fucking Harper's mom. She killed her in cold blood while her, you know, it was awful. And that's where she's at. She sees the ghost of the woman whose life she took herself, the mother of her closest friend in the world. And yeah, that was what she did then. And what, what is fucked up, Batman did take her in. Uh, it ended with that, with her, you know, and Batman does, you know, she even says he's still wary of her, but he does trust her. Uh, but it, it is fucked up that she used the name Orphan. And I like the fact that they even say it in here 
that because when we found out that's what she was using, we're like, what that's the a fuck? Fucked she up name to she use, took yeah. her dad's name that was fucked up and was really what she was going to be eventually anyway. Uh, it looked like, you know what I mean? She was yeah. being bred to be that. And it, it is fucked up. And says, you know, Batman kind of was like, mm, I don't know about that, but he let her do that. Uh, in the meantime, you go to the rooftops then, and there is Batman. a strange ass subplot to throw in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, there's Batman and Gordon. They're there. He'd set the, Gordon had set the signal off. It's because the mayor wanted Duke? to talk to Batman. And, uh, yeah, the signal. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, Joke. why, what is up with Batman's cape? Jesus Christ. Is, is there a fucking tornado? I'm t- he's there. He's got the tornado behind him, but yet Gordon's hair is barely moving. It is so fucked up. I he said uses uh, a lot of product. I say later when uh, we talk about All Star Batman. And I think when uh, Scott Snyder gets these artists on his book, they want to do stuff with the bat suit and, right. and be. Fa- You're not allowed to do that in the regular books. So this is what the artists do. They're like, "Who? I get to play with the cape, and it, it's fucking crazy. I don't even think it looks like well, a God, cape here." I, I'm happy as hell that we don't have a lightning storm in Gotham this time God because that's what see that, that the artists always want to do. Is it's a lightning the storm. Monster Man Hurricane has hit again, Eric, and it's so funny when I'm looking at it now. There's just that little bit of purple. Uh, between the legs oh, there, yeah. just to piss dancing Michael. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's there. Uh, Mayor Haiti is there. He comes out, and this is a weird subplot that, again, this is a part that has to be set up for later. Oh, where definitely. He's a, he's a piece of shit mayor. He's, he's filled his pockets with money illegally even throughout the, the time he's been mayor. And he's been mayor the whole time bags. Batman's been around. So they, the people keep electing him, but he's, he's a piece of shit. He had a heart attack. It was a, you know, a false alarm type deal. Uh, and he kind of had an epiphany, and he wants to be a good guy. And Batman doesn't necessarily uh, trust him, but it, it's something that I believe it spells that he will die soon. Eric. You always <laughs> laugh at me anytime something like this happens. But in the meantime, he's telling this to Batman. Batman just is almost like, what the fuck's going on? Cassandra well, is behind them on the rooftop, in the next rooftop, right? Yes. Why would Gordon pull a gun? And say hands up because somebody is on a rooftop. Is that illegal now in Gotham that you're just sitting there? That could have been anybody who's just up there on the. Hey, what the fuck's going on over here? Now saying, you might say you it is part of the GCPD. In a black goddamn costume. Yeah. I, I know it's probably part of the, you know, it's the next building. It might be still the GCPD building. Right. But seriously, you're up there with Batman. It, it's so weird from the say that just for a force line must have been all, a ghost. All the, sh- all the shit that Gordon's been through, though, I'd be a little fucking like punchy, <laughs> too. I'd draw happy. my gun on everything. He's so trigger happy. Uh, <laughs> but then you move from there, and you'd get more of the ballet oh, and go, this go, stuff go, from Going before. in with this, this mayor of Haiti thing yeah. before we move on with the ballet, though. This whole thing where, you know... I think this might tie into what we have. We end this issue with with Tim uh, Drake talking about all the freaking things that Batman's setting up, preparing for something that's coming. But, yeah. And this might be another part where he now, ha- you know, if he goes with Mayor Haiti here, he will have connections inside the city council and everything like that to try to secure Gotham more than it already is. Yeah, it's I weird. I don't know. It I, could I'm play just, that way. It could yeah, not. I don't. I actually thought it was going to be more uh, right away with the League of Shadows thing where he's going to end up, you know, going that route right away because Tim's talking about something way down the line. And I'm not way dead, but he's not talking about the League of Assassins or the League of Shadows deal. No, no. That I'm this just saying, though, but up. like, you know, going in with Mayor Haiti, you know, whether Batman believes he's a good guy or not, he may go and, you know, say, I will help you do whatever you need to do, Mayor Haiti, to fucking proclaim your legacy, make you a good guy. 
but I'm going to need some favors from you. And he might get some shit inside the inner workings of Gotham politically to help him secure Gotham the way he does with like, you know, Jason operating out of there and all the other shit that uh, Tim brought up to Batman at the end of this issue. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think I, it's that I, important. I, I, I don't think it's that shit. important. I think it's just the next story that he'll be part of the next story. It could be, yeah. Uh, yeah. That whole thing at the end, that's, you know, I don't know if they're talking about this summer with Scott Snyder's thing that he's coming back with or even yeah. past that. Uh, or Jeff Johns is doing something. So, there's some, something coming you, up on the horizon. Before before we even get along with it, that fucking last bit with Tim is such bullshit. I fucking I hate it. I actually don't mind it. It's what Tim three months ago goes. I wonder if you're going to start your own Justice League. What the fuck are you talking about? The writing on the wall. That what writing on the wall? Batman decided that after a big fucking event where people were going to fucking get eclipsed. And Tim's like, I wouldn't even doubt that you'd do that. And and you know what? Maybe Tim gave him the idea then. Fuck no! It was so fucking forced. I didn't mind it. And why even put that? All that was was a, a fucking an ad at the end for a story that's going to come in six months. It, it you know, was that, so that whole ridiculous. Thing, though, the whole idea, you know, like you know, we are really connected with this rebirth universe now going on, and you know, we have all the Batman out and about doing all these things. We have the former Robins, Red Hood, Nightwing, and everybody else doing these things. And you know, I never really connected in my mind the way Tim Drake was talking about how Batman has these eyes and ears out there, you know, so allowing him that ability to. uh you know, see things that are coming at different places through Spiral, through the Court of the Alice, you know, through the freaking inner workings of the gang systems and shit like that. I never really thought about this being like a, a like a utility for Batman to use. Yeah, it's bullshit because it says at the end, Dark Days, that's going to be the name of the big event. It's all it is is an ad for the next big event. It's not saying anything but that. It's such it, it fucking nonsense. there and then also set that up. Yeah, because it's going to be a crossover. That's all it was. It was a fucking ad for an I event. I just never thought about it like that before. You didn't? They, they, uh, now I'm mad at you. Now I'm mad that you didn't see that guy. You didn't see that that was just a stupid, you know, hey, get everybody excited because an event's coming down the line. No, no, it not had that. nothing I'm to do about with the it, though. I just talked about. I know, but that's what I'm saying. They're only setting it up so that when they have a crossover event, you go, oh my God, you know what? This does make sense that Red Hood's involved. That's all it was. I, it was so I'm just, I'm just saying that Batman's got his fingers in a lot of pies now, and I mm. never thought about it before. Yeah, that. and you know what? He may, months later, come up with his own Justice League. He might. He just might. So stupid. But yeah, this part, it goes on. Then, uh, Cassandra starts helping out Batman where they're, they're going. There's a piece of shit who is basically, yeah, trafficking kids. And this actually, we'll be talking about a very similar deal later because it's very much like the Red Hood and Bizarro. Cassandra goes a little too over the top. Batman has to reel her back, tell her, you know, hey, you can't go that crazy. And And I imagine too, while this is going on, Batman's having fucking flashbacks to Jason, just like Jason was about Batman when he was. Okay. And and in the meantime, Cassandra can't tell. I, I don't know. Why doesn't she write shit down? Why isn't she like Strix and just write shit? I mean, you could teach her. In my mind, Strix was already the freaking different version of Cassandra. Yeah. Okay, you go it's weird this now, that it's like she's, we so, she's so upset. Get her a pad and paper. And if, she, if you tell me she can't read and write, teach her. Teach her. <laughs> But yeah, she says basically, you know what? 
every fight I do, I have to reel myself back in. This is what I have to do, and it, it upsets me. And then again, then you go to the whole thing where they show everybody I love even, I ha- I see how I can kill them, and it really upsets me. And, you know, it goes on from there to kind of spell out, you know, Batman is, you know, going with me. He's he's trusting me enough, uh, but does he trust me? And then they show her dad and things like that. So it moves yeah. on. But it, I, I really like it. I like the way it spells out. Now, you throw in this Clayface bit, and I thought it was a little – all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's Luke and Clayface. And he gives them – it's like the monkey paw. He gives them. He gives them a, a little ring – that will take the place of that big gauntlet that lets him turn back. It, like a uh, it lets him good. turns back into basil, but yet you can't do it because if you do it too much, it burns out that DNA. But if and you end be up being too again. much clay face, your b- brain goes mush, and you're gonna fucking go. And it goes into that whole retcon thing where it is the you know if you keep doing clay face things, it's gonna make you go crazy, and you're gonna be bad and all that. And it really is spelled out. I don't know what they're getting at. Maybe getting is, at the part where I, he's gonna I, be. Imagine, the book. What I imagine this whole ring to be is like you can stay as Clayface, and with this ring, you'll maintain your human brain. But if you try to be Basil with it too long, it'll burn your DNA and just force you to be the monster the whole time. Yeah. So he can be a normal thinking person. He just has to look like a monster. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, and he doesn't want to do that. It's like the the worst of both worlds, or whatever. I, I, I guess. I sit back and I think that it's like. All right, so this ring will do this. Can I go back to the bracelets? Was the bracelets yeah, doing really. this? Yeah, really. Yeah. And Luke does bracelet. say, Luke says, listen, I'm not done, you know, figuring out shit. Uh, I'm going to try to get it better. Uh, I do like the explanation that they have of the clay face brain going like almost like a plastic type clay face and then going back to the human brain causes those headaches yeah, like and shit like that. It makes sense to me. It, it yeah. really does. Uh, so, yeah, even the headaches are caused by shit like this. Uh, but yeah, you go back to Cassandra and she's going around and oh, she's who's, saying that, who's the team right now? Yeah, it is. It's it's basically a trip through. There's Tim Drake's deal and she was, you know, the, she says, I, I even laughed here and it felt weird, but that was before Red Robin died and before the monsters ripped apart the city. And yeah, you see with Luke, uh, Clayface, she wants to talk to Clayface and really, she really does just want to talk to people and tell them that she understands even Clayface. You know, I understand what he's going through. She sees hey, Bats, you're a billionaire. I think spring for a little bit of speech therapy or something. Yeah, really. Know. I'm telling you, a, a pad and paper. Uh, there's <laughs> Azrael. He's kind of there, and I love. I know you don't like Azrael. Uh, I do I like don't him. Mind him here. Yeah. It's it's all the god stuff. I could really do without it. Yeah. It is part of the character. You need that, and the explanation though is just so hokey because, yeah. like you know, this is a program. I don't know. I'm trying to explain how this fucking thing works. His suit has an AI that goes into the brain, but as long as you r- remain like you. Go outside yourself and like you know remain calm and don't think about too many things. Yeah. You're able to take control of your body and it doesn't yeah. work uh, like you know against you. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a kind of a convoluted explanation to tell me why fucking Azrael is such a badass. Yeah, yeah. And and then you know Cassandra looks in on him and then looks at Batwoman and says, you know, she kind of sees herself in Batwoman as well. Batman's kicking the shit out of people in the mud room. It looks like uh, I'm still not sure if. She is going to continue fully in the book now that she has her own book yeah, coming out either. next week. And I wish they would have actually spelled that out a bit. Uh, but yeah, and then that's basically, there's not much else to it, uh, except that she kind of uses the ballet. Cassandra seems to use the ballet to calm down, to let her speak the way she and wants she, to. And then she realizes that ballerinas are piece of shit because the freaking ballerinas talking to the security yeah. guards or the cops actually. And they're talking about, yeah, this thing was here. It was all in black. I know it wanted to hurt me. I think it was just dancing yep. behind me to mock. 
locked and again, before it hurt it, me. I'm it's like, one of those things bitch. too. It's it's that the bitch moment, but it's also like the part where she that's the one thing that she loved to do and see, and now they think of her as a monster. Like it's really pushed that yeah. she's a monster, and she wants to shout out and she wants to tell. In the meantime, it ends with Lady Shiva, who's looking in. She's going to be part of the League of Shadows. Uh, that's the big. You know, the big reveal at the end that she's coming into town and then it does say next League of Shadows begins. So we'll get that. Now, were you saying that Shiva was her mother earlier? Yeah, yeah that's what it says. That's what does it spells it? out. Yeah. That's okay, so I, I didn't see that. No, it's actually just in continuity that they say that it's, it's her mother in the New 52. So, okay. But, yeah, I looked it up and you look up, uh, you know, I, I never, Cassandra I never saw Kane's that. mother. Okay. Yeah, and I, I've even heard other people say, I'll leave. But yeah, did you like that story? What, the one we just had? That one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It was yeah. like a, it was a long winded for what we got, but I I really enjoyed we got the focus on Cassandra Kane here because we have not dealt with her in a long time. But it was a lot of rehash for if you already read Batman and Robin Eternal, you knew a lot of this going in. Yeah, it looks like Lady Shiva was always her mother. It, it's uh, Lady Shiva, mother, David Kane, father. Okay, so, I didn't yeah, know. That, like yep. sorry, I never thought about. It. I didn't know if that's the way they were going with this, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah, but that's I I figure that's where they're still going with. But yeah, that's that's a cool deal where she's gonna come in and she does seem to kind of miss her dad, even though he was a piece of shit. So you have this, and then it, it leads into that whole thing where you know I'm the only one who understands you and shit like that. But yeah. the the next story, and I, I really I'm telling you, the art in this whole issue was really good. It's a weird issue to talk about. It really is. That whole Cassandra Kane part it is tough to even give you the rundown because there's not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot. Of of inner monologue and stuff like that but i really liked getting more about cassandra because i really do like her and i didn't have much of a background with her before the new 52 and really before batman and robin eternal so i like seeing more she had just been in this book in name only really yeah she was always Seriously, just hanging she might out be in the so. background is hanging out doing yeah, something so but she was never I, featured in this yeah. book I treated that as almost like a Cassandra Kane rebirth. Now the next I, I thing, think was, that. yeah, and the next thing I said, I like the art. In the, I love the art in this next part. So the, uh, Alvaro Martinez, I think, kicks ass in this, and I did like it. And I think I really do like Luke and Azrael together. And, it's a cool pairing that I never would have thought of. Yeah. The whole religion versus science thing. Yeah, I, it's religion I versus really science, like and it's cool. And it, you know, it, it may go on a little bit too long. Uh, but it's okay. And even if it would have just been a little bit of this in that first Cassandra, I would have liked this issue anyway. I just think it went a little too, I get the point. I get the idea. Like you said, science versus religion and faith. Uh, it just keeps going on, but it's, you know, Luke or Lucas and, uh, Azrael and they're fighting in the mud room against a, uh, villain that Basically set up that Batman can can't figure out. It's an unbeatable beat. freaking you know and like a mud room, like schedule thing. I don't, did I you laugh though? They make it seem like it's a puzzle the way you beat it. He just beats the shit. He just slices the hell with it with his sword. That's Pretty all. Much he pulls a Wolverine like on yeah. the Sentinels in the goddamn yeah. danger room. That's all it seems to be. It's like yeah, you know what? Maybe they were trying too hard to figure out something, and they just should have went. But yeah, the whole thing is to explain uh, Asriel and his tech. Uh, really, and uh, how he left St. Dumas, and I like it because here's the thing. To me, this is one of those things, like we said Scott Snyder did in that uh, Mr. Freeze issue of All-Star Batman. It doesn't go into the whole, you know, I showed up when Batman got his back broken because that that gets wonky the way things are, but it explains it 
enough of a way that you can just go with it, that he's there, he left St. Dumas, which we saw him in St. Dumas, and it's sticking with the continuity, but I like that it's just kind of open-ended, and, and you saying, get the whole thing. It is sticking with the continuity that we dis- wait, we yes. discovered Asriel in the Batman and Robin and Eternal, Batman and, Robin and we're going from there forward, all the stuff with Nightfall, he was not involved, we no. don't have to deal with that shit, so we're just moving forward from no, here on out. No, I, I I like it enough, and I like the idea that he's kind of on the run, and yeah, you, I sit there, and he's talking about St. Dumas and how they're awful and how they use this, you know, Asriel as, as a weapon and things like that, just like Cassandra, but he's decided to go away, and he's using his faith to kind of keep him calm, and also it does with the, the armor and stuff like that. Uh, but really, there's not much more to talk about. It the does Luke, set up the freaking sub-story we're going to do oh, a few, uh, in the future because yes. Luke Fox does say, like, well, if you're doing this, you know, if Saint du- if you left St. Dumas, what makes you think that they won't just put together yeah. this kind of AI armor without a human host that can yep. go rogue like you did? Oh, well, they haven't done that in 2,000 years. Yeah, they're I don't not going to change doing it now. game. And, and as we move on, it. we see the freaking robot coming online. Yep, and it's Escalon. Eric, you yeah, ever hear Ascalon. that name, Ascalon? No, I've never heard that uh, name, well, Ascalon. Ascalon is actually a pretty big thing. It's the sword, actually the lance, or in some versions the sword that St. George used to slay the dragon in, the, in okay. the big story. But also, Eric, you can actually have the Ascalon sword in Castlevania. So I'm very upset that what, you which don't Castlevania? remember that. I don't know. It didn't say. I just <laughs> looked it up, and it just said there's been imagine- a sword. Like, I which one? A sword from um, uh, Symphony of the Night. Somewhere. Okay, well, it did so say it said. Swords. Yeah, it said that it's it's a sword that's prominent in Castlevania. It's also been in Final Fantasy, Guild Wars. Anytime you need a holy sword and stuff like that. So I like that that's spelled out. That this is like Saint Dumas's uh, weapon that they're yeah. going to send out. Yeah, it looks like they're going to send it out. So actually, that actually gets me pretty excited. That sounds like me a pretty too, cool actually. story. And I, I like the idea. It doesn't deal with Monster Men. It doesn't deal with the colony. No. I'm all about it. No, and I actually like that you have, uh, you know, it shows you that they're going to do more with Azrael than just have him sitting around and, you know, praying. So I don't mind that. And then we get to that last thing that I really, I thought this was heavy handed. I thought it was way over the top for that. It's only a couple pages of Tim saying, you know, I figured it out. You have Jason doing this. You have Dick doing that. Dick and uh, Batman has nothing to do with that. Batman has nothing to do with him in, in Bloodhaven at all. It, it, that I'm saying that this, this was three months ago when he was doing the spiral. Yeah, to, the even, then, even then, at that point, Batman told him to go fucking do what he fucking wanted to do and don't bother me. It was nothing to do with Batman even then. It just kind of, I'm telling you, this whole thing. And then, again, it's just him. Maybe he's a little off on that one. But, yeah, Maybe. Batman was very pissed off about all that. Uh, but when he said, I'm telling you, and what's next, your own private Justice League? And then I wanted to fucking kill somebody. I really did. I'm like, <laughs> you're going to fucking do that? And, yeah, it's like, I see what's going on. This is a war. And the other thing that gets me is... That's all we've heard from fucking Jacob since the minute that this goddamn book started with him. You don't oh, understand. Yeah. You're you're just uh, things. We're soldiers in a war here, and you're just playing your games and things. I'm like, really? It's just. And then when it says dark days and in, in bold there are coming 2017, I'm like, okay, I get you. There's a crossover coming. This does not intrigue me at all because basically it, it's just a forced way to say that Batman is ready for, you know, he's ready to fight a war. Well, fucking he fights a war every fucking day 
I just I think it's just a hokey way to tell you that all these books are going to be involved in the crossover. I'll say that. I, I was I'm, I'm not a huge fan of them. So I, I I didn't mind it. I, I enjoyed what we got, and I actually really like uh, uh, liked it right off the bat because we got to see the goddamn Redbird. Yeah, that was. I, funny. I just like seeing Tim. Yeah, Drake that was that again. was funny to me. He fucking and he's out of. It's so funny too. Like he's an older guy now, like, and he can't drive the car. He bashes in there. It's a goddamn fucking trash can. I, I just oh, like yeah, it too because yeah. I don't think I, I want to say the last time he drove the Redbird was sometime in the nineties, but that's just from what I recall. It is pretty. But funny. it's just funny seeing it come in here. But yeah, there there he is, and he puts he puts up that fucking you know instant what is he called the Robin's Nest? Yeah, it's a Faraday cage, Eric. You didn't know that, did you? I was. Uh, I'm telling you, I was having a lot of fun with this issue, uh, just because we are getting introduced to Azriel, who's going to be on the book, and they're actually finally giving Cassandra a proper introduction to people who didn't read before Rebirth. And then this came, and I was just like, you didn't need to push this in there. Like, I, I really, when I did review it, I think I even put my review. I didn't even fucking. Do, this had nothing to do with my review. These couple pages, it was nonsense. Right. But. I gave it an 8.8 out of 10. I really did like it. I thought that if anybody going forward, this is a great time for people to jump on and learn about two new characters that are going to be going forward because the team really is decimated. You don't have a lot of the characters left, and I think they did a pretty good job of that. But what Definitely gonna. I would give it a well before I tell you what I give it. I just I think it's weird though because you know when we left with uh, Batwoman supposedly trying to go and you know get Asriel and yep. Harper on the team and Harper. doesn't really see why Harper's on this goddamn team. No, and, and it's weird it, now that I think of it because we never did see any of that recruitment which I no. wanted to see. I wanted her to see like I wanted Batwoman to knock on Harper's door and Harper open a hell no and slam the door. But Batman did say she's going to keep saying no. And I think that was a hint that she's not going to be on right away. Eventually right. she will. But I want her as like the team's Oracle. I actually hope that she just goes into Belfry, but now you have Luke. So there's not really a place for her. You know right. what I mean? And if hopefully uh, because Luke the place would be a- spoiler. She would come and be the new spoiler, and she'd be in the you know the bluebird costume and stuff like that. And I don't know that everybody wants that. I know dancing might does. I know doesn't. dancing might don't want that. I, I don't no, know that I, I, I would, want I it either. Mind it. I don't know. I, I don't want her out and like about. I, I don't think that as she is now, she's kind of been out of the game. It'd be weird for her just to decide to be a costumed hero again. She's going to get her ass uh, kicked like Terry McGinnis and Batman yeah, Beyond? Yeah, no, I, I get the idea that something like, uh, you know, something's bad, spoiler's going to get taken away. Something's going to happen maybe to Cassandra. I, I don't Colin's know. Gonna, Colin's going to die? May, something's going to happen to force her into it because I just don't see where she's at now being a costumed hero again. But what? What? get to your score. Say, I like I liked everything we got with Azrael and Luke, even though I thought it was a little like over the top with the explanation. But like the Cassandra Kane stuff, I thought it looked great. I like seeing like you're getting more of the character. Just a lot of it was stuff I already knew going in, and I yeah. know you want to get everybody on the goddamn well, trolley. Because, because yeah, because a lot of people did not yeah. read the the uh, Batman and Robin Eternal. And I didn't mind the freaking Tim Drake thing. I didn't hate it like you did, but I love the art all the way around for each thing we got with the story. So I think I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna move on to the next book. Uh, which is one of yours, which I don't think I'm as positive as you are. No? No. Well, that is Action Comics number 973, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Patrick Zercher, Steven Segovia, Art Thibber, and Rob Lee. Lana Lang is brought to Superman in this issue because, as we saw at the end of this week's Superwoman, she's in rough shape and on the verge of death. But that's not the important thing here. Lois Lane has finally decided to get off her duff and find out about this human car, Kent, and what he's all about. Looks like she might have to date him, though. So, you know what, Lois? You have some splaining to do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. 
Yeah, it starts no. off in, in the Himalayas. Uh, the Himalayas, which doesn't make sense for I uh, Maybe there's fortresses everywhere, but this does seem like the fortress that was in uh, Colorado. It was and, because Blank is there. Yeah, and Blank's there. And the other thing that threw me off is not only is Blank there, there's a bunch of other people there. And that was kind of spelled out that they were let go at one point in Lois and Clark. Like he wasn't just keeping them there. And now they're all back again. It seems weird. That they're all there. You see some lady. Uh, the, you see the, the, fucking uh, goddamn fucking Bigfoot or whatever. It might be the Shaggy Man. Who Bigfoot. knows? Some fucking Bigfoot. It's a Sasquatch yeah. from the yeah. Six Million Yeah, and now you have Blank again. And it actually, this whole scene seemed to be like issue two of Lois and Clark in you know the DCYOU when Blank was in the cell. And he, that's when Hank Henshaw was there and he was kind of influencing him and stuff like that. It just seemed weird. It seemed like a weird, like, I don't know, like a, like re- a, a revision sort yeah. of deal. It was odd. But, yeah, there's Blank, so we're going to get a little more Blank. I don't know why. I, I actually thought he was gone forever. So uh, did I. Then, yeah, I'm telling and, you, though, right off the bat, though, I didn't even realize when, uh, like when I was reviewing this issue for the site that it said the Himalayas. I, I like I retained that knowledge because when I talked to you the next day after everything went up, I'm like, yeah, the Himalayas. And then I stopped. I'm like, yeah, it's weird. fuck, the yeah, Himalayas. Weird. That doesn't make sense. Yep. Yeah. And it's like uh, it, it's weird because he gets a signal that somebody's there and then you go and it's actually steel with Lana, with a dying Lana. And he steals like, oh, Lana knew where to go. She didn't understand. I I don't like that kind of uh, skirting the issue of They're how not. he says Lana, why Lana's there. Why didn't they just have see Superwoman? I, I don't like Superwoman. I don't like that book at all. But you, you know, see Superwoman so people could read that first if they so happened to. And then you see what did happen. Well, Here I, it's just I, like, she just overused her power. What, what is, is he playing that he doesn't want Superman to know what's going on? It's very weird. Well, when we talk about Superwoman later tonight, I'll, like you'll hear this again probably, but, uh, the whole thing is weird because I started thinking about it because here we see, you know, Steel holding Lana and she doesn't look as bad off no, as she, she did doesn't. at the end of she, Superwoman. Yeah, so at the end of Superwoman, she looked off. If, I don't know where this is in the continuity because this could be taking place, you know, issues after the fact where we find out Lana's okay in the next yeah, issue but of if Superwoman that was or whatever. The, uh, yeah, but it and just the, but doesn't the make is, any sense. I know it doesn't, but it also doesn't make any goddamn sense that Metropolis is being invaded by Ultrawoman and all these bizarre S's and the car is just, just fucking working on his yeah. goddamn truck in Hamilton County. just walking, working on his truck. It's just weird. Like you said, you actually like that part that we just talked about with uh, Red Robin uh, explaining shit about how it's connected. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, these books aren't connected, and they seem to be a bit. You know, yeah, you, you have be. weird They've shit. They've been working but very heavy towards Again, it. though, you also go, we can go fully in because Lex is just walking around the, the Daily Planet when he's in that other book. You know, Agreed. maybe they're just distancing themselves away from that Superwoman book because it's going to be canceled soon. I would, too. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, you finish that bit is uh, Steel's there to try to heal uh, Lana, but where they are in that uh, fortress, they can't. They don't have anything no. to heal, or it doesn't and even, even recognize even the freaking Kalex, the, the robot, has no idea how to diagnose this yeah, or yeah, to help it. it. So yeah. Superman decides, you know what, I got an idea, and flies off. Steel's following, you know, slowly, because he can't keep yeah. up. But and that's the, thing the big is, point. I don't, 
I'm guessing we're going to go to the actual Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, I would think they're going to the actual one. You go to that. In my mind, what you need is a regeneration matrix like he wanted for the New 52 Superman, but we don't have that in this goddamn universe. And maybe it's going to be some other way because she does have like the solar flat. Who knows? But the big thing is that – and it's funny because when they first said Superman's like, hey, I'm going to take her. You follow. And Steel's like, hey, I'm not as fast as you, but I can track you. And I'm like – what are they talking about? Why? And then it, it becomes very obvious. Yes, it's because it's, Hank Henshaw has been trying to figure out. He's been seeing these blips all over the place, but Superman's too fast. He can't track them. Suddenly, he can track exactly where they and are, where they're going, where they're coming from. and figure out what the deal is. And that's that's pretty big. And just and it I'm being Hank Henshaw. Hank Henshaw wants to go and get his goddamn Oblivion Stone on and get the full well, piece. Well, here's the thing. That's what, again... If they want to spell it out, I wish they would have, that would make sense why it's in the Himalayas, because the one in Colorado, Hank was there. Yeah. Not that he would know exactly where it is. It could you could even say I you know, it just looked like a mountain or whatever, but this does maybe explain why it's now in the Himalayas, he moved it, whatever. Uh because yeah, Hank was there, or they just kind of Forgetting Hank was involved in the oblivion. Or they're just forgetting stuff. where the goddamn freaking fortress yeah, was. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It's funny. It just. I wonder when he does show up and blanks there. If it's going to be like, "Oh, you're back, my old friend," or it's going to be like, "I don't know." You know what I mean? I don't know what they're playing I hope with or they not don't playing with. Ruin the goddamn Lois and Clark continuity. Yeah, that yeah. Was a lot I, of fun. I, 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 I hope so. And I would hope that this is Hank in the background. He just wants to figure out what the fuck happened to him before and all this. Because when that ended, he kind of did kind of cover up for superman and you know the government was like we're going to look into you even more but now he seems to be higher up in the government again yeah somehow uh, he's taking control of nasa you know yeah from that's being, what i'm saying at that point it's remember because he was on my island he was on the island they're like where the fuck are you and they oh i was just on the other side and they didn't believe him that one guy's <laughs> like i'm gonna find out about you as well that uh, guy's dead now. Yeah, Jim. maybe he killed that guy and just went, hey, uh, the other story going your on. Your job's is, now mine. This is how it works. You want a promotion, you kill yeah, your boss. Yeah, you kill him. Uh, Lois is there with uh, Clark, and they're trying to find uh, these the mayor or whatever is, is in with these goddamn fucking mob bosses. Corruption in the city. Yeah, corruption in the city. And it's weird because I didn't even remember this being set up. Uh, uh, maybe it's just me, but having Lois in that blonde, I didn't know what was going on at first when it went. Oh, no, like, I, don't, I don't believe this was set up at all like this. This is something I believe just, we just jump yeah, into here. It just I don't really weird because she, she's talking and she's like, oh, you're letting me on and uh, she's talking about it. I'm in charge of the MC. That's when Maggie shows up, right? Yeah. Maggie shows up and says it. But then and when you go, to the, you go to the next panel, now it does say, and uh, with Lois Lane right in the middle of it, but from that back behind there with her head, and then you go to the next thing, which is Lois in a wig. I actually thought that was Maggie. I was really? like, what? If it wasn't the Lois Lane, you know, thing with the this LL, the word yeah. deal, I had no idea what was going on. And then I realized, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go Look with it. Look at this, this Lois, part, though. She's in shape. Look at them arms. Yeah, she is. But the, I didn't care for this story at all. This part to me was just, it was filler, and only a reason to get Clark and Lois kind of a little bit together to to go on from this. I just thought this was nonsense. Actually, I really I did. It's, it's just getting Lois Lane back into the Lois Lane persona where she is this journalist who will go undercover and take control yeah, of these things. It's just, I, and, I didn't uh, care. 
even going in with the whole thing where, you know, she's taking care of business and then Clark thinks shit's out of control. So he freaking runs from the van to go save her, ends up fucking the whole goddamn thing up and slips yeah. and falls. Yeah. Does this whole goddamn well, classic Clark Hedness. Lois fucked it up before Clark ever did. She's sitting there talking to herself at the bar and that guy comes over. You talking to someone? We got a mole. And then they rip the fucking wig off her. So she fucking ruined it. Clark just comes in to try to help her and slips. I, the reason she talks, though, is because Clark is flipping his lip in this van and talking yeah, like but i gotta again, go help her calm down she, yeah she doesn't have to talk to him because no. she yeah i really felt like this I was just filler <laughs> yeah yeah th- this whole part to me was just non-stop filler and yeah there's lois you know dressed up but even then i was a little confused because they had maggie from the back maggie looked exactly like that would have been her i'm like what's going on here uh in the meantime then she decides not to get a ride because maggie does come in and saves the day yeah. Maggie's the only one who saves them from being killed. And after that, See, Clark... I, I didn't mind this part where you think it's all filler. I think it's decent setup to get us to the point where, you know what, Lois wants to get on this goddamn trolley and figure out who the fuck this Clark Kent is because, you know... Yeah, but he she's wanted actually... to do that all along. She's been saying that for, you know, seven issues now. And I just, I didn't think that this was anything different. And in fact, if she didn't trust him, she wouldn't have... Why would she go undercover with him there when she doesn't even know if he's a good guy? This could all be Clark setting her up to get killed. She could have been shot right in the face, and Clark could have just went up, and eh, fuck it, I'm out. I just found it very off. I didn't think that this would be a smart thing for Lois ever to do, uh, to work with Clark like this when she doesn't trust him. I, I just didn't think it was good. And then, then you, you know, she doesn't take a ride home because she wants to trail him. And he goes and buys some fucking food. And then she's like, man, and it's so funny. Uh, I'm looking at him buying that fast food. And I just kept thinking of you because the Clark only – he doesn't order that much. I know no, four no, apple is, pies. It's what he orders, though. Yeah, two but even that. Two chocolate shakes, two four apple pies, and a fucking drizzle doodle. Yeah, I don't but, know what that is. but Why would the just, guy go, oh, really? That doesn't because, seem that it's, crazy. It's all desserts. Yeah, but it doesn't seem that crazy. You don't even know who he's with. He, he doesn't. You don't know that it's for just him. He's got two chocolate shakes. So you, you right away, if I'm the guy taking the order, this is what that guy was yelling about, that we care about things that don't matter. But you've ordered two shakes. I'm figuring there's two people. They like, you know, two shakes, two pies, and we share a drizzle doodle. Not that crazy to me. And you have you to have right? it because... The the I, thing I, that makes it though is because of them saying, "Oh, really? He really Dan Jurgens really wants us to see. Oh my God, that's a crazy meal. It just it seemed very forced. Meal. Yeah, it's not that crazy to me. If I went right now and went to McDonald's, I would probably get the same exact thing. You just wouldn't know that my kids are in the car. It just it threw me but off. They're not just, Jim. Yeah, but I'm just saying it just seemed <laughs> such a forced way. Oh, really? Like no, no, the, this, this this part here, I, it's it's a very weird thing for this to be here because you don't know what this means even, him buying no. these things. It's a, it's an odd order, I think it is at least, and him going off and this is the only thing he's buying for dinner, um, that's very odd to me. But we don't know what that means in the long run, so it does mean nothing ultimately well, at this point. And also, how does Lois know what he ordered? She's I outside. Don't... She's outside. She goes, huh, I want to see what he's in the little kid dream diet. I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? You weren't in the restaurant as far as we know. How do yeah. you know what he bought? It's in a bag. And then he doesn't care about the rain. Yeah. I'm telling you, I just got very – I just didn't like it. Anything with Lois and Clark until the, the reveal – I was just like, this is nonsense. I, I really don't care because what happens is he goes in the, the uh he goes into the apartment that her Clark 
you know, stay that. So she's starting to think, oh my God, you know what? This is possible that maybe it is Clark in this deal. Somehow. Yeah, and then she goes in and talks to the door guy, the guy, the security guy, and says, hey, where'd Clark Kent go? I I wanted to talk to him. And she's like, I haven't seen him in months. And shows in that the security deal doesn't show anybody going into yeah. the, the deal. No so one came in before Lois came in. So that's, I'm telling you, it's at that point where I got really interested because this is a development I never saw coming. Like all of a sudden he walks through a goddamn apartment building door and he just never ends up on the other side. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it's just there's some teleportation thing. It must be that he goes in and goes through to some other place. Uh, only because I'll say though, yeah. that's adding to the mystery because at this point, you know, I was taking it as this for somehow is just a human Clarkette just going about his yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, something's crazy. Something but crazy now we got is going this on. This whole thing is like, all right, we're adding to this goddamn mystery. I'm intrigued to see where this fucking goes because I want to know out of everything that we've been given so far in action comics, I've wanted to know more than anything. What's up with this human Clark Kent? Yeah, and the weird thing about it is she says that he's creepy. This issue, all of a sudden, they're dialing back the creepiness to make him seem like a good guy. Uh, it just seems like it's getting towards where maybe he isn't so good. Because it, it really is dialed back. He he In this issue... I don't know. Him showing up in her office fucking roses and shit like that, it's kind of creepy out of nowhere. Yeah, but again, th- this is the thing that's weird about it. She's pushing that apartment and things like this. I think that whatever this Clark is, whether he's a clone, whatever he's whatever... It's right in his mind that they're supposed to be together. It's almost like to me how uh, Oliver like and Dinah and, like and, and yeah, like this is supposed to be like he really seems when he shows up with those flowers, he really seems that this is what he's supposed to do. And they're supposed to be dating. That's and the it's problem, just not though, happening. In my mind, from everything that Lois Lane has said to him and acted towards him at this point, it's like, you need to start getting the hint, buddy. Yeah, now it's weird, though, because she's always she's always snippy with him and shit like that and makes fun of him and stuff. But nah, I don't know. But, yeah, uh, Lois has broken the story about the corruption she goes in. And, you know, it, it, I like the interaction between her and Lex. We still don't know what Lex is, you know, after and trying to figure out no. uh, where he's like, you know what? You're really good work. And she's like, no, no, this is what everybody should do uh you have fucking lombard or whatever fucking being a piece of shit fucking guy that's all lombard does yeah, yeah that's all he does he's there on the, he's in there on his hoverboard and a biker goddamn, goddamn i'm not even a biker i'm a bicyclist yeah, he's got the outfit. bicycle outfit he looks like such a douchebag uh but yeah she goes that's in lombard. <laughs> yeah and she goes into her office and there's clark with a coffee and roses and, you know, he wants to have dinner. And also, that's the thing. She actually says, I think it's a pretty big thing where she's like, I just want to go in my office and have coffee. And he's there with coffee. Like, he does know Lois Lane. He he knows what she likes. He But who, who knows what the fuck he really more. is? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but still, uh, she doesn't want to go on a date and then realizes, you know what? Maybe I can get some info from him, so I will go on that date. Uh, that kind of reminds me of like the Superman movie where it's like you know Lois Lane is on the rooftop and Superman and her go and have dinner so they can have that interview. And yeah. That's really what it reminded me of. That point. Well, you know what? This has worked out for me in the past. Maybe I'll let this shit go down. Yeah. I just don't yeah. know what I'm going to tell my Clark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't like it as much though uh, as what you said because then it ends with Hank Henshaw. He's going to be uh you and, know hit the town and stuff. Hit. I, I, honestly, that's why. Once he, like, Clark walked through his apartment door and he just never was there, 
that amped it up for me. Like, I really got intrigued at that point. But then you give me Hank Henshaw, because Cyborg Superman back, like the old continuity Cyborg Superman, it's one of my favorite villains of all time. If mm. we can move closer to knowing who Clark Kent is, the one mystery I want to know, and getting Cyborg Superman back proper, I am all about this shit. This is all I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. What did you give it? I gave it an 8 out of 10. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. It was okay. I just, I thought that whole thing was just, you know, you want to get the Lois and Clark kind of, you know, we know that this isn't the real Clark. Uh, whatever he is, we'll find out. But they, you know, it's almost like they want to force that whole thing so that we realize what it should be and not, I don't know. It it just kind of seemed like. That that whole teleportation or whatever the hell it was when he walked in, it also kind of leads me to think that my idea of him being a good guy kind of goes away as well because once you have teleportation involved, something is not on the up up yeah it does seem that but who knows who knows what he knows or does you know that yeah. it's also that's the thing it doesn't seem like he's playing a game no if it anything he might be brainwashed we'll like, find out like maybe we'll like he, he walks is. through there and he just shuts off when he goes to wherever he yeah, goes and I thinks don't he's know. Out. I, you know he might be this might be the only reason why they showed us that fucking building in the fucking amazon maybe right. he ends Genetic up there Kron. yeah genetocron why would they have showed us and why would it you know it disappeared why why wouldn't it make sense that all of a sudden he goes through and then he's in that fucking, you know, the because shell or whatever? Because Genetocron is in the Amazon and it doesn't have power anymore, Jim. Yeah, God. but yeah, I'm telling you, we'll see <laughs> what's going nothing. on. But uh, we'll move on to the next book. JLA Rebirth, number one, written by Steve Orlando with art by Ivan Rice, Joe Prado, Eau Claire Albert, Marcelo Maiello, and Clayton Cowles. After our big event and four one-shots, the title we've all uh, been waiting for is finally here. But don't get too excited because this is only a rebirth issue to get you on the JLA trolley. We have our characters go and introduce themselves to one another and see that their new headquarters is based on Happy Harbor, Rhode Island. Besides that, though, there isn't much going on here. Nope, there really isn't. Uh, The thing that got me, I, I like the art. I like all I, I like the characters. The thing is, I really still think, and me and you argued at work, because I had actually peeked at a little of this before you did and yeah. started talking to you about it. Uh, I do think that some of the introductions of the characters go a little against how we were led to think they'd add, you know, join in, especially Lobo. Uh, right. Black Canary, I'm not that fond of how they get her, but they have to get her into the the, the deal. Uh, but I like, I think that Steve Orlando is writing these characters fine. I, I don't have any oh, problem the with I them. I think everything is written fine in this book. I thought the dialogue was fine, and it's very like um, it's very against how I've saw Steve Orlando over the past year and a half and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, like, there's no over the top come into dialogue. his own with this dialogue, yeah. especially for this book and the one shots we saw coming before this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and especially, you have one character in this book that it's it would go right in line with old Steve I, Orlando, I know, and that's right? Lobo. Lobo would be one of those that because he would show dude. up and just go nuts with over-the-top <laughs> hokey dot, and he doesn't. It's actually a pretty subdued Lobo. I actually, when I read it, I laughed because I almost got the idea in my head, just, you know, making up shit in my head, yeah. that Lobo now realizes that he fucked himself with opening his goddamn big mouth and now he's stuck now on this team no more. and he's like oh you go now i will tell you when we get to the end i have a little issue with the end but uh going into this i really do like you go to rhode island freaking trevitt was all excited because nothing ever happens good in rhode island eric but uh there's happy harbor rhode island that's where batman seems to have set up the jla well, team initially in the section here this is the like overall this is the most uh 
I don't want to say important, but the part of the story that I was most impressed with because I did not expect we we knew the characters going in who they were going to be and shit like yes. that. I did not expect to see Happy Harbor, Rhode Island, and they talk about when Batman shows you know Black um sorry Killer Frost Killer Frost the uh, the new base of headquarters She's like you know this is a relic from the past that I acquired a few years ago, and I started getting really like interested in that because I'm like. First off, it's a relic from the past. It's all like this this whole like headquarters setup. I don't know if yeah, you did a, this already. It's definitely a headquarters. I mean, this and, is I was going to say this is not a broken down uh, barn. There is tech going on. It's you know that you see computer screens and shit like that already that he's been either working on or was a remnant from the past. Because to me, exactly. it looks well, like they are just going in for the first time in a long time. But like I can go either way though. With the relic from the yeah. past, I don't know if this is something that was set up before the watchtower was built when the Justice League first got together. We've yeah. never seen that or if this is something that has been there that he discovered that might you know jump to the jsa shit that no. we might get into later yeah. on and yeah, like you know a happy harbor and all that whatever. It, yeah. it is a pretty cool the, shout out because the jsa subtle. the jsa did you know work out at happy harbor for yes. a little bit back in the day when the brownstone was messed up but besides yeah, no. that I'm like, he, the weirdest part is him saying a relic from the past. Yeah, and, I and it's, know it's more funny about that. because you say that, and it does. It almost makes you think that he not only found this, whether we don't know exactly what he means, but if it is something he found, he's certainly going to be peek, peeking into why it was here and exactly. whatnot that would lead to the JSA, which is it's kind of cool. Especially in a JLA book, but you have him just talking uh, to Killer Frost and talking about how – and he even says that's the thing. It's a relic, a remnant of a bygone era. So I do think it is the JSA headquarters that they yeah. did have in Happy Harbor. That wouldn't be the – you know, like you said, like when uh, when the Watchtower crashed – because it did crash well, in the Happy yeah, Harbor, so the right? Watchtower crashed in Happy Harbor during Forever Evil, yes. and that's where a lot of the like the crime syndicate were based out of right there. Yeah. But yeah. I, that's when I think that he acquired this property, this yeah, whole area have, but that, that's the weird thing about it is is whether or not he acquired it then, that wouldn't be what he would consider a Absolutely bygone not. error. So I do think it's a little wink-wink to the JSA actually being a thing, and hopefully that leads till down the line that we get a book. And maybe the book springs out of this with Batman looking into it. I we think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be. But yeah, uh, this is the whole thing. We're, see, we're gonna get everything we get in this issue, this is the thing that I centered on, yeah, this whole Happy so Harbor base. All like... it is is a placard in the fucking first panel, Happy <laughs> Harbor. Uh, but yeah, Batman is there, and if you read the uh, Just League vs. Suicide Squad or the Killer Frost uh, one-shot rebirth deal, you're not going to get anything new here, besides yeah. Happy Harbor, where Eric yeah. Eric's creaming his jeans over there. But no, it's, it's going to push this whole thing. Uh, Steve Orlando has to make sure you realize that Batman wants Killer Frost on the team because everyone deserves a chance. She's become a better person. She's not dangerous like that anymore. She's decided to be a hero, and I think it does it very well. And again, like Steve Orlando, the thing that we have given him uh, a lot of shit for is he really used to lack subtlety Agreed. in any of his writing and this scene especially it, it's not heavy handed it's it's Batman showing the, the whole thing and then Killer Frost realizing is like wait a second it's a fucking big place for two people you know yeah. well, what's going on and then and we get leads, into the whole thing I really yeah, like that little transition and it re it, the whole thing reads to me like the first episode of a TV show where you, yeah. or even the beginning of a movie like this could be the beginning of Suicide Squad how they're showing you the different cast that's all it is it, it is very cinematic fast like Ocean's moving. Eleven type of shit you yeah know? and you're you're getting just a little bit bit 
uh, you're getting enough that it's not forced, but you're getting enough to even show what Steve Orlando wants these characters to be in the team because it goes off to Killer Frost fighting uh, Black Canary in Seattle hours later. So they go from there, fly over across the country to Seattle. And uh, this, I, I had a problem with this. Like I said, I talked to you about it. I know what you're saying. Batman's testing him. I, I think that is a little over the top to have Killer Frost fucking going. There's Black Canary with a canary cry. People could get hurt, damaged property, whatever I could say. It's right. a little over the top. It works out okay because it does show you that Black Canary is not just going to sit back and let these you know former villains or people she doesn't know just go roughshod. She's going to be there to stop them. She gets a little too See, fucking... It's not, in my mind, too, with Batman watching in the waiting in the wings just watching what's going on, because he gets Killer Frost to like you know walk up to Black Canary and try to get her on the team, yeah. and immediately we see that Black Canary threw the first punch. It's this whole thing where yeah. you know, not only is he seeing what Black Canary is going to do in the situation, but even though we've had all this redemption of Killer Frost like in the like past few weeks now, it's still one of those things. You want to see what she's going to do in action. Yeah, I don't, I like, don't think that that's any bit of the case. Uh, no? Because you're saying that then Batman legitimately, do you think Bat, what is Batman going to do when Killer Frost grabs onto Black Canary? Because she, she's dead. He, she will kill. What, what happened if he's wrong? And she, she would kill Black Canary. All she has to do is grab her. She's done. She is dead. And then Batman would just be sitting there in the shadows like, fuck this, and fucking leave? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm telling you, what the fuck would he do uh, for, if well, she does it? That's, there, the only I, thing I, I, I could think, think he of... Has, he has complete faith that Black Canary can hold her own for one thing. I, I, I'm telling you, at the point where she's going to hit Bla uh, Killer Frost and Killer Frost puts up an ice wall... All Killer Frost has to do is reach two inches and touch her. She's dead. She will sap all of her life energy out. She's dead. I, I don't. I think, but we're beyond the point where Batman is going to be testing Killer Frost. I think that he, he completely trusts her. The only reason he would allow her to approach Black Canary is because he completely trusts her. I do not think he would put somebody who he is still afraid could be a killer into that situation because she could kill somebody in two seconds and almost killed Superman. It's not like she, you know. Is somebody who could, you know, somebody could stop her. You, you really can't if she decides to be Killer Frost like this. I think it, if you're saying it's a test, I think it's more Black Canary to see if she actually steps up and tries to stop him and why. And mm -hmm. she kind of does. And it is kind of, like I said, he even approaches Black Canary afterwards and says, I need you because you're somebody who will put us in our place. If yeah. somebody does something wrong, you'll go and do it. Well, and I think seen, that's I'm all saying, it was. We've seen her do that a lot with Ali in the Green Arrow yeah, book lately. But Batman hasn't seen it. I do think, yeah. yeah. Now, the one thing that's funny is all of a sudden when Oliver is out, you know, he's not in the scene, all of a sudden Seattle's her town. Eric. Exactly. She's not, even, she's not even from Seattle. She's just there because she's, <laughs> she's there with Oliver. She's well, a, she, can't, you, she can't say Gotham's her city because Batman's going to take offense so to that. so ridiculous. I'm telling you, if you're reading Green Arrow or a Green Arrow fan, when she says, you came into my city, your city, whoo-wee, slow your roll there, fucking Black Canary, your city. She uh, doesn't but, have a city, though, no, because Green no, Arrow she called doesn't. this one, Batman called Gotham. What does yeah. she got? No, she had the Nashville. Nashville will let her in there. Take your fucking music career somewhere else. Go to she's Athens, Georgia. Yeah, she could be there. Uh, but yeah, it's when she's like, oh, you know, how dare you? And that's when Canary's like, oh, we wanted to see. And oh, who's we? There's Batman. It's so funny. Batman just peeps up. Hey there, guys. It's so weird. I'm telling you, this is Batman is involved in a superhero cuckold here. He's watching them fight. I I'm telling you, I would not even, uh, I could imagine him playing with himself. I know he doesn't, Eric. But 
but he's Stop sitting there watching. That. He's sitting there watching women fight, and then he just comes down. And that's when she says, "You're a long way from a, uh, you know, Gotham. Explain why you brought this killer into my city." <laughs> <laughs> Batman's like this is in your city, but yeah, he says I trust her, and I, uh, that's where I, I completely agree. I don't think that he ever would have thought that she'd do something, or he would not have put her in that position. But he says I started something new, a different team, mortal, not gods. And they stress this throughout that Batman thinks something big is coming down the line, and he needs a team. It, it goes back to almost the the JLA in the 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 new 52 yeah, where they yeah. had the team to defeat the just league this isn't exactly like that but it's it's almost like that it's actually to me it's even more like the jsi or the jli right. uh when they had that that team was set to be like hey we want people to see normal people on a team not these guys and that's how he kind of pushes it like this is supposed to be mortals that will inspire people that they want to be like them not just look up to them and I and thought you know, you know what's crazy too. Speaking about the jail, I like that. Is yeah. that I was going on and on talking about you know we haven't seen Vixen in a while. We had this whole yeah. reintroduction to her with her rebirth issue leading into this. But and I have not read JLA in a long time. I was doing, I was looking through some things uh, over this past week. Yeah, and I realized Vixen was a part of the JLA, yeah. and I could not remember her being a part of that at yeah. all. But yeah, that was a team that they wanted. To, like after the the Justice League, had you know people were uh, kind of afraid of how there needed to be, you know, needed to be oversight. Powerful you know, each, they the were. United Nations Justice yes. League. They wanted that. And also, remember when they were picking the team, we got to get people that people, you know, the normal citizen can get behind. And that's kind of what Batman's going with here. Yeah. I just don't understand how Lobo fits into that. that uh, Killer Frost doesn't even this. fit into that. Well, as, she's still me. mortal, at least. I she know. Wasn't, it's, she he's saying Lobo. mortal, but he's not. To me, it's not like, hey, I want a team, a team that can die. And I'm thinking that what, as it goes on, he makes it seem like this team is something that people can look like a Ryan Choi. Exactly. Ryan exactly. Choi yeah. is a tech guy. They can look and say, oh, look at him. Look at this guy, Ryan Choi. All he is is that, you know, a research assistant. I could get behind that. That's cool. People aren't going to look at Killer Frost that way. Or Lobo. Lobo's ridiculous. Lobo is the biggest problem I have with this team because, like, you know, as he puts it throughout this book, you know, the Just League, you know, people don't want to, like, I don't want people to look at gods anymore. I want them yeah. to look at mortals. Mortals to inspire mortals. To type inspire, of shit. inspire mortals to be better themselves. Exactly. Not just look, look up at a team that's going to take care of everything. Of and, shit like and, that, and if you, know? you go into and, it, I really do think that this might have been Batman seeing one when Eclipso went and everybody went nuts and were trying to kill each other and whatnot. I think that it, that really hit him, that they need some people to be inspired to help them God themselves, you know. But, yeah, I – Lobo do you, does not fit that case no. for me just because he's an alien for one thing, and he might as well be a god for the way that healing yeah. factor works. Yeah, he has that healing factor, but yeah, and uh, that's – But he does he, look like a dirty biker, so maybe that's does. part of it. He looks like a he looks like a smelly, dirty biker. But, uh, <laughs> he, Batman's, looks like, he looks like a gigantic Post Malone. Yeah, yeah, he does. He actually, he looks like a Post Malone slash goddamn fucking Gene Simmons. Uh, but yeah, then that's when can, he says, "We need you on the team. You're, you'll be there." Canary, he's talking about. You'll be there. That if something goes back, you'll be honest. You'll keep us honest. You know, that's why we want you here. And she's like, "You know what? Batman wants a conscience. Okay, I'm in. She's in, yeah. and it's fine. That, that's fine." She says, "I'll bite." Then you go off to Mammoth City, where, and this, this kind of goes in a way where once somebody gets picked up on the team they're now in the next recruiting oh, and, yeah, and like i don't like it it's very, in my mind 
This is very much, uh, yeah, you know what it reminds me of? It's funny. Uh, it reminds me of little giants when they're walking around town trying to get the kids to join yeah, the team. Yeah. And every time they get one, they show them all walking until they're a full team, Aaron. Yeah. Little giants. But it does remind me of that. But, yeah, they go to get Lobo. And I, I don't even understand. There's a bit of this. I don't even understand this. He's there, and it looks like he's pissed off at this gang he's in, right? Yeah, they're, they're, this gang is like, you know, actually, I think they throw him out because he started a fight because somebody said something about his yeah, brand. Yeah, somebody said about his brand, but I just, it's weird. I would have liked to have seen a little of this gang, and I want to know why they all have space cycles. Space hogs. <laughs> yeah, the space hogs, and he gets, and they throw him out, like, I mean, they throw him out, and he lands, and then Canary shows, and it's like, I don't know, to me, Lobo would have been like, you know what, wait a second, I, I got shit I got to take care of. They yeah. just threw him out of a fucking building. <laughs> And he doesn't care. That's and he's like, oh, the main man. No, the main man, I guess he doesn't care. But yeah, he has some pretty cool uh, interaction. And you get the idea that this is going to be the continuing interaction between Scumbag Lobo <laughs> and fucking Black Canary. And it's funny because Black Canary's a tough cookie, Eric. She's not going to take that. Uh, but she basically says, listen, Batman, uh, you know, you said you'd be around for Batman. He's got a special deal for you. And this is the one that you have to have it if you hadn't read the other issues or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't have even minded if you started out and it was Lobo and Black Can or Lobo and Killer Frost at that beginning scene, right. and didn't have to recruit Lobo because he kind of was already on the team. And then I can say, okay, this led right out of the Just League. See, the only Suicide thing I can Squad. see is you know Batman at the end of the J uh, Just League versus Suicide Squad. He, he approached Lobo is like you know anything you want, the main man will give you for free type of thing. Any job, and the, yeah. Batman said, I want you a part of this team, and we we laughed about this because I said a job, not a career, motherfucker. But and here he's not gonna hang out. He's gonna go and do his no. own thing until he like Batman calls his shit. There. Here's Lobo. He's heading out. Oh, he's out there. Oh Jesus! I like that sound clip. I just shut so do I. Yes, but yeah, I, it's just weird. I guess Lobo was leaving. And then he went back to this gang. I I don't know. It seemed odd. It seems odd to me that Lobo's just hanging in Mammoth City anyway. I mean, well, the guy. Apparently, this is where the space biker gangs hang. Yeah, out. the space biker gang. But New to Jersey. me, to me, he kind of has more on his plate than just hanging with the space biker gang. You know what I mean? And but yelling about his, his plate brand. right now. He, he's, he's recently a, been let out of a fucking prison. He's yeah. hanging out. You know, the and guy like, he made, have what any was he bitching about hand? the whole time? In that Just League versus Suicide Squad, the whole time he was bitching that he wanted to make some money and wanted to do some shit and be, you know, all that shit about, you know, bounties and stuff. That well, guy say, is going right off. Maybe he came here to get a bounty. Who knows? No, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised that Batman didn't tell him when he left that he wasn't allowed to leave Earth or something like that. Something that he's almost like he's on probation, like like Amanda Waller said that Killer Frost was on. Right. Like he couldn't go. Uh, it's okay. I mean, you have Lobo. He's hanging with a biker gang. You know, what else are you going to expect, right? But yeah, yeah he's in. He, he Space he's biker in. gang. And he's like, let's go. But I got some newest fishnets. You and me, we ain't that different. So yeah, the, the whole thing, even that, it, you're going to have... Black Canary through this series, at least at the beginning, trying to I almost acting like uppity, I think, about well, these like that, I am a hero, you're not, and you'll have that whole thing going back. And, and even forth. with that though, I think Lobo is gonna just continue to try to make Black Canary his biker mall. Oh, you yeah. know, because she looks like she wants. belongs on the back yeah. of the motorcycle yeah, when they're riding wants. around. Yep, but uh then from there you have Batman and Lobo go off to Ivy University uh to try to recruit Ray Palmer. And now, when they th get there, part, Ray Palmer isn't there. 
This part is a little forced to me, but I still kind of like it because Batman initially does not want to take Ryan Choi nope. on. He was there for Ray Palmer, and if yeah, Ray Palmer's he went not for there, Ray. he does not want to take this kid. But, like, Lobo's – they're hanging out in freaking Ryan Choi's lab waiting for him to show up. Yep. And, like, Lobo, he's just looking at all these equations. And he's like, you know what, kid? Yeah, he's, I he's really impressed. like the way you science. Yeah, yeah, because but Ryan Choi shows up, and Batman basically is like, teaching assistant – we're out of here. And yeah. Lobo's like, no, no, no. I, I think we should Batman do this. Batman was about to jump on the space oh, yeah. Jose, I'm telling you, I'm not going to hit it. But yeah, no. he was ready to hit the space <laughs> hog and, and head the hell out. I'm telling you, the best part of all of this would have been to see Batman in the back of the space hog hugging Lobo as they fly off to IP <laughs> University. Would have been fucking hilarious. Batman would have been just like, I got to stop doing this shit. Because we always laugh when Superman's flying him. Oh, it would have been good. But yeah, he doesn't want to go with ryan and he spells out that he doesn't want to put a kid in danger yeah. you know for once for once the guy makes it you know draws a line in the sand oh, ever what, since ha- Tim, come on no, i'm telling you what what should have happened is ryan would have been right on the team if two pages before batman adopted him if he was actually his kid then he's, he's in danger uh but no that's when uh lobo says well what the hell is this stuff that you're working on kid pretty good sciencey stuff and uh, Ryan's like, oh, I was updating the bio belt. I I like the way you science. Uh, <laughs> I like the way you but, science, kid. Yeah, but then uh, Lobo says, listen, Ryan, this kid, you're not putting him in danger. It's up to him. He can make He's his own decisions. He's make his own mistakes. Yep, and, and the whole thing. You know I that would. the whole thing. I, I like co- this. I like that Lobo recruited Ryan. Yeah, I, don't I know do why, too. I just do. And, and like, again, you, you want to go through. Like, you know, like we, we keep joking about, you know, how Lobo should not be a part of this team because it does not make a lot of sense to us just in the long run and everything. I yeah. like that he's being, like, you know, proactive and actually yeah. doing something. With yeah, and, and he's recruiting Ryan. And not even just that. It does show you fully that Batman is – he's changing his game. He's trusting Lobo enough to say, okay. Uh, he doesn't even say, like, it's on you, Lobo. He's like, okay, if you think that he should be in, he's in. And I think that he wants this team to be its own team as well as not just Batman batman's jla mm-hmm. uh but i do like it uh you don't even get it but you know that ryan first off what the hell i don't think ryan could ever say no to a batman and a lobo yeah. but yeah obviously we know that he's going to want to do this because he can talk to batman and try to find ray. i'd say ray That's, Palmer's all about the ray. biggest concern is he has to go to the microverse and find ray yeah yeah so he's going to do that well then they go off to the ray and uh the Ray part, very, very quick. Very, I, I, I'm telling you, if any of these are forced into just let's get this guy on the team, it's this. They send Ryan off to talk to the Ray, and the Ray is there, and he kind of joins up. I mean, yeah. what else is there? There really isn't that much to it, except that the Ray, uh, he realizes or sees him, Ryan, like, okay, you know what? I want to be a part of something. Oh, he's but just there a young isn't guy much too, other. and shit yeah. like that. So it was actually kind of smart in my mind to make Ryan do it because take he's, not Ryan. This, he's not this hero like Batman and shit like that. Who like you know, the Ray is just starting out himself. He he does not see himself as a Batman yet. But sending Ryan out there to like recruit him in my mind is like, yes. all right, here's a peer of mine. Let's go do this thing together. Okay. Yeah, and, and the the big thing about this in this scene to me is that they are pushing, and this happened in this week's Detective Comics as well, at the end of that that special oversized issue. It's really being pushed that Batman sees something big coming on the horizon. They, they mention that in Detective Comics, yeah. and they're mentioning it in here, where Ryan's like, I don't know. Batman wants to get something together. He's like, something's coming, right? Batman's building a team. People need heroes like them, human. And it is keeps pushing whether or not this is the event this summer, 
with uh, Scott Snyder, whether this is about that secondary book that they claim that uh, Jeff Johns might be writing by the end of this year, or if yeah. it's the full out event in you know a year and a half or whenever it is, I don't know. But it really is. This book is really being formed, and the, the, all the bad things are being funneled into this big quote unquote you know danger coming right. down the line. So we we actually like that they kind of keep it ambiguous like that yeah, because yeah. It, it gives us something to look forward to, and, well, like and it. it it's not teasing enough to get us pissed off like the well, Mr. Yeah, Oz no, no. Shit. And and here's the thing: I don't mind even when they do that, even when they t- tease us or whatever. If it makes sense in the book, it makes sense for me to Batman to say if somebody says, "Hey, Batman, uh, you know why are we doing this? Something big's coming. Oh, what's that? Fuck off, Shut Batman's. Up. Ne- yeah, he's never gonna tell them. So you could go with the fact that dead. yeah, you could go with the fact <laughs> in all this that yeah, that they could they, Batman's not gonna Mike let them dropped. know. Yeah, and I don't even think – I think at this point, Batman just – it's even kind of ambiguous to him. He knows something's right. coming. He's putting things together. Pieces are starting to fit in a puzzle, and he's worried that shit's going to go down, and uh, we'll see. But, yeah, Ray's in. He is in, Eric. Uh, and even, th- you know, who knows what, what's going on with the timeline here because you, even in the Superman title, Superman just faced something that was pretty goddamn big. Who knows what he's talked to Batman about in between yeah. this at this point. You know, he might have said something about the multiverse, all this shit that was going on with the Superman, about this catastrophic event that Prophecy was talking about. Yep. I yeah. don't know where it fits in, but that's a possibility as well. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, a lot of things come in, and, and that's why I like it to be a bit ambiguous now. Yeah. So you can kind of, you know, make it work in your head, and you don't have to. We said one of the biggest things that when Rebirth started, the biggest problems that we had with writers were when they tried to nail something down too much. And the big culprit of that to me was the Supergirl book. Yeah. When they made it, oh, well, I've only been on the planet for two months and, and shit Get like the that. Fuck it, out yeah, of it you. made everything fucking. All, all you have to be say is, boy, I'm new to this planet. Done. You don't have to go any farther. And again, that was Steve Orlando. This is Steve Orlando. This is better. He he is. Everybody who loved to hear me especially yell about Steve Orlando, those days might be over for the most part because I'm really starting to like his writing. Uh, well, he's, Super he's a lot still a thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but even then, even then, it's not as bad as the bad issues that we had. Uh, but now we're going to go off to Vixen and uh, – Vixen is busy being Vixen now, right here, and Vixen, I love Vixen. Vixen in my mind, I'm telling you, I really like the character of Vixen. This part is actually the most confusing in my mind of what's going on. It's a bit on. confusing. The only confused, the biggest confused, uh, confusement, is that a word? The, yeah. the biggest thing I'm confused about is that it starts off and Ro- Roxy Rocket has uh, – has stolen something from the Unnatural History Museum, and Vixen is on her way to get her. And this this Roxy Rocket, of course, is on a rocket bike, Eric. It'd be funny if Lobo was in there, and now we have a fucking race going on. It would have been pretty cool, a little sure pod racing going on. Uh, but instead, Batman shows up. But even before that, you see Vixen stop. Now this Roxy is pod rocket. racing, you bastard. Yeah, yeah, that's what have been. That would have been good. Uh, the weird thing about it is, is I have no idea. Somebody's got to get a hold of Vixen. You're in the city. There is a rocket. I don't know that funneling the power of the catfish is what I would I would call appropriate for this bit. It is a catfish, right? I might be stupid. It's a catfish. She's there in the middle of the road in a city. Catfish. She jumps up at Roxy Rocket to freaking take her out. Power of catfish. Power of the catfish. And the whole thing about it is, it seems like the only thing that stops Roxy Rocket is the the light. From the catfish. I yeah. didn't know the catfish were big with light. I, I don't know. And it zaps her. It's very odd. It's very odd. Is that? It, it looks like the catfish does have a little bit of electric. Th- I don't know. 
I don't but know. Even, even that, the catfish thing, that's ridiculous in my mind, but that's not the confusing part. All of a sudden, the whole thing is over. The cop's talking about this thing like, museum says this thing's centuries old, Vixen. Looks like more like more like something I used back in the Gulf, and I'm looking at this thing. It looks like a goddamn, like, a little monster yeah. that he's putting his hand into. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm telling you. It what looks did you like, use uh, in the Gulf, man? Yeah, it, it looks like, what was that crazy movie, I'm going to say it, I don't remember the movie, that where they're in that game and they have all those, like, almost like the uh, the crazy tech that their arms, I, I can't remember the goddamn thing. I'll remember later and get mad, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what Gulf he's talking about. I don't know this, what's going that on. That thing is like a fish monster gun. And and the, he's even this, looking at it like he knows how to, how to, to fucking use it. moving forward, though, because why do we look, have spent a panel looking no, at this you thing know what, and it's not going to come up later? It was Existence that I was thinking. Remember I've never watched movie. Existence. Uh, it was it was not very good, but yeah, it reminded me of that. They had it you like add was a, a Z game. to something. I'm instantly out just because and you know it had like these morphing. Clowns. Yeah, it had these morphing freaking weapons and shit that were kind of alive. And I I, I watched it a long long time ago, but yeah. Uh, then she turns into a bat to fly away just as Batman shows up, which was kind of funny. And uh, Batman wants her on the team, but she even spells out, listen, I'm kind of doing this Vixen stuff as a side item. I got a lot of things on my plate, and everybody wants the other stuff. I've got, you know, I, I'm a model. I've yeah. got all these charities. Oh, I've got all these yeah. things going. And uh, everybody wants the other bit of me, but he wants, you know, uh, the team and says the team is not a team without you. Basically, seems like he's he set he up. He butters her up, thing. is what he does. Yeah, I know, but it, it does seem like he really is hoping. And if you're going to go through the whole thing, this team was pushed originally. This whole book was a social justice warrior team. Yeah, she is pretty much besides maybe Black Canary, uh, but Black Canary's a lot of talk. Eric, she doesn't walk the walk as much. What she does is she talks and yells at Oliver to be better. I don't see her out doing shit. Vixen does. Vixen, that's her whole life. What she does as Vixen is to help, to help the world and things like that. And I think that he wants her in because I think that – also, here's the thing. We've already spelled. He wants this team to inspire mortals. She's famous, Eric. She's sure a is. famous fucking model. All this stuff. And Vixen herself is becoming famous and popular. He needs her. She's the face of the team, is what I think. It's not Lobo. Fucking Lobo. Uh, but, yeah, they go, and then you have the whole team. The team's in. She's going to join up. She agrees. And, uh, you know, they go. And also, that's is that another thing where it's like, this is our, he says, this is our sanctuary. Place used to be secret. It's what Lobo. <laughs> but I was like, "What the hell?" But they're at a, they're at the table, and is I that like what Lobo, I was going to say? He's the second. He's like the uh, what is it? The third one recruited then after Killer yeah. Frost. And he's, I just imagine he's sitting there. I'm like, man, it's a great place. And all these other people start showing up. God damn it. Yeah, I know. He's a, it is. It's actually the Simpsons with we used to have a great secret society going <laughs> with the stone cutters. And they were getting all mad. Now, this is what I was going to ask you then. Is that table very reminiscent of the JSA table to you? That they're yes, sitting yes, at that is. big – yeah, I thought so too. I think that was another bit that was but kind again, of pushing I, the whole I, deal. I can't really say that because I've looked, I looked at the table. There's nothing really you know, besides it being a round table that heroes sit around. Um, it just seemed like it know, would be something that they would. In my mind, they, they had that would. as well on the, uh, the watchtower, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like – it seems like it's spelling out that that was there. I mean the shit has uh, yeah. crud on it still, and I do think that that was kind of a nod that that would have been the I JSA was looking at that. Table. I was trying to find a way to push it even more, but I really couldn't come up with a real good reason for it. Yeah, yeah. And then, then of course, Batman yells at Lobo to sit down. <laughs> Lobo's a dick. And and I, I, like the I think I'll stand, we, boss. Know, I think I'll stand, boss. And he actually, you know, goes from rage to saying, you know what? I'm going to yeah. hang out. It's going to stand. Yep. You know, you're not the boss of me. 
No, yeah, yeah, shut up yeah but he'll now. shut up, but he'll stand. And also, that's the other thing, is if people were wondering, and we got mail last week about it, he does start calling uh, Caitlin Frost. Yes. He does say Frost as many things, and I do think that they're going to push her as Frost in this And I, I did it in my review as well, because I'm yeah. like, you know what, she's not a killer anymore, just yeah. call her Frost. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to do that, but I, I think it's also a way for that to be possibly Lobo, whoever, to keep calling her killer. I, I, I'm set on him still calling her killer Frost. Somebody's going to keep saying it just to dig into her, and it's going to be Lobo. Lobo is the dick. Uh, but yeah. I know, Black Canary could be it, too. That's true. That's true. I, I'm telling you, I didn't even get the idea that Black Canary was necessarily mad at her. It just was, you know, she showed up in the city and was known as a killer. I would hope that Black Canary is the one who can see past a lot of things and, and you know, realize that she's a good person. But they're going to have to prove it. They're going to have to prove it to each other. I think that that's exactly. why I didn't really like the real push of when you were saying, oh, Batman wants to see and set these lessons and things like that. I think it's good enough that this team is going to have to prove to themselves uh, who they are and what they're worth. But yeah, you end with, you know, this has like a huge splash page of the heroes going out. And it's fine. You know what I mean? You have them all there. The art, I thought, in this should have been a little bit better. This big splash I, I really page. Liked, oh, oh, and the splash. I'm saying, I really yeah. like the art in this. So like, oh, you know, the art in general, I love. But then when they're like, you know, heroism is a community and it starts with the Just League of America, this should have been a page that like knocked our socks off. And I don't like the way okay. Black Canary looks like. I don't uh, like the way that Lobo looks. Yeah, Besides Lobo that, looks so a little off. Yeah, I'm telling you, it just was a little bit generic compared to the rest of the art. But then you have the thing set up. I don't know if I like this. This is what I was talking about at the very beginning of like, right. ah, I don't. I, I hate when books do this. This is almost like Gotham Girl and Batman saying, you know, about her killing Batman and, and uh, you know, marrying uh, Duke and things that, like that. that Even that's the, a little more fucked up in my mind just because it talks about killing Batman. Yeah, I'm just saying this. I hate that we're gonna, you're doing this and you're, I'm going to be waiting for these scenes to show up now. Just show them later because you right. have you have what appears to be uh, the Ray killing Lobo or at least trying to you know, because yeah. he can't really be killed. In, in then my you mind, have, it's just Lobo and the Ray going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. No, yeah, but I mean they're really going at it. And yeah. then you have – uh, Killer Frost kind of looks like she's on Themyscira, possibly. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, and then you have Batman holding the Liberty uh, shield. That's and... the thing. I, I tried looking this up because that's Miss Liberty on yeah, the shield. Yeah, Liberty. Like, who is, uh, like, you know, Liberty Bell's mother. And I actually know, not even mother, it's a uh, descendant of uh, an ancestor of uh, Liberty Bell. But yeah. I don't know where the shield takes place because we have a guy off panel saying, the last person to face me with that shield died holding it. Yeah. And I don't know if this goes with the whole JSA bit. That's you know, what like I'm saying. going it further into to. it. But yeah. I don't know where this Liberty Shield comes from because I don't that's remember what ever I'm seeing saying it. Before. It seems to be a JSA type of thing. It's just I don't need that to get me excited. I, I right. want to see the team as – and then you see where uh, it looks like Ryan has found – uh, Ray, but he's he's off. You know what yeah. I mean, and all that, and even that. By the time that part, that panel seems very uh, unfinished to me, and so, I mean it got worse as it went down this page. Uh, but I just hate when they have that. Like that is almost like a a forced cliffhanger of future events that may not even happen. I don't need that excitement to keep me going. You're only in the rebirth issue. I want to just go on and see the day to day reason, deal. 
I saw this like when I saw Back to the Future Part Two in the theater. And remember at the end of that movie when they showed a few clips of Back to the Future Part yeah, Three? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. got me really excited when I was a kid when I saw yeah. oh like coming up next. I'm like, ooh Yeah, but did you <laughs> at that point did you know that they filmed them together and that you could like this these half these things may not even happen. That's what always yeah. gets me upset about it. Plus I don't know. It just I figure for the most part all these things are gonna happen. I, I the only reason I think that they put this is to show you that each individual character is gonna have something to do. That right. you, you know, yeah, Brian Choi. This uh, points out. Yep, he will be trying to find Ray Palmer still. And look, Batman still will be in this book going forward. And who knows what the fuck he's doing with the Liberty Shield? I say, you know, who knows? Like At this point, whole Batman's deal just might be him going off and like yeah. trying to figure out what's up with this JSA. Yeah, I, I do think that that's a big part. And I think that if if you look into it and all that. Uh, if we don't get a JSA book right away, it might be that he's looking into it because of this event coming up, and maybe he tries to find out what happened to the JSA to help in this big battle, and we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. But uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 7 out of 10 because I do like – as I like the art, it's just one of those, you know, all right, we got a rebirth issue, get everybody on the trolley. But for the most part, I knew everything that was going to happen going in. I knew who was going to be on yeah. the team, and I knew the beats it was going to play. And the biggest thing that I found interesting, though, was that Happy Harbor Sanctuary. I'm like, yeah. all right, now we're talking about some new shit I didn't think about. Yeah, and I, I, I'll give it a 7.5. I'm actually going to be positive there. I'm a positive fella uh, because I really did like the art. And I did, for the most part, I did nitpick some things, but I like seeing the team get together. And I actually like the interactions between them. I think Lobo's the, a great addition. I thought that he didn't make any sense. And even in the description of the team, he doesn't make sense no. on paper for Batman, but it makes sense in this book because even like you have the Ray, the Ray, a good guy yeah. in general. Yeah. Ryan Choi, normal guy. Oh, yeah. Black Canary, good person. Yeah. You, you need that. Person. You need that you wild, need the wild card. card? And yeah. the, yes. And, and Lobo is certainly the wild card. And even though they, Batman claims that Black Canary is there to keep them all in check, I actually think it's going to be the fun of Lobo calling bullshit on everything they do that will actually keep them in check in the long run. And I think him and Black Canary together are hilarious. Uh, And I I am looking forward to that. So I'm glad he's on the team. And now let's move on to mail section number two. section number two male section number two we're going to start with manship uh, i believe manship sees the light at the end of the tunnel is wanting to get more involved all of a sudden you know because <laughs> he's only 12 13 episodes was he episode 96 now 97 hey oh, bros finished episode 97 this week and thanks for the man shit shout out it made my day unfortunately my colitis is not curable but I can manage it somewhat. I don't know what he's <laughs> talking about. Routine is key, like hopefully taking a dump first thing in the morning, then showering right after. I had one of those mornings on Monday or so, I thought, as I left out a fart on the drive into work, listening to you guys, of course. It was hard to tell, though, 
as I had the car seat warmer on, so it was warm and moist down there already, but yes, I shit myself. Walking into work pretending everything was fine was so fucking hard, knowing that there was shit in my pants. With my condition, I always carry extra underwear with me for incidents like this. Speaking of shit, is it wrong to laugh and not warn her when the dog, who you just saw eating kitty litter, then goes and licks the wife's entire face? I didn't say <laughs> shit, get it? Your latest pop culture podcast was great, especially the Riverdale section. I can remember writing into the podcast when they re-released Archie Comics, trying to get you guys on board. Of course, I got nothing but shit from you guys, so it's great to finally hear good things about the Archie universe. As a lifelong Archie fan, does that surprise you? No, not at all. No, the subtle twists are fun to watch. The wife and I, too, are hooked on the new show, although we both cringe when Archie and Miss Grundy, or whoever she really is, Eric, make out. And that is from Scat Manship. Yeah, that's the big mystery now. I'm saying, though, does he just freaking imagine that Mrs. Miss Grundy is this old woman when he sees that shit? Yeah, probably. But, yeah, the, the big thing is who the hell is she? We don't know, Eric, because she's supposed to be an old lady. But yeah, well, that's the big mystery now. The hell with Jason Blossom. Now everybody, the big thing's Miss Grundy. Now, are but, Josie and the Pussycats still vampires? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh. And I'm even saying, who knows what th this last episode, not a lot of uh, the Jason thing going on. That's all in the back. I have new episode now. yet. Yeah, this one is, and I said to everybody in the Get Fresh crew, do, do, who will listen to it, and we have our own little Riverdale, or watch it, who have our own little Riverdale chat in the Slack chat. That of all the episodes so far, this one really finally felt like a CW teen show. Really? Yeah, this one's more along those lines uh, than having dark on it. It does have some darkness to it, though. There's some fucked up scene. Uh, but yeah, the next email, and thank you, Scatmanship. The next one's from Chisanga. Hey, guys. So I have a question for the entire Get Fresh crew. If your family was being held hostage and the kidnappers offered to let them go, if you started an online movement to get the remaining issues of Vigilante Southland published, like the Omega Men, would you do it? Uh, it'd be no. so funny. They're like, we got your wife and kids. The only thing that'll let them free is if you get that Vigilante Southland back. I'm like, God damn, you're the one fan. The one All fan right. has to kidnap my goddamn family. Now, now, are we talking about my family in this scenario yeah, well, or somebody who's normal? No, you would say your family. Who knows who the fuck they have? They, it's like a <laughs> fucking a plethora of fucking people that you haven't – some you haven't seen in years. Some you see occasionally. Others hang out with your friends now. Who knows? I'm uh, telling you, if, he, if they said, listen, we'll take your family. We'll kill them if you don't get Vigilante Southland back to being published. I'm like, well, how about this? How about that I guarantee you there'll be a trade and you only take care of three out of the five kids? Go, can we work that deal? Negotiations. That's how they work, kid. And then it's like, oh, but Jim, that's a Sophie's choice. No, I've already figured out in my mind who's going. <laughs> I won't say it because I don't want to upset them, but I, they know. They know they who it know. is. Yeah. But yeah, thanks, Jasanga, and everybody else can decide if they would do that. I don't think anybody would. It, nobody likes vigilante. Half the people don't like their family, so it's kind of a conundrum. Uh, next one's Travis, and Travis actually sent me a bunch more uh, emails last week at, that I missed. And I even said at the beginning, and he said he did send me a little email that I, I'm not going to read that, like, basically says that I don't love him anymore. Uh, but he even says at the beginning of the podcast, I read his first email. I'm like, we'll be hearing from him a lot more later, and we never do. 
So really? one of his emails, yeah, one of his emails from last week will be later in the podcast, but this is a new one. He says, Hey, I'm bored at work and not feeling well. So listening to the podcast and hearing Jim go on and on about how the Killer Frost rebirth issue was so bad. No, it wasn't. First of all, right. when Batman presses the issue to take Killer Frost away from Amanda Waller, of course Amanda Waller doesn't want this. She's going to fight back in whatever way she can. Why wouldn't she want it? Why? Tell me why, because this whole fucking event was set up basically for her to get Batman to trust the Suicide Squad and to respect them. Why would she go against it then? She's because now it's fighting still herself. Her play things. No, she's fighting herself now. Because all that, she has actually, like, at this point, she's walking such a thin line with Batman that Batman doesn't even, like, Batman's saying, you know what? There is some good in the Suicide Squad. Number one is bullshit. If he finds out that Amanda Waller had all to do with everything that went on, how many people died because of her? Yeah, shit's going bad. She would not want Batman anywhere near her from this point out and then fucks with somebody he's already said listen you can't fuck with her anymore she's mine but he says second what why the delay do you recall mr verner that the suicide squad members have bombs in their heads is it not possible uh for you to imagine that maybe just maybe it would be plausible for amanda to say something like okay but it's going to take a few days to schedule the procedure to remove the neck bomb again it's batman i would say no I would say, first of all, I think Batman would have his own procedure. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought it was nonsense. I thought it was all nonsense to be able to charge people another two ninety nine for a fucking book. That's all it was. And we got more Killer Frost and all the other things leading up to that than we did in that book. Have a Lobo rebirth, Eric. Lobo. Tell yeah, us actually, what happened. He deserves a Lobo Tell him rebirth. what happened between that new 52 Lobo and him when he got his head cut off and electrocuted. Uh, and maybe throw a little storm watch in there, too, so everybody yeah. can be caught up. Yeah, so that's why she's still there, having not just walked away with Batman after the event. Though, when Batman... Uh, again, why didn't they have that at the end of the event, where it's like, whoa, whoa, Batman, not so fast. We gotta do this. It really... In that, it really seemed like she was going to get in that Batmobile and go away. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she's not. During the time, of course, the Meg Bitch Waller wants to ruin it in any way she can. Have you never seen a movie where some good-at-heart inmate is abused by a corrupt system? Really seems obvious to me. Again, she is only inviting Batman to get pissed and looking into things, which was that whole event was based on him not doing but. So what was the point of the issue? Well, for one, this is the first of the JLA intro books that made me care at all about the character. This was a real struggle for her, which she struggled through the whole event, and she came through. I love that. And I'm telling you, at the point, I thought it was stronger at the end of the event when Amanda Waller says, kill Maxwell Lord. This was a guy who was a piece of shit that almost killed everybody in at least Washington, D.C., maybe the world. And she stood up and said, no, I mean, and with a neck bomb in her fucking neck and said, no, Amanda Waller, I'm not going to do what the fuck you say. That, to me, was more of a struggle and more of coming through. She actually stood up and, and really said, kill me. I'm not doing it. I'm done. And I thought that was good. But I'm just also, saying, in a do-or-die situation, I could say I gave up smoking or not light a cigarette there. But in the long run, I'm probably going to start lighting no, up one yeah, time. Yeah, but if, you, if I say to you... You know, hey, Eric, if you do this, I'm going to fucking, like, Amanda Waller could have just pressed the button and the heads exploded, which you would have thought Amanda Waller would have done because she didn't follow the order. And that's, I thought that was more important than her just fucking with her. And maybe and, she didn't, though, because she wanted Maxwell Lord for Task Force X. Well, yeah, but even then, when the whole thing with Killer Frost in the prison, it, it, the whole time she just kept saying, 
Amanda Waller's fucking with me. I even thought that put it down a notch as well because she knew what was going on. It wasn't a surprise. Also, and this goes for the story about Task Force XI, the point is to continue setting up a male Amanda Waller as a total bitch. We're supposed to hate her. This amps it up, right? Works for me. It's okay. It's I, weird, I, though, because you kind of, once you get that uh, Suicide Squad tie-in where Rustam has her kids and shit like that and what she's yeah. doing with them Suicide Squad now, it yeah. kind of takes away from that a bit because you kind of feel sorry for Amanda yeah, for the yeah, shit that she's yeah. going through. And, yeah, but, you know, but you also bitch. have this looming in the background. So it's mixed feelings. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. As I write this, I realize why I'm so annoyed at you right now. On the way driving in, I heard an earlier part of the podcast where you're moaning about how nothing happens in the Wonder Woman issue. This coming from the same guy who says the best issue of Trinity was when they had dinner together. Guess what? Some, some things, not, sometimes nothing happens and you simply see character development or story reveal. Filler, Reggie, filler. I love you, Jim, but sometimes you're an idiot. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I have to go back and listen. I thought you hated that Wonder Woman more than I did, but, uh, you know. I yeah, know. I didn't care for it. Yeah, I didn't care for it either. And, yeah, uh, the problem also is is that Trinity, that was the best issue because the rest of them are pieces of shit. And also yeah. I didn't understand what was happening in some of that book, which is always a problem for me when I read a book. Yeah. I need to know yeah. what's going on. Yep, but yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm now depressed. Brett's oh, the sorry, next baby. issue. Brett says, what's... You. What is up, my homies? Get fresh up, crew, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Holly Robinson, Pete, Denson, Mike, and Heidi, too. Some second thoughts on last week's books. Last week's books, quick. Batman, riddle me fish for a second. Do you think that what we see at the end with the Iron Bane scene is just what we see from the vantage point of Psycho Pirate's mask and his effect on both Bruce and Gotham Girl as well as Alfred while they are using it? Maybe its effects are really strong and affecting everyone in the proximity. I, I would say that'd be very odd, but we'll very see. Odd. You guys mentioned that maybe it's Psycho Pirate's Mask, but can Psycho Pirate's Mask affect others in the proximity? Yeah, I don't think it's Psycho Pirate's Mask. Now, what I was saying is, is just, mic- I thought it was, what I thought was, is if you looked and there was no reaction from Alfred and Bruce, I would have thought that you're seeing it from the perspective of Gotham Girl. And like then I said no. Yeah, I said no like because that. they all seem to react to it. Like now, I thought with, it was going to be Medusa mask though. Like I don't know that Batman has that. In my no. mind, he has to take Gotham Girl to fucking Arkham to get this shit. Well, he done. said in, in five in days. It's weird. He, after five days of this thing, he says the mask will be destroyed. He says it'll be smashed away. It right. didn't make sense to me. Uh, to me, it's all. Uh, it's all that makes sense. If Bane was there or a henchman of his, like you said, he'd just go in and wreck shop. Now, the other thing is you have this where you would have it through the perspective. I don't think all three would see the same thing either. So I, no, I think that's all. And, of course, the Robins are not dead, but I guess it could also be a dream. I used to uh, read Word Up. I used to read Word Up magazine, Eric, <laughs> getting all lost in the salt and pepper, <laughs> heavy D up in a limousine. That is true. Was it a dream, Eric? Did you used to read Word Up magazine? Do you ever read never, Word Up magazine? I never read Word Up magazine a day I in my life. I read Word Up magazine uh, at some point, but I've never read a Fangoria issue. What do you think of that? Uh, anyway, that's the magazine I used to collect when I was a kid. Yep. Anyway, I also liked Eric's take on the scene in the fast food shop. I never thought about Duke being there and how that is pretty messed up that the fast food joint would have a Joker theme and his parents are still Jokerized. I, I know, that's that that all of Endgame in general. I'm telling you, I thought that fucked. that showed that even Duke can get over 
over it and enjoy a good seasoned fry. <laughs> that was a good point, America's Sweetheart. Doesn't lower my score of the book, though. Still give it a 9 out of 10. Riddle me fishes, but it's a good angle I never thought of. Gracias. Superman last week. Jim hit on the tri- uh, hit, hit on this through the arc a bit, but may he made connections with the use of sound in the multiverse. My thought is, at the end of the issue, the very last word the writer used was unsound, and it was yes. big and bold. I'm going with the sound plays a big role in all of this, and at this point, if they give me another story with it ending with Oz taking more people, I'm going to build my own damn wall. Yeah, I'm sick of it, too. I need some answers now. Number three, Nightwing. From last week, do you think he is starting up his own version of The Outsiders? I got that vibe afterwards. Not like he needs another team since he is already part of the Titans, too. Uh, I don't know if these runoffs are going to be anywhere. That's the thing. We'll have, we have the runoffs. I don't know what Dick's role is going to be. You know, if he even continues, we get to see him being the council like guy at this goddamn meeting or whatever. The idea, though, what we got earlier is that they don't want any part of this kind of shit anymore. They're out. They, there's too many consequences to their actions. So I don't think we're going to see them really suiting up any time in the future. Yeah. Nice. So next, at the end of this past Nightwing issue, it ends with someone that looks like Nightwing but with a red symbol. I was wondering if it could be Damien from the Injustice world. Now, that would That'd take some explaining to do. Twist. And uh, it's weird. Is their world still destroyed? Because it they did get destroyed. Be, yeah. yeah, in Convergence, they were completely wiped out. I don't think that they exist anymore in this multiverse, but we'd have to see. But doesn't he become Nightwing in that verse after killing Dick? And yes, he does. Yes. And doesn't that book video game character from another multiverse come in to save the day? So couldn't the reverse happen? That would be so fucked up. They would have so much explaining to do. Book. But yeah, actually, I think in this whole roundabout way, I believe they are destroyed. But this question is mainly for Eric. Do you think Nightwing's ass is like kryptonite to women, Eric? I think it's like kryptonite to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Jim, isn't Nightwing already dating Babs? Helena, I guess to face her. I mean, Taylor Swift does say a, a, a player is going to play, 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 play. But I thought Nightwing was already with someone. Am I wrong? No, they, they kind of aren't really together. No, and no. Babs, she's dating. She's fucking, you know, what's his name? Ethan Cobblepot now, it looks like. And Jesus as we saw Christ. at the end of this issue of Background on the Birds of Prey, Dick is now in a relationship with DeFacer. Yeah, yeah, so it's all DeFacer. It's all DeFacer all the time. Your haters gonna hate, hate on it. Lastly, Force Love. Couldn't stop laughing. Got me thinking of other possible dating websites. This is for America's Sweetheart, since Jim will already know the answers since they are in front of him. Not because he visited the websites anyway. But this is true or false. Uh, Are these real dating sites? AmishDating.com. I'm saying yes, and it's very weird to me. I actually saw an ad for that. Uh, That is true. It is yes, because something must have changed, and only electric is uh, satanic, but not the internet. As long as you, as long, isn't everything with a cord is evil? I don't know what they think now. They they have to come up with the times. You got to make some money. Uh, clowndating.com. Clowndating.com. All right, just because I used to be a juggalo as a kid, I'm going to say yes. Yes, yes, it is, and it's oh, true. So Maybe weird. ICP as the spokesman. Herpesfish.com, and this is what is supposed to be a site for people who already have herpes. All right. It's, what, what is the site? Herpesfish.com. Right. Just because fish is added to it, and it does not make sense for me for a normal person to come up with that on out of nowhere, I'm going to say that this is a real thing because that there is has real. to be some explanation between the, behind uh, this you fish You know what thing. they say. There's only one letter difference between heroes and heroes. <laughs> True. 
heroes and herpes. I think he wanted to put, but he put heroes and heroes. But yes, that that is a that is a sight. I'm really you have herpes. Well, that's when, just that's, that's when just my herpes flare right up happen, Eric. I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't have herpes. That's where I met my wife. Herpesfish.com. Uh, oh, vampire passions. Vampire passions. Is that a dating site? All right, just because I want to switch it up a bit, and because I think. That is too normal of a name for a vampire dating site. I'm going to say false. That is true. That is God a that is a dating site. Vampire passions. And well, Eric's got to pull one. his big ass steak out and go take the, care of some shit. That's when you go out for a, a drink and a steak. Boom. That that better Boom. be the slogan. Uh, <laughs> the next one, furry mate. Furrymate.com. Is that a dating site? Just because I don't understand it, yes. Yes, it is. It is a site. They're all, he says I know technically they were all. Dating sites, but what the fuck? Uh, next wing, uh, next book he wants to talk about, Justice League from last week. You know what was really bugging me all week after I read this? How Batman mentioned the Star Wars movie. Thinking back now, that really pissed me off. Batman doesn't watch movies, or at least the Batman that comes to my mind. Maybe in his man cave at home, uh, that he has to, goes through his clock and all-star Batman, but certainly not in a theater. Wouldn't he get PTSD being around any movie theater? And really, that's the thing. I think he gave up movies then. Star Wars came out in 77. He was a kid. Freaking Star Wars already been out for a while. I'm sure he saw it. Yeah, he used to go yeah. to the theaters all the time. That's why his parents yeah. died because he's always had to go to the goddamn That's theater. That's what he's saying. He doesn't think he'd go since then. So if you want to say that it came out, you know, I don't know. It just seems weird. He saw the special edition in 95, I think it was. Yeah. yeah, what? After his parents died or you think that was before? I'm saying Batman is now younger than me, which weirds me the fuck out. So I actually don't know off the top of my head how old That's Batman is. He probably wouldn't have been like the first run. Hell, he created another persona to deal with the death of his parents, which happened at a movie. Granted, maybe he just watches the movies in his Batcave while brooding and shit, but the only way Bats would even watch these movies is if Alfred made him watch them. There would be no way he'd watch these. And even that was the uh, one thing. Uh, when Damien was uh, out and about in Batman and Robin, uh, back then, remember it was Superman who gave him a list of movies that he should watch oh, because yeah. he wanted Damien to, you know, learn some things. Batman didn't give him no fucking list. He did. No, no, no. List. It wasn't Superman. It was Carrie Kelly who, because it was C.K. No, yeah, it, it was. Clark, but it, it was yeah, Kelly. well, you're right. It was Carrie Kelly, but it wasn't Batman. Batman oh. didn't give him no list. Point and and also you had the idea that there'd be no way that Batman. That's why he needed the list from Carrie Kelly. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, in my mind, I thought it was Clark. Point is, in my opinion, if Alfred made him watch movies, he would be a Star Trek guy, not a Star Wars guy. I, I'd see Batman as a Star Trek guy. I'm not I'd saying Alfred's a Star Trek. Wars guy too, though. I, no, why, I don't why think you got to so. limit yourself? No, I, I don't think he would be. I think he'd be very technical and he'd be into that. I don't think he'd be like a. Uh, that's right. The last time he liked Every swashbuckling time. shit, somebody died. Eric. two people died in an alley when Every he liked that time, fucking I, I, Zorro. He watches Star Trek every time the Enterprise, whatever crew it is, fucking original or next generation, every time they broke protocol, fucking, uh, I think they would, he would lose his goddamn shit. Yeah, look at Star Wars. What, what would he do with that? But he seems in this. In Hitch's mind, he watched it. Uh, it's just weird. Why couldn't he just have Flash saying it? I'm not saying Alfred's choice is right or wrong. Me, personally, I'm Star Wars all the way. I do, however, also like Star Trek. I'm I? Star Wars fully. And Star Trek just, just does not interest me at all. Not I have in a good the time least. with it. Yeah, I just, it doesn't, it's not in the least. I just, I don't want to deal with it. Alfred is totally a Captain Kirk and Spock guy, which means by default so is Bruce. Therefore, all Batman would have to, would have said at this point in the issue was, Khan! I'm just <laughs> saying thoughts. So, Pennyworth, Trek, or Wars, Bruce, Trek, or Wars. And yeah, I, I believe both of them would be Star Trek. 
this next this question is for Eric and those of us joining in at the start of Rebirth. We hear name drops of these people, and I was wondering if you could clue us into uh, who joined in after Rebirth. Give us a Rebirth issue. What this question if. If for Eric and for those of us joining in at the start of Rebirth, we hear name drops of these people, and I was wondering if you could clue us in who joined in after Rebirth. Now I'm good. Give us a Rebirth issue entitled Dirty Ricky Number 1. Who is Dirty Ricky? How did Dirty Ricky get his name? Other than the assumption that he's dirty or, of course, Dirty Ricky's impact on you and your life. And there is no Dirty Ricky. There is no Dirty Ricky. Nope. There's no Dirty Ricky. And how about Stinky Jamie, Rebirth number one? Same question as before. Who is this mystery man and how has he impacted on your life? There is a Stinky Jamie. Stinky Jamie was a guy that my mother used to date when I was a kid who was allergic to uh, deodorant. Yeah, any form of deodorant. So yeah. he just even know how many showers he took. He took a bunch during the day, as like my mother told me. He would always just stink because think, of his I fucking body odor would come out. It's a fucking lie. Yeah, fucking over. I'm allergic to hops. Why do artists and writers need to be so inconsistent sometimes with a character from one book to another? What do you think of that, Eric? Why? I, I, I don't know. There's no, I don't either. They just, they seem to be. If you're listening, DC, and you should be since this pot is the bee's knees on your knees, on your knees! These boys will not sugarcoat anything. These boys will shoot you straight. If you want to know if you messed up a character or story, they'll tell you. Hire them for story approval and continuity. I'd like a new job. I'm a script there, supervisor. There is no oh yeah. There's no need for different types of convergences in the DCU and multiverse. We don't need Slug Waller and Scary Spice Waller. Amanda <coughs> Waller changes sizes more times than Oprah. We need to fix this. Thanks, as always, for the time. Keep up the awesome job, guys, and I appreciate everything you do. And for teen moms listening out there, I have some bad news for you. Wet Seal is closing their doors for good. Guess it's up to Hot Topic to pick up the slack. I don't know what Wet wet Seal seal is. You have my demands. Peace out, Brett. We're we're old. Next one is Haviland. Haviland. Uh, Would you think? I, I don't. Do you know the name Haviland? No, I do not. Do you think that's a guy or a girl's name? Girl's name. It is a girl's name. She told me today. All right. Uh, she actually just got a hold of me and said, you realize I'm a girl. I'm like, now I do, but I'll ask Eric. Hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. Insert whoop, whoop, sound effect of choice, and I will get the classic. Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Oh, We miss you, Brian. We do. Where is he? Ship. Yep. <laughs> I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about this week's Wonder Woman issue. I'm mostly caught up with the podcast. I'm currently on episode 108. Again, I didn't intend to write in until I had caught up completely, but I just listened to you guys discuss issue number 15 of Wonder Woman. I just had to get this off my chest. I read it two weeks ago when it first came out, but listening to you guys talk about that issue has crystallized something for me that I've suspected about myself and my relationship to Wonder Woman. I love Greek mythology. I love stories that deal with dynastic magic. That's what I loved about the New 52 book. We saw Diane in the context of her world, Eric. I agree. I agree. In issue 15, my mind came alive whenever there was something magical happening. I will say, Avalan, that uh, this issue this week, I think it's kind of hinting at that, but I just, I don't know. Greg Ruck is starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> a chained naked man by a tree with memories swirling around him, a present-day Themyscira, and even the stupid snake coming out of Diana's arm. When it comes to all the mundane stuff in this book, I couldn't care less, to the point where I didn't even notice that the hologram changed in the office scene with Veronica Kale till you guys were talking about it. I stared at that chained naked guy. I did too. Splash page forever. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. Looking at all the different scenes trying to find hidden meaning. I did that, too. So did I. I'm trying to figure out if that's our fucking brother Jason or not. Yeah, my head started hurting. I did all of that and never even noticed the damn hologram was changing. Which brings me to this issue, week's issue, where things happen, but to everyone but Diana. I guess we're we're going to find out more about Veronica Kell and the dark-haired white chick she keeps talking to. Dr. That Cyber. is Dr. Cyber. Is this even the same one uh, as the one in the present day? Uh, no. I, it is now. I love Liam Sharp. Well, it is, but it is it's kind Dr. Of, but Cyber. Not, not, but it's, it's not the freaking you know, uh, Colonel Poison, it's not like no. Dr. Maru. It's not yeah, that yeah. one. I love Liam Sharp and Bill Quisavelli's art, but all the women look the same in their books. I actually agree with that. And Dr. Cyber herself, uh, in her pre-Dr. Cyber deal, looks so much like Diana. She looks like Diana Prince. Yeah, yeah. She looks so much like her. I just I don't understand. But this issue barely held my attention. So there you go. Uh, I just said that, you know, Haviland would like this issue. I actually just like there's some hocus pocus I, magic. I actually dug this issue. I'm yeah, I, fucking I like spoilers, it. man. Damn, but I, still. I know Wonder Woman had but I guess I guess Haviland really wants Wonder Woman. And there isn't a lot of Wonder Woman in this book. Uh, True. you know this issue as well. But I know Wonder Woman uh, has this whole history of stories that deal more with man's world but rucka has yet to make a case for why i should care about it in this book obviously batman superman the whole rest of the dc universe deals in man's world but why should i care about it wonder woman's book (laughs) to me wonder woman diana is an interesting character because she is the bridge between two worlds maybe i feel this way because my introduction to wonder woman was in new 52 but to me she is the only character capable of protecting earth from godly threats and i like reading about those kind of threats I'm open to other kinds of stories with Wonder Woman. I don't mind having a storyline where Diana is very young and, and figuring things out or has lost her mind and figuring things out. But make the story about that. Make it about Diana. And if we break focus from Diana, make it about something or someone worth the distraction. I'm done reading about this blonde bitch sitting at her desk. <laughs> <laughs> or more accurately, I'd like to be done reading about this blonde bitch. It's a I testament. I'm sorry. The, the whole fucking thing with the blonde bitch, Veronica in this issue, I actually like this because I like it, it gives I, us the motivation. Here's the thing. I'm like it. I like it because of the motivation. I am not thrilled with Veronica Kale. I'm not one of those. Like I said, there's the people who were are fans of Greg oh, Rucka. The, the previous that, record run, yeah. Yeah, that they see these characters show up. Even Doctor Cyber, whatever. Uh, I think that he is still playing too much on the hype that he thinks it's creating. Because I really don't care. I'm actually. I like this issue. I like this issue. And reading and reviewing it, I like it within what we've got. You know what I mean? If I wasn't reading, if I wasn't too. reading and reviewing it, I don't know that I'd still be reading Wonder Woman. That's the problem. But yeah. since I am reading and reviewing it, I've got to base my reviews on what we're getting, what we have got. So I did really like this issue for what it is and seeing that motivation, seeing the origin of Dr. Cyber. But I'm not sitting there. You know, when the new issue of Wonder Woman comes in, I'm not like, holy Ooh. shit, I want to see Dr. Cyber. I want to see Veronica Kell. No, you know what I want to really see is Wonder Woman. Yeah. And it's it's starting to really grate on me as well. I, I think Haviland is the same thing that, you know, I want to see Wonder Woman. I, I'd like it. Like we have books where we say, like even Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, where like, okay, you got the core. Man, let's do something. Let's do something. At least we see them. Yeah. I mean, this book is be- becoming all of a sudden where we're not even say- in the the truth story or the present day. She's in a mental fucking insane. You know, it is starting to get me, and it is starting to get to me with the whole thing of it's like Greg Ruckett just thinks that his shit don't stink, and everybody should fucking bow down to his characters, and it is it's grating on my nerves a bit uh, because of that. But 
again, I did like because I'm in this book and reading it and doing this. Uh, this issue wasn't that bad, but it's a testament to how much I love the character and how good that year one storyline was that I'm still buying this book. Please, Greg, Ru- Greg Rucka, get to the point. This, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> how can we be two arcs into this book without any uh, sub- substantial uh, answers to the fundamental questions asked in the rebirth issue? The longer it takes, the more my expectations increase. Before, I just wanted to know what was true about her origin and what's false. Now I want to know who was lying to Diana and why they would come up with such an elaborate fiction. That was the New 52, by the way. Is there a way to talk about the New 52 Wonder Woman book that disregards the Finch era? Yeah. Yes, that's what we do all the the time. Believe me, when you say New 52, I... I, I, it's I go funny. Azzarello. I don't think of Finch, but I do get worried that other people are talking about Finch because then I'll get mad. But yeah, just disregard all that crap. The only you guys thing I have keep... to deal with that shit is because uh, Finch's run brought out Donna Troy. And since yeah. I deal with Donna Troy and the Titans thing, things aren't lining up from what no, we were told previously. No. That's fucking driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, that's the thing. I think that you nailed it right on the head there. Haviland, you think that we shouldn't talk about Finch? I think that DC has disregarded that whole run in so general. Do I. Yeah. You guys keep wanting Jason to factor into this book. Personally, I don't think Rucka is interested in touching that, so I didn't even think about him when I was staring at that naked guy's back <laughs> or butt. But maybe you think the naked guy has any connection to the snake in Diana's arm. She was bit near the same tree, right? I'm curious about the imagery of this man being chained. Bondage is a recurring image in Wonder Woman comics. See, look at me thinking about the magical stuff again. Anyway, I'm going to leave things there. I bought other books this week, but Wonder Woman is the only one that I really cared about. I'll get to the others when I've calmed down. And that's <laughs> how she said, P.S. I'm still rereading volume one of New 52 Wonder Woman. Damn, I'm going to miss Strife. And this version of Hera and Hermes and Zola. And she says, somebody stop me. And yeah, that, wow, that run is so good. Uh, I will say that there is a book next week that has a character that is a god that suddenly looks very, very much like that guy chained up. Uh, it's not Jason. It's another god. And when you see it, I'll bring it up next week. That'll be the hell are we talking shit. about? I'm saying the guy chained to the thing. And I, the you know the the guy chained to a yeah, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's a god in one of the books next week that looks okay. exactly like him. And uh, also hey, you the keep other. Telling me next week, I'm like, what? what no, happens I'm saying next I'm going to tell like, you next okay. week about it because I I can't you know I don't want to spoil things now. Uh, but I do believe I've heard people talk and I've seen things said. I do not think it's Jason at all. Only because it seems like Greg Rucka does not want to even deal with that and thinks it's bullshit. And it seems like <laughs> on this book, what Greg Rucka wants, Greg Rucka gets. And I just, I've had enough. I really have. Uh, where's, where's, uh, Choi? Fucking, what's his name? Is it Frank Choi? It was, uh, that artist oh, who was yeah, pissed yeah, off yeah. and hates no, Greg like, Rucka. And basically, about? no, and basically said behind the scenes, everybody hates this book at DC. <laughs> Allegedly. The last one of this section is Brandon, and Brandon says, Sup, fellas, 
Lucked in the box seats at the Sabres game this week. The team got their asses kicked that game, but I was in such awe of all the food I could eat and beer I could drink that I could have cared less. I mean, I think I ruined attending all pro sporting events for myself for the rest of my life because I damn sure won't luck into those tickets maybe ever again, and I can't go sit with the underlings now. Living like Mr. DC for a day was good while it lasted. Hell, I think one of the benefits of box seating was if you got too drunk, they even rickshawed your ass home that night. That's amazing. Uh, the perks of the 1%. I was lukewarm on this whole Riverdale thing at the start, but after rewatching the first episode with the girl, I ended up really eating with, with the girl. I ended up really eating my initial words and getting really into it. I just watched episode three tonight. Still has me hooked. Definitely the most PG 13 episode of the season. I'm still uh, hashtag team Veronica. But damn, Betty put on quite the little show in this episode. I used to sign my name to crazy any day of the week in my younger days, so I'm beginning to really feel torn here. My top three girls in Riverdale right now are number one, Veronica, number two, Betty, and number three, Cherry, he says. Hot, but she just pisses me off too much. Books. Well, needless to say, and that's Cheryl. Aaron. Yeah, I know what you're talking Needless about. Needless to say, my outing into the city this week cut down on my reading, but I did get a few in at a time of writing here, and I'll get to the rest. All-star. Ah, I hate to say it, but I don't like this book anymore. I'll buy it because it's Batman, but I'm just not into it right now. This feels more like an artistic showcase than anything at this point, kind of like Batman Europa was. It's nowhere near as bad as that. No. Jesus Christ. I'm not... Uh, one of your normal Snyder haters here. I love most of his new 52 run, but something here feels off to me. It's mostly these stories are so loosely connected. There's too many mental jumps for me to make in between the issues. At points, it feels like Snyder would be happier writing a novel starring Batman than a comic starring him. I actually think one of the problems is, is actually uh, goes against all my theories. This shouldn't be a rebirth book. It, it really no. shouldn't. It, it doesn't fit very well on that. I, I wish that it was just a regular, just series, but I don't know that that would change people's thoughts. Uh, but I'm telling you, the whole thing, like we always say, should be out of continuity. Yeah. Uh, JLA. I'm not here to shit on Steve Orlando right now after buying all the related JLA issues and not hating any of them. I'll keep this on my pull list for now. Good job, Steve-O. Jim, ask the continuity kid to help my simple mind separate the three teams. Justice League, Team of Gods, JLA, Team with Normals, and Justice Society of America, Team Throughout Time and Earths? He wants to know. Sure. Do I have this right? Is this how this is translating in a rebirth here and how the, it used the to be? The JSA, in my mind, are a team of superheroes from the 40s that have somehow magically or otherwise been erased from time. And I do believe they'll be coming back and there'll be explanations that go with the rest of the yeah, rebirth I mysteries. I, I still want to know how is it explained that they didn't come back until that much further on. The superheroes in general. If right. the JSA disappeared, so did a lot of other people because, you know, were they the only superheroes at all back then? Possibly. And if they disappeared, then it was fucking 60 years well, I, before I'm others saying, showed up. I don't up. know if they disappeared or if they're still out there because we saw that Kent Nelson, Dr. Fate, was out and about in the Dr. Fate. We know that Johnny Thunder was in the freaking, you know, old folks' insane asylum home, whatever right. the hell it was. So we know they're still out there, but what they're like, well, what they've been doing, who knows? Yeah, but again, nobody remembers them at all because even yeah. the people, he, they know his name and don't know him as Johnny Thunder. So obviously something has erased everybody's yes. memory of them. But Like I it has know. with a lot of stuff, like the Titans haunt of 10 years taken out of time. Yeah. Who knows You know, right now? Yeah. It's, a lot of the shit is like all about this mystery of the fucking time being taken. I'm starting to think we're never going to get a JSA book. It's you shut like, your mouth. Uh, I need it now. The Earth 2 is weeping. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We will see. 
Red Hood, goddammit, Red Hood. I would have been so mad if you took Bizarro from me. This is the best Bizarro story I've ever read, he says. <laughs> <laughs> There's an inside joke. Book remains awesome. Keep it up, Scotty. Ike Gents, talk later. Brandon at Beamure 360. And we're going to go off to Brandon and Trevitt. Talk a little Marvel. Still not sure what, what won the contest there. I would say that they're either going to talk about Black Widow or Kingpin, right? We, uh, that's we what I think. No, we, no well, we're idea. We're talk a lot about it when we come yeah, back. Yeah, when we so. come back, we're going to discuss this even more. <laughs> uh, how we doing, Weird Science? This is Brandon. I'm coming at you guys with this week's Marvel Minute. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by Travis. What's up? Uh, this week, the fans have decided, and you guys have, uh, in, a, in a narrow decision, uh, went with Black Widow number 11, uh, and that's by writers Chris Samney and Mark Wade. Uh, art team Chris Samney and Matthew Wilson does the colors. Uh, so we'll get into the blurb and, the, and then spit the bit here on uh, the, the penultimate issue of Black Widow here for... Uh, this series, probably until Marvel uh, spits a new number one out next month or something <laughs> like that. <you> know? <laughs> or after Secret Empire. So, uh, I got a lengthy blurb this week, so let's get into it here. I got, uh, well, alright, due to popular opinion, it appears our Marvel Minute this week is Black Widow 11, and I, for one, am stunned. <laughs> I mean, Black Widow beating Marvel's current iterations of Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Kingpin in a poll? I was puzzled. Uh, so let's investigate here. Being a teacher in my former work life, I'm going to give you folks a quick lesson here and a few calculations from the latest sales numbers I could scrounge up. Uh, and just how many people answered our poll, because I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> so this book uh, in December sold 20,000 copies uh, to comic stores. So let's just say for argument's sake, you know, 15,000 were bought. It's probably kind of high. Um, we had 39 people that voted in our poll, 14 ended up picking Black Widow based on our, that percentage there, so st stick with me here because I have a point to prove. <laughs> My uh, M. Night Shyamalan type twist is that... Uh, it's a this, twist. Yeah, that, that means little old me sitting here in Buffalo and our, our Marvel Minute poll tweet reached roughly 1% of the Black Widow fans out there Possibly in the world that buy this book. <laughs> so, you know, I thought that was pretty crazy. We, we hit 1% of the fans with our poll that buy the Black Widow book. Somehow. Or maybe, maybe nobody buys the Black Widow book and they, they all voted for it. You know, no, nobody that they wanted to hear about it. I don't know. And the sales are sad because, I mean, 20000 is pretty damn low for yeah. one of the best books that Marvel is putting out. This was my... Um, this was my wasn't this my book of the year or was it a close second? I, I think it was. Remember. I think it was my book of the year next to Moon Knight. Um, yeah, but I, uh, this is my first issue going in. So basically, here's here's my end result. He's like, uh, are you people begging to uh, understand why Marvel's hesitant to move forward with this Black Widow movie here when her comic book only sells twenty thousand copies? <laughs> uh, you may be a vocal bunch, but you're not very strong in numbers, you Black Widow fans. No, so no. Let's get on with this show here. Uh, let's talk about Black Widow 11, which is the penultimate issue. Uh, 12's going to wrap up this uh, this saga for the Black Widow. And 
you're gonna you're gonna help fill in the blanks here because this is literally my first Black Widow comic ever. Uh, like last week was my first um, Darth Maul comic ever. <laughs> so so we got a trend rolling here. Yeah, and I'm on this title. I read this title regularly. Yeah, you love it. I love it, and um, and it made me a Black Widow fan because I could have gave a crap about Black Widow before I started reading this. Book. Yeah, like like you know I. I like Wonder Woman. Um, you know, she's not one of really my favorite heroes, but um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that movie. I have to say, if Marvel, even if Marvel, you know, uh, massive Marvel Studios, successful with the, whatever they put out, puts out a Black Widow movie, I, that's not getting me to a theater. I'll tell you that. I'll wait for it on, you know, Blu-ray or digital copy or something. But I'm not going to sit down in a theater to watch that. Kevin Feige said that eventually they will do a Black Widow movie. And I guarantee when they do one that they will have another Avenger in there to, like, you know, yeah. to draw people in. Just like Spider-Man. They're yeah, I don't, I, they better do it soon Man. because, what, Scarlett Johansson is probably almost 40? No, she's younger. She's younger than we are. No way. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's got to be at least 35 to 40. I'm got. Listen, those Hollywood people, they play like teenagers when they're 28. So. Oh, she's 32 years old. Like Mark Paul Gosselaar is probably like 62 right now. She's uh, she's 32 years old. I just looked it up. I have no concept of actor or Well, the but only reason what I'm why saying I is remember... like, well, what are you going to have a... 40-year-old Black Widow, they don't, it takes time to make a movie, and if they don't have plans, you know, they they. Oh, we have, like, a 57-year-old Iron Man right now, so. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't really do anything, though, but stand there and get CGI. And I, and I think that they can, they could definitely stretch these roles out until, like, um, until at least they're 40, 42 or something, and she's 32, and I think Captain America's, like, 35, 36, so they got some time left. I don't, I don't know how much longer these people are going to be doing superhero <laughs> movies. I know um, they got like a few more left in them each, and then they're gonna they're gonna have to like do Ultimate Universe or something. Well, I, I think what they're that's what they're doing with like Spider Man and Black Panther. Like they're bringing in um, new characters. I mean, not new characters, but new characters into the movie universe for the future. You know, so by Phase Four or Five, the Avengers. You know, we might have Tony Stark and Black Widow and the elder statesmen of the Avengers show up, but the main focus will be like Captain Marvel and uh, Spider Man, Black Panther. You know. People like that, so I mean that's going to be pretty cool. Yep. Well, Possibly Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah. No, who knows? I, I don't think that movie's coming anytime soon. Well, I don't even want a Fantastic Four movie. I just want Doom, Silver Surfer, and Galactus. Like that's all I really care about. I want Doom uh, as the main villain in an Avengers movie. Fuck Fantastic Four. Like. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not going to wheel that movie out anytime soon. No. Uh, but anyway, we're here for Black Widow, and basically this issue kicks things off um, with two people kind of walking through this subarctic, uh, I don't know, secret base. Uh, it's currently owned and run by uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and they kind of have like a skeleton crew running this joint. Um, and we can see two people kind of through this vent, uh, an interesting perspective, kind of cool right off the bat, which kind of kind of reveals that, um, well, our characters walking through this base are being spied on. Yeah, I mean, this base, I think um, this base is like a big deal for S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, it holds all their, it's like their data bank, holds all their information, all their agents' names. Like, it's the backbone of S.H.I.E.L.D., and if it gets... 
like hacked, destroyed, shut down, then all their agents are going to be asked out in the cold. Yeah. So it's it's a very important thing. Yeah, it's like what well, it's like one of their last lines of defense. They kind of tell you in one of the panels there. Uh, yeah, you, you turn the page basically, and and um, you know once those two are done, kind of talking to each other and. Uh, this vent pops, and we have six kind of Russian ninja-looking spies drop out of these vents, uh, attacking who we quickly find out uh, in disguise as Black Widow and uh, one of these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, kind of giving her a tour because she's, she's disguised as an inspector. Yes. They're uh, in Antarctica. That's where they are, Antarctica. Yeah, it's just, yeah I said like Antarctic, sub, sub-Arctic. You're, they're like kind of underground. It's above ground, kind of disguised. Hard to see. Um, these are all, all these, um, these little assassins are, uh, they're all a bunch of 12-year-old girls, too. That's the funny part. Of oh, are they? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're all like uh, ranging between like 10 and 13-year-olds. Yeah, all of them. they're little black widows in training. Yeah, exactly. The little um, black widows training from the not the red room, the new new red room, pretty yeah. much. So, so these ninjas that dropped out of the sky, they're uh, immediately start attacking Black Widow, and they jack uh, this dude up for a key. So he's got some secret key we find out, um, and there are apparently six of these kept throughout this building in different areas for safety purposes, uh, because apparently if they're all turned. Um, from what I understood, uh, and maybe you can help fill in on the background bits if, if you don't, uh, if you know a little more, um, if all these keys get put in and turned, all the shields, basically information worldwide gets erased. All all the agents get left out cold in the dark. Yep. Like communication and transportation, everything shuts down for that organization. It basically ceases to exist. Yeah, and and that's it for. Um... Like, this is just a this-issue thing. Um, oh, okay. It's just, like, a plot device for the issue. It's not, like, uh, something that it was the series was leading towards. The girls are basically, like, she's... I mean, she's here to stop them from doing what they're doing, from turning the keys, but she's here for the girls more than anything else. Oh, she's basically trying to, to like, turn these girls good? Yeah, she's trying to stop... Um, She's trying to stop them from becoming, like, you know, from what happened to her. Like, she right. doesn't want them to grow up the way that she, she does. Did. It, she doesn't want uh, red on their ledger, quote-unquote. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're, like, some evil little bitches, and they do not give a fuck what, you know, they yeah, don't care. They do. <laughs> they talk some swarmy Russian shit to her, basically. Uh, yeah. The, the one... I, I'll just come out and say it. I didn't really like the art in this issue. That one panel on like page three or four, it's yeah. literally a oval face with two dots yeah. and a frown. Like it and looks a frown. like an emoji. And the worst part is, I mean, it's the bottom right, um, it's the bottom right part of the panel and it's, it's not she's she's not small enough for it, her face to be like that. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I mean, have, yeah, like her face is literally probably the size of her stomach. The yeah, you know what and I'm saying? You could turn like three pages down, and they will have her smaller in a frame on a page, and her face looks better. So I mean that that was just like some lazy shit right there. Yeah, so I don't know if it part. was a mistake that was made or if it was done for effect or joke. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I don't either. Because I mean, it looks there were bad. some there were some like you know kind of 
dialogue or jokey things in the book. Um, you know, the tone was definitely a little lighter than I, I anticipated for kind of like a spy thriller Black Widow comic. Is well, it normally, Wade, so. does it normally come off that way or? Uh, it's pretty dark with, with some funny moments. You know, I mean, Mark Wade is, is a very lighthearted writer. So even his dark books, like, have a little bit of lightheartedness to it, you know? I mean, there, there's some serious, I mean, the beginning of the book, for Christ's sake, she murders some children. You know, I mean, not her, like, when she was young. Right. She slices a child's throat, and they show it, and the blood and everything. So, but it just has, like, the, their moments, you know? Yeah. It has, like, a lot, a bunch of funny moments, because that's what Mark Wade does. I mean, that's just how he is that's when he writes. Yeah. I mean, the, this series has been really great so far. I mean, this issue was a little, was a little down for me. Uh, it's not the best issue of the series, but it's not, you know, it's not bad by any means, but from what, from like the first arc, I mean, if you read the first six issues, you'd, you'd be pretty souped about yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like it was, it, it was so good. <clears throat> well, so good. These six spies kind of go throughout the building, uh, trying to locate the other keys, uh, you know, uh, they they want to take take this agency down, um, you know, put Shield in the dark uh, for this issue anyway. And uh, Black Widow basically gives chase, and that's what pretty much the entire second act of the the issue is is, is her meeting these girls in different areas of the building, and these girls Fighting. grabbing the keys from different Shield members in in that area, and then. Black Widow recovering the key from the girls in in different ways. Um, you know, you got anything to add as far as that goes? No, not really. I mean, that pretty much sums up the whole thing. It's basically her just kicking ass throughout the book. And there's um, actually there's another page right here with some with some bad faces on it. Um, yeah, it's, I think some of some of my problem. Um, you know, I did. I guess the art wasn't. It was just inconsistent, I guess, as part of the thing. I think my more of the issue I had was with just the color choices because sometimes there was so much black well, going on you couldn't really tell who was who and and what. Yeah, was it was what. it was heavy. The head, the black was heavy in this issue. Yeah, I mean there, these colors that you and and I love the colors for the most part. Like in most issues, uh, I think Matthew Wilson's great on colors. Every book that he does is fantastic, and he does both Thor books. He does this. He does Paper Girls. Like, and um, I mean, you could tell he's he's got different styles and tones for different books because if you go from Black Widow to Mighty Thor to Unworthy Thor to Paper Girls, each one of those books looks like it was a different colorist. You know? Yeah. You know, normally you can tell like um, like if you see a book where Ivan Placencia does it or Chris Sotomayor, like usually his colors are the same no matter what book he's on. He has that particular color palette of style. But Matthew Wilson adapts to the stories that he's in. So, I mean, I, I like the colors here. It, it really fits it. And there's a lot of black and a lot of red. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I said there's like four colors in this book. It's like black-ish, <laughs> different blacks, red, yellow, and orange. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, it, that's what you're looking at. It's very like I think of like Cold War Russian like like that's yeah. I mean that's the feel. I mean here here's here's what I'll say is that those are essentially the colors that are used in Old Man Logan almost all the time but yeah. the art is way more detailed and way easier to follow and figure out what's going on in that um, 
Just I, like I, I guess just the lines aren't really pronounced in this in some of the fights, and, and it's, there's so much black in the b- background that the characters blend in with it. It's it's that's just some of the points, you know. Yeah, this um, is Sam Nee's style. I mean, he's done some some Daredevil and some other titles, but I mean, this is pretty much what his style looks like, and I, I like it because it reminds me of um, Sean Phillips a little, who do, who works with Ed Brubaker all the time. Yeah, like he does Killer Be Killed, but should, yeah. but Sean Phillips is a little more. Uh, well, a lot more detailed, and sometimes his looks vividly real in comparison to Samney. Kind of is a little cartoonish, but um, but I like it. I think it's fitting. Well, and he's a co-writer on the story with Mark Wade too. He's not yeah, just um, yeah, the no, artist. He's actually yeah. Uh, I don't know how much Mark Wade's really writing this book because he's. So this well, they did the second writer too. And they did the same thing. Um, they did the same thing when they worked on Dale, Daredevil together, which I, I think his writing credit is basically they plot the story and uh, and like the paneling, but uh, Mark Wade writes the script. You yeah. know. Well, as they get you know towards, I guess what you could say is the end of this facility. Uh, Black Widow kind of has all these keys in her possession. And she gets basically to this last room to to encounter the last bad guy who has this uh, hostage, and she's pretty much you know doing the the old um, you know I got you around the neck and you have no shot at me type type move. Yeah. Uh, and Black Widow basically takes it as a challenge, so she puts two through the dude's arm to hit the girl. Uh, y- you could tell she didn't really want to shoot her, but the girl really left her no choice, and, and she needed this last key. Here, here's the weird part, though, uh, and kind of one of my problems with the issue. You need all six keys to to get this thing to work, correct? Well, one of them's a dud. Well, the reason why you need all six keys is because one of them's a dud. Right. One of them doesn't do anything. Well, here's my thing. Like, Black Widow has five of the keys at this point in the story. She just needs to get the freak out of the building, and these girls have no, no point of being in here because they can do nothing. If they have one key, it could be a dud. It could not be a dud. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, they're not going to give up their mission to you know retrieve the rest of the keys from her. Not not to mention that like yeah, you know, but their she, boss is Black there. Black Widow watching. just needs to get the hell out of the building. <laughs> she just needs does to not be in but that building. The reason why she doesn't Those leave keys only work them. in this quote unquote machine. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Get the freak out but of the building. The machine's working. But the the mission is not what brought her to this facility. Well, it, it is and it isn't. What brought her to the facility is she's following these girls. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes, so that's, that's the reason why she's not leaving is because they're her mission. They're her top priority. Even though you know she even says a thing about like saving Shield's ass with no thank you. Basically, you know I mean because it's a it's a pretty much a secondary because she's on the outs with Shield right now because they think she's a. Tr- traitor pretty much because everyone's a traitor well that's (laughs) that's the first story arc which the first story arc is basically the whole story arc like it's this this story is continuing from issue one all the way up and um that that was the whole deal this uh the weeping lion pretty much blackmailed her to you know to do missions for them you know you know, it was basically two people. It was this big guy who was the front guy, the face, but the real weeping lion was that uh, the telepathic kid. But he's dead now. He died last issue when uh, her and the Winter Soldier went to the moon to see Nick Fury. Because Nick Fury had a message for Natasha. Okay. 
I can't remember what that message was offhand. <laughs> well, uh, basically, Natasha approaches this girl who's laying on the ground after she's supposedly shot to realize that none of the blood is coming from her and it's all coming from the hostage's arm, uh, which which catches her off guard and she takes a kick to the face uh, oh, yeah. from this girl. Uh, from and Rec- then, magically, what? Recluse is, is on top of her. Yeah. With her high heels, her stiletto, yes, like she's digging mm. that into her ear, and she drops all the keys when she gets kicked in the face, and Recluse yeah. comes, and and Recluse has been following Natasha like for a long, for a while now. You know, I mean, they they've gone at it a few times, and and usually Widow kicks her ass, but uh, this time you know, she 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 just couldn't do it this time. Yeah, well, she I mentioned mean, she's like the the head lady of of the school now. Uh, yeah, the headmistress. Her her mother was before, and her mother is the woman who who created Black Widow, pretty much. So. Yeah. In in um. She killed herself. <laughs> she blew her brains out. Her own. Yeah, she blew her. She she you know she put a gun to the side of her head. And boom, because um, oh god, I don't know why I read too many, but it's escaping me right now. Uh, something happened where. Uh, I don't know if it was information she didn't want someone to get because she was captured or because of her failures, but she blew her brains out, and um, Recluse took over the you know the little assassin school, and now she's in charge of all the little murder girls. All right. Well, and and this isn't the first side mission. This isn't like basically all the like the past four or five issues have all been stories like this where she's following this, these girls places i mean the last issue um one of the girls was following her but there was one where they went to uh washington i think they were in the white house she followed them too and like there are a few stories where you like you know it opens up and you see widow and she's like undercover in some shape way or form and you know she's trying to find out like stop these girls on yeah. their missions but you know it's been pretty cool so far this was right. a little Lower, well, but. Yeah, well, let's wrap this up here. Uh, we, we always do things the same way here. We tell you guys to buy it, to borrow it, uh, to forget it all together. Um, and this, you know, being my first, for kind of first issue of Black Widow, probably not really the spot to jump in, being the penultimate issue. Yeah, I wish I, you, I wish this wasn't where I wish this wasn't your first issue so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the action. Yeah, I, I definitely. Would love to see, um, you know, uh, just a, a series, a, read an action series is, is definitely up my alley. And that's um, what this book is. I think you'd like it because there's not a lot of, because it's exactly right up your alley. Because, you know, the thing that you hate about Bendis so much is that, you know, it's too much fucking talking and no action at all. And this is like, you know, there are a lot of panels and pages in this book where there's no talking at all. It's just yeah. action. You, you just know? follow it with your eyes. Yeah, it, yeah it's cool. Um, the, the dialogue was pretty clever in some spots and, and it does a good job of, uh, just, just being straight and to the point. So, you know, the, the few panels that do have a bunch of words in them are like beefy and full of information that, that you really just take in and, and moves the story along. Um, yeah, they get and, you right and to you the go point. Back to, yeah, you go back to moving the story, uh, following the fight. Uh, the art, like I said earlier, you know, it was definitely a miss for me as far as the art goes. Um, just, just a little kind of muddy overall, and you could tell it was rushed. I liked literally the the one page at the end where Black Widow's on the ground and her face oh, is like super detailed, looked great. 
I was just uh, going to say, my favorite um, panel was, Yeah, it was pages. probably like my fi- favorite panel. And Where she's Splash standing on page her head with, like Betty Page. Uh, yeah, Recluse standing over. Uh, Black Widow looked pretty good, too. But that was kind yeah. of about it. And even some of the, uh, you know, like, fight scene Splash pages looked muddied up. And it was tough to see who was punching who and what was going on. Because they're in a dark place. Yeah, like, so... Very dark place. You know, as far as buy, borrow, or forget it all together, this would definitely probably be like a marvel unlimited title i would check out but it's it's not a book i would buy in the in the store you know i'm not a black widow fan uh this issue if i picked up when it wouldn't get me to pick up the next one and see how it ended um so so it would probably be a forget it for me but i i would see how you know fans of the series would definitely enjoy it and could see how this issue would be a misstep and just not as much care putting into it with the series coming to a close. I don't know how true that is. I forgot who said that to me. I don't. I, it might have been Alex or Mark. I, I forget who said it to me, but someone was telling me that this, and it was funny because both were supposedly ending on issue 14, and I think this is issue 11, yeah, and Moon Knight's on 11, and these stories do not feel like they're coming to a close anytime soon. Uh, yeah, well, that's so what I, happens when events come out. And, and I researched things, it. Things end up ending. Well, I tried to find... Quicker than they're supposed to. Yeah, well, I tried to find a shred of information that Moon Knight or Black Widow, like I scoured Google and the internet and Bleeding Cool and Newsarama, I could not find word one about these books ending. So that Marvel I, doesn't, they I'm don't taking that with a grain. They of salt. Yeah, well, they don't release cancellations. They they just kind of solicit the trade on yeah uh, Amazon and and that's the end of it. That's how but Marvel. The, the rumor I heard was they were ending because the creators wanted to end them, not because Marvel. So I'm I'm taking that with a grain of salt right now. That's so also what you say to keep your sales up when you want yeah, yeah. That's two issues. So what do you what do you think about it? Um, it was a tad bit down for me. Uh, I think. If this is not a hop-on issue by any means, like, uh, if, if this is going to be your first outing with Black Widow, I think you should go back a few issues. I think you should go back to, like, issue number eight or nine and, and pick it up from there. And I think this would, um, you know, feel a little more complete. It would make a lot more sense for you because uh, you'll, you'll get information in those books that would, you know, completely make this m- more exciting and... and uh, you know, make a a lot more sense um, as to, you know, the questions of, like, why she wouldn't leave and whatnot. And, um, I mean, I like the art. There were so many. There were a few panels where it was uh, a little messed up, like, you know, with the two dots for the eyes and the yeah. line for the mouth. And, yeah. and that happened a couple of times in this issue, which is really pathetic because... There are a lot of pages where the faces are so on point, and then there are pages where the faces are like, Meh. but um, previous issues were a lot better art-wise. But I, I do love the art and, and the color tones and uh, how this book kind of just makes me feel. Um, <laughs> it, it, it turned me into a Black Widow fan. Like I, I could have gave a shit about a Black Widow movie until I read this book. When I when I started reading this book, like the first story arc, I was like, oh man, this story arc right here could be a Black Widow movie. And and I, I you could it could be a, a standalone self-contained movie from the MCU, and I think it would work better that way because it's just like a yeah, straight it, on it, email. Yeah, I, I swear the drawing looks like movie storyboard drawing. It doesn't it really look does. like comic book art to no. me 
it, it looks like movie storyboard. But um, this for me is um, man, it's it, it's hard to say. Like I want to tell someone to buy it, but it's not a good hop hopping on point. So I would say it's a borrow. And and if anything piques your interest at all, I would go back a few issues. But if if you don't like this issue at all. You know, I mean, I, I then you know, I guess it's just not for you. But I would say it's definitely a borrow yeah. because you know, I mean, it, if anybody started from issue one or, or even issue number seven, like uh, or six or seven, uh, I think uh, this would translate a lot Excellent. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Black Widow for this week. Um, you know, we're gonna do the poll again next week, guys. We probably won't have four choices because. Uh, <laughs> really spread everything uh, kind of thin, so it'll probably it really be two, uh, two or three at the most. Um, I'm honestly enough. surprised we're not doing Renew Your Vows or, uh, or yeah, Kingdom. that 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 was kind of my point in the beginning. I was really like, you know, you you have a Spider-Man title, you got a what were our other choices? Now I'm blanking. Uh, uh, Spider-Man, all new Wolverine. Movie. You know, everyone kind of loves Laura, and and that movie's coming out, and then. Uh, Kingpin was the number one, which was the the one that barely lost out. So yeah, it was like uh, a I, I was surprised that when the number one throwing the number one issue up there would kind of grab some some, some votes, and it did, but not enough. Uh, but but look for that on Sunday. Uh, we'll see what issues come out, and we'll post, uh, and you guys vote, and we'll uh, let you know what we think. Um. But until that time, you guys can find us on Twitter, as always, at vmer3660. Trevitt, where, where can they find you at, man? You can find me on Twitter, at Afronatics, or on Instagram, at Trevitt's Comics. All right, guys. Uh, so party's over on this end, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Peace out. I spy with my little light. I spy, I spy with my little light. Ah, we are back. Eddie. Yes, we are. How are you doing? It sounds like you're trying to talk like Twin Peaks again. Can you go into the store tonight? <laughs> no, I just no. had a stroke. I was going to say, it's snowing. I'm, <laughs> I'm eating I'm not too going much to fried foods. I'm going the minute that we're done these books. I'm off to the goddamn store, Aaron. I'm going to take advantage of this day. And uh, get my shit done because I have to go food shopping usually at 7 o'clock in the morning on, on Saturday. I want that Saturday morning to be mine. Damn right. Mine, all mine. But we just heard Brandon and Trevor give us You don't watch cartoons and the, shit? No, I probably watch TV shows. It might be cartoons. I'm not sure. <laughs> that Castlevania cartoon out yet? Can I no, get, a, get a hold no. of that one? Not yet. So I, I think I'll just watch, uh, you know, Captain N. Or, uh, the maybe Game Master? I'll, yeah, the Game Master. Or maybe I'll watch the old Dungeons & Dragons uh, cartoon so I can get my you Willie Ames fix. You should check out just because it's an awesome cartoon. That what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon on Nickelodeon. Oh, that new Teenage New Mutant Ninja it's not that Turtles cartoon. Anymore. It's newer, but it's not new. Yeah, I'm not checking that out. I'm not awesome. A, I'm not a turtle faniac. Fa- Isn't that what well, they call them? I, I don't think they call it that, <laughs> a but turtle-y-ac? after you watch this cartoon, A turtle-y-ac is what they say? No, nobody calls it's it weird. That, that that was one of those things. We we've talked about He Man. He Man was like should have been right in my fucking oh, yeah. zone. Uh Ninja Turtles came out a little too late for me. 
they, they really did. I, I was a guy who I didn't even read comics, Eric, because I didn't want to be looked at as a nerd. Back in my day, that shit, you get beat up for that stuff. I mean, somebody would come in and see you with a comic book. They'd hit you over the face with a fucking baseball bat. And the <laughs> thing is, it was allowed, Eric. They, you, the teacher would come in. Why did you hit Jim in the face with a baseball bat? He was reading a comic, Miss, yeah, Mrs. Thompson. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's what happened back in my day. People were not nice. And, people were nice back in my day, but luckily I was a big guy, so nobody fucked with me. Oh, a big guy. They just didn't know that if they looked at you wrong, you'd fucking start crying back to your mama. Oh, my God, I would start crying, crying back to your so mama. <laughs> yeah, I just got mad, but I, I still, I, I can't say that I was strong and would be like, I didn't care what people thought, because most of the time, people do care what people think. You know who didn't care what people thought? Damien Black. Eric, that guy walked around in goddamn pajamas. <laughs> And I'm still angry at him, so there you go. He may Fucking or may guy. not be dead, but if he's dead, Fucking it's a guy. good thing because yeah. with a name like Damian Black, you know he's going to grow up to be a supervillain. Damian Black, he was a supervillain, I think, to his own self. He was a self-destructive guy, I believe. I didn't know anything about him. Guy smelled. Yeah, you just hated Allegedly, him. he smelled her, and he wore pajamas. I yeah. didn't get near him. He, and it was weird because I think I don't know anything about the guy, you know, his sexuality. But the ladies did seem to like grab onto him as like the, you know, the typical gay best friend type deal. I don't think he was gay. I think that he was in. He was in her. Can you know what I mean? A little <laughs> under the table action going. You know, you know that stuff, right? No, I've been in a relationship way too long for that. Have you? So have I. I said we were talking about on the pop culture podcast. uh, My family, uh, my youngest son asked me how it was to be in a sexless marriage. Uh, He's just turned 11. And then this morning I get up and he has made this avant-garde fucking creation on the wall (laughs) where he made a penis out of individual post-it notes on the wall. And each post-it note had a... Were there balls? Yeah. And each post-it note in this big fucking thing had a hashtag that was just, you know, killing me. It's like hashtag sexless marriage, hashtag Bigfoot penis, shit like that. Weird stuff. Weird stuff, Eric. He's an artist, your son. He's an artist. He thinks he's an artist, Eric. Uh, Yes, that was just Brandon and Trevor talking what we think would be kingpin number one. We are recording this earlier, so he does have a poll up. Kingpin number one is actually winning, but Eric, as I said to you, I just retweeted. I did not see the tweet. I retweeted it now, and immediately they got like 15 more votes. Kingpin has fallen behind. Oh, God. Yes, Black Widow number 11 has surged in the lead. Why would you do number 11? I don't know how it's going to end. Number one. It's funny. Everybody knows what he talked about. We have no idea. And I'm looking at this, and I'm wondering why. I, I know. Even at the fact, if you said to me that the whole thing was uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws number seven or JLA number one, and I had a poll, I would vote for JLA number one uh, yeah, because so I. I know what I think of Red Hood. You know what I mean? These people are voting for Black Widow because they're fans of Black Widow. How about you find out what a number one is like, unless maybe yeah, they read people. it, Eric. They read it and they don't like it. I don't know. I, no I think idea. a number one is what you go with all the time, right? I would think so. Yeah, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh so this go now. See if uh, there's any more. Nope, it's still Black Widow is rising in the polls, Eric. It's so, yeah. number one with a bullet. So you Brandon might have heard. Just got done talking about Black Widow. Yeah, you might have heard Black Widow out of nowhere. 
Uh, we're not all talking new Wolverine, some yeah, number. Uh, all new Wolverine I thought was going to be the one. I told you when I retweeted because I didn't see it tweeted out. So I retweeted. I thought, oh, no, a lot of people in the Get Fresh crew, doo, doo, including myself, love all new Wolverine. And especially since Laura X-23 is in the, uh, the Logan movie, I thought, OK, that even pushes it even more. Yeah. Uh, but nope, Black Widow. That's odd. That is very, very odd to me. But we're not going to be talking Black Widow, Eric. We're not going to be no, talking not. no Kingpin or no... no you Wolverine. already might have heard them. The other one is Renew Your Vows was another pick. And uh, that's number four. I just think Brandon put that because he likes that, Eric. Who the hell wants that? Who even knows what that means? I'm not renewing my vows. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Why not? Afterwards, you might get some sex out of it. No. I told my sons the big joke. You know, what sort of cake always keeps women from having sex? Wedding, Wedding cake. cake. Boom. Bam. Now, Logan yelled birthday cake when I asked him. <laughs> it don't make no sense. Then I was going to make the joke to them about, hey, I'm like Santa Claus. I come once a year. And I, I thought that was a little inappropriate. A little bit. Yeah, little I bit. don't know. They say some things, but Daddy doesn't need to say that as well. Daddy! <laughs> All right. Let's get on with it, Eric. What are we All talking right. about in this section? What, before we even go, you know oh, what shit. books we're going to talk about. What would you call this section? Because this would be a very weird section to spell out. What would you call this section of books? These the, three books. The books that didn't make the first section. Okay. That's pretty. Uh, the books that didn't make the first section and one that got tacked in is what I would call <laughs> Because we are, oh, I'll even spell it out. We are going to be talking about All-Star Batman, Red Hood and the Outlaws, and Supergirl. Supergirl only got in here because I couldn't make a big piece of shit section with that and superwoman it should go with superwoman Daddy, but i didn't mind, know what to put before there should be a section with new superman superwoman and supergirl yeah but see the thing is though yes oh, i know the problem it's, it's is difficult because we talked to reggie about those other two that screws it up if you really wanted me to pick a section that would make sense batgirl birds of prey supergirl superwoman boom that would be a good section that's a strong females in shitty books i'd call it how about that i still like my section better you you would the you super would. section, Jim. The super section. It could be the super section, but then you'd think Action Comics would be in it, right? Yeah, no, no. That's that's always in the top one. I'm saying that. We have okay. New Superman, Superwoman, and Supergirl, all super titles. This is why you're not in charge. It's why. It's it, why it makes that, too much sense. Well, I it's you. why that when you tell me things about this horror podcast of yours, I, I freaking shake my head and yell at you. Because you say, the, the whole thing, I'll, I'll even spell it out to people. Eric wants to have his horror podcast. Sure. Everybody wants it. The sleepover, Friday night, slumber party, horror movie night podcast. It's such a name that rolls off the tip of your tongue. There and you no tell me this. Yet. You tell me this, though, but you want it to be a sleepover kind of theme. You do like that whole concept that it's I like, like everybody concept. gets together. You probably put it out on a Friday night. Yeah. And it would be like everybody can – it's a sleepover. Now, in my mind, the sleepover would be, like you said, you used to get the stuffed crust pizza, and then you would watch horror movies. That's – up. so the, the whole thing to me seems like this would set up to be a double feature. You talk about two movies, and you discuss them. like And, and you discuss them in your own way. You don't have to go in and out tit for tat like others. You want to yeah, talk yeah. about con- – no. You think that a sleepover is, hey, Jim, you want to sleep over my house this weekend? Yeah, I'd love to. What, Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. Yeah. We're going to get stuffed crust pizza, and we're going to, you know, horror. You only say, and you know, horror movies. Um, Okay, 
I don't really like them, but I'm in. I love free pizza. So I go yeah. over. We lay down. We get the pizza. I think we're in sleeping bags next to each other. The TV might not even be on at this moment. We might be <laughs> holding hands. We might have kissed already. Uh, played spin the bottle with just me and you. But yeah. we're eating the pizza. I'm Everybody's like, aware. Hey, uh, what's up with these horror movies, Eric? You know, horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not going to talk. We're not going to watch horror movies. I'm going to tell you about the continuity problems of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm like, that's not a sleepover. <laughs> no, that, no, no, no. See, you, you only go in and out with what I'm talking about. You don't always listen to me with what I'm saying. I, I, see, I, I talk about different things to see how this would work out in my mind. So when I throw something at you, I don't say this is necessarily going to be it. I say this is an idea I had. Yeah, but, and then but I say it's nonsense. On. Yeah, but you say that about <laughs> everything. Now, uh, yeah, because I haven't heard anything that makes sense is, yet. The situation I was talking about is like just an overall just talking about horror movies. There could be different segments to it, like different oh. weeks we talk about different things. And the one mm. is we're laying there at the end. This, in my mind, this is after the movie's over. Hey, Jim. Yeah. You still awake? I am. I don't want to go to sleep yet. I'm staying up all night. Do you ever think about the timeline to the Friday the 13th series? No. Like, you know, how it really doesn't make sense because they, they, they dress in Jim, Jim. Jim, wake what, up. What, what, is it morning? No, no, no. Do you Jim. have a phone? I'm going to call my dad. He's <laughs> not going to come I need you. him you to get me out of this night. hell. <laughs> You're killing me. Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell everybody at school that you tried to take my pants off. There you go. End scene. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody you let me. So would you have... <laughs> oh, then the, then the, the rumors would be true then. Uh, yes. Would that be that... So if you talked... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you talk about the movie, Yes. then maybe have a little news in there. Probably news first, talk about the movie. Yeah, and then at the end, that. are you going to talk about the continuity of that movie in regards to others? Yeah, or are you probably. just going to, out of well, nowhere, no, you're like, right hey, now, guys, continuity right kids in town. Yeah. I told you, I don't have a format of how I want to do this yeah, yet. Because uh, everybody is, out there who has the a horror movie podcast reviews like a couple flicks, and then they're done. Yeah. I just want to talk about other things that you're not going to be getting from other yeah. horror movie yeah. podcasts. There might be a reason there's no others. It's because they try. you got to stand fail. out, baby. They failed. Yeah, just make it fucking 12 hours. That's all we do. That's you know that that's the other thing we we were doing the pop culture podcast and we had the whole thing where you had a, a story about the uh, Friday the Thirteenth yeah. and I said oh you got to do it as the cellar dweller and first off you're like I don't have a cellar dweller character this character has been in your fucking head for seventeen years yeah. you got to come up with something and then you said and then I said the cellar dweller is going to have a sidekick named the uh, attic animal and I started doing this crazy fucking voice that I think is a dog. You said it sounds very racist. Very, very I was doing some dog or Wolfman Jack. Yeah, I was doing Wolfman. Very racist. Yes, uh, but I was like, ah, what you talking about? <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> what you talking about, cellar dweller? Come on, let's go. And uh, and you said that you can't do that. That's making fun of the cellar dweller. I'm like, you got to come up with this character for fucking Jesus Christ. All this shit is in your head. We need it down. You need to Agreed. come out with this thing. People want, people are yelling for this horror podcast, Eric. And they really are. You don't, you don't also go in the, the Slack chat. Uh, people are starting to get angry with you. You're, you're never there, but no, people in there, people in there are wanting the horror podcast. Cause every time we mention it, they're like, Oh, I really want parts of that. And you know, I want to see this happen. I said, he's just, you're a, an idea man. All these ideas in your head, not one comes out as they something that you're going to do. They all come together perfectly for me to make it, you know, have make sense of it. 2023. This is when I expect this to come out. I don't even know what this has to do with our podcast. I don't have any podcast. plans for 2023, so okay. 2023. 
Let's get on with our comics. <laughs> Thank God we have these timestamps for people. They'll they'll be like, I'll be waiting for people to talk about your horror podcast and all this stuff. Nobody's listening. They go right to the timestamp to the next book. What is it? All-Star Batman number seven, written by Scott Steiner with art by Tula Lotte, Steve Wands, and Francesco Francavilla. Batman must get the help of Poison Ivy in this issue because that ancient bacteria that Mr. Freeze tried to send out previously, well, it actually got out, and now the world needs a cure before it starts spreading further. Yep. Yeah, and it's, uh, I don't know, you, you can go through a whole thing with this and wonder why it hit Seattle, and it kind of does make sense it would be down that way, but I have a feeling that a lot of other people like Aleutian, some Eskimos, they, they already died, Eric, nobody cares about nobody them. Gives it's a shit, when man. a little girl gets sick, is that's when people, you know, step up. Uh, it starts off with Batman coming through the desert, and Scott Snyder actually did tell us that that is actually the way that each episode or each issue uh, ties into each other. Oh, say, that's great through. because it's very reminiscent of how we started the last yes. issue with and, the and you'll see the this, uh, or the Supposedly, last. what he had told us uh, that will be in every issue that that's you'll awesome. see him coming into, and it's almost like that he treats these. This is what he told us. Now we were going to have him on at certain points. I think he's given up on that, uh, <laughs> so we have as well. But I do like hearing and when he talks to me. He gets very excited about these issues and writes some things, and he does treat these as one shots that are connected. So yes. they have this one connection going through. But I think that when you're going into this, this also is like now he's going into Poison Ivy's world. You know what I mean? As he's walking through, unfortunately for Poison Ivy at this moment, she is in pretty much a desert with, with the tree. Uh, but I do like it. And it starts off. And I think I, I love the art in this issue. I know. I think you said you weren't as oh, no, big the thing on is, the art. I, I like the art in this issue. I just found its stylized nature to be very like it's hard to discern what's happening at some point. Really, I, I loved it, uh, especially even at the beginning and the regular. I would say that because I don't know uh, the artist, you know, other than this one. Yeah, I've never seen uh, it Tula actually, before. It reminds me a lot of what we liked in that Bilquis Evely issue of Wonder Woman, that first yeah. one when she was there with Barbara Gordon or Barbara Gordon, Barbara Minerva. I think that her art in that is very similar, but it starts off. And she, well, you also see this 13 and a skull. And unfortunately, at the end, you realize what that is. And it's very sad. Uh, it almost looks like at this one, it looks like it's like a villain or something, uh, you know, uh, like an atomic skull right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, even before not. that, though, when Batman's walking through, another problem I had right off the bat, though, is like, you know, I where I really like this walking through the Arctic uh, in the previous issue, getting to Mr. Freeze, mm -hmm. you know, it made sense for this whole like this big bat Arctic suit or whatever, this freaking, you know, like a cold yeah, suit he had. Yeah. Here, I'm telling you, now we get this weird green glowing bat suit that comes out, and I really just started having PTSD flashbacks of the early 90s with the Kenner Batman action figures where yeah. they had all these different variant costumes that never really made sense to me. They were just put out there, and I'm like, I don't want that. I already had the regular Batman suit. I'm would good. It, would, would you like this a little better if we find out later that he's infected and that suit's the thing that's keeping him yeah. alive? I might just because that's another thing where like did and that's Batman nothing cure? that I was told, no, but no. I'm wondering I'm saying, if he's did Batman sick? cure himself of that's that virus he infected him with in the yeah. previous issue because yeah, we don't I get actually, any of that here. I don't know. I actually think that through this whole thing, he is a sick fella as well. Even when Poison Ivy keeps saying to him later, you're not telling me the whole thing. You're not telling me. And it leads him to like a little girl sick or she's dead or whatnot. I think yeah. there is a little more uh, going on as well. But I also, 
I think it's visual. I, I think that it's something cool to look at. And again, Scott Snyder yeah, said like, one of the I big could, things that he likes in this book is he can get these artists and they can do whatever the hell they want. No, and I, I think I, that's I'm, a cool I'm thing. Cool. I'm cool with cool visuals. I just need to have a reason for well, it. Well, what I'm saying is you have these artists jump in and this, this arc, it's each individual issue is an individual artist. Yes. So you have this artist jump on. They've never really done a Batman book. You're not in the Bat Cave. You're not in this or that. The only really thing that you get to have fun with as an artist is the suit. So I'll go with it. I'll, I'll even say, you know what? That's just something that Batman's using to signal that whatever it is. But really, it's giving the artist something fun to do with Batman when they've never done Batman and may never do Batman again. So oh, I, yeah. I'll, I'll let it pass that way. I, I'm telling you, I love the art in this book. It really is good. I like the whole thing. I no, love I enjoy the way, the most part. and I love the way that they even use the lettering and the coloring of the lettering to show you when poison ivy has affected people with the pheromones. I think yeah. that is awesome. Uh, and I, I don't know. Do you get that it is not just uh, to show us, but they're talking in a different way, like a, a different – because even later, Batman seems to be – and he's not, but he's doing it that way. And I, I think that it's like a certain way that they talk. I don't know. I, I just yeah, I really said, like when, it. When Batman goes and it looks like he's you know been taken over by Poison Ivy because of her pheromones – in my mind, he's fought Poison Ivy before. He knows that, like, the drill. That's what I mean. Life. I think that he's doing it just the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. But it's not just, like, when you see that, there is something else just a little bit more going on than just us seeing it. You know, it's not just, like, almost like showing us that it's happening. The way they're talking and things does change as well. I, I yeah. think it's pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, she's in this uh, place where she goes. It spells out she goes once a year. She goes, we find out that she's going the to this tree of years. life. And, uh, yeah, and she's going and she gets shit, you know, supplies from this guy, but people have been asking where she is and about her. And, uh, also there's the thing where the guy is a piece of shit. He doesn't want yeah. his son to be an artist. It's kind of like a, it's a just, kind I'm of a meta you, it's thing. It's such a me. weird thing for me though, because even with this bit, you know, we have, you know, Dr. Pamela Isley, she comes to this place like once a year for every year for the past five years. For so meat she stays and water. Out here a week. Yeah. yeah. For meat and water. Meat and, and water. She, like, like, I know she pulls a lot of this guy's supplies because he just, yeah. that's what he does. He is a supply outpost place. Yeah. It's very odd to me, though, that he remembers her every goddamn time. There. And she's very she's fucking hot. She's the hottest person he's ever seen. She know, comes it, every year for five years. I, you might remember. You might not. You know, here's the thing. It's not like he sits there and pines for all year. I don't know that. But the minute he sees her, he's like, holy shit, here comes that hot chicken by now. I think he's looking forward to it. He's a I, piece I just, of shit. Look at I the guy. I just think that this piece of shit, though, is a little bit of a forced setup so we could see that poison ivy can affect people like this. No, you know, I think, I think it's more about... than that. I actually think it also shows – it's also a setup to show you that her weakness and things are she does care about kids because she yeah. does. The kids his son wants to go to art school and he doesn't want to pay for it and, and she uses her pheromones art to school gets you funny ideas way. yeah 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 really the guy is a cra at one point i'm telling you i really thought this was leading to a hey these guys were asking about you i'm not going to tell them if you do me a little favor i, I, I really did was waiting as yeah, well i did too because and i thought you are dead buddy you are going to be killed uh but yeah i i like it i like the whole thing but, but as this even with that though where she like you know makes the guy use their pheromones makes you know yeah. suggesting so i'm like well yeah. you're gonna pay for your kids art school you're not gonna you, be a scumbag he even says like you, you are, are an ass you're an yeah. ass 
You are an I ass. I am an ass. And the yeah. thing is, I like this Poison Ivy a lot from what we're getting because previously, like, we have seen Poison Ivy. She's just an eco-terrorist that kills indiscriminately. Yeah. Yeah, she gets no. mad. She kills you. Here, yep. she doesn't kill him. She makes him less of an asshole and, and moves on. And again, on. Scott Snyder is a smart enough and a better writer than to just have him show up, have Poison Ivy show up and say, hey, uh, you know, I want this cactus. Yeah, these, I hate plants. Like any other writer seems to go right with that. Yeah. Like she'll show up and the guy will be, you know, God forbid, cutting his grass, Eric, and she gets mad. <laughs> but this is, this is more. And I do like it. I think that's as well as Scott Snyder saying, listen, it's Poison Ivy. You get her, I, you know, you get it. You get what she's into. Even as it sets out, I like too that he sets it apart that the Pamela Isley and the, the Poison Ivy, and you even get almost an origin story thrown in there with Batman and, and really her place within Batman and Bruce Wayne. I really do like it. But yeah, he's not this cliched, you show up. I, I wonder, and when I was reading this, I even laughed to myself because some people would have, you know, Poison Ivy shows up. She goes into this thing, and there's the guy strangling a plant. Oh, you damn plant! I told you to start growing, and then she'd get mad and kill him. All of a sudden, and, there's a potted fern in the air. He stubs his toe on and starts oh, beating yeah, the shit out yeah. of. I told these goddamn plants. Yeah, shit like that. <laughs> it's so stupid. Some of the things we laugh. Some of the books they they go with that. You yeah. know, I hate fucking plants. Yeah, pouring bleach on them or something. Don't you dare! But no, this shows that Poison Ivy is not just. You know, like you said, an eco-terrorist or somebody that's so obsessed with the plants that she doesn't even deal with, you know, human beings. Because yeah. what she's doing here is really trying to help humanity or at least not kill humanity. It really goes back to her, you know, what she ha deals with the rest of the world with her plants because she's there with this. She you know, walks out of the line. situation and makes him better. Yeah, and she and he is, and in the meantime, then you get a twelve, and it, it's it's expanding, down, and it is. Yeah. We we find out later this is the you know the hour countdown of what happens when you get infected with that virus that, and that I like Mr. that Free as well because up. this whole thing we're doing we're dealing with where she goes out to the desert every year and deals with one of these fabled trees of life that used to be all over the world and they used to produce fruit and all this other stuff yeah. that helped people throughout time. You know now they're fabled because. It's almost like the giving tree, you know, but like instead of that, once you started giving more and more to people, like they yeah. took more and more from it, yeah, it became more more. spoiled. So the yeah, and it became started spoiled. giving were like viruses and yeah, it started like that. turning bad almost as if and, and to me, you can even go a little uh, meta deal that it's almost like at one point it was the Garden of Eden when they yeah. took the apple. That's when shit, you know, gets corrupted. It's kind of that same kind of deal where you, you took too much and then, yeah, yeah it got there. It's this, it's this fabled thing that Pamela Isley has found is growing in the desert. And what she is doing here every year, she is using her powers to go and tr track back through this tree's life to try to get back yeah. to the point before it's spoiled to yeah, become this wants to, great yeah. asset to the world. Where it can help the world. And again, yeah. like I said, this is not her saying, like, I want to help all the plant life. She wants to get back and she wants to help the world. She but wants with, to help the, the whole world. I really like that. In the meantime... Moving, with this moving backwards, though, we have this great yes. thing with, like, uh, we see this countdown, which we actually find out is, you know, already, like, 13 is the furthest point in time. Yes. We're working backwards it's in time. It's ours. Just like Poison Ivy is yeah. Yeah. throughout this tree of life. And, and what I like about it is it starts off with this 13. And, again, he does spell out that when you get this virus, you have 13 hours to live. 
uh, when it starts off, it's already this girl is, and it ends up being this little girl. I'll spoil yeah. it now. This this skull Lily. is her being incinerated, Lily. And as it backs up, the the thing is, if you went in regular time from one to thirty, it wouldn't make sense because we no. don't know. As we learn more about what happened. He's very – Scott Snyder is so good at then showing you that hour of that happening until the point where at the beginning you kind of feel really – I felt really bad. I mean the weird thing about this issue, I don't know anything about this Lily. No, I have no – But yet I was girl. attached to her because yeah. she was a little girl but because also we've seen that she's going to die and then it goes from there to the end and it also ties in with, with Poison Ivy uh, really well. I, I just, I really liked it. Uh, but yeah, and the, the whole thing, there's not a ton of action here. Uh, it's Batman showing up and Batman showing up because he wants to help cure this disease. He does say to her, to Pamela or Poison Ivy, I want to help save this girl. It's a lie. He knows yeah. she's dead. And that, that also is, that's not something you see often in comic books. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you would expect Batman would be there and be able to save this girl. You can't. You're not going to save her. She's already dead by the time he reaches Poison yeah. Ivy. And, and Poison Ivy figures this out. And Poison Ivy, and, and yeah, she kind of gets upset about it. But that leads to her even talking about, you know, this tree and how people, you know, this whole thing with, even with the virus that was let out by Freeze, uh, this whole thing, it's almost like this is humanity's fault. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? That this shit has to happen because pe people are pieces of shit. But Poison Ivy has been trying to stop it. Well, and even with she's... this whole, you know, this whole humanity being at fault here. You know, yes, Freeze might have been like, you know, letting this bacteria out. Batman went there with this virus he infected himself with, so it could go airborne to stop this bacteria. Yeah. I don't know if the government coming in firebombing thing is not the thing that actually made this thing go. Yeah, you know, well, it might have, out. and that's the thing. It's like the whole thing seems to be a vicious cycle that yeah. that keeps going because in this also you get the whole thing that I really liked. Uh, it's spelled out that this tree, uh, when these trees would come up, they also would give off those pheromones that would make yes. people feel good. They feel sexual, creative, that sort of thing, which ties in really well with poison ivy uh because she says you know uh bruce says you know you like to manipulate people that's what you do you use them and she's like no i wanted to make them better i wanted them to discover it, themselves it's a cool be, little twist of what yes, we saw I on really the like month that. like you know origin story of pamela isley where yeah. she was trying to manipulate people at wayne tech when she yeah. like you know she brought this proposal to bruce and she's like look if we could do this we can manipulate them because that's she explains here, she said it this way because that's what she thought Bruce Wayne wanted to hear. But yep. what she really wanted to do was help people in the yeah, long run. Yeah, she wanted to help people. And, it really and I really like that little retcon there. Yeah, and it really does put Poison Ivy in a good light. to And, and I'm t it really goes well with the character because she's saying all this, but yet she still doesn't really want to deal with people. I mean, no. she's out there it's on her, her own right. in the middle of a wasteland. She's doing this. She she just she wants to help. But at a distance, she she yeah. wants to do the right thing. She wants to be good. But any time it seems to me that any time she gets involved with anybody, shit always goes wrong. And so she just wants to like even to the point where she is almost like these trees of life, that she is something that she wants to be good. She has good in her. The minute that people get involved with her, shit always goes wrong. And it does again when Batman's there. Batman really fucks up everything for her. He's there for a good reason. And, you know, talking, he does lie to her about the girl, but this, this disease is spreading. It, it is in Seattle. It's, it's spreading out. She needs, he only, this is the perfect one to go to. He thinks that she'd have a cure and she may, 
Uh, but in the meantime, she, he does mention, Batman mentions, you know what, the government's after me. They came with Freeze. You explain all that while they're going and you see And they're also coming. worried about what Pamela Isley is doing out here as well because yeah, she could, yeah. you know, she is this eco-terrorist. That's what she's known yep. to be. And she thinks what she might be working on here might lead yeah. to more freaking Which viruses when being people, let out. You know, obviously these are the people that were asking about her, but they are following Batman. And yeah. Batman is really, if if you go with the whole thing, these like Mr. Freeze was up to no good. He yeah. really was. Poison Ivy wasn't. She would have nope. just been out here. If now it Scott Snyder ties it in that yes, they would have attacked her anyway. They are looking into her, so that's kind of an out for that. But really, Batman's causing war. Batman ca- makes his own villains. The whole thing that we joke about, everybody jokes about before. He's also now making their problems as well here, especially now because he says. And I didn't get the idea before that those. Uh, the uh, government, the planes that came and firebombed uh, the Mr. Freeze's deal were after Batman. But he says, they're following me. They're after me after what happened with Two-Face. They've been following me. They're after me. So you have that little thing in the background, too, which I think is going to increase and increase as we go on. Because well. even here, they show up, and they're going to attack. In the meantime, Poison Ivy thinks that she has manipulated Batman by kissing him and using her pheromones to protect her. And it, it's not true. He is no, going to protect her anyway. Batman is going to try to protect her. The thing is, yeah. uh, it's such a weird thing, too, because the the government soldiers, whatever they are, the soldiers in general, they come in wearing the stealth technology, making them invisible, kind of like yeah. the Predator in my mind. Yeah. And Batman and Poison Ivy have to fight them off. Yeah. And a freaking rogue flamethrower, like a wild flamethrower, goes and actually sets the Tree of Life on fire. Mm-hmm. But they subdue all the enemies. But at this point, everything is fucked because the Tree of Life is burned down. There's nothing you can do to save it. And we're left with that. Like, God damn it. Now the, and, the oh, big Batman thing, calls out that line too. It's like, where did you get that tech? Yeah, where did you get that tech? And I know this tech. He's like, this tech. I know this tech. How did you get it? How are you? Pe- who I went are you people? Who sent to think you? Now. Answer me. Now the next panel. What is that symbol? Is I'm telling you, it looks like the Hawkman symbol to me, and I don't know what it is, but it's spelled out right there in the middle. It's very clear with everything not clear. Is that what that must be who they are? But I don't know what that symbol is. Do you, do you I, see I'm what I'm talking to, about? I'm trying to find this. It's right think, after. Right there is actually that's the panel that really made me realize, like, yeah, this style of art. I can't really like you know like figure this like what's going on. I can see where we're going now. For some reason, before like I, I'm I really like it. I like that I, it's like. Thing is, is that the Blackhawk symbol? I I guess it is. I think it is the Blackhawk symbol. You're right. It is the Blackhawks. Uh, so that you know, I just when I saw that, I was like, holy crap! I you know they're really pointing that out. So it is the Blackhawks that are after them. And you're, I don't you're know right. that for certain though. That's the no, it is I... actually when Scott Snyder was talking to us, he mentioned the Blackhawks. I'm oh, an okay. Idiot. I'm gonna tell me. But yeah, it's the Blackhawks. They're they're after them. But I, I really like. I don't know. I really like this. It became very stylized, like you said, with Poison Ivy and these. Uh, you know, I love the way that the invisible tech was done. Uh, even with that net that came out, they they right. net up Poison Ivy. It's kind of like a. Uh, I don't know. It's like an unfinished look, but you can get the idea that it's just some weird tech. Uh, right. But Batman fights it off. He he fucking beats the shit out of them. In the meantime, now you're getting to the point where you're at the five four. You're going down with this little girl and seeing what happened. Uh, but yeah, that's when Poison Ivy looks around and the the tree is burning. And Batman says, you know, please we can. And she's like, the work it's done. It's it just it's starting over now. Get out of here. And that's where Batman. And it's funny when she says, get out of here now. I didn't realize that she was trying to use her power on him. 
Right. But, like the pheromone deal, and that's when he takes off. He had, you know, wax lips, and he didn't. That's really a classic Batman poison ivy trope. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked. It's it fine. Is. I like but it. But it's funny that when he when she says get out of here now, I didn't realize that she was trying to influence him because he's like, I'm sorry, he takes him off, and I like it though because he was fighting for her. Now she exactly. realizes, you know what, he was trying to fight, but. It's still, and he says, I was fighting for you, Pamela, but I was fighting for her too, the little girl. He wants to help. And that's where Poison Ivy then ends up stopping him and saying, listen, I'm going to help you. Uh, I know that that girl is dead, but listen, you better not let them name this disease after her. And also you, you find out as well that this Lily was actually the first recipient of like this Pamela Isley grant thing that, that Bruce Wayne set up. It's really sad. It's and very I think, sad by yeah, the end. And pretty good. Yeah. This little girl, she, she just loved playing. She loved she used to have this. She used to have this garden in the woods where, like, it, she used to call it her cradle. Yeah, the and cradle. The spore, this ancient bacteria, actually came up through there and infected yeah. her. Yeah, and, and even she started, that she she's was, the patient. She's the patient yeah, zero. She's patient and they're zero. Gonna, they're calling it right now the virus Lily's, in general. Lily's, Lily's cradle. cradle. God damn, that's yeah. And up. even that, while they're while Bruce or at Bruce, while Batman was talking about how she contracted the disease, Poison Ivy just sits and listens, and I can only imagine that Poison Ivy's like. I know, I know what she's thinking and what she's going through because she said, Batman says she made this little thing in the forest that she went. She was making hybrids. I mean, this wasn't yeah. a little girl who just went, Oh, look at these pretty flowers. And, and that she was actually doing experiments on the flowers and really loving it. Yeah. Uh, to the point where you would almost get the idea that this girl could have become like the successor to Poison Ivy at some point. Uh, but yeah, it ends with her like, listen, I'll help, you know, use this, you know, the spore, whatever you can Any try to get can it. Anybody can take this. And make a cure yeah. out of what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, make make part. a cure out of it. But listen, and it says you don't you don't let them name the disease after her. I'll let loose something much worse than freeze did. I swear it. You can sh- you make sure they clear her name. You hear me? You clear her name. She says it three times that she is so upset that I this really little like girl that. who loved the plants and loved all this stuff would actually be connected to a killer disease. And then they show the little girl. It ends with the little girl going. And yeah, you Walking see her going out to the woods and it just stops at one where, uh, and she says, make sure they know what she was after. And I, I don't know. But yeah, it ends with the one where she's just in the woods. And I thought, that, that's fucking awesome. And I actually, it did choke me up a little. That yeah. even and uh, that shows how much I liked it because you didn't even know this Lily. You only no. knew her situation and about that sort of thing and the way Poison Ivy reacted. It really was. It really got to me. I really liked it. And up until this point, uh, I really, really liked this issue. You even said the backup to me uh, is a little bit of it's spinning its wheels a little. And you, that's you don't the problem. Tony, the last issue's backup was probably my favorite backup yeah. we had gotten so far. And we ended on this great cliffhanger where they were trying to stop the Riddler from causing this building to blow up. Duke went off there like before Batman figured out. But the thing is, Batman, you know, gave his answer to make this building to stop blowing up. It was the wrong answer. So Duke was already running down. The building exploded with him there. Yeah. I'm like, that is a great cliffhanger. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. And then we get to this backup and, we just jump ahead in time. Yeah, it starts out like we're almost dealing with the same situation, but with Duke, yeah. like, I don't well, know. Well, he's like, trying to figure shit out. Because, yeah. And to me, I, I know what you're saying. These backups are like seven pages. If you have three pages showing that he survived, he was in the hospital, he did that, I don't think it pushes the story much. And then I, and then I think now you only have four pages to tell something new. Not that a lot new happens here. I actually like it that shit happened. We see that he was injured. Batman wants him to rest or whatever. But yet Duke is so obsessed with 
bringing down the Riddler. I mean, the Riddler, to me, has been Duke's arch enemy, even though the fucking Riddler hasn't even known it, though he well, spells say, it out in like, this mudroom. Duke is, Duke is working this whole thing out. He's doing the whole kind of situation again in the mudroom to try to figure out, you know, make his brain work the way it's supposed to to figure out these riddles. So next time, if it happens, he can take care of it. But yeah. This is not something, it's not like the Riddler is out and about. He's still locked up. This was something that was set up, you know, since zero year to be a thing. Well, you know, that's it's what like, I'm saying. In zero year, that's how he kind of, he wanted to bring down the Riddler then. He yeah. was always trying to do it and couldn't. Batman did, but he wanted to as a little kid. And I just think that that stuck with him, that he always wants to bring down the Riddler from that. And also, if you want to think that when uh, Zero Year happened and the Riddler, you know, attacked the city and, and put it at siege, to me, that's when Duke's life kind of really did start oh, changing. Yeah. And he might just think back and that's like, you know, the Riddler is the worst thing to him because that's what you even see him. You see him doing the crossword puzzles there with his mom there. Everything's fine. He probably thinks back and like, yeah, before that Zero Year, everything was fine. After that, it all changed them. If it wasn't for that, maybe I would have just had a normal family. Now, that doesn't have anything to do with his parents being jokerized. That that probably still would have happened whether or not he, he became, you know, Duke with Batman and stuff like that. But I still think that it's it's gotten to him. And I actually like the way it progresses into this where he is injured and Batman says, you're not supposed to be out and about. You're fucking going about. And I told you not to. You were critically injured. And he's like, you know, he is so obsessed with just being, I don't know, just solving something before Batman does even, uh, it goes to me, but yeah, go it's on, just, you can... I'm sorry, the situation though is that the, the biggest problem I have is that this building exploded, Duke was on it, yeah, we yeah. see that he was, a, you know, hurt Batman, wants him to like, you know, take it easy for a little bit, but all we get from that is, you know, two band-aids on his face, but the problem yeah. I have with this is that we're just moving along like nothing happened, and there were people in that building, shit went wrong, and we're not discussing that at all, really, yeah. it's just like, oh, you gotta take your, like, you know, the hits with the winds and shit like that, like, no, the that was a big deal. The fucking people died right there. Yeah, but again, well, I'm saying that you could deal, but that would have been the whole backup of them dealing with that. And then we would have been like, well, what are we doing now? All of a sudden, you only have two more issues after yeah. this to end it. It ends completely. Uh, and, hit, you know, Duke getting a name, all this stuff in, in issue number nine. I just think it's one of those where they, if we just have to move on. I, I really do, because it, this from here, you have two more issues. You're going to have to do something. Uh but yeah, Batman wants to know why he's acting this way, and if it's what you know what happened in the uh, in uh, Arkham or whatever when he talked to his buddy. And yeah, Daryl. We get a li- and that definitely is something important because we actually get a flashback of Daryl and him. Uh, so and he says yeah, no, but obviously, and obviously he does something. But yeah, just to have a flashback of that and not you know the building and all that yeah. to me that means that's very very important. I guess uh, because it's just something that stuck with him where, you know, Daryl was yelling about, like, where do you get off trying to play hero like yeah, this? And like yeah. Daryl even said before, I'm going to have to, you know, up my my like uh, game here as a villain then if that's how yeah. it's going to be. And, you know, we saw that he was started to hurt freaking Duke to like in, like his insides with his mind. Well, yeah, and all we have is Batman shoot a sonic device at him and it's over. Yeah. But also he heard him say. You know, you're a placeholder, a charity case. He was yelling stuff that really, without Batman giving him a name or anything like that, I think that Duke believes that now. I think that he does. That's why I think half of the stuff he's doing is trying to prove also to Batman that he's worthy because he isn't getting a name. He isn't doing anything. He's just kind of sitting around, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes from here. Yeah, and I'll say it ends with, like, Duke supposedly taking it easy, and he's sitting there fucking petting a goddamn dog, and I'm telling you, this is such a stupid little I think it's supposed to be Titus when I look at it. It just doesn't look like Titus. We have Ace and we have Titus in the house now, but this dog does not look like either of them. No, To me, it kind of does look a little like... 
Titus, maybe? Titus's <laughs> ears are up. Yeah, I know. He's there. I don't know. I, 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 don't I say, know. I, I looked, I'm like, am maybe I remembering this one? Maybe he had a dog. Maybe he had a dog. They don't tell yeah. you, though. And, like, uh, then freaking, you know, Alfred comes in in the morning and Duke is not there. Duke's he's taken off again. in the night. Yeah, he's supposed to be resting and not doing anything, and he's gone off and done. And also, at the one point, he is there with the dog, and it's very much like a Batman thing where he's sitting in that chair. I think, I think overall, overall, the biggest problem I have with this backup, see, I really like the way it was last issue because we're dealing with this whole, you know, zero year thing. It's a continuation of what yeah. we dealt with before. We find out that Riddler has something set up every year for the anniversary of that. I like that Duke was going off and trying to be his own hero. And I even like the style of art because it had a really like, you know, uh, like a throwback style to like yeah, old golden yeah. age titles. This one does not have it as much. You see it every now and again, but. Ultimately, it's like I don't know what the cursed wheel is. Yeah, like please explain this to me at this point. Just talk about it. I don't know if it ends up being it's more metaphorical than what we think it's going to end up being. But I actually think that how this is going. I actually think from here on out, I think I don't know why it struck me with how Duke is acting towards Batman here. I think it's silly if in issue nine Batman gives him a name. I really do. I think that Duke's going to get a name just like Batman. Like, the that's signal. it. I'm the Batman. When he saw that bat, yeah. I got you, father. I think that that's what's going to happen. I do not think Batman's going to give him a name. I think that Duke is going to say, from now on, you call me this. And, yeah. and we'll go from there. Because, yeah, it seems silly to go through this, especially with what happened with his family. And now him almost dying. He was incredible. For Batman to go, oh, by the way, I'm going to call you Yellow Jacket. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, Batman. So I do hope that he fuck actually you, Batman. I'm the signal. I'm the signal. I show up before Bat. <laughs> you. What was your <laughs> What was your whole thing? Why would he be called the signal? Uh, uh, the signal shines before Batman gets there, and that's uh, what Duke's is gonna do. Yes, Duke's just always gonna be there. He's first. the first responder. I like it too. He's the first responder every time, and Batman just comes and pushes him aside. <laughs> uh, what did you give the whole issue? I gave the whole issue a 7 out of 10. Okay. I'm going to tell you my uh, – I'm not even going to include what I think about the backup in my overall score uh, because it's just quick and, and nothing. But I'd give it an 8.5. I really right. like the uh, the Poison Ivy stuff, and I really like the art in that part of the book. Yeah, I like the majority of the art yeah. as well. I just found some things like I'm telling you. I didn't even realize what I was looking at with that Blackhawk symbol for because I didn't know what I was supposed to be focusing yeah, on. Yeah, I, I don't even know why I didn't even fucking – I'm looking at it, and it's kind of on its side. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah, what's that Thundercats symbol doing there? Who, who fucking put that in here? But yeah, I, I realize now. Yeah, and then I thought it was Hawkman. I'm an idiot. All right, the next book is Red Hood and the Outlaws number seven. And I don't know why I put this second, because in this we have this and now Supergirl, and we always say that the best thing to do is to end a night of reviews with something good. I should have yep. followed my own advice and put that last, but we're not. Eric. Red Hood and the Outlaws, it goes well with Batman. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number seven, written by Scott Liddell, art by Mirko Kolak, Tom Derenick, Veronica Gandini, and Taylor Esposito, Eric. Esposito. This book continues being my favorite of all the Rebirth books. Sure, this issue is basically a superhero retelling of Of Mice and Men, but it fits perfectly with Bizarro, and the twist that Jason sees a bit of himself in the Lenny-like clone makes it all the better. The story, art, and dialogue all flow so well together, though I do think the art was a little off. To give us a quick-moving issue that made me want more when it was over, and this was, am I right, this issue fucking flew by, right? Oh my god, yeah, it's fast as hell. I'm telling you, I'm reading this issue when I was reviewing it, and it was the last one I did, I believe, and when i got done reading it i'm like the fuck what was this 12 fucking pages it goes by so quick and i will say i was disappointed with the art 
uh, Dexter Soy has been so Dexter goddamn Soy good. has freaking like spoiled the shit out yeah, of us. He with has. His goddamn and, and really, the the problem that I have is that I was kind of led to under the assumption that the people who had a monthly book were going to be able to just stick with the book and never right. get a backup. But obviously, people do get behind or they need a break. So there's yeah. a break. I will say though that I do love the art when Jason is in the Red Hood mask and get up. I don't mind that. It's just. The I've, when he's I've out got, of the mask and Bizarro starts out good, things just get worse yeah, as they yeah, go. Exactly, I agree. Because yeah. by the end, Bizarro, man, I'm like, I don't know if I'm digging this Bizarro as much yeah, as I usually yeah. am. Even at the very beginning, uh, Bizarro looks great when he shows up. At the end, he, I don't know what he looks like. He looks like I, I can't even explain. Said, it. There's I, always been a bit of contention with you and people how people draw the red hood mask and shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I don't know why, but that first panel where we see uh, the first page actually, where uh, Jason is sitting there all with his feet up on the desk, and we see it that like it looks like he's frowning. He looks like he's fucking yeah, frowning. Yeah, yeah, and it, I don't think he is. So no, I no, gave it a pass. <laughs> he's not. It's just that that is always there. But for whatever reason, I looked at him like, why is Jason yeah. so sad? Yeah, he looks like a sad clown. And it, it's even more bizarre because they're doing it properly in my mind where there's not much of a nose. Nope. It makes it even worse. Yeah, he looks really frowny there. But he's telling Black Mask, I like that. I like that this is continuing the uh, Black Mask stuff because yeah. he takes down Black Mask. Really there's is. going to be people who are out and about that still want to go and do things. These are his guys. And he says, well, you know what? You've had an easy time. Black Mask has let you do this shit. Makes it seem like he's like there's a new sheriff in town, which is odd. Like he th- he's gonna pretend to still run the the thing. That's what he used to do back in the day. But like you know, uh, I I just think he he wants you to everybody to know the shit is shut down. You're gonna have to go yeah. find other ways to fucking pedal your wares. Yeah, and uh, they're about to shoot him. He's just sitting there. He's he's laying down. And it's like one of those I, you things. Know what? Like, I I even like the goddamn title of this issue. How do you solve a problem like Bizarro? Yeah, yeah, I like it. But yeah, they're there and they're like, oh, you know what? We're gonna do. We're going to pull out our guns and shoot you. And uh, he's like, I don't think my friend. And it's almost like one of those, like, uh, oh, are we afraid of you? Hey, don't be afraid of me. But you know my friend here. And it's Bizarro, and he's in the thing. And For some reason, what I go with is Crocodile Dundee. It's like, oh, I'm not worried about this. I have a donk. What the hell is a donk? Yeah, what the hell? There he is, and he's behind, and he freezes the uh, thing. And uh, it's funny because he does use his freeze vision. Yeah. Uh, What threw me off is where you have that silhouette in the back, and it seemed to me that that was from his nostrils, the the mist coming out of the frozen deal. When I said to you, I'm like, oh, yeah, use his freeze breath. And you're like, no, 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 he should have fire breath. He should have free. And I'm like, ah, oh, it was weird, it seemed. But then when I went back and looked, I'm like, okay, I can kind of go with it. He's yeah. got a high riding hoodie, uh, which when he comes out, he doesn't have a hoodie, Eric. So it kind of <laughs> makes me, that's more of his hair. So yeah. I don't know. He's got uh, that go high and tight it. look. Yeah, I'll I'll go with it. It's funny though, but that's that's the reason why the art went off for me. Because I like him having the high and tight look. I don't like having him the flat look which he gets near the end like all right. of a sudden he is the bizarro mo well, with no, that the thing haircut is he, does, he doesn't have enough product in his hair by the end it's worn well, off yeah that's it product but yeah, yeah you get it and this whole scene is set up to be a fucking kick-ass action scene if you ask me but also showing that bizarro doesn't know his own strength he goes a little over the top again he's lenny he's lenny yeah, he doesn't know he's petting the rabbits and they keep dying there he just he just <laughs> likes to feel the touch of the rabbits but he keeps he keeps killing them, and this I, is where I have a weird bit though because while I love it, I also dislike it as well. But where we Jason sees this and he's reminded of himself yeah, as the yeah. Robin being a little bit too brutal and Batman like yeah. tell him to and calm Batman down. Tell him to calm and down. Like, 
I I like it because I'm happy every time I get to see Jason the Robin costume. Even if it's you don't flash, like him beating up fucking Two Face. No, no, I'm all about okay. him Two Face. Okay. But the thing is, is that we see this so often now. It's yeah. like can, it's like Batman talking about his dead parents. Can we please yeah. just take a second yeah. to get over? Here's it now. the thing: now, we're only on issue seven. The thing that I, the reason why I didn't like as much. Now I love the first arc, but where I yeah. said that it was drawing out too much wasn't anything about this. It was about. Two issues in a row, all you had Bizarro do was fight Artemis. You had nothing for them to do. I don't mind this because now we're moving forward. Now everything that we had that was pushed in that first thing, now they're going to deal with it. Now Jason Kem with Black Mask on, he's got to figure out. And this issue to me is the, okay, i got to deal with this. i got to finally figure it out. I, I like this Bizarro. I want to help him. Not even like him. He even says it's not even like he's friends with him, even though that's what Bizarro thinks. But he's got to do something about it moving forward. He's got to do it now. And he sees Bizarro just he is over the top. Yeah. and then. This this fucking piece of shit guy, these Russians or whatever, they have Killer Croc. They said that Black Mask had kind of sold them Killer Croc. And I like the way where Killer Croc shows up and they're like, holy shit, I thought you were in Suicide Squad. They're yelling at Killer Croc and he doesn't say anything. And the guy goes, not much of a talker. And I'm like, okay, it actually makes sense then because what happens is uh, Bizarro freezes his head and then knocks it the fuck off and just hits it. Now – the whole thing, it's a robot. It is yeah. a synthetic, and I also love the way it's spelled out. He's like, goddamn synthetic, and he's all mad about it. Well, yeah, uh, Black Mask sold me a dud. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, he's pissed now. Jason just wants to know, Bizarro, did you know that that was a robot? Did you did you kill that thinking that it was really Killer Croc? Now, number one, uh, it's Killer Croc. Sure. I don't think that it really matters at that point. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Killer Croc showing up. Also, I don't even know if that punch was strong enough to kill Killer Croc. It's a goddamn robot that hit his head off. I mean, if anything, maybe Bizarro saying, hit if, him and was just if surprised. You can, if you can hit a robot's head off, I think you can hit a human's head yeah, off. Yeah, but it's Killer Croc. He's not a human is what I'm saying. He's pretty strong. Uh, but Jason just wants to know, and they kind of realize, and Jason kind of realize, yeah, you know what? He's he's a little bit over the top. I don't know if I can trust just having him out and about. And again, it's not just the hey and and Artemis in the next section spells it out. She doesn't really care if Killer Cro- or Killer Croc if Bizarro will go nuts and kill her. She thinks it's more of a concern of anybody yeah, just walking exactly. around. Anybody who happens to be the populace of Gotham. Yeah, and she says, and it's really good. I like her character in this with Jason. All of a sudden, she's the fucking voice of reason, which makes me laugh because she's been working. They have their new uh, places at Mog Guns. Which uh, I don't home like. for the Kremlin. From, neither do I. I don't like it at all. It just seems like it's just there so that when Black Mask comes to, they're, they're there. I, they had their secret hideout in a place like, you know, down the hall. Oh, yeah, there's uh, Black Mask. Now, we, maybe we can say that when Bizarro came in, he just fucking destroyed it so much that it alerted everybody to oh, yeah, it yeah. because they this, busted through there. I did, but I, I like that. For some reason, I really like that hideout. I did not expect for us to stay there. Yeah, for how yeah I like that hideout, out though. I really like that at the end. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, just having my gun, yeah. it just. It, it's I'm just kind of forced it. in. It, yeah. It's kind of forced. Jason, I he took that mask off. Jesus Christ, put that mask back on, my friend. You are an ugly fellow in this. He is ugly. I, we had the whole thing in the Batman issue where people were like, oh, man, they all look alike. Dick, you know, Jason, 
uh, Damien, and that's a thing that always was. It always yeah. seemed like we said Batman had a type. I think he's throwing this one back into the fucking lake. <laughs> <laughs> this thing looks fucking ugly. He looks really, really bad here. Yeah, I don't and care that is, for the way that Jason's Oh, my God, it really th- this is what really threw me off with the art. Uh, but yeah, Artemis is there. She's trying to find her bow. That's fine. Now I will give it Take credit as well. Bastards. We, we thought that I know it's really weird. Uh, I like the Not way Artemis looks, nose. but even it's a wide nose. Artemis, yeah. Artemis doesn't even look like Artemis, so I think she looks okay. Doesn't like really it, look no. like Artemis, no. but she's there trying to find the bow. And again, I will give Scott Liddell credit. We were really worried that the minute that this issue opened, they'd be on some like Arctic freighter fighting people. You know, uh, the bow's not here. Oh my God, we have to go to the Amazon next, and we were going to get that in a row. He's setting this up. You know, obviously he wants to get the team together fully, being trusting. I I guess Jason has to realize this is what this is about. Uh, But yeah, in the meantime, Artemis has not only just not found the bow. Uh, well, she's trying to get leads, but she has cracked into the LexCorp deal of uh, the the uh, what is the it? B- the research the data, yeah. the research data on the Bizarro program, and you see that these other Bizarros, pretty much the one, it, it ended up being like the goddamn fucking uh, Twilight Zone, where they're there and they're, there's the professor. He hears everything we say. He's doing this. And it was I'm like really you, fucked I, up. I'm worried about like is that one still out and about? What happened? Yeah, to I that? don't know. I, yeah, really. But yeah, this guy's worried, and then this this. Bizarro looks more the the big thing you don't get much of it but it does look more like a Superman than a Bizarro with the the hair obviously when they got Bizarro he was still in the container yeah uh, so he wasn't fully done but that you even see Lex saying shut it down this is not what I want destroy them all I'm telling you uh, this whole but, thing where the, the scientist is talking to the freaking like the computer like it's a diary like he yeah. could hear everything we it's say like so alien. If, if you're listening to, to what it reminded me of is that Twilight Zone episode where he's gonna wish us to the corn like uh, to the cornfield well that's like, what I that's nice what I figured it was that's exactly when I said Twilight Zone it definitely was that like anything they do Bizarro is gonna be there and just go fucking you know nuts and do shit you're not him. talking nice about me yeah yeah uh but yeah, you have there, and she wants to know: Do you trust this Bizarro? Are you, you know, can you trust him? And he's not sure yet. And she brings up, you know, I don't care if he kills us, but no, it's no. these innocent people. You know, we're not innocent. Artemis and fucking, you know, Jason—they're not innocent bystanders. If they die, it is their own fault. It is all uh, but them yeah, at this pe- point. Innocent people may, and I do like even before that. I I do love Artemis and Jason's dialogue together again. And sure it, the I. best was she's there on the pro the computer, and she's like, "Man, you know this program that you had somebody make is really kick ass." And Jason's like, "How do you know it wasn't me?" And then she doesn't even say anything. It's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but yeah, you go off, and this is where. Jason now is decided, in my mind, he's decided to kill Bizarro, that he, he doesn't want that guild or, you know, the no. possibility that he's going to hurt somebody on his conscience. It's too much responsibility. You yeah, can't have is. a pet it's if you can't much. take care of it. Yeah, and he goes off to visit the mansion. Alfred's there. He does say, hey, you know what, uh, Jason, you kind of have a, a quirky thing where you always show up just as Batman left. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> but he goes, he's going for the shard. He's going for the kryptonite shard, and it's pretty cool. But in the meantime, he does ask Alfred, and I think this is where you get the idea that he still has that doubt but he says was there ever a time that bruce was you know batman was upset and wished that i was never a robin or wished that he never got involved with me because i did tend to do things my own way i was a little over the top and alfred says no 
There was never a time that that happened. He he loves you, you know, all that. And I even like the end, how this whole thing ends then, because Jason says, hey, you give me a moment. And I was like, of course. And yeah. hey, if anyone asks, and then you were, Albert, never, you were here. never here. And I do like that. And so do he I. goes, he gets the shard of kryptonite and in a fucked up way, Eric, goes to a place that he used to go to that scared him at first. But yet it seemed like this was like his happy place. Oh, yeah. It's a nice, like, humble place. He's going to kill out. Bizarro in the place that gave him. <laughs> Open and happiness. It's a nice spot. You want Bizarre to feel oh, the same thing before I you put him down. I just think he wants to be able to dump him in the goddamn river. He's Jason no, Blossom you, there. I know this, yeah. Uh, but I know we talked about this before, and you don't really agree with me. I really wish we would have had a montage scene, kind of like in the Monster Squad with yeah. freaking Rudy making the goddamn silver bullet in shop class. Bullet. But I want to know, you know, the process of turning this kryptonite shard he got from the Batcave into a bullet he could load into a no, gun no. and shooting a Bizarro's brain. Yeah, it'd be cool, but I, you're, he just wants to get on with it. But yeah, it would be cool that he left there, you know, made this bullet and then went off to to do this. I, the one thing, though, he does spell out that it's a shard. It's not it, like there's that last bit of thing less than a shard. And yeah. I think you're supposed to believe that all you have to do is put it in a hollowed out bullet and you're done. I, there's no reason why you'd have less than a shard there. Like, yeah. it's just a teeny little thing. I don't know. When he's like, he has it right there. It looks like a it's bullet going into the gun. No, it's eh, glowing. It's always glowing, though. Yeah. But I'm Perfect. saying, I think that that's why he put that little less than a shard. But yeah, he's talking with Bizarro. Uh, Bizarro's really good here. I, I actually like this. I like that you get the idea that Bizarro is not as dumb as you were let. You know, no. he's usually a dummy. He really is. He's usually this, you know, I hate to say it. He's usually retarded. Mm-hmm. And he's not that here because he does even say he's just he just wasn't done fully. I can't even explain what he really is. He wasn't but he finished even, cooked. No, nah, but he says, you know what, I have these memories and they are the memories of Superman, of leaving Krypton, of finding, you know, new parents and being raised and flying for the first time. And then he says, these are his memories. They aren't mine. I just want to be a good Bizarro. I just want to be a good person. I'm trying. No, my, I'm trying my memories my heart. start with red him and red her, and that's yeah, yeah. where I like it. You know? And that's I like this isn't just a, a behemoth that's walking around. He actually sits there and has thoughts about like these weird memories that he had before, and knowing that they're not his. And you know, he's he's a little more than just a retarded Superman. But he says, I'm not perfect, but red him, show me how. And me promise to be the best Bizarro me can be. And Jason's about to kill him. He's still about to kill him. He puts the gun away, and he's like, hey, it's late. We should get back home. And then Bizarro's like, no, Red Him, can we stay longer? Me like this place. And then it's just them sitting there. And I really like just that ending. There. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I really like this. Now, when you go here, the part where he says, Bizarro and not perfect, is probably the worst art in the oh, whole like, goddamn yeah. page. It's terrible. Even Jason is off. He's off. Fat but I really Bizarro. like it. The whole sentiment of it, I love. Uh, yeah, yeah. I do think that if it if it comes to be, it's going to make sense that these next couple of issues are kind of like this, where you're going to get them really exposing what they're all about, the characters, and that's why oh, Dexter Soy is here, off. Next, Dexter, is Artemis. Yeah, yeah, and then maybe these two, and then Dexter Soy is off doing the next big arc. I think these are going to be a little bit of a you know a slow down thing. This reminds me a lot of when you little had the green when you had the Green Arrow book and you you did that little thing with Emiko. Out of yeah. nowhere, and we liked it. And then you get back to the main story. I do think that that's what's going on. Uh, I rated this very high. I, I, I think I might have gone a little bit high because of the art. 
But because I like the story so much, I, I could overlook the art. And it's just I like this book. And, yeah, you're not getting anything completely new no. except to me the biggest new thing is to show that Bizarro isn't just this, you know, retarded behemoth that goes around. He does have feelings. He does have memories of what Superman did and realizes they're not his. You even have that whole thing where it's like when he first came out, he thought he was Superman. Yeah. This is a good transition for me to show he knows that he's not that anymore. It isn't that whole thing. That, me and Superman. We could, put a, we could put a staple in the fact. Oh, I don't even know if that's the right term, but we could put a pin a, in the fact a where pin. you know, yeah, staples. Um, Staple. That Jason, you know, we know where he stands. Are he's going to let yeah. see what happens with yeah. Bizarro. He's going to try to help him be but the best Bizarro he could be. And you know, he does have something, but he's not going to just you know go no. and kill him no, immediately. No, he's not just. And he's also though it also shows to me that he's he's watching him, and if he gets out of line, like this is where we were talking about in Justice League of America, where. Uh, Batman with Killer Frost, and you think right. he's still testing whatever. I do think that Jason has still got that eye on him, and if he goes a little further, but I think that this is him saying, I think I could teach him to be better, and I think he is a better person. I, I mean, in, in general, you, 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 you look Do you think Batman's back, ever going to show up and say, where the fuck's my shard? Maybe. No, the the best would be is if somehow down the line, shit does go wrong, and Batman goes to get the shard, and you just have the panel like, hmm, opens up the suitcase, what the fuck, Jason? <laughs> he yells out because you know, even Jason take... says that he's the one who figured it out that it was there. Yeah. Which and we didn't even say that. I love that too, actually. I love that <laughs> Batman might not even know that he knows where it is. It seemed like he got caught though, the way he was talking about it. But I did like that. But yeah, I'd love Batman to go into that suitcase and it's not there. And even if he does show up, it's one of those things like you had this for a reason. I need it for a, uh, yeah. the same reason. Yeah, I needed it as well. And he and just Batman realizes, yes, you do. And you know, I yeah. have taught you something, Jason. I am proud yeah. of you. But Always yeah, I, I I really like the way this this pushed Bizarro on. Again, people will take it as, oh, I really like this issue because Jason was going to kill Bizarro. I actually like it a lot because it gives me, uh, it gives Bizarro more of a character. It's not just a guy who in this book that Jason's just going to say, go there, Bizarro. Even starts out that way, which yeah. I think was kind of a clever way to go into it, where he's like, hey, my friend will take care of you. Bizarro's going to be more than this. Bizarro is not just a, a fucking clone that just sits there and like a Frankenstein. Right. Uh, he has his own feelings. He's starting to actually mature in my mind. And, and, he's not and just his a own dog deal. that no, he put down. No, I, I really like it. Uh, I gave it a nine out of 10 on the site like i said the art was a little off uh yeah i probably would if, if you really wanted to hold a gun to my head eric with a sliver of kryptonite in it uh i would probably even go down a little because of the art but i like the book so much i gave it a nine out of ten overall i really enjoyed this issue but it's just certain things you know the art was a problem for me because you know i've been spoiled by dexter soy for so long yeah, now it's but so good. it's just the little things that we keep getting like the little beats of jason like you know just wanting to have that reassurance that he was a good boy and just thinking yeah. back to when he was around it's just getting a little old for me because I do enjoy seeing Jason as Robin, but it just feels a little stale at this point because we keep going back to it. And yeah. because of that, I would give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, it's funny because I could get a, I could get tons of that, and not mine. It was the fighting back and forth of that first arc that I had an issue with that you right. liked. We we seem to like different things about this book, but it is it's a great book. It That's really my is. favorite book in Rebirth. Yeah, it's mine as well. This issue actually because of me. Uh, liking this so much more than a lot of what we've been getting recently, it pretty much solidified itself as my number one book of Rebirth. You gave it Book of the Year. And yeah. I, I probably would at this point, if we had the year-end uh, awards now, if somehow February 11th or whatever would be the end of the year, Eric, I'd be in. Yeah. This would be my Book of the Year. 
Uh, but the next book would not be. Would not you know? be. The next book would not be. <laughs> it's Supergirl number six, written by Steve Orlando, art by Brian Ching, Michael Atea, and Steve Wands. Cyborg Superman's story ends. Yep. That's about all I got for you, Eric, because awesome. after all the setup, it just comes to an end with a radio signal being broadcast from a phone app and Supergirl realizing Argo City will crash land in the bay. I did like Brian Ching's art a bit more than usual here, and the book does end with some potentially cool dangling plot threads, but overall, I really don't like this book, and I don't. I, I just no. And it's weird. This book doesn't infuriate me. Like some others, it's one of those that I'll give you a book that it's very similar to for me. It's Becker on the Birds of Prey, where right. I read it and I'm not infuriated. I read it and I don't care. I just at the end of it, I'm just like, oh, well, I read a book. It, Let's move like, on. Even with those like that book as well. It's just the silly situations that are going on. Like we have this over the top world like destroying kind of thing. But the way it's being presented to us with this kind of like, you know, unfinished like cartoony style and everything yeah. like that it just feels a lesson everything else yeah I, I think uh, that rebirth. that lessens it the, the cartoony style does lessen it the other thing that lessens it to me here is that steve orlando tried to make a way that it made sense why no other people were responding why nobody else the justice league didn't show up or whatever i mean this is a alien invasion oh, yeah, in national deal. city it's a big city as well uh and nobody is responding and he had this whole you know this whole reason for it is there's a signal dampener uh, going. But he starts out this issue basically with the government now scrambling fighters to go to the city because of this dampening signal and yep. things like that, which I said originally. If you remember, I said the minute that they didn't get a signal from a whole city, they have to realize some shit's wrong and go to, to see what's going on. Finally, they do that, but it lessens everything else, and I really do think – that Steve Orlando forgets about the rules of all this yeah. uh, because it's just – it doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, you have all of a sudden out of nowhere, you have the cyborg supermen attacking the, the jets of the government. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It really, it's, it's nonsense. In the meantime, you have Kara and cyborg superman, her father – Fighting, you, you, we just talked about Red Hood and the Outlaws and how we're getting the same thing. Jesus Christ. Cyborg yeah, Superman. The same goddamn thing here. If you open up his cyborg parts, I believe there's a record player in there, Eric, if you know what one of those is, because this fucking record keeps on skipping and keeps repeating. He says the same thing for six issues. Now, he changes it slightly here it's to the be same like. Chest. Yeah, it is. It basically it's. I wanted this for you. You hate this earth. You didn't want to be here. I didn't send you here as a permanent deal. This is insulting. He does change it slightly to say, you know what? I also want to save our people. He throws that in, which he did before, but this yeah. he tries to say say it a little bit more. Like, my city is a microcosm of all that was perfect about our world. Our world, Kara, not theirs. I'm like, it's the same thing. Yeah, we yeah. get it. Even fucking throw shade on Superman. <laughs> <laughs> made me Kryptonian laugh. by name yeah, only. Yeah. Oh, it, it made me laugh. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, that you have this, and I did like the art a little more. And maybe it's that I'm getting used to the cartoony style. Maybe it's because I think that this whole story has been a joke. That the cartoony art does not bother me as much because right away at where you get them arguing and then Supergirl's had enough. Kara's had enough. She's like, listen, I'm done asking you to stop that. I'm going to take action. And she punches him. Unfortunately, punches him through Argo City. One of the engines of Argo yeah, City holding yeah. it up. 
That's not good. Yeah, it no. is over the the thing. Now they go and they're going to fight some more. Hey, it was Frickin all part of the plan, apparently. Yeah, it was. And in the meantime, you have Cyborg Superman. He's causing trouble with these, you know, government planes. Kara tries to stop it. The one plane is in a spin out. It's it's going to go Cyborg down. I saw Superman throws it. Yeah, at throws Supergirl. It. it starts spinning around. It she starts spinning. I saw it. that in Top Gun, Eric. Things do not work out well. Poor Goose. Uh, yeah, Goose will die now. But Supergirl stops it, and you have the worst dialogue this is we have been on this podcast already telling everybody how much we like steve orlando's dialogue out of nowhere that he's really improved and actually as a storyteller as well not in this book why is no. this did he write this book seven years ago does because, he see it as a joke as well i don't know because supergirl's there and i'm telling you it's almost like that the, the age-old I, you have me. Who has you? Kind of thing. And I'm like, I've I've had enough. And she's like, the guy's in the plane. Supergirl, you, you caught me in a plane? Yeah. What what else is is she going to catch you? Why didn't you eject, you idiot? The problem I have then is that Cyborg Superman then attacks her and the plane, you know, she has to let go of the plane because she's falling now. What happened to that plane? That that guy was Goose. <laughs> He's dead. Now they're singing, you know, you've lost that loving feeling in a fucking bar crying to each other. It's nonsense. In the meantime, you go back and there is uh, Cameron Chase. And she's there fighting the cyborgs. And I'll tell you, up until this point, we have not got a lot of Cameron Chase. I actually like her. Uh, that sure. is one of the few characters she's a in this book. Fucking woman. Yeah, that I like her in this book. I like her. I like when she shows up because she's over the top action hero, and I think that's funny. the The thing I will mention right now is until the very end, where's Eliza? Where is Jeremiah? That the Danvers are uh, MIA in this yeah. whole thing. Eliza at one point was heading to Earth, warning them about Argo City. What the fuck happened to her? I have no idea where she is, but she she's uh, still on her way. Yeah, Cameron. Uh, calls out to Dr. Veritas, who is in the scabbard, DEO ghost site number 252. Do you know where that is, Eric? I have no idea where I don't that is. either. The problem with it is we've already been told the signal dampener and all the shit has been going on. Uh, we weren't really told that when the Army shows up or the you know Air Force shows up with their planes, they stop that. Nope. So I'm wondering how the signal, unless this is somewhere in National City, if this is below National City, maybe it is. Maybe we should know. Maybe I should have looked it up. But no, to I'm me, I, there's no idea it is the even, scabbard. Even, but, Shea, even Shea Veritas, she used to be stationed in the block, which was like 500 miles down close to the earth's core and all this other yeah, shit yeah. so i have no idea what she's doing in the scabbard the studio no. ghost site now because she, yeah, she was trapped down there and like an old yeah and I, i'm only too. i can only assume that that is under national city i can assume, I can assume. Uh, but i'm you not i don't to. want to why assume so why i'm wondering what site? why not tell and, me where it's yeah. at and all this is is to sh- to point out that she has a countermeasure that's a him that they yeah. say that's in ice and it's a secret weapon and it has a super symbol on it. You see that though. I'm telling you, it looks very uh, it looks very, very feminine, feminine, very I feminine agree. body. Uh, but and the it's thing said, is the, the, the super symbol on the chest looks like Superwoman's. The yes, it looks like Superwoman's. Super but they but do like, say keep him on ice. This is Cameron. She calls. It's funny too. She calls up Doctor Veritas. No, tell, calls her. Uh, to, okay, she said, okay, she, does she? Cameron, she, okay, yeah, you're right. I looked at the other thing. So she calls. She wants to know. I was going to say, it's very odd that she calls yeah. Dr. Braritas to just shoot down the plan. Now, <laughs> in my mind, shit is going go wrong. On, Shay? You got I don't know about, ready? I'm uh, telling you. Ice right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's like she would call up Dr. Braritas. Dr. Braritas answers. Hey, doing? hello. 
Uh, hey, I told you not to call me when I'm busy, but but you <laughs> called me. Don't don't you talk back and hangs up. She just wants to hang up on somebody. So I was wrong. But yeah, this whole thing is still just to point out this secret weapon, which you said with a him. You think it might be Kal El? Uh, no, Kal Or Kal El. I mean that that's actually pretty cool if it was. But we have not seen that Superboy in a long time yeah, now, and we uh, you're kind of wonder where is that. Why why in this point I know that they say that you know Cameron's like no no. Supergirl has a plan. I don't know that I wouldn't want the secret weapon. No, no, you anyway. need a you know backup what? at this point. Shit is going wrong. In fact, how it's going now, Argo City is plummeting to Earth, you know, in a wreck. Yeah. Maybe another superhero showing up might help out a bit. Like, I can yeah. use a secret weapon right I, about I'm now. I'm telling you, Supergirl has a plan. It's like you have Bill Belichick, Eric. Bill Belichick. He's getting ready for a Super Bowl. That's not enough that he has the best team, Eric. He cheats. That's what you need. This would be a cheating thing that you can have. Videotape the practices, Eric. He didn't need to. That's not cheating. He did. He did. And that's what I would have right that's away. Due yeah. Diligence right They're there. like, you want me to send the secret weapon? Fuck yeah. Send the secret weapon. Uh, in you the meantime, send, you have... send that too. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you have. You have that fucking werewolf guy, send him. Fuck yeah. it. He doesn't Pour like fucking somewhere. Cyborg Superman. He's got shit about against Zorel. Just go and un- unleash him. Uh, but yeah, you have Kara and Cyborg Superman still fighting each other. Uh, you know, and they're just going and it continues Cyborg Superman just yelling and screaming that, you know, these people, they don't like you. What do you think you're going to inspire them? Are you going to do this? And this is where I said to you, I joked to you that this is where Kara realizes she wasn't just teaching the people of Earth, Eric. They were teaching her. Uh, and they what were teaching she says, her to have a gigantic fucking left eye. Yes, yes. Yeah, really. It is a little off. It's a little, she's a normal person, Eric. Not everybody has the same size eyes, like that Alan Tudyk or whatever. <laughs> he, he's got a fucking weird lazy eye that drives me nuts. Uh, they're, they're fighting, and that's Cyborg you know funny, though? I really like that aspect of him. And when he, yeah, in I know you did. In 42, because it made him look like more of a, a dumbass <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> he looked like a, a slow piece of shit that didn't want racial uh, quality. Was it, what was his name? Chip something? Well, yeah, no, I, it's, uh, I, I wish I could remember. God uh, damn it. Yeah. Of course, he was the Philadelphia manager. They were they yep. were awful to Jackie Robinson. Uh, but yeah, they were, uh, Kara Alan says, Tudyk. yeah, Kara says to uh, Cyborg Superman, her dad, listen, the, the people of Earth, they're inspiring me as well, and I'm inspiring them. Well, you know, this is how it should be. And that's when the plan, then the stupid goddamn plan is going to kick into, into, uh, into orbit, Eric, where Cat Grant calls up fucking Summer, a woman who used to work at the Daily Planet that Cat didn't get oh, along God, with her, or may have even said so shit on. Bad. It's just forced in. She calls a radio station. Now, it'd be funny if she calls up. Hello, caller 15. Yeah, first time, long time listener, first time caller. It's Cat Grant. I need you. She's calling the prize line. But no, she calls up this woman, like you said. Who's Summer? Do you no. know? Nobody no, knows. I, I don't know. I'm telling you, at one point, I'm like, the radio towers, like, she's talking about the Daily Planet. Is it the Daily Planet's radio towers? Because yeah, and it, it, it must case, not be. It does not make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. God- but she says to this woman, Forget what I said about you at the Daily Planet, Summer. I need your radio tower. So obviously you're supposed to think that she has switched jobs from being at the Daily Planet to go to the what? radio tower. And I'm like, it where so are you getting it? And it's just like Terry Kurtzberger and fucking No, uh, here's the thing Carolyn- is you say that. I was going to say what happened is – 
Terry Kurtzberger realized that Summer was working at the Daily Planet and could be so much more, got her to quit the Daily Planet, and, and sight unseen, these ra- this radio station hired her because Terry Kurtzberger said she could. That's all you need, right? And now she now she runs the place and has these radio towers. Yeah. May Terry rest in peace, sir. Uh, yeah, poor Terry. But, Carol uh, still yeah, out it's just ridiculous. It and what it leads to is you have these radio towers that are going to transmit a Kryptonian code that's on the computer. I don't even know how that works. We're already starting with a code that's going to be transmitted by the radio towers that's going to be picked up by the CatCo fucking apps on people's phones that that, everybody has. And not only that, as well. Yeah, yeah, it it is the, it's the Pokemon Go of National City, Eric, and it's going to transmit the, the signal and then completely shut down all of the cyborgs, including Cyborg Superman. And Kara does say, oh, I did this because I figured it out when I got out of your prison, when she was held prison with her mother uh, before, where she used what I called her super canary cry yeah. in that frequency. So what they are saying is this frequency. I'm telling you, this radio tower is transmitting. If the radio tower can get to the apps – on the phones, I think that it's a strong enough signal. It's just a stupid way to tie in that everybody loves cat co-apps. You know what I mean? It's just terrible. I, I just don't see the correlation, though, between her screaming to a certain frequency to, to relaying I'm that to you, a computer she had that code, Kryptonian code that simulates the frequency. I don't know how an app that – who knows what this app does – picks up radio signals and then retransmits them. I'm you know, what this is this app? That shut down this whole thing. I'm telling you, bond, I'm deleting this app the next everything. day. I know people who won't even go on fucking the internet because they're afraid that the government's tracking them. You have an app that's going to do whatever the fuck Cat Grant wants. I'm getting rid of it. Uh, but yeah, it happens, yeah. and then it ends then with Cyborg Superman shutting down. Like, I don't understand. And Kara's like, no, I realize when you held me prisoner how to do this. But then the worst thing to me, you think it's bad enough. I think it's the worst where she says about Argo City just in two, three panels says, no, I knew where to strike. You saw our trajectory, father. I overloaded as, your as you and, said and, to me and in says, space. <laughs> yeah, what you said to me in space, I realized it was obvious Argo will hit the ocean. What? And the only reason I'm saying that, and Argo hitting the ocean here, it's like with that one engine out, you think it would come down the opposite way. Yeah, and, and yeah. And it's just because of what you said to me in space, oh, I in get quotes, you. I would have thought it was obvious Argo will hit the ocean. I'm like, when did he even say that? And what are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. Also, you get this whole thing that's crazy at the end even where they're tying it up and they say at one point that uh, the the tech that kept the city from the tidal wave because at this point I'm like, that fucking thing's big. It's hitting there. The city is now going to be destroyed by a tidal wave that this caused. They end up saying, yeah, you know what? That tech that you use to, to shield the city worked out. Um, what are you talking about? Where did that come from? Then you go to, to Kat and Kat. And Kara shows up and she's like, hey, I still want that, you know, young innovators position. Cat Grant says, hey, why would I give that to you? Oh, because I went, read the Wonder Woman book. You're in. You passed the test, Eric. You read the Wonder Woman book. You're in. It's so bad. She even says Wonder Woman needed to get off her own you get off her island and go into her goddamn, you know, uneasy place. That's what yeah. I want to do. You're take in. Take me off my island. Yeah, take Kat me off Grant. my island. And then Cat Grant says to push it in. Well, let's get you off that island. This is so <laughs> stupid. Then Jim, they go, Jim, Jim, Jim. Ben yeah. Chapman. Yeah, Ben Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. Nonsense. Kara goes in, and also, you go to the next panel, and Kara's going into the room with uh, Ben Rubel, right? Yeah. 
does it not look like she is like two inches tall? She's like inch high private eye all of a sudden where they have that where you Kara. Really does. I'm it like, looks what? like she's shrunk that, down like the Adam or something. I was like, what, what, is, what the fuck did she do? She's two inches tall. And uh, there's Ben Robel. Ben Robel uh, says, hey, I helped you out, uh, but it's only because I want a favor later. Yeah. He likes her, Eric. He likes her. Also, I love – Kat also says the, the weirdest thing that I said that you – it made me we, just laugh. She's like, hey, you didn't show up, Danvers. Family in town. Uh, Ruble lied, which is intriguing for you two. Ooh, drama. Why is that intriguing? She likes drama. Oh, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, Ben Ruble says, you know what? You're going to owe me one. Then you get one panel where, where you see uh, the NASA, who they spell it out later, NASA, with the help of the FBI, are, are going down to Argo City and trying to see what's going on with the Argo City that wrecked in the ocean. And you have Dr. Henshaw. So you're like, ooh, ooh Dr. Henshaw. And hey, Henshaw you, get himself some yeah, cyborgs and Henshaw, technology. He's going down there to get the tech. Then you see uh, Supergirl going and visiting the guy uh, that she put in jail in the first issue. And where, this is uh, so weird to me. It's yeah, just a, she goes such a weird callback. I don't it's think just, most people are going to remember. It's just to show that she she's not a piece of shit like Batman, Eric. She no. remembers her victims. But yeah, he's in jail and she, she goes and says, hey, this is a note from your son. Like she sneaks in and I'm telling you, I know she's Supergirl. You don't want this chick in fucking general population. No, that's she's not. just well, sitting say, out there in the yard. If you can kind of make out to me, the one guy sitting out there on the bench behind them, since nothing is detailed in this book in the yeah. backgrounds, yeah. you could kind of make that he's looking over his shoulder at her. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, that's a nice piece of ass. And then the <laughs> others are playing basketball. Uh, but then, yeah, you're, you're getting this whole thing at the end where it seems as if Steve Orlando, and he does actually does a good job of this. It's nonsense, but he does a good job to show you that. I think it's leading to Supergirl trying to do too much because she's there. She visits National City Penitentiary to this guy. Now you see her making dinner for her parents. And uh, the thing that I'm we sorry. said, you're right you're there, way I off. You hate problem. this. In the previous issue with, again, Kara doing the computer code in there super fast, I'm like, you might be fast. The computer is not as fast as you. It's yeah. not going to be able to do this like nope. this. And the same with the cooking. You might yep. be moving around fast. You still need time. It still needs time yeah. to cook. And the so worst you, you part are of that your is your adopted parents yeah. fucking raw pork. She's making pork. That's yeah. the worst part. If she's making a salad, yeah, I'll go with it. Yeah, she's making pork. They're gonna die. They're gonna get trichinosis. <laughs> They're gonna have at least projectile diarrhea. And the next issue is gonna be half of the issue of them with projectile diarrhea, cursing her name. Yeah, like, and also, I would love it that they don't even figure it out. They just think it's Kryptonian, even though she even says, I don't have any of the spices or anything yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, she cooked pork in lickety split time. You can't do that, Kara. And I'm telling she you, this know. whole thing, like, there's a panel here after that where she gets, you know, they're all alerted to a DEO problem. They all have to yeah. go off and do it. And I really thought that that, like, they're sitting there eating, munch, 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 having a good time. Ooh, yeah, this yeah. Is really good. I really expected that next panel to be her turning away and then spitting the food out. Yeah. yeah. Also, I do want to point out, uh, uh, Eliza's there eating. She's like, oh, it's nice to spend some time with you when the world isn't exploding. And then Jeremiah says, Kryptonian's not bad. Reminds me of Shogiyaki. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fucking fancy Come on, ass. What, you don't know no Shogiyaki? No, I don't know Shogiyaki. I'm telling you, people are probably <laughs> like, oh, my, well, you're not very uh, cultured there, Jim. Yeah, no. I agree. I'm not. If he's eating it, it's like, boy, tastes like Taco Bell. Yeah, Ooh, I'm in. Yeah. I am in. Is that the fucking uh, chicken, naked the, chicken chalupa? cheesy double beef burrito right here. Tastes like Shogiyaki. 
I don't know. In my mind, he is a cannibal now, and that is Mr. Shugiaki. That was like one of his teachers back in the day. He killed him and ate him, Eric. That's all he did. He's a cannibal. That's why he doesn't mind. He's a fucking cannibal. Uh, but yeah, they get an alert from the DEO. It goes, poor Mr. Shugiaki, too. He was a good guy, Eric. He, he was a good professor. He wasn't that uh, good. He was okay. Actually, he did have an overlong syllabus to start out the course, but he did Fucking carry Fucking asshole. He had, well, here's the thing. He did do a lot of things like with printouts and stuff that he didn't you know, teach well, but he had long office hours. He cared about the kids, Eric. He, he would help them with other things, life problems, Mr. Shugiaki. Uh, but, yeah, Kara then has to go off to help the DEO, and uh, she That's goes That's my on. favorite panel yeah. of things. Yeah, and like, it's really good. It. Yeah, this means uh, I have work to do, and she freaking yep. pulls over her shirt, and you have the super sim- uh, girl symbol you know, there. Weird. Why now do I think that that is a point out so that you can remember what the symbol looks like to call back to that fucking frozen guy in the tube now? I don't know. But it is good. It, it is. That's the generic Superman. You know, like, yeah, yeah. this is a job for Supergirl, but they head off, and they want her... Uh, and then it's weird because they don't even tell you that because it's weeks later then. This this part does jump around a lot. Uh, but you go back and they are in the facility where the, uh, the scabbard, where uh, Veritas was. And they want Supergirl there, but she's already been there and she's there with her dad. And it looks like they have taken his cyborg technology uh, completely off of him. And I, I and don't understand side, what we're looking at because half yeah, his body just, is translucent. You just see a skeleton and shit. Yeah, like, you see I the don't skeleton know what I'm looking at. I just think that that's what would be under the uh, – just a cool thing of that would be under the cyborg tech that when you like, take in it my off, mind, the cyborg tech made up his body completely. Yeah, but maybe that's what they're showing, that there was still a bit of human. Now, I think that this is leading for her. It's weird, too. He still has that glowing eye on the actual other part. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those where I guess that they're going to keep pushing where she's, she says, I'm not going to give up on you, where he's going to be pissed. But now we're going to get back to trying to make him almost like a and cyborg. Half his dong thing. is just you laying know? there to fucking yeah, transparent. Really? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is like in the cyborg book of, of Kara trying to convince him or to show him or teach him that he wasn't that cyborg part of him. Obviously, this is only to get him out of being cyborg Superman because Hank Henshaw will become cyborg Superman. And I you really don't want that any... to be the case. I'm telling you, the way I want this to work out, Hank Henshaw yeah, eventually becomes no. like his old self, cyborg Superman yep. from the old continuity. And then we have a cyborg Superman versus cyborg yeah, Superman. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that. I do think that this is the only reason he has the cyborg technology off of him is because you, you were going to get Hank Henshaw eventually as cyborg Superman. And I don't even know that that's going to be in this book because we did see him as well in action comics. Oh, yeah, comics. he's in so, action comics uh, right uh, now. Supergirl, too. unfortunately for Supergirl fans, is not the most important book. So no. I don't know that that's what we're going to get. Uh, we are going to get a Saturn girl and freaking Empress uh, Yeah, we are, story uh, which there, is so. infuriating to me, yes. but we'll see. Uh, I just, with all the improvements with Steve Orlando and all the stuff that he's done, uh, especially, I'm telling you, since those those Rebirth one-shots, we've liked, I uh, Midnight, we've or liked Midnight or Apollo, but the thing is, we even ended the, the past in the New 52, it ended good. It started yeah. good. I just thought that that story, the Midnighter story that he wrote, in the new 52, he kind of lost his way a bit and was, you know, trying to catch up with himself and trying things to chase like that. that God tech. When Rebirth started, we, and even when this book happened, and, and even the the Monster Men, we had that. So I'm telling you, you're saying There's that the beginning, of, it, it was really a wreck. Even when he'd have a story in the Batman annual, the Christmas thing, the holiday special, it was all nonsense. 
all of a sudden, when these rebirth number ones hit, and I had been saying, I, I think that this JLA is going to be a fucking disaster. People were yelling, why did they give him this? What, what does this guy have? Pictures of people? Whatever. <laughs> Those JLA one-shots, even if I didn't like Killer Frost as much, I really liked them. I thought they yeah. were really d- done well for what they had to do. The JLA, which we already talked about, I liked. It, it was a generic setup of a rebirth, but it was what rebirth had gone. Yeah. Nothing that I thought in there was like, oh, here we go again. Uh why is this book so shitty? Why can't know. he do this? I'm telling you, I made the joke that he wrote this seven years ago. I don't know that he didn't write all these a year and a half ago, and then they're just getting to it because this does not seem like what we're getting from him well, now. Saying, we also said maybe Super his Girl plate, here. yeah, maybe I'm his plate's too. He's full. working on Supergirl here, and I'm thinking to myself, this is his least important book yeah. on his plate. You know, like he's yeah, gonna, maybe he's his plate really is too full. On the other ones, this one, yeah. like that's eh, Supergirl. Yeah, maybe he just did that. Maybe he like really rushed to get this first arc done because this does end the arc and maybe uh you know he was just rushing to get it done and it's just shitty uh i will say i'll stay more positive thinking that we're going to get the new steve orlando the new and improved steve orlando coming out of this though i will say while i did like brian ching's art a lot better in this issue mainly because we had some full panel stuff even with the you know this is a job for supergirl type thing that we hadn't gotten in the past and i really like those and it also makes me think and it's weird the panels that I really like like that seem to be a little less cartoony. They were still cartoony. Oh, well, even that one like where was freaking going there, Supergirl is holding on to Cyborg Superman at the end there as yeah. the freaking Argo crashes down. It's a great-looking page. Yeah, yeah. And it's like almost like, okay, maybe you can change up. But I will say this book – I hate to say that somebody should be off a book, uh, but this book might benefit from an, an art change, make it a little more non-cartoony so well. because it just looks like a joke. Uh, not a joke like a, you know, a joke. Like it just looks like it's supposed to be a funny book. Yeah. And the story doesn't match up to that. Or even uh, a book but, just aimed for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can say it is. Uh, I don't think it is. Uh, but I gave it a 5.1. Um, it was one of those, if the art was not as good as it was, it was heading for a fuck you five. Right. Uh, but I liked it a little bit more. And I said, even in my intro, if you read my review, I do like those dangling threads. I do like the thing. You don't like to see, you know, uh, Zorro without the cyber. I like that. I like to see where that's going to go. We also are going to get, make sense to me yeah, as well. we have Hank Henshaw and stuff like that. Well, maybe they'll explain it. Maybe they'll explain, you Hopefully. know, how it all happened and whatnot. Uh, we'll see. And the whole thing of who that mystery, you know, mystery man is. Uh, secret we'll weapon? Find out. Yeah, we'll find out who the secret weapon is. That seems pretty cool, too. But yeah. a 5 1, what would you give it? I would give it a 5.5 out of 10. I'm okay. telling you, that whole thing with the radio station transmitting through televisions and all this stuff, I'm like, and then it takes out the freaking, you yeah. know, shuts everybody down. I'm like, yeah, that's just a little convenient yeah, there. Yeah, well, that's the, the thing with me. I thought you were going to say about the technology of it that I actually have a big problem with. It wasn't that that really upset me. It was the problem that we're in the sixth issue, and it just stops. It yep. just ends. It, you know, she gets this idea, fucking types fucking Kryptonian code in a computer, and then it sends out a signal. It's like, I know, I, I've seen Independence Day. I've seen them give the virus to the yeah. aliens and stuff like that. There was nothing clever about it. There was nothing shocking or surprising except that you were shocked that it ended 
out of out of and then got so convenient with okay Argo City I heard what you said in space it's going to land in the ocean and then like I said at one point they even spell out oh luckily you had that shield up or we would have been destroyed by a fucking tidal wave oh and really I, I don't, I don't know what the shield is yeah I know Do you know what I'm talking about when they said it because we skipped over it she says and, and it's uh I think it's Cameron says it out of nowhere and it, it's just I don't know what they're talking about I <laughs> even put in my thing like huh what, what do you hear she says cleanups complete Dr. Aquatus's field absorbed most of the tidal wave. Oh. Really? Even I'll even go back. You have the destruction of Catco that is so brushed aside where they're like, oh, yeah, we, we did it overnight. We fixed yeah, it overnight. It's all good. I have Henry Claude to bet on speed dial. Oh, Henry Claude Henry, to bet, do Henry you? Claude to bet. Henry Claude to bet's on speed dollar. Not only is he one of the greatest designers uh, and, and architects, he, he has uh, he works fast. He has seven arms. He fucking could do work fucking easy. It's like we're supposed to read this and say, okay, that makes sense. You know, hey, your office, it's fixed. Yeah, overnight. I have Henry Claude to bet on speed dial. Oh, really? Thank you. I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Henry Claude Tibet. Apparently, apparently Henry Claude Tibet is a freaking DC character. Yeah. Uh, who is he? A, I don't, a wheelchair-bound Canadian yeah. architect. Oh, a, a wheelchair-bound Canadian architect. He could do that work? Oh. I guess. I, I've, done, I've never Again, heard that name before I don't in my even life. Care. But. I don't even care if it is a character. Throwing it out like that to explain why you can say the next day her office is fixed because that <laughs> goes with the story that you want to tell. It's ridiculous. You could have had Kara show up before she becomes inch high private ire. Even to the point where she looks like a fucking little, like two inches. And there's like, it's such a cartoony thing. It's so ridiculous. But you could have her show up. Oh, my God. What happened here as they're fixing up the thing? It would make total sense, right? It Hello? Totally <laughs> You're looking at inch high private eye? No, no, I'm uh, still gonna Henry Claude to bet. I'm sorry. Oh, Henry Claude, <laughs> uh, does he have a superpower that he can fix shit overnight? Because it better it, it, it say that. So. I don't know. I'm telling you, I exited out there when I realized, oh shit, I gotta answer Jim. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's like I just got caught looking at porn or something. <laughs> yes. And, and out of out of nowhere, I do want to mention that at the end of the books, when they have the uh, storm warning, the wild storm uh, deal, I'm yeah. telling you. That picture of Warren Ellis sitting on that chair scares the shit out of me. He's looking <laughs> deep into my soul, Eric. He looks like Anton LaVey, uh, the guy who's like the Satanist church guy. It, yeah. I'm telling you, that picture looks lifted right from the Satanist Bible or something. I don't like it. I, I freaking scares the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, wait, you see it? Man, look at him. He's staring at me. But yeah, that uh, that's it for this section. Yes. I'm, all, I'm all fucking out. I think he's possessed my soul now. Like uh, Henry Claude Tibet or whatever the fuck his name was. Uh, Summer. Yeah. Even then, it's like this this spell out. Just throw it out there. Just like they, they throw out that fucking Kryptonian dish. Yeah. Fuck off. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go off to mail section number three. And then we're going to be back with a section of books there that, that we like a little more, I think. Good. Yeah. It is the best podcast of week, even though Jim is such a I want to hear all the reviews Don't you smell what they're And I've got such a long way to go So oh. 
Now section number three, starting with G. Little rhyme for you. Little rhyme for you. Mail section three. Did you do that on purpose? Doing it with me. What's up, Jim? America's sweetheart Eric Shea and the heartbeat of Africa. Red G. What's up, episode one oh nine was another great episode, and I loved your guys' review of Batman number sixteen and the discussion regarding the ridiculous nature of Bruce eating a hamburger with a knife and fork. I read awesome. he- Red Hood number seven this week. And I have to say that I, although I liked the book, I didn't think it deserved the 9 out of 10. I thought the cover spoiled the end scene. Since I knew at one point Jason was going to point a gun to Bizarro's head, I was looking out for this in the comic. Because of the cover, I knew that all the buildup was leading up to that scene, and I wasn't surprised when Jason pointed a gun to Bizarro's head. Although I do like the fact that Bizarro is a wild card on the team and his volatile nature makes him an interesting member of the team. I hope Liddell uses this as a constant theme in the book, since I think it is one of the best parts of the comic. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and this book still remains one of my favorite comics in my pull list. I'll tell you, Jay, I do not even look at covers. I really don't until way after, or if Reggie has them on the covers of the week. Yeah, we discussed Uh, this yesterday. Like, think about like I never really look at covers. The one time I actually end up looking at covers is when people send the pictures of their pull list, and I look at that picture, and and I'm like, oh, that's the cover, huh? But I don't know if it's a thing about getting them digitally. I don't know if that's the thing. Uh, you have to also realize when we review some of these, some of the PDFs that we get from DC don't even have covers. They start yeah, with the first that page. That was weird for time. And that, yeah. And so I just kind of go past that. And I've been burned so much by saying, Oh my God, the cover is, but you know what I mean? That I don't even bother. Uh, but yeah, have you guys checked out the Just League Dark animated movie? Have no, you ever? I saw half of it and fell asleep. I just watched it last night and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great introduction to new fans as I gave the viewer the origin stories of Boston Brand, a.k.a. Dead Man, Swamp Thing, and Etrigan the Demon. Although it is a 75-minute movie, it packs in a lot of story as well as many action-packed scenes. I don't even think, actually, I got halfway. Now that I see it was 75 minutes, I, I think I fell asleep like 10 minutes in and then nobody would watch it with me later, but... The movie does involve the comic that was released in 2011 and is wholly original story. Last battle between the supervillain and the Justice League Dark is as epic as the fight between Justice League and Darkseid in the Justice League War animated movie, which was released back in 2014. My only gripe with the movie was the cheesy one-liners that Constantine would throw out every 10 minutes. I think the writers were trying too hard to make Constantine a quip-slinging magical warrior, but it just made him a bit annoying, and I ended up shaking my head from the bad one-liners then, uh, then getting pumped for the movie. The action scenes were great, and probably my favorite scene was when Batman and Deadman were battling a demon that was manifested in the form of an an excrement monster. Jeez, you heard me right. This movie features a demon made of human crap uh, that was literally born from a toilet bowl in a hospital. Okay, so it's pretty much just like Dogma with the Gargothwin shit demon. Yeah, yeah, that, or it actually reminds me more of, uh, what was that... uh, Monster. Nintendo. Now the Nintendo game, uh, freaking Conquers Bed for a Day. He, oh, right. One right. of the bosses yeah. was a shit monster back then. It was an entertaining, action packed animated movie that will please hardcore fans and casual fans alike, and I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. It's one of these things that I've done. I've been, I think it's around 2014 then. I've been off of the DC animated stuff because before I really loved them. I look forward to yeah, everyone I'm not that came really out. liking what Ever we're doing. since we got to the new 52 stories, I just think. 
Yeah. I'm not about it anymore. I don't know. I don't. I can't say the quality's going on. I just don't like the art style as much. And just, yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel let down because I know the stories I'm going into with these a lot of the times, and like they change them up. And I'm like, oh, well, this is not how yeah. it happened. And I don't yeah, I'm know. Not I that into it Yeah. But he says also, I am watching the Lego Batman movie with my girlfriend tonight. Are you guys going to watch that movie? Probably not. If so, I would love to hear your guys' take on it. Uh, yeah, you probably won't see it. Uh, <laughs> I will probably see it when it gets on the stick. So when it goes on HBO or Netflix, I'll see it. Me and my kids want to. My kids want to see it, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch it when it, I can get it illegally. That's when I'm gonna watch it on the Fire Stick, baby. Thanks for all that you do. I'd listen to your 11-hour podcast. I'd rather listen to your 11-hour podcast than 30 minutes with Sean Spicer at a White House press briefing. I hear that. Sincerely, G.M. Chung. Thanks, G. And, yeah, Thanks. my kids want to see it. And uh, me and my one son, uh, Rafe, skinny penis there. Skinny we penis. watched the trailer again. We're, we're giggling at the trailer. Though, I don't know. It, maybe we'll watch it between the fucking viewings of Brothers Grimsby. How many that times do they watch that now? Oh, my God. It's like seven times now. Jesus Christ. And I go down last night. We're recording a little bit. I go downstairs, and they're watching fucking uh, Haunted... Uh, what's it called? With, uh, what, is haunted it House? Haunt, is it Haunted House? Is that what yeah. it's called? The, the freaking Marlon Wayans joint? Yeah. Like I go down there and see free people getting screwed by fucking ghosts. I'm like, what now, the were they wa- watching on? Haunted House 1 or 2? It was 1. They were going to watch okay. 2 tonight, and I said they couldn't. I'm sure they did. <laughs> Ryan's, Ryan's next. He says, well, all these crossovers. What is one DC crossover you would like to see them do? This can include all companies besides Marvel. I would have to go with Tank Girl versus Harley Quinn. The outcome would be killing Harley in order to get rid of her garbage of a series. And then he has Kumite. Kumite. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I, I actually came up with a couple. I'd actually like to see Wonder Woman Xena. Eric, how about that? I like that, yeah. How about, actually, you already have Green Lanterns with everything else. I know that you're going to technically tell me that Star Wars is Marvel. I don't care. I would like to see that. Or it's maybe Marvel, even, Jim. Maybe even Cyborg. Eh, it's Disney. Maybe uh, Cyborg. Disney's Marvel, Jim. Yeah, but, yeah, I'll go with it. Uh, Cyborg Transformers uh, is another see, one that I think. I think it's the one I want to do is Transformers. Just like years ago, somebody, there was a bunch of freaking covers made up for this. There was something that was supposed to happen, and then it was shut down out of nowhere. A lot of, I hope you can still find it, like the pictures online. It was really cool, though, like Megatron holding a torn up Superman like uh, fucking really? cape. And then it was Optimus Prime with a goddamn uh, Green Lantern ring on. And also the invisible jet turned into a robot. It looks really cool, but that's what I want to say. Anything else? You, you got any others while I look these pictures up? No, no. Right now I'm just Transformers Just League, maybe freaking uh, Suicide Squad G.I. Joe. Yeah, that'd be okay. How about Blackhawks G.I. Joe? Maybe. I'm not a huge fan Black of Blackhawks. Blackhawks. So. Eric. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things still out there, but... Uh, not much. I'm looking. How about Justice League Dark meets the Universal Monsters? That'd be okay. I don't know. Some of these, some of these, they're getting a little wacky. Anyway, you know what I mean. That maybe we're Gorilla Grodd meets Six Gun Gorilla. Ooh, Gorilla Grodd meets fucking the uh, what's it called? Curious George. (laughs) How about that one? He goes. He they both kill the man in the yellow hat and then get on with their lives. There. That poor man. Yes, I, I actually was trying to think of like a, uh, you know, Riverdale, like an Archie meets, and I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna go that path. But uh, Archie meets Hawkman. Archie meets Adam <laughs> Strange, and it's called Archie gets a little strange. Nice. The next, uh, thanks. That Ryan. just means uh, not Betty or Veronica, right? 
No, it does mean that too. And Adam, because Adam Strange hits him with a Zeta beam and knocks him out, and then they rape him. That's what happens there. Oh. Boom! It writes itself. Repairman Jack's next. What's up, guys? So this week I come to you from the freshest of speculation on the comic book creative front. It's not been confirmed or really even widely discussed, but it seems that there is some speculation that Jeff Lemire is leaving Marvel and coming to DC with a book this summer. He's already leaving two of his Marvel books, Moon Knight and Old Man Logan, both of which people really like, with no announcements of any new books with them. He does have Thanos still. But that doesn't really seem like a long-lasting title. and seems more like Marvel just wanting a Thanos trade to be coming out around the movie. There's also been discussion that Charles Soule is coming back to DC as well. But that seems to be discussed a lot less. and doesn't really have much behind God, it. I, don't, I don't know what his deal is because he did leave and become exclusive. And I don't know what that deal, you know, how long that yeah. was. It's been a while, though, so maybe that is true. So my question for you guys is what do you think would be your pick for Lemire to write? I'm not huge on this backlog of work, but of what I have uh, read, Logan, Moon Knight, Black Hammer, he puts me in the mind of wanting something dark from him. My only real hope is that it's something that expands the current universe a little more. I feel like outside of Hal and the Green Lantern Corps, we don't really have much from Rebirth that is more expanded in the universe. The universe feels too condensed right now, and I really want it expanded. Uh, I don't know. Ed, that If he wants that, maybe Jeff Lemire writing a... Uh, Hawkman book, like an actual Maybe. legitimate Hawkman. But Jim, Maybe. Death, Hawkman's dying soon, and one more yeah, issue yeah, left. Yeah. Maybe he'd be actually... Too, I love Jeff Lemire. You're not as big a fan. Now, the thing uh, is, maybe. I'm not a big fan. I didn't like his Green Arrow run, and I was not a huge fan of the JLU run. The fucking yeah. Where the hell is Equinox? I'm telling you, if you look up new right now, top new 52 books, that, that Green Lantern run is going to be on everybody's list. You're, yeah, Green Arrow. You're the only one who didn't like it. Oh, you were I know. the only one. Uh, the JLU was weird, but he was leaving then. It really did get fucked up, I think, because he was leaving and that Equinox was his character. I just think they didn't want to... I told you at work. I don't think that they wanted to keep giving him money, so they kind of oh, phased her out. But, uh, yeah, I think that maybe he'd be good with a Booster Gold if they brought Booster back. Uh, I don't know. Like if Lemire came back, I think I'd want to see him do a, a question book, a new question. Yeah, he, the problem is, is that he's... Uh, the problem, Repairman Jack wants it to expand into, like, the universe, like, to be something like a, a universe-expanding deal. Uh, question. I can't really there. think of anybody out there that you'd want to fucking write about, you know, like, this whole universe. Like, we already have the Green Lanterns out there, but what other alien race do you want to see? we got Adam yeah. Strange, fucking Martian I'm just saying you'd have Adam Strange, Hawkman. you know, yeah, Hawkman, anything that would even go, even, like, the Omega Men, if that came Maybe, back. Were we talking about the Legion of fucking superheroes, possibly? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I believe he was writing, I think he wrote that Teen Titans, uh, Earth One book. So maybe it'd be something, maybe the Legion wouldn't be that crazy because no. I think that was, a you know, something. And he did that, have the Legion in the JLU. Yeah, he could have, a uh, Swamp Thing. Eh, there's a lot of things. I said I liked his Animal Man, so, yeah, I don't think that that's coming back though. But yeah, we'll see what he says. On a completely other note, I wanted to share some thoughts on JLA. You guys talked about it a lot. Uh, but this first issue really gives me the impression that Lobo isn't going to be on the team for very long. Everything in this book points to Lobo not really fitting on the team. They talk about being mortal specifically, which if there was anything that Lobo wasn't, it's definitely mortal. They yeah. make a huge fuss over Frost being a killer. Meanwhile, Lobo is sitting right next to them all, and he is literally a space bounty hunter or hitman. Then you have what you guys... 
uh, have talked about the most with Lobo only offering up to do a job. The whole team thing really doesn't seem to be his thing, just yeah. from the little time we've seen him lately. He wants to make money and do jobs, and he is only here because of his word. I just don't see that lasting very long, and I would expect Batman to know that. So my question coming from this is if Batman knows all of this and only wants Lobo there uh, for a specific reason and a limited time, what would it be? Also, who would you want to take his place once he leaves? Uh, and he says, you've been repaired, Eric. But yeah, I, if there's just a specific thing, obviously, it's going to be something that needs a heavy hitter. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it would be. I don't know what they're going to end up fighting first or doing, uh, you know, whatnot. I, I can't even think about what this, where this is going to go that they need a Lobo right off the bat for type yeah. of shit. You know, like yeah, they gave us that sneak peek where we saw individual characters doing shit. And right now it just looks like Lobo's going to fight the Ray. Yeah, Lobo's going to fight the, the team. It's funny, though. You have that whole thing. Th- that'll end up being a training sequence that they're doing. You know, because yeah. remember, it didn't even say, like, you're holding back. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, it'll be a training sequence. But no, if we, like we already talked about in a previous mail, you know, we kind of want to see Green Arrow on this team possibly because he, if you know, he is the definition of mortal in my mind for yeah. a superhero. Yeah, I, I actually wouldn't think that they even have to replace him. There's already a lot of people on this team. Uh, if the, he leaves, I don't. Plastic know the, Man. Yeah, Plastic Man. Fucking Hawkman. That's your go-to. <laughs> Firestorm. Firestorm will show up just because actually Killer Firestorm. Frost. Actually, Firestorm's too much of a god in my mind to be there. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so, I don't know, so as anybody else will mention, except Green Arrow, Ooh, I, how about I this? really think... Shazam, the mightiest mortal. Yeah, he's not the might. yeah, he's the mightiest mortal, because he's a god. What? No, and he's the mightiest mortal, he's not a god. Oh. He just has powers of gods. Oh, yeah, so that, that wouldn't, that would fit right in with the rest of the team of <laughs> him saying that. You're Shazam fucking full back. of crap. But yeah, that is the end of mail section number three. I know you want Shazam, but yeah, it doesn't make sense, but we'll see. He is called the Mightiest Mortal. Yeah, the Mightiest hey, Mortal. Until he becomes Shazam, and then he's a god. He has the power of fucking how many gods? Nobody Jesus says Billy Bass is the Mightiest Mortal. He's just a little kid. Gets his ass kicked all the time. I, I think that they're trying to fool people by calling him the Mightiest Mortal. The guy has the power of fucking six gods or whatever it is. How many of the S-H-A-Z? Yes, I got it right but yeah, we're going to go off to more books now. <laughs> so close, no matter how far. come straight from the heart. Forever trust in one as words. Cause Jim's reviews matter. Never opens himself this way to his wife or his family. Let's not forget Eric Shane, cause his reviews matter. Trust I seek and I find in him. Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you find Cause Jim's reviews matter How drunk is Eric Shane? Segregation Reggie Segregation Reggie And we're back 
It's time for more books, Eric. Yes, it is. This is the the Fast and Furious section. I'm going to call it because it has Flash, Titans, and Wonder Woman. Boy, she's and you want to get done. <laughs> she is fast. Woo wee. Yes, it's funny because Flash and Titans go so well. If only Teen Titans came out uh, this week, we'd have another section that just made perfect sense. What are you talking uh, about but- Donna Troy's and Titans, Wonder Girl. <laughs> That doesn't mean that that has anything to do with Wonder Woman. That is that is a sketchy uh, thing right there. I'm just saying it's there. You have the connection with Titans because of Wally with Flash. Bam. I'm making it work. It doesn't work and we're done. I'm done with it. We're not talking Wonder Woman. She doesn't work out in this. We're starting with Flash. Flash number 16, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Carmine D.G. DeMonico, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. Joshua Williamson continues his rogue story with a focus on Heat Wave and Man. Is he a piece of shit or what? Seriously. He goes against the rogue's plan and tries to kill the Flash, and while they ba- while the plan backfired, the issue ends with Captain <laughs> Cold about to shoot Flash with some heavy hardware. This is probably D.G. DeMonico's best-looking issue to date, and I'm continuing to have fun with this book. So am his, I. I'm his really plan happy the rogues are back. Fired, <laughs> and because of that. The heat is on. Yeah. Flash is trying to figure out what the fuck's going on here. And I really do like this issue. And I said in my review that I think that this issue actually, I like this whole arc because the rogues are always fun. But but Joshua Williamson is also using the rogues to kind of show us the best and worst of of Barry. And I really think that... Not even the it, the worst. I'm not saying like the worst being something bad. It's that he does trust people too much. He wants to find even good in ropes. everyone. And yeah, he, and Heat Wave especially. He because it starts off. He's trying to figure out you know the rogues. He's gone to all these places because before we saw they got him out of town and then fucking just picked fucking Central City clean. And then when Wally or well, I keep thinking Wally now. Uh, when Barry comes back. He can't really figure out what has happened and where they're going. He's trying to make connections. He can't find any connections here. And it even leads to a point where the, the people are starting to be like, holy shit, you know, Flash hasn't done anything. Oh, you oh have. fuck, even Iris shows up and says, hey, yeah. tomorrow's headline, Rogues beat the Flash. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Bitch. And, and yeah, and she's even there like, but I'd rather run. Flash catches the Rogues again. Yeah, and, I'd rather uh, run that too. Calm down already. I'm yeah, and it's shit. funny too. They have that. I, I would love to think that that wasn't her who said that because it's off panel and it looks like the rogues finally beat the flash. And then the next deal is that's the headline that'll get a lot of hits, but I'd rather one. It's almost like I, I just beg. You want to pray that cop? It's that cop who said it. I really wish it was. Grizzly uh, Adams over there. Yeah. Look at him. <laughs> uh, but he, keep back, ma'am. So I, I don't know that it was, it was him, I'll but I'd you, like to think it was. My biggest problem with this fucking start of this issue though is starting to get me really annoyed is because we do see right from the get go, like how heat wave, you know, robbed this bag and torched the yeah, fucking place. He torched it like he's never done before, they say. And the thing is, yeah, Barry is running around and looking for shit and clues, but I'm like, he's spending an awful lot of time standing still in this burnt-out wreck while yeah, everybody yeah. stares and judges you. Do yeah. something else. And it's funny, too, because, again, we have this thing. He's at a crime he's st- scene. He's still there long enough for someone to talk shit. I know. Get yeah. a move and on. And it's funny, too, because when they say, looks like the rogue's finally it's like he stops and turns around like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> and, and it's Iris. He's like, Jesus Christ, even the God, fucking woman I'm you. dating. 
Oh, God. But it makes me laugh, though, is they're like, hey, ma'am, you can't be here. This is a crime scene kind of thing. Why is the Flash there? I know that they they like him. The protector of Central City. He's still, but it's not even with what we've seen in the past with the whole Speed Force storm and all that shit happening. It seemed like the police were not real hip on him being around and shit like that, like crime scenes and things like that. But it's great. He's like, oh, it's okay, officer. I know, Miss West. Oh, oh, do you, Flash? Okay, you're allowed in then, Iris. I I, I, I want a cop, though, to be standing there. Thanks for trampling over my crime scene, yeah, asshole. That's what I'm saying. And, He's and all over. Like, you know, oh, no, I didn't step on anything. How would you know? It's not like you're a goddamn forensic yeah, scientist. That's what I'm saying. He should know better. He's just there. He's, <laughs> I just love it when he's like, oh, don't worry about her. I know her. Like, oh, really, oh, Flash? Oh. Go fuck yourself. Oh, I don't care who fuck the fuck yourself. you know. <laughs> oh, look at you, Mr. Important Flash. Uh, it made me laugh. Though. But yeah, uh, at points in the, in the, uh, Recent past, yeah. Flash was looked at as like the enemy number one. They they were after him and shit like that. But it, it did make me laugh where he says, "I know Iris," and she just like she starts trampling all over shit. And it's so funny because we've had this, and yes, and I actually flowers. Yeah, and I actually like this because we've had uh, Barry in this book almost like going above and beyond his role. Like you said, he is a forensic scientist. He goes there. But they've made him into this crazy ass, almost like a Batman-like detective. Oh yeah, uh, especially since Rebirth, because of that whole thing with the button and that nonsense. But uh, here it is funny because Iris just—this is almost like in uh, in Superwoman when they say to him, when they say uh, the Kryptonite Man says to uh, goddamn fucking uh, Lex, "Hey, did you try to turn off your suit?" Like here, there's Barry's trying all this stuff and. Oh, did you actually look to see what Captain Cold saw? He's like, oh shit, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then goes on beyond that and says, you, you should think like the rogues think to catch them. Oh, really? Th- oh. That's such a, a oh, goddamn mind bender there. West. And I didn't it's so think about funny. that before. Thanks and a then lot. Fla- what would Flash I ever do without it's so you? so funny, but then Flash is like, he's still not biting. And then Iris goes, you know, it doesn't mean you're a rogue. Just because you think like one. Oh, the, a fucking light bulb goes off. You know what? That's a good idea. And he goes up. I'm like, you stupid asshole. Like, all this time, he's been figuring out shit left and right. Now he can't even figure. All he's done is run to fucking crime scene after crime scene. And it's done shit. And, and really. All he's the, done is worked up an appetite. Yeah, really. The, the good thing about it is it, it's kind of what the rogues are doing. It does seem like. Now, yeah, they're trying it to keep him off kilter. It does seem that keeping him off killer, but then all of a sudden it does seem also that they were just getting money to leave. So he does yeah. figure that out. I actually thought it was going the route of, hey, everybody goes off and does their own thing because this is Captain Cold's plan. Because at yeah. the end he does say, listen, I, I thought of every time we met, you always beat the rogues, but individually maybe we can get away. And I wish that they would have done crazy shit. Like you would have had, you know, Heat Wave goes off and, and steals or th- does something weird. And yeah. it really would have thrown them off. And then the the whole setup is is that if one of them gets caught, you're supposed to bite the bullet for the rest of it. it I'm telling you, I don't know what I would have done if I got caught as well. Because you know what the, I would have done? What's exactly that? Heat wave yeah, did. really. That's what I'm saying. Because not only are you you're biting the bullet jail. for your for your family, the rogues, but all I can imagine is I'm in fucking Blackgate fucking uh, you know Iron Heights. Just imagine, and I'm how sitting well there thinking yeah, they're in. They're on a fucking yacht. They're oh, heading yeah. off. I'm like, 
you fucks. You know what I mean? It's really like over the top because I'm with you. I would have done what Heatwave is because once Barry thinks like a rogue, (laughs) he does say like everybody seems to be stealing money. This is their last job. Okay, I get it. What would they do? And he seems to center on Heatwave that he thinks Heatwave would go and say goodbye to his family. And he says, I went to the graveyard uh, first where his family was buried, the, the family that burned. And then he's like, no, no. Then I remembered, you know, your old family home. And they go, and they really, are they ever going to rebuild this this place? Does it Honestly, <laughs> I'm looking at it, and I want to think that they are in the process of rebuilding it. It seems like they're in the process. It like, like the, everything's there. Yes. You just need to put walls on it. Yes, it, it does look that way. But, boy, how long ago was that? I, you know, it burned down when he was a little boy. You see him as a little boy, boy and I now know. they're just getting on. And now here's the weird part about it is you have a pretty nice scene, and they're going to go again. Against everything because Flash is there. Listen, I know I've had a lot of hard times too, shit that went bad, my own tragedies, and I would, I'd have a hard time leaving the city as well. Though he does say, I know all these bad memories, you'll have a hard time leaving. I'm like, no, I don't think he will, but it turns out that he, he's not upset. He seems to be there to fucking burn it the fuck it's down. It's like, it's like fucking Flash coming to you and trying to touch your heart by talking about your father and your yeah. relationship. Yeah. And then they're like, you know what? I feel bad. I'm like, I put that pillow right to his face. You fucking <laughs> ass. But it, it, the weird thing about this is I actually would have liked it a lot better if they would have. And you even sparked this even more here that I wish that they would have done it where Heatwave went there and pretty much was like, how dare you rebuild this? This doesn't rebuild the hole in my heart, Eric. But no, instead he's like, no, I fucking did it. And I wish I would have burned the whole goddamn fucking place down. And now and I'm going to burn the whole neighborhood down yeah, now that he, I'm here. So, yeah, so basically his last thing to do before leaving is to go and burn down a goddamn neighborhood that he wanted to do in the first place. Now, and that, here's that's the where. Thing right there, because, you know, Heat Wave is the wild card in the scenario. Seems yes, like everybody else played ball, but no, Heatwave had to stop no. his fucking escape to go and burn that's, down a neighborhood. And that's what's How is weird. that not going to get flashed if, goddamn and attention? That's, that's what's weird to me is you would think that everything in this plan that they would send everybody out to do some fucked up shit that would get the Flash's attention. So at this point, it almost seems like it's still part of the plan. Like, okay, Heat Wave's there. He has to make a big fucking like to-do. So like, like, like Captain Cold set him up to fail yeah, from yeah, the get and, and even if he would have done with everybody, and it's the luck of the draw, whoever gets caught. But it's weird because he doesn't follow the plan. So it doesn't go... You know, one plus one does not equal two here. No. Uh, so it kind of goes off. But yeah, one plus why, one equals it, I have to go up and burn and a neighborhood I, down. Yeah, I, I think in general, if if they really spelled it out to Captain Cold later and said, like, listen, the guy was burning down a whole goddamn thing. I think he'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck is going on? God this was never Mick. part of the plan. Yeah, Mick, you fucked up. Because, yeah, he's going to burn the place down. Flash has to save everybody. Does a thing with water and all that. Uh, but the mean uh, – uh, the the big thing that comes out of this is that Heatwave's just waiting and then tries to kill Flash. And it's funny because Heatwave's like, you are burned worse than I've ever been. That's going to take fucking – and then you see him. I'm like, I'm like you don't look, look burned. bad at all. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's the one thing that I thought was off in the art. If you would have seen him and Barry was using like – like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, or even like he was just making himself vibrate so much that you couldn't tell, whatever. But no, he does not no. look burned. And I, there's He's Mick. got some holes Mick's in his all- costume. And even the holes in the costume, his skin underneath looks yes. fine. And Mick's already gone so far. Why didn't he just go over there and just go to town? 
Seriously. on the Flash, but he doesn't. He jumps out. He leaves. And then in the meantime, you see the rest of the rogues. They're on the polar ice fucking yacht. I'm like, please, <laughs> Captain Cold, name it something else. Jesus Christ. I'm looking but, at this goddamn thing, though. It's this yacht in the middle of the fucking water. And imagine everybody has to go and with their loot and everything like that and yeah, swim, swim out, out to this location. Yeah. Like, I'm only making it halfway before I get tired and drown. Yeah, tired as hell. Uh, but yeah, that's where you see Captain Cold. In the meantime, Iris even asked Barry, like, what did Captain Cold steal? And he still didn't even look into it or try to find out because, yeah, everybody else seemed to get money. We find out then Captain Cold was after something a little different. But they get together. They all seem like they're going to go. And it's like one of those where Captain Cold now is immediately worried because they're all there. And this is not the plan. Somebody needed to be caught and go with the plan to detain Flash, or else he's going to still look for them, and that's what happens. And and basically, they and find so, out he not waits even like, like you know. I imagine Flash would still look for him. The whole thing with they getting caught in my mind is like, okay, with him taking you to prison and fighting and all this, stuff, we'll have a chance to get away. Well, that's Sounds what I'm great. saying. It would take time. Yeah, it would just take time, and they'd have time to get out. They don't have it now because stupid ass heat wave. He's like, yeah, yeah, I took care of him. I fucking set him on fire, and uh, and, and, and Captain Cold's like, and it's funny because I do like the reaction to even his sister. Golden Glider says like, almost like you're just jealous. You know what? He did the job. He did what we always wanted to do. Captain Cold is like. To them, he looks like a dick, but we know that he's right. That he's oh, like, yeah. no, no, you didn't stick to the plan. We are fucked. Flash is gonna find us. He's gonna. He's not detained now. We have no time. We better get that. Uh, like he's like, we better blow this fucking popsicle stand. <laughs> and then yeah, Flash just shows up and then pretty and much detains everybody. Detains instantly. everyone. Yep, but cold. And I guess he just wanted to talk to cold. It's a bad yeah. mistake. Uh, because yeah, they start talking. They're talking about heat wave a bit. And he says, you know, exactly what, what Captain Cold thought. He vibrated past that, pretend he was hurt, probably even followed Mick there to see and then waited oh, yeah. for Captain Cold to show up so we can get them all. Uh, but in the meantime, Captain Cold's like, listen, and, and I do think it's a little forced, but it was set up before because Barry was kind of in awe with the intelligence of Captain Cold when he talked about the, oh, yeah. the cold gun. He said, uh, you know, he's really, uh, really smart. He built this gun. He took it apart. He did this. And Captain Cold says that himself here that, yeah, you know what? I, I knew it like the back of my hand, but I used that same process to try to figure out what we had to do to, to get rid of you. And it was that the rogues had to go off on themselves. They had the whole plan. In the meantime, we find out that what he did go to steal was the shit that Black Hole used to create the Out Speed Star Force Labs, Storm yeah. and Star Labs and then made a black ice gun, which I have no idea what it does. We, okay, we my mind, know. I sat there, I looked at it, right? In my mind, black ice gun, okay? It is a cold gun with the freaking time, uh, the uh, speed sapping kind of thing. So Yeah, I think, it'll, will, I think it'll slow him and, and take his power shit. off. I think it'll actually start sapping out the yeah. Speed Force of him in general. Uh, but we'll see. It does look like the one gun from Halo. So much there. It looks so much like and that. Biggest, it looks I still cool. think, what to say, it looks like the needler to me. Yeah, I don't know. No, if you, if I actually sent you the picture of the one pistol gun, right. it looks just like it. Is, is it that looks the one awesome. that, like, when you shoot it too many times, it has to, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, cool yeah. Down. it overheats and it has yeah, to cool yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks really like that. But in the meantime, this is where I'm, I'm thinking about, like, the plan, because this is where I wish that the other, people doing the other rogues going weren't just getting money that it seemed like they were getting money so they could retire i wish that they were doing other things because captain cold had this thing that looks like he was going to get this gun anyway like 
I'm telling you, the plan kind of falls apart a little because it seems like he wanted Flash to show up because he has a gun that fights the Flash. In my mind, this was all a part of the plan where, hold on, he sends everybody has their own individual job to go strike out so the Flash can't get to them in time, had the whole thing where they have to go to Corto Maltese and Mirror Masters keeping them busy. And in his mind, he knew, like, you know, even though he said, he knew somebody was going to fuck up. And if you want to, but the whole thing, he knew someone was going to fuck up, so he made sure that he had this goddamn weapon to take on the Flash when somebody did fuck up. But it's just funny, like, you're supposed to think that he thinks this is their last job, but yet what he stole was to make a gun to fight the Flash well, anyway. That's, that's because kind of like, because Captain Cold looks like, you know, we have this whole thing here where we, you know, you think of the rogues as a family, and, you know, they're always out, like, you know, we're, they're, they're all for each other. Yeah. Captain Cold, he's like us with our family. You pieces of shit, you're going to yeah. fuck me somehow. Okay, yeah. no, I better yeah, be That's prepared. what I'm saying. It is funny that pretty much the end game is what it was going to be no matter what. It seemed that, like... Captain Cold thinks they were destined to get caught anyway, so it's kind of silly, and the whole rest of it. this is what he wants anyway. He wants to take on the Flash. Yeah, but again, that's the thing, is through this whole part, they they make Captain Cold a little bit, uh, Joshua Williamson is making him a little bit more of a dick than we've seen. And I really like at one point when Iris says, you know what, I was hoping that after all that good stuff they did, they wanted to stay to be heroes. And Flash is like, yeah, I was kind of hoping that as well, so uh, though I didn't expect it. And then at the end here, Captain Colt's just talking and, and basically calls Barry like, you'd think you're better than us. And Barry tries to say like, whoa, no. whoa, whoa. That's not what what I I think, but he doesn't get enough time because that's when you know the gun he freezes him uh, and then pulls the gun on him. And it even shows you there that Barry's there and is kind of taken aback by what's going on and and all this because he's he actually gets frozen, which you know you wouldn't think that that would happen anyway. But we'll see what happens next uh, next issue and we'll see what the gun does. I'm sure it's going to start with Captain Colt telling us exactly oh, what yeah, that gun too. will do. Uh, but yeah, it's Flash versus Captain Cold. I had a good Cole. ass time with this issue, though. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I love, love the, the rogues, arc, and I yeah, I get happy whenever the rogues show. My yeah. biggest problem is, could somebody please tell me when Heat Wave went back to its old form and could not produce heat on his own anymore? I know. I, they just, I think they want to get away from the powers deal. And I, I, I just get, think I'm they want. You, I wanted to get away from it too, but Jeff Johns did it so well, where he actually yeah. taken away from Captain Cold, so he could get back to the gun that he. Yeah, liked. I just and think like, that they just went fully tech, so that they, there's no like metahumans or you know, well, I, except I Golden think, Glider is a mirror I, I, master. I would think but, that freaking uh, Weather Wizard still is. Yeah, and, and I'm saying that, you know, well, uh, Mirror Master does have that gun thing, and, and Golden Glider still is, too. So, yeah, yeah it's, I don't know. I guess they just wanted to go this route. Is it because I don't mind the Heat Wave it. and the Legend of Tomorrow, and he has a gun, they want it to be maybe, more like that? Maybe. I don't mind it. I don't mind it like no, that. I, I hate Captain either. Cold I just want with powers. It to me. Oh, like, I Captain Cold so with much. a gun is the best. You can't that's have what, That's the way you need powers. to go. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, but you're right. Weather Wizard is you know, kind of doing shit, but I don't know. I like it. I like the rogues. I love the art. I think this is his best issue of oh, art good. fully. Uh, even at, when it first started uh, in Rebirth, we thought that he had a little bit of a trouble with anything like just Barry outside the costume and other characters and stuff like this. This looks really good. The whole issue looks really good. Yeah, cool I dug everything me. we got here with uh, the whole look. Yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I actually, talking about it, I had a little more fun. I might even go as high as an 8.5. I really did like it. Uh, just, it's very straightforward. Uh, there's not much to the story. It's Heat Wave being a piece of shit and then them catching them. But I had fun reading it. What would you give it? I'd give it an 8 out of 10 as well. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, the next issue, I might actually like a little better than you. 
Yeah, you're telling me something about this, but uh, hopefully you can convince me too. Because Titans number eight, written by Dan Abner with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratman, Andrew Dollhouse, and Corey Breen. The Titans are settled in their new Titans. I can't talk. Titans Tower are settled into their new Titans Tower now. But besides for a few interactions that may set up future events, we spend most of this issue dealing with Harold and Bumblebee trying to get a handle on Bumblebee's new powers. So of course you go to the superpower equivalent of an abortion clinic to see if Karen wants to keep her powers or do away with them as we find out Malcolm did here. Too bad the place is run by the Fatal Five and Harold goes running for the hills getting the Titans to come to Karen's rescue. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, yeah, Bumblebee and Harold. This issue is is a lot from uh, Titans Hunt. Titans you get Hunt. a lot this of it. If you didn't read Titans, Titans Hunt, Hunt, yeah, if you didn't read Titans Hunt, I think you'd be very confused. Uh, but we actually get a peek into those many years ago when they were the Teen Titans uh, with Harold and stuff like that. I thought that was cool at the beginning. Yeah, I thought cool. you would like that. I, I, I did like it. It's just it's it's one damn page and Harold going fucking nuts. And the thing I is, I know, but it, it's I weird. I don't care about Harold at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't. Well, it looks like he's going to be out and about after that i think this is kind of tying up some loose ends that they want to get rid of because yeah the whole thing with harold in titans hunt was that goddamn music and all that shit and how he could do that now he can't he got his powers taken away as far as we know they're gone forever i don't know yeah, I don't know if they'll even deal with it. We don't know it. how Meta Solutions does um, But yeah, I, I like seeing that flashback. I like seeing that Harold kind of remembers those missing years now. And then we do actually see for the first time, it seems, you know, some things going on during there. It's all to just show that he had powers at one point. And that's uh, the I, I don't even know how much Harold remembers because we get to see this, but it's all from like, you know, Karen telling us about, you know, how my husband used to be a superhero. I don't know if this is like actually Malcolm remembering it. Yeah, I just, just think like, that, you know, well, she said that he, used to be a you know, she said that he told her about it, so I'm just going to assume that this is a story that she, he might have told, Maybe. and you know, something like that, but it, I thought it was kind of cool, and then you get that whole thing, it, it's very much like, you know, the X-Men uh, you know, X Men Three, where they could get rid of the, you know, the the, oh, yeah. uh, the mutant the gene mutant and stuff like that. Like that yeah. yeah, it's very much like that, which is okay. Uh, but yeah, you have once you see Peter Simon, I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, get away, <laughs> get away from that guy. You know who it is. Uh, but yeah, they have some weird callouts. I do like the character moments in this. I just don't know why Donna has to be a photographer out of nowhere and she's I'm looking telling you, right there. I'm like, I'm like, you're already killing me with this because we yeah. have no background down at Troy. She was pretty much just created what seems like a couple months ago to me. And, you know, she has this whole, you know, five year backstory where she was a part of the Teen Titans and all the stuff. So that does not make sense. So I'm, I'm saying we got to get rid of the Finch run in our minds. We can't think about this and just look yeah. at this character who's a lot more likable than that Finch run and just yeah. go from there. I that, just, that never happened. This is what we have. Let's go with it. To me, though, all this is going to be is that they're going to start going through picture albums and realizing stuff that they forgot because one of the albums does say Teen Titans Yeah, uh, that's sitting out there. So I think they'll see some photos and shit. Maybe this is even where – uh, Wally will find a photo of him and, and uh, what's her name, Linda, and show her. I don't know. I don't know what they're getting at, but there is a Teen Titans fucking photo I, album. I just got to say, though, it's it's so weird because before this, we'll, we'll, we'll continue though a little bit with this, where Donna and all of them, they were out and about. They had no memory of being in the Teen Titans, but she has yep. a goddamn photo album. Well, she said that able... she didn't know that these were there. She found yeah. them. She's like, I didn't even know they were here, and here we go. And, they, you it's... know, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I know. I, you don't like Roy's I'd rather be Archon shirt? No, you, you didn't no, like that? that no, shirt? I don't. 
I actually yes. like that he doesn't wear the uh, like the hat in this and doesn't have the stupid fucking goggles. Yeah, but yeah, but it's then, just yeah, going you... more along the line of like you know Donna and Roy hanging out together because they're really trying to get back to this relationship that yeah. they like hinted they had previously. Yep. And then freaking Wally's still moping about this goddamn Linda. Yeah, problem. Molly's Molly's ta- uh, Molly Wally's Molly. talking to Linda. He he's uh you know face fucking chatting or whatever uh hey, he's a big come overnight uh, he's a big canary fan he like he likes black canary he's got the poster back there it's a connected universe like, I'm saying it's no, a connected I, universe just showed everybody up loves universe. her <laughs> everybody loves her eric you can't help it i'm surprised uh, he doesn't have a fucking you know malcolm winning the goddamn grammy on the goddamn yeah, wall really. picture well that yeah that's all we got in in titan's hunt but yeah Dick shows up and, you know, he's asking, to, you know, you got some problems, I know, but, and they go through the whole thing, like Superman told me I should start building my own thing, it's okay, the whole thing with Wally is only to just show us that he's still pining over oh, yeah. his old life with Linda and he won't give up. Uh, well, we just really, spent there's... six issues dealing with that shit, and the thing is, too, in here, Dick is not helpful at all, yeah, like, yeah, Superman told you that. Batman would have told me. I didn't ask what Batman would have told me. I'm trying to talk to you about my problems, Dick. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. And then Garth and Lilith are, are there training, and she punches them right in the face. And again, I don't know. This this issue was very quick uh, to me. But then once you go back to – I know you don't like Bumblebee or Harold, but the whole thing with Meta Solutions, that actually has me intrigued, and I think it's fun. Uh, especially how it ends. Well, it's uh, just because that, like we have a Titans book that doesn't really have the Titans in it. Yeah, but again, they were part of Titans and Titans Hunt. Well, Karen they were wasn't. in that. Well, she was in the book though. Yeah. So they they're trying. I think he's just trying to tie up loose ends, and they want to have, uh, you know, the bad guys show up, and this is how they can kind of do it without ruining the team. I mean, are how? Tell, who else? Is, are, you, are you telling me that Hawk and Dove are going to show back up in Gnarl? They might. They might. But Gnarl here's might. the thing: I don't think you Hawk want Meta well. Solutions to be the bad guys. You have to have some way to get in there. You're, You're not right. going to have Roy go. He doesn't even have powers. I mean, you need somebody who wants to get rid of their powers. What better way than to throw these two that nobody really cares about uh, to lead into the next? You know, lead into the bad what? bad guys. One thing I do hope we get out of the story arc going forward is that you know, in the Titans Hunt book, Karen just had powers out of nowhere. She just they formed, she took out freaking, I can't even remember his goddamn name, but uh, she took out one of the bad guys and then ran off. I'm like, no. well, that was weird. And then we never, uh, uh, I can't talk now again, but we never explored where the hell that came from. It just wow. kind of died. And here we're going to deal with her getting rid of the powers. They're going to test her and shit like that. Yeah, that, Hopefully that's, we discover that's bullshit where they came now, from. though. Then we're What's, not going to discover it because they're not going to test her now because they're going to be now fighting the fucking Teen Titans. It doesn't look like they're going to get a chance to, you know, test them. Well, everybody's right showing up. In this, in this yeah, but I'm saying thing. everybody's showing up to kick ass now. Uh, I don't think they're going to go through with these tests. Well, I'm it's, saying by, by this, uh, the end of this issue, I'm not actually like uh, convinced that the Fatal Five are in any kind of wrong here. I think they actually might be on the up and up from where we ended because Karen yeah, seems really so. happy. Oh, she's happy people. because she's she thinks that, that she doesn't know who they are, I guess. They they kind of do. They're all there. I mean, all of a sudden, Simon is not what he looked like. Like, almost like he's, you know, kind of controlling everyone. But now we see who he is. And, yeah. you know, Malcolm's upset because he saw Mammoth. She seems to be under some sort of goddamn mind control that she thinks it's all happy and, and wonderful. Now- do you like seeing Mammoth in a goddamn like button? Yeah, I, shirt think, he looks cool. I, think, I he looks think he looks cool. I think he looks really sexy. goddamn cool. Yeah, 
I think he looks I'm like, sexy. Should I grow my hair and beard out that long? Oh man, huh. he he does. <laughs> he looks great. But yeah, that's what happens is is uh Malcolm's there waiting while his wife is being checked out. And, you know, Simon is being okay, but he wants it in the suit. I don't think that this suit has anything to do with testing powers or anything like that. I believe that they're trying to, you know, get people in and whatnot, though they did get rid of Harold's powers. But what did they do to do that or what happened? But, yeah, he sees Mammoth. The Mammoth's just hanging. He's just just hanging out. He's flirting with the secretary. It's so good. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, of course, Malcolm remembers this and really – that mammoth was a big part of him being say, tortured. He has and some terrible PTSD. Yeah, they say they even say he does have PTSD, and he should. He, he, that was awful. The shit that happened to him. So he yells out. Lilith senses it, can tell it's trouble, and they fucking go on the deal. They I go just, to Meta Meta Solutions. It's fucking funny. Do you do you see the one friggin' uh, panel where you see Harold running out of there, but it looks more like he's flying out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's being pulled out by his goddamn like shirt for whatever. You don't see, you just see him flying. Oh yeah, he's just yeah, he's going, and that's where this is the thing. Like at that point, oh yeah, he'd be gone. (laughs) The thing is, it looks like Mammoth at that point is pretty pissed off. There There he goes. Look, the worst part is though. He makes himself look like such a piece of shit because he won't even go back then. His yeah. wife's there. His wife oh, yeah. just gave birth. She's now, in there. He still can't bring himself to go back. Uh, at least I got my baby girl. My wife's yeah. lost cause yeah, now. It's like I got a girl who kind of looks like a mother. Uh, uh, we'll raise him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's bad. But, yeah, he's complete. They kind of make it up for it by like, man, he's got some big-ass PTSD. I'm like, no, he's just a pussy. He's a uh, coward. Yeah, but yeah, they all go to stop it. And like I said, I think that part of it, you, you, they are making it seem like everything's not on the up and up. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you would, you would almost think that it would be that they're like, oh, you know what? We're not bad. But I, I do think that they're doing some crazy well, shit. They even talk about in this issue where like, you know, they hear, learn that the Fatal Five is actually in this thing. Like, Fatal Five, weren't they just doing something with the Justice League? Which yeah, they yeah, were yeah. with that whole yep. genie thing. So they weren't on the up and up there. They were trying to kill no. the Justice League to yep. get fucking money. Yeah, Who knew? Yeah. I don't know. Like, we even joked about it because we knew that Meta Solutions was coming up like well i guess the company's not doing that good fucking simon needs to get a goddamn bankroll going yeah really that that was the whole thing simon needed that money to to bankroll it but here we go and it doesn't i i would assume that they're up to no good uh like you said for that and also for them to point out that they were in the uh, Justice League story. And, uh, you know, wh- when have they ever been good? I mean, they were in the New 52. It does oh, yeah. continue on. They, they're they not a, a good bunch of people. I don't know who's funding this at all. Whoever got these guys th- and let them have this company and not look into it is fucking bullshit. I keep uh, saying the Fatal Five. I just realized it's the Fearsome Five. Now I feel yeah, like the an Fearsome asshole. Five. Uh, but, it, yeah. And, Fatal uh, Five is a fucking uh, Legion of Superheroes team yes. villains. And then it ends with the Fearsome Six. But yeah, Bumblebee is just happy. She's she, having the time of her goddamn life. She seems like. like she's mind controlled. It's it's funny too. I'm looking at them, and you you see them all. And, and if if people didn't know, it's uh, Simon, Jinx, Mammoth, Gizmo, and Shimmer. Uh, yeah. But boy, Mammoth looks sexy. He looks really good. He looks even really then, good. he's there. I like how he's got his sleeves rolled up. He's, 
<laughs> that long well, beard. Get, in the Jim, front. Jim, having a, being a big guy, I understand because it's hard to find clothes your size, especially when oh. you have long arms. Yeah, so you got to roll them up. Long so you, arms. People, that so motherfucker's got huge the arms. Doesn't come down all the way. There is no way anybody's going to be able to. That is a tailor-made fucking outfit. That he is humongous. Uh, the, but yeah, the even bigger, at the point, tall shop. you have Gizmo, he's there laughing it up, Simon's like, but fucking Mammoth, he looks pissed, uh, you know, shimmers, they, they, they don't look very happy, uh, but we'll see, we'll see what's going on, what, well, I, I love the art too. either if a bunch of fucking titans just stormed in the goddamn yeah, door, it look, yeah. looks like they're freaking, you know, knocking off the freaking security guards as they come oh, in. Oh yeah, town. they just bust right through, and they're like, nope, nope, we're going in. Uh, I like the art, I, I like, I'm saying, I, I like the whole the fun of it at the end. Uh, there is a little, you know, a little bit of a lull in there like we've had. I think that the whole uh, picture thing with, with Donna is to just point out that they find pictures of them, which I don't know how that makes sense if time's taken away of the, well, uh, no, so I the don't time, know. It's weird because the time wasn't taken away of that. Their memories were taken yeah, away. Yeah, but everybody's that. memories were. So, yeah. you know, actually, th- this know. is it, what I'm saying. It's weird because I, it feels like, you know, it's something that Lilith did to themselves, but for some reason nobody remembers it either. So I, I couldn't tell you. That Titans Hunt story by the end was so convoluted, and then we well, got like that I 10 said, years. Like I said, if I just go within books, know. you know, you have this. This would have come up. It's, it's a hokey way because it never was brought up because they were never going to go back to yeah. anything like this with the New 52. You had Dick Grayson, who was already Nightwing when the New 52 started, so you weren't going to deal with any of this ever. This rebirth threw a wrench into that, and they even even leading to that because the Titans hunt it wasn't going to, you know, that came out before. Yeah. But it did end up kind of fitting and going on. But, yeah, Batman would have come up with, you know, said something or, you know, they, they would do something. But, yeah, no, because of Wally, it all fucking got wonky and whatever. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what it all leads to. Uh, what did you give? I gave this a 6 out of 10. It's mostly I love the art in this book, except for the one scene where Dick's sitting on Wally's bed. I thought his yeah, face Dick looks really a little off. Weird. Yeah, Dick looks off in that one scene. That's the only scene that seems yeah. a little off. Like, it but might no, have been, like, tacked on later or something. This still continues to be one of the best-looking books that D- the Rebirth is offering, in my opinion. The whole problem is we just got done dealing with the whole Wally West story, you know, trying to get Wally West back and the whole thing, get everybody caught up with who he is with Abracadabra, and we didn't have a lot for the Titans to do there. And then yeah. we had that one one-shot last uh, issue, which was a lot of fun. We had freaking the Titans Tower being built. But again, Titans standing around and dealing with legal shit. And then here, okay, I'm like, fresh start. We can finally get to a Teen Titans story arc. And we spend the issue with Malcolm fucking Duncan yeah. and Karen. I'm like, I don't care about these characters. Show me my heroes for once, goddammit. Yeah. Uh, the problem that I think they have with this book, that we did see that Deathstroke is coming at, at some point. He doesn't know who Wally is and all yeah. that sort of nonsense. Uh, but other than that, who are their big villains? You know what I'm saying? I don't think that they have any villains they for this team to really fight. They wouldn't really have any villains right now because there was no tight team. Well, that's resistance. what I'm saying. So you have to set up a villain some way, and oh, I don't yeah. mind it setting up with this meta solution because it's kind of a mystery, a mystery did, wrapped did in an enigma. You said six. Yeah. Okay, so make sure I can yeah. remember if I actually got. Yeah, I just I, to me they have to set up some sort of villain. And the only connection they have with anything was Mammoth, who it's a good connection through Harold because of the whole deal, you know, with what happened to him. And they want to get rid of him because I think that at the end, I think that at the end, Bumblebee gets rid of her powers and then they don't have to deal with them ever again. So they they get rid of them. It is a good connection. There's no reason in my mind that we have to have a connection to Titans Hunt, though. 
We yeah. can start fresh in this time. I'm like just anybody. saying, just to just to come up with a villain, you need something to connect them. And since, like you said, nobody seems to remember them, you're going to work. You, you have Deathstroke who's wondering who the fuck Wally West is. That's interesting. We're going to yeah. have that. But other than that, I don't see – like this is a team that would probably just be sitting around Titan's Tower wondering what the fuck to do. Like they're like, okay, well, you know, nobody's really doing. after us, and nobody's doing this. But I'm saying now they actually have a reason to go after, you know, these guys, uh, the fearsome five, and hopefully that is pretty exciting. But I thought it ended pretty good. I'd give it a seven five. I really like the art, and so, like uh, I said, I know that you like the Wally West stuff. You know, the story up until now, the other seven issues. I, I thought that was that moving. Getting, I got. I thought, yeah, I thought that was moving nowhere. End. I thought it was got all by the second issue. So at least now we have a, a villain team. Uh, that we're going to go against eventually, but we'll and see. even that, I don't know if it's going to be bad. I, I'm sure they will be, just because it's the fear. Because they have life. to be. They were but just like, like you said. Just, they they spelled out the, the they just were trying to kill the Justice League, you know, weeks ago, and they pointed it out in this book. So it seems like you know they couldn't really dial that back. I don't right. think. So we'll see. I'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. But the next book is Wonder Woman number sixteen. I said we weren't going to talk about it, but we will. Ooh, that is written by Greg Rucka, art by Bill Clisevoli, Mark Morales, Andrew Hennessy, Raul Fernandez, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Jody Wynn. There's a lot of inkers on this book. Sure are. Greg Rucka starts another origin story, and this time it's one for the bad gals. We get to see Veronica Kell and Dr. Cyber become who they were destined to be, and I really liked it. The one, This one issue shows the transition of Veronica being annoyed with Wonder Woman to hating everything about her and her kind. Bill Quisevely jumps on the book full-time, and while I think it looked good, I hope she can make it look as good as her Barbara Minerva one-shot eventually, well. and I do think it was not her fault. Because after I even wrote this, I was on her Twitter page and saw all the pencils for this issue. They look just as good, if not better, than that other issue. I think that shit got a little wonky throughout uh, because of that, you know, having more than one inker. And I, I don't even think – I like Romalo Fajardo Jr.'s colors. I think they were even a little off in this. It just seemed – it just didn't look as good as that, that issue that no, you – did before, but I and it kind really of upset. Me. No, it looked great. It's still great. I, I'm telling you, it's still good. It's not great though, like it was. And I'm telling you, that first page where she's saving everyone and hanging out with the Girl Scouts and things like that, you have to see the pencils of that page on her thing. It looks incredible. But when you look at it here, it just kind of looks good. It doesn't look as great, but it's still good. But, yeah, you have this whole thing where you start off and you're seeing all these things that Diana is doing while it's being told by uh, Adriano, who's Dr. Cyber, uh, talking or to Veronica. will be. Yeah, will be. Talking to Veronica Kale about it. And Veronica Kale, you see now. It's she not got like, time for that. And, and it's not like inherently she hated Diana. She just hates kind of what she is. This would be like me saying, you know, I hate the Kardashians. I don't want to go kill them. I don't yeah. think that they're necessarily the worst thing there ever has been. It's just they kind of annoy me. And that's how she's got other shit. Like you said, she ain't got time for that. She's got a fucking $7 billion contract that's going on. In the meantime, her main scientist is there fucking acting out Watching shit that Wonder Woman was TMZ. doing. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. We're not getting as far as we need to. You got to fucking start, whoa, whoa. stop watching you, this shit. You tell me that this fucking $7 billion project we have – 
doesn't work and you're yeah, fucking watching work. goddamn and you're here and it's funny TV. too because she's like did you see on the news she did this there was a chimera there was this and she's like you know what here's what i had to do i pretty much kind of seems like she had to go sleep with a fucking you know this guy to get this contract and shit it, it really is odd to me but yeah yeah, yeah. She she's like, you know, and she's like, oh, so how'd it go with McHatton? Because that's part of the things that she has to do. And she's like, oh, uh, what does it say? So the amazing Amazon fought a mythical beast about a half hour from where you and McHatton were getting chummy, I figure. And yeah, Veronica Kell is all business, and Diana is not all business. In fact, it really probably throws a whole shit into her, in her world that she doesn't want. You know what I mean? All of a yeah. sudden now, there's magic, there's myth, there's gods. It's not something that somebody in her position wants to even think about because she's all about science and getting this whole contract and things like this. Uh, in the meantime, by the end, it really does set up why she really, really I, I would really hate, liked it because yeah, it makes would really hate the gods in general. Her whole life has been turned upside down yep. because of this goddamn freaking bu- as she calls it a fuck what is it a bubble busted supermodel oh yeah yeah and and she's so mad but in the meantime you do also find out that she has her daughter uh they show that but in the meantime kind of thinks it spells out that at this point her daughter's kind of a problem because it, the, the whole thing about wonder woman has come to uh man's world and basically and she says she's been here six months and she's fucking telling us that love will rule the world and if everybody can love each other be fine how to love someone yeah and yeah she's like you know what the fuck but then she says uh that's when uh adriana says hey it's naive maybe but and she goes no it's not naive it's a lie love has never solved the problem it only creates some. As she's looking at the picture of her daughter, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Veronica, you right. fucking piece of shit. But yeah, now then you I go, gotta deal with you and your father left. Yeah, love yeah. never helped me. Yeah, really, love didn't help you, fucking mistake. But uh, in the meantime, you see, she's she's in <laughs> you school. She, yeah, yeah, she's in a private school in Switzerland where she doesn't seem to get along or whatever. But I really like the transition that they have in this whole issue. How old is she? She's probably about fourteen. Uh, 14 and there's Veronica Smith. Four more years, you little (laughs) bitch, and (laughs) then you're on your own. (laughs) You fucking, I'll cut you loose so quickly, you motherfucker. You you wait to see how much science I can get done without you in my life. You're lucky there are laws that make me have to deal with your ass. That why do you think you're in Switzerland, you bitch? Uh, that's why Fuck she's mad I at the end. Custody. She's mad at the end because they bring her back in that fucking jewel. Like, now, how dare you? Is, not only that, now she's handicapped. Now I gotta deal with you for the rest of my <laughs> oh, life. God damn it. I used to think you were two-faced. <laughs> now you're no-faced, you stupid bitch. It's also, it's even funny too because the teacher's even annoyed with Izzy. Like, you never pay attention. I'm like, god damn it, Izzy. Your Izzy's father so cute I, Your too. father loved me before you were born. Yeah, yeah re- you're the reason he left. Get <laughs> out of here. You're just like Eric Shea. Uh, oh, yes. But yeah, she's I there in Switzerland. <laughs> She's in Switzerland. She's she's enthralled by this one painting, and that's where the these two guys, these twins, start talking to her. And right Phobos away, and I'm Deimos. like, yeah, Phobos and Davos. I'm like, little girl, run. They, they are not. They, first they, off, they just, are identical just look and they're dressed alike. You don't want any yeah. parts. And they have fucking walking sticks. They have walking guys. sticks. And here's the thing. Just like you a bunch see, of poofs. You see twins, and you know there might be twins. Listen, but right away you gotta you gotta worry, Eric. Those twins—they're no, up to no, something. I, I see twins, I immediately think of The Shining, and there's nothing now, good. Here's the thing, though: twins the in the comic book world, 
trouble. Now, they have walking sticks. Who the fuck has a walking stick? They also you know have overcoats. Clover and Minerva. Yeah, you know what else they have that's the worst? Cheetah. You know what else they have that's the worst, Eric? They have gloves with the fingers cut. Nobody goes with that look anymore. Who are they? George Michael. Eric, Judge get Nelson. the hell out of there. Get out of there. John Bender. <laughs> Yes, really, another piece of shit. <laughs> but yeah, they're there and they're talking. And, and really, to me, Izzy is so, she's a space cadet. She Thank really you, is. Nobody's just, taught Izzy stranger danger because no, Veronica they, Kale well, has they, wanted they, her to they get for they years. They don't teach that in Switzerland. Yeah, and, and uh, like you said, Veronica probably went ahead of time, called him, listen, it, whatever you do, make sure she thinks strangers are a good thing. <laughs> no, like she sat oh, Veronica Jesus. down when she was about four. I mean, Veronica sat Izzy down when she was four years old. Look, Izzy. If there's ever a chance I can't pick you up, we're going to have a safe world. The safe word is get inside. <laughs> the safe – we're not going to go safe world. We're going to go with a safe sentence. It's come with me. <laughs> and and anybody who tells you that they know me, I'm very popular. They yeah, know yeah. me. They go obviously with know me. I'm Veronica but yeah, they Kale. Start you talking. should know me too. Come on. And if, if you didn't know, these are the twins of Ares. They are yes. Ares and Aphrodite's uh, twin sons. And the, the thing is, you even had some ideas. But really, when when they start talking about dads, because she's like, oh, my, you know, they're asking about the, the photo and, or the picture, the painting that they're at. And the painting is called Kill Your Father. And she says, oh, my mother says I have no father, monsieur. And he's like, oh, then you are indeed fortunate. And, oh, my mother says, and really, it's like, it's a little hint, like, they, they don't get along very no. well with Aries, but they do in, in the whole history of the, them, and they are dread and fear, that's what they're kind of the gods of, uh, but they, they don't get along with Aries, they're always trying to, you know, impress them and stuff yeah. like that, so that's like a little hint uh, of who it is, and it makes sense, Aries and all this nonsense. And I'm telling uh, you, the thing I had, too, is going into this, is that because, uh, we have a line later on. Actually, we'll get to it. So let's just continue. Yeah. I'll talk about yeah. it when we get to yeah. it. Yeah, and, and what happens is they make her look into this fucking jewel, and she gets sucked in. Her face does. So that's why I think Veronica's pissed. They they didn't finish the job, Eric. No. They just took her I, Like I said, now Veronica has to freaking take care of her for the rest of her life. Yep. Now, yeah. Or, yeah, really. like, or I don't even know. How do you eat or breathe or whatever the hell is going I on? I know it's know. magic, but shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Now I've got this meantime. fucking sh- secret shame I have to keep yes. locked in the basement. Well, Veronica gets word of it happening and they're immediately there, the twins. So yeah, they're, they're, you know, if you didn't know they were gods up until this point, you kind of know. They, they all of a sudden just show up at her office and they give her the deal and say, listen, we'll give you back your daughter who's suffering now in Tartarus. Uh, if you don't, you know, you have to go, you have to use your Cyberwalker pro- program, which we didn't really mention, but that's what this, you know, billion dollar project is. It, it's basically like Avatar. That's how it, I imagine you know, it. Exactly. Yeah. You get, you get into this thing and then you're, you have like a, a robot that you control where your mind, yeah, your mind yeah. goes into it. The problem is they spell it out that the, the big problem they've had it only lasts two minutes and then you kind of get your fucking mind all warped and then fucking bad shit happens. Uh, in the meantime, the, uh, the twins want them to use that to go download Wonder Woman's mind. Uh, which is another thing they can do if you touch it, which is it, it starts to get a little wonky, yes. uh, for me leading forward here. Uh, but that's what it's supposed to be but able I to do is download. It's, it's no. a goddamn science that, you know, I don't need to fully understand the science because yeah, once yeah, you start doing yeah. that, the book gets really wordy and I don't need that shit. Yeah, yeah, it does. But in the meantime, you they want to know. Does? Okay. Yes. What they want is they want to know where Themyscira is. A big shocker. 
Yeah, that's basically, if anybody at all in this book says, you know what I want to know, I think you can kind of go with that. Oh, you want to know where Themyscira is, do you? It, yeah. it, it's what everybody, it's all, it's on everybody's mind there. It's a buzz everybody. Who doesn't want to get the Themyscira? <laughs> uh, but yeah, then they say, you know, Veronica is pretty tough still. She's like, you know what, why the fuck don't you just ask her or find out? And they're like, we were in her mind. And it was locked out from us, maybe because we're gods. And I think that's intriguing, but that's what leads you and me to be like, when the fuck did you go in exactly. your mind? Exactly, when we were talking about this earlier, you know, you you have a bigger understanding of Greek mythology. I mean, I used to yeah, read it a yeah, lot just, when I was a kid, yeah. but, but even like, so, I started thinking like, you know, yes, this is Phobos and Deimos, but in my mind, is it like they are the sons of Ares? But like, is it an extension of the god? Kind of like you know, you know, Christ was the son of God, but was God as well? Like, yeah, because the I, only thing we have seen up to this point is that Ares stuck his goddamn hand into well, the Wonder Woman's head and couldn't find anything. And, so when they said that they've been there and couldn't get it, yeah, yeah, that's all I could think about. And it's all it's weird. Seen. It's weird when you think because even if the the case, but it doesn't make sense because it's in the future in the the lies book. But you you know they are dread and fear. That's what they are. And is it one of those where we look back and there was a point where Wonder Woman, even when she saw the tree originally or something happened with the snake, whatever, yeah, or even that when that she was, was actually for how long? Yeah, yeah. But even it would be nice and, and it was, easier. That was mascara, though. Yeah. It, well, it would be easier to me to think that when she's insane now that maybe they're fat, but that doesn't make sense here yeah, because that's in the now. future. Uh, but yeah, at one point, maybe you can look back and where she had a nightmare and that's what they do. And I, I can't explain why or what, no. or maybe they're lying. Maybe they didn't get to do that and they're just fucking lying. I don't think they are. I think that they did at some point try to go into her mind, but I don't know how or when. Uh, maybe we'll see that uh, yeah. later. Maybe they will never spell it out. I don't think they're going to spell it out. I think it's something we're just supposed to think, well, they're gods. They kind of did it. Yeah, they do whatnot. god stuff. Uh, but yeah, they figure out that what they're going to do is cause trouble where the Chimera is, have this cyber walker program go, and when Diana shows up, you touch it and download her brain. The problem is, is they kind of make it seem like it's it's a little too cut and dry that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, there's a Chimera, it's going to fight, uh, this robot deal controlled by Dr. Cyber is going to go and touch her, and then everything's fine. Unfortunately, they don't realize there's still a Chimera yeah, out and about in this a, thing. You're still in a pen with a yeah, Chimera. Yeah, you're in a pen with a goddamn chimera which also, looks awesome like i think we skipped over but earlier in the issue you know when freaking adriana was telling veronica kale what what woman was up to she fought a goddamn chimera and now it's over at the fucking what's the brooklyn yeah. zoo yeah it's, it's in the it's in the zoo it's in it's like in whatever the zoo. zoo would be yeah but the thing is i understand this is going to sell some tickets Worst attraction ever. This is the no, most dangerous it is. goddamn thing. It only think. takes I mean, shooting fire. It looks like it takes one day before yeah. it starts shooting fire at people who are just sitting around wondering what it eats. Everybody's, oh, what does it eat? Oh, hands. we got to see that. It just, it, it, the thing's got a snake for a goddamn tail, and it's got a goat in it. The thing is a, a monstrosity. A, a gro a gro Get the fuck away. Back. I, I, seriously, um, though, even to the point where you're you're saying like. You have a kind of, this is just the same as, yes, Wonder Woman's in this world, and there are superheroes, but a chimera shows up in our world even, they're, they're going to want to look into this. They, they just put it in an open pen fucking zoo. Yeah. It's fucking nonsense. Uh, but yeah, uh, they go down, and like you said, we, we did gloss over it. It was one of the things that Wonder Woman did do at the very beginning was 
kind of subdue a chimera fought it and then put it in a zoo uh but yeah a guy which gets ma- tripped which in. makes me believe that now that wonder woman's in this world it's causing a whole bunch of problems like the gods yeah. are out about magic yeah really yeah like, shit's leaking shit through no nope, nobody th- saw any of this greek be, myth nonsense and i think out and, about until and you say that i fully believe that's what veronica kale's main problem will continue to be yeah, that I, now I all of a sudden that that, and then she I in her mind myself. and wouldn't she think in her mind you know what that fucking Wonder Woman showing up. That's what caused all this shit. And so if I get rid of her, it gets rid of this shit. So I, I fully go, and I don't know. By the oh, end of this, I'm on, I'm on Team Demos Veronica. Freaking, yeah, so am I. With Phobos and Demos showing up and fucking blackmailing yeah. her yeah. this goddamn woman, now you fucked up my entire life because these people want you. You suck. I hate you. Get off yeah. my goddamn world. Hashtag Team Kale. Damn because right. they, they're, they're both there, the, the robot that, that Dr. Cyber is being uh, controlled. Or, or is controlling and Diana, and then when they have this connection, which just looks like a mind melt, all of a sudden the Camaro whacks, whacks the goddamn robot thing, the vessel away, and it breaks the connection. And, and I'm like, really, this plan was not well laid out. Not and at the all. weird thing about Demos and Phobos, I don't even know that they really, I don't know what they're really after. I really no. don't because they kind of see what's going on and just waltz away. It doesn't even look like they're that concerned. Well, I uh, don't think that they want Wonder Woman to know that they're involved. Yeah, the it's still they're the matter. only ones there looking. And uh, Wonder Woman <laughs> who are sees, wearing matching suits. Yeah, and yeah, twins. yeah, yeah. With goddamn fucking you fingerless know fingerless gloves. gloves, they're up to no and good. Canes. After. <laughs> canes with fucking Christmas. Bunch of dapper dans over uh, here. Yeah. Yes, look at those goddamn hipster assholes. Uh, but yeah, the, this thing Wonder Woman sees, oh my god, it, because really, at the end, the goddamn chimera just goes ballistic on this fucking robot and just rips it apart and burns it. In the meantime, while this is going on, you have that countdown and you see that fucking Veronica Kale really is trying to get, the, you know, Adriana out. She I is love the busting fact this. She's fucking bleeding. bleeding. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it shows you that this is not just, you know, Adriana is not just fucking uh, uh, just anybody to her. No. This is her best friend. Adriana even says ever she's doing this. Because of her terrible fucking daughter. Yeah, Adriana's yeah really. the person she has. And this is the whole thing. At one point, Veronica was going to do it, and Adriana said, no, no, no. I'm going to do it because we're going to save your daughter, and she's going to need a mother. So I'm going to do it. And you know what? You're my only best friend. So fuck it. She does it. So it really does affect Veronica. This is not – no. In the meantime, she's probably thinking, this fucking thing that $8 billion down the drain. This is my only scientist. Jesus Christ. She's going to town with this. Wow, there goes and the Cyberwalker program. Yeah, there we go. Cyberwalker out. Uh, but, yeah, she pulls her out. But, yeah, right now and, – and it ends with her saying, you know what? You're all going to burn. And uh, I, really like that. I like it. And it's one of those where you get the origin of Dr. Cyber. You also get the origin of uh, Veronica's Veronica hatred Kale. of Wonder Woman and anything with her, any gods, anything like this. And, yeah, the next issue, it says God Watch. It's part two, the three doctors. So you think Barbara Minerva is probably going to be uh, joining in with them as well. And we'll yeah. see that, you know, how this transition. Eventually, we're going to see bits and pieces, I believe, of the transition of what will eventually make her into Cheetah. Uh, and we'll see what goes on. But but now uh, now that we're out of that initial story though with Wonder Woman, which I, I'm telling you, I enjoyed it, but I just wanted to move yeah. on from there. I really like look forward to see this progression where we do see the connections more between the year one. Yeah, or whatever I, you I, I do like that as well. Story of the truth now. The the where and even Haviland and uh, even Dancing Mike when they're talking about this book, the the biggest problem I have 
with it is we're not getting a lot of Wonder Woman, but it's weird that I don't mind it in this issue because no, we've got a lot, of, a lot of big things. It does kind of bother me a bit in your, you know, the lies or the truth story, uh, only because here Wonder Woman's just out and about. She's doing things. There with her in that mental hospital oh, no, and, that, you know, that going. Me off. That, this yeah, makes that sense pisses me. me off. No, yeah, this is the seeing it from the other side while shit's going on. And you do have Wonder Woman and you could just be like, yeah, Wonder Woman's out. This is Darn, her if they, when if she they just hit Man's Call this Veronica Kale Reber, yeah. I'm good. Oh, awesome, man. Dr. Cyber. I, yeah. I really liked it. And to me, I even like, like you're saying, and even Hamlin's like, oh, I want more Wonder Woman in her book. To me, I like this because this is where Wonder Woman has just hit man's world, and she's so excited and thinks, and she is saving everyone. Like, she yeah. is not resting a second. All Everything is, is great. And, and, yeah, she's doing interviews. She's out and about and doing this stuff. I, I really like it. I really like that that makes sense to me. And, and then in the meantime, you find out why. Because Veronica Kale's there. Uh, as far as we knew. It's yeah, as far as we, we know, she why. was just evil. Now we realize it's it's more personal than that, and it makes complete sense. It's been going and, on for six years now. And here's the thing, is you have a villain now that that hates Wonder Woman, right? Mm-hmm. What would make that better in Veronica Kell's mind? How could Wonder Woman make it better and make Veronica Kell not hate her? I, I have no idea. I don't think there is a way. That's what makes her such a big villain to me, is it can never be solved. She no. just hates her for being her. I mean, yeah, maybe Wonder Woman says I'm out and goes and fucking lives <laughs> on Mars. But other than that, she doesn't just hate Wonder Woman. She just hates everything about her and her world. I think that's great. I think so that's I. fucking awesome. You have a villain now that it, it'll never be. The only thing that'll stop it is her killing her. And I'm funny, this is in my like in my opinion, Veronica Kale is the Lex Luthor equivalent yeah, to Wonder Woman yeah, for that's how what I it said. was. You, you have I, I really he hates like Superman because I'm always the, Team Lex when it comes yeah. to that argument about this alien yeah. that comes down with these yeah. superpowers. Yeah, I agree I'm not completely. worshiping this. And really, like yeah, Lex, and really the only thing that would stop Lex, you know, the bad Lex like that, is Superman to just be gone. Yeah. And you know whatever, so you you'll never be able to stop him. No matter what, he'll and Veronica Kell just keep going. And then you also have Dr. Cyber as part of her team that's always there as a reminder of the shit that happened because of her. And like you said, I think that she completely connects it, that if you weren't there, and really, with uh, Phobos and Demos, it really is a connection. They took her daughter only because they wanted to know where Themyscira is. In the meantime, fucking Adriana becomes Dr. Cyber because of that. It fucking fully goes in. Not only did they take the daughter, they left the daughter there as just a shitting machine. So now the fucking Rana's got to wipe this fucking faceless monster's ass. Look at her. She wants to be out and about. She's fucking dating senators and shit like that. You know, (laughs) she's going to be an eight, eight million dollar woman, eight billion dollar woman. With Adriana, she can't do that now. Izzy's just – Izzy is a, a, a goddamn burden. nuisance. It's a burden, but then we're going to go <laughs> off now uh, to the next section of mail. Oh, no, we didn't say our scores. Oh, we didn't, did we? What is your score? Because mine actually – I actually think I'd give it a higher score than I did. Uh, I gave it I less really of a score. I really like this issue. I'm talking – I'd give it an 8.5 out of 10. I actually gave it a 7.5 on the side. I'd go up to 8. I do think that the art could have been better, but it's not Belkwis's fault. So I No, and believe. I still really like the art. Even yeah, I did. Got. It's just – I'm telling you, yeah, I just – it seemed a little – 
a little, I don't know, I can't even explain it, just a little unfinished maybe at times, but mm-hmm. I think it was all because of the other art team because I saw the pencils. And I, I really was saying, on, think- on top of that, too, this issue alone really gets me more excited for the book I review of Wonder Woman, the future yeah. of this truth stuff, because yeah, we'll now see. I have an understanding going forward. Yeah, 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 and when we see her be awful, you're just like, and now it yep. makes complete sense. Team but, yeah, Kale. I give I give it a 7.5 on the side. I think I'll go up to 8 after we talked about it. Uh, but we'll move on to the next section of mail. So when I'm talking to my wife And shaming people who are lame I always mention Eric Shay. Some people like to hear the news Some people love all the reviews The thing that I look forward to It's mail, it's mail, it's mail Mail with Jim Mail with Jim All the nonsense we think of Stories of the things we do Everything that we send in We love that Mail section number four, and we're going to start with Frenny. Eric, and Frenny is going to try to get us hungry, is basically what this oh. is. Hi, Reggie, Eric, Jim, and the Get Fresh crew. I don't like that, that was order. This Reggie we'll shit. <laughs> no, really. And Reggie. Haven't written in a while, been wrapping up year-end performance reviews for staff for 2016, so we can all get our bonuses soon, hopefully. Hence, I've been bonuses. having to play grown-up Frenny the past few weeks. No time for nonsense. That's awesome, Eric. No time for nonsense. Just kidding. I've been keeping up with my comics and the podcast. Just can't seem to catch a break to write anything. But I just heard G's top five burgers list in the mail in episode 109. I have to chime in. Since I'm from the same part of the country as him, they're West Coast. West Coast, East Coast feud going on right now, Eric. I have to break it up into two lists. One strictly fast food chains and one for restaurant burgers. Okay, here goes. Chain burgers. Number one. In-N-Out cheeseburger, extra toasted bun, light spread, grilled onions, and pickles. I'm getting hungry. I am, and it's already past the time that all of the places here are closed. And this always happens. Uh, number two, Shake Shack, Wisconsin Cheddar Shack Burger. And that, I don't even know what that is, and it sounds awesome. <laughs> I love, like, real sharp cheddar cheese. Oh, I'm getting hungry. I really am. I, at one point, I might put the mic up to my stomach. You'll hear a fucking growling. Then the next one, The Habit. Just assume all the rest of these are cheeseburgers because I personally don't understand the point of a burger without cheese. Agreed. A fat burger, medium, the works, add chili. How about that? That Would you 
Would you ever, like I hear at the works, like the works, I would never, ever in my whole life ever eat a chili, uh, anything with chili with lettuce and tomato on it. And if that's the case, I'll throw that burger right out the fucking car window. I'm you telling you. such a problem. Lettuce, lettuce with tomato. chili on a burger would be the worst. So I hope the works means like uh, pickles and fucking onions. It better not be. <laughs> The best part is, in my mind, you think the works means mustard. I'm telling and you, that's pickles. it. No, it means it means pickles, lettuce, tomato, fucking, you know, maybe some jalapenos. That no, would the go. The works okay. in your mind, though. Yeah, no, the work. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I want to stop and see if this works has a goddamn lettuce in it. If it does, this list, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be mad. Number five, a Carney's chili cheeseburger i love chili cheeseburgers so much i i love it and uh, again is, I, I really dig them i haven't had one in a long time in the last well like i i, I say that i've had one in the last couple yeah. of years but I they were 7-eleven chili yeah, cheeseburger yeah, yeah. and no, they were terrible that sounds good. but i used to have actual ones back in the day that were good yeah i'm telling you also uh frenny if any of these uh burgers you have with chili if that goddamn chili has beans i'll fucking kill somebody i'll kill them i like beans chili not on a burger there would never be. There is no way that there should ever be beans on a cheeseburger chili. No fucking way. What the fuck? The, the reason they put beans in chili is so they don't have to put as much meat in there. It's a filler. And then to actually put that on a burger, that's fucking nonsense. Nonsense. I like beans. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, anybody, everybody will agree with me. There is no. Also, you see a uh, a chili uh, hot dog, a hot dog with chili and cheese or whatever. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, it's not going to have fucking beans on it. Number one, because the beans are going to fucking spill out all over the fucking place. It's going to be a goddamn mess. It's fucking nonsense. It's never put baked fun. beans on a hot dog. No, no, I never. It's put good. Baked beans on a hot dog. Even so, that's not ch- chili. You, no, chili. It's not. I'm telling you that chili with beans is fucking nonsense, and it is. Can I can I have chili with meat and beans? No, you go. I I dare you right now. Get in a goddamn car and go off to the Texas Chili Cookoff, and you show Uh, up there with beans. They'll fucking kill you. Uh, you I saw a documentary once called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not going to Texas. I know what happens. And 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 that's the thing. I bet you they wouldn't have beans in their chili either in that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm gonna ask wrong turn. I'm gonna ask wrong turn if he likes beans on his chili. And he'll tell me. I'll tell you. You have these people who are like professional. What's chili? You have these people. It's not cold in here. Yeah, he'll think it's cold and he'll put on a hat with that high rising hat that he wears around. Stupid beanie. Fucking guy has a goddamn beanie hat and a big fucking coat and then goes, "What are you guys cold? Like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, you you go look up that Texas chili. They'll they'll slice you. Uh, Non Texas. Non fast food burgers. Number one, father's office, the office burger. Now, here's the other thing, Frenny. Now I'm intrigued. I want to know what these are, and there's no description. The office burger, I would say that the office burger is probably a a half-pound burger uh, with Post-it notes and staples in it, Eric. Post-it notes and staples. The next one is the Urkel's Bar Cheeseburger. Is that like Urkel's? I don't know. It's E R C O L E S. Yeah, fucking it's the Urkel. Stefan Urkel burger. It's what it is. Is it looks like a shitty burger, and then all of a sudden becomes suave. Gets right. all the ladies. Uh, the next one is the Islands Blue Nami, which I would think that obviously That's has a blue, blue cheese. cheese. Mine, yeah. It has blue cheese, and I would say teriyaki sauce oh, and a pineapple. 
That's I don't like I the whole blue cheese end because I don't like blue cheese except for on wings, but. Yeah. Now, she must like this islands because the next one's the islands pipeline. And I would think that I don't know what that would have involved. It involves cigar- sauce in my mind. cigarette butts and barbecue sauce, Eric. There you go. <laughs> and, and the last uh, number five, the counter, which is the old school. And I would think the old school would be a cheeseburger with ketchup, pickle, mustard. That's what I think the old school. Lettuce, would tomato, be. and onion. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you're wrong. I think it's. That's ketchup, what I always want, though. Mustard. Yeah, but it's not. That's it. They're in California. You think they'd call it just, you know, the R burger? That's the thing. Is that what they say in California? R burger. That's just a burger over there. That's the ordinary. Yeah, but that's not old school to me. I've seen a hamburger documentary. The first one was like just a goddamn fucking two pieces of fucking toast, a burger, and a goddamn pickle. That's old school. Boom. (laughs) Did you ever see that where the, the place has, like, the original hamburger, and they have this fucking machine thing that makes them, they kind of, yeah. it almost looks like old, it is old school, where you put it in, like, these tong things, and they put it in, and the guy's, like, so happy to tell you that this fucking machine has never been cleaned. Like, oh. what are you talking about, you fucking? And then at, in this documentary, he goes, yeah, we have a chili cheeseburger, and it has beans, and then the actual documentary, and, uh, he fucking kills him. He slices his Okay, yeah, that that's documentary it. went a weird way. Yeah. I'll send him more com- he's I'll send him more comics related mail soon, someday. It's been hard. I've been disagreeing with you a lot lately, but keeping my mouth shut. Ooh. Cough Superman. Cough cough rooftops. Weird, well, you weird, explain right? that Superman to me, and maybe we'll talk about no, it. No, it's not even explained. It's just in general, look at it as a whole. Look at it as a whole, and it's just been a lot of different stories that aren't hey, leading to much. Hey, if and, she can tell me how Superman got his powers back, I'll change everything okay. about it. And rooftops, just explain why that first issue doesn't infuriate you. Nothing <laughs> fucking happened. It's fucking nonsense. See you in just seven, boys. Tonight. Keep doing what you do, Frenny. And the next one is Travis. And Travis, this is from last week. This is the email that I forgot to put in. He asked me if I could because it's in its response to Rocky. And he says, well, I don't have a cool name like Rocky. And, and so no good music plays in the background when I show up. Flying high now. now. Go with me, Eric. I do have a counterpoint to present regarding no. Rocky's recent <laughs> rants. You're not playing. I've no. never read Wonder Woman I before Rebirth. Of course, I've seen her here and there. And I've known of her and some minor points about her. I've never read any issue of an actual Wonder Woman comic before Rebirth. She's very quickly becoming my favorite superhero. The Wonder Woman comic is certainly the book I look the most forward to each week. Because without fail, it's been great for me. I love it. I love it enough that when I read that some artist got mad because the author didn't like his cover art and he got all pissy and left, I applaud it. That's Frank Cho. Eric, I mentioned him earlier. Did I say Frank Frank Cho? Yeah, no, I, well, I think I said Cho and you thought I said Choi. Because I, I did Choi. say Cho. The book okay. is so freaking good, and DC is allowing the author to have this kind of control. Yes, I call that good stewardship. Uh, the thing is, Greg Rucka made a big fucking to-do about coming back, and I think they're, they were pretty much doing whatever he said. Yeah. Uh, but Frank Cho, he said that there's shit behind the scenes that they're not like. <laughs> that was his whole thing. <laughs> Further, when I hear people all up in arms about this story going nowhere near as good as Azarello's run without even reading it, I know Azarello's run must be total garbage. <laughs> of course. It's not. It's so good. I already hate that guy because, you know, Batgirl. But 
This certainly makes me less likely to go looking to read his back issues. From what I hear, they portray Wonder Woman in a completely different way. I'm glad I wasn't here for that because I freaking love this Wonder Woman. I, I like it. I the, the complaints that most of what I heard, the complaints being were, number one, she was kind of backseat in her own book. Uh, that you know, she was the whole, disconnected from the rest of the universe. And then the other one was she was disconnected because the art is awesome. I thought it was a great story. I really did. And while she did kind of take a back seat to the other characters at a point, it was because every goddamn character you, you heard, uh, Haviland earlier. She misses every goddamn character from that book because they were all so well written. It wasn't just Wonder Woman; it was Wonder Woman and the rest of uh, you they know, were the world gods. building with that. Oh goddamn my god, book. it was awesome! So let's take a moment to talk about her. From what I understand, she is at a power level near Superman. She's a very heavy hitter. Okay, that isn't what makes a character your favorite, though, is it? Who is yeah. she? We see that she is a compassionate, level-headed, caring person who is always willing to put others before herself, while at the same time being able to take whatever steps are necessary when the shit hits the fan. This Wonder Woman is so confident in her own power and in her own place in the world that she is willing to endure indignity for the sake of others. She doesn't need to be the center of attention. To, I don't know. She kind of does in this last issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really Not that she has to be, but she's becoming the center of everybody's attention. But she doesn't need... For you to look at her in awe and be impressed by her presence. She doesn't need to show these puny men that their jail cannot hold her. She doesn't need to show Cheetah how easily she could rip her arms off of her shoulders. Beyond that, Ares is supposed to be a god in the DC universe. Will she evolve into a character with the power to do battle with him one-on-one? She has in the past. She Apparently has, she yeah. has in the past. And from what I've seen in Rebirth, it isn't about depowering anyone. So I'd say likely yes. But in this story, she's still new to all of this. She's had her powers for how long? And she's in combat with a god? I say she was pretty incredibly impressive. What I read was a story about someone who was infinitely more powerful than any mere mortal coming to Earth to make trouble and seeing Wonder Woman stand in his way. She has no idea if she has the power or will one day have the power to even survive a battle with him, but there she is. I even thought uh, uh, after Rocky and said all this, I'm not even sure that she could completely think that her powers would translate into fighting a god. Yeah. That maybe that would take them away. I mean, there's a lot of things you can you can read into it or come up with. Uh, on her knees, please. If you can't tolerate your comic book showing that the enemy is sometimes at a power level way beyond that of your hero, then I'd say maybe something a little less serious might be for you. I hear Deadpool and Harley Quinn are doing good things these days. Batman was on his knees before Bane recently, while Bane was naked, I might add. One of the problems I hear people saying all the time about Superman is that he's too strong and I, and can do anything and is so boring. Here you have a story being told about an incredibly powerful woman who is at the same time humble enough to know better than to challenge Ares directly, and yet compassionate enough to know that she has to. She's brave enough to do it and inspiring enough to cause the other gods to jump in and help out. On her knees, fuck you, he says. Yep. She's not a testosterone-filled sledgehammer type of hero. Go read Wolverine Lobo or Thor uh, if this is what you want. Or apparently Azarello Wonder Woman, not my Wonder Woman, Capullo out. No, in, in Azarello, it wasn't like that, though. And again, you're talking about where you have a year one story. Azarello's was, you know, she was already fighting, and then, you know, spoiler alert, she killed Ares in the book. Sure so this was not a beginning thing. She was already, you know, well powered. Uh, also, I, I just, I want to say to Rocky or anybody else, uh, it's also in Wonder Woman's world, 
they do have like reverence for the gods, whether or not it's Ares. That Ares is like the father of Themyscira. Yeah. That's part of the deal. It's not like any time like it, it'll be. Punch God it, in the face I'm telling you, it, that's what I'm saying. If if I'm a you know a real heavy Catholic and fucking Jesus comes out, I'm not going to punch him in the face. I'm not going to you know haul off and punch him. This is a God. She knows that his way is bad. She doesn't want, but she's not there to kill Ares at this point. She just wants him to leave the people of, you know, quote unquote, man's world alone. And I think that is the start of you seeing as well that shit is going wrong with her being in their world. That Ares, yeah, he, he is war, but him persona, him actually showing up. He wouldn't have done that. And he has Steve Trevor. She just is doing what she thinks is the best thing to stop the situation. And when she sees that, you know, this isn't going to stop it, then she has to act. And the the whole thing about anybody could have used the lasso, it it doesn't matter. This is like me saying, like, hey, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what? If back in the day fucking Peyton Manning was on the Patriots with Bill Belichick, he would have, you know, Bill Belichick, he would have won 10 Super Bowls. The problem is he wasn't. You know what I mean? That That's just how it is. And she had the lasso. She used it. I liked it. I, I actually liked that issue. Probably one of my favorite ones of the rebirth. I, I just, I don't know. I'm glad that I picked the year one anyway. I said earlier, I, I love, uh, I love origin stories anyway. And I just, I really like the story though. It is a little more serious than I thought it was going to be. I thought that was going to be like the fairy tale <laughs> story. Uh, it's not exactly that, but I, I have enjoyed it. I, I think, again, I don't blame Rocky for anything that he said. That's what he thinks, and that's not what he wants. So I, the best thing I can tell him is don't read the book. Just, you know, ditch it. Eventually, there'll be another writer on Wonder Woman. You can check that out. Like I said, we went to websites where all of a sudden where we thought that Azarello's run of Wonder Woman while it was going on, I thought that this was universally applauded. I thought that everybody loved it. Uh because even then, when we would look up stories like best stories of New 52, you'd have Scott Snyder's Batman, you'd have even Jeff Johns' Aquaman stuff, but you would see Azarello's Wonder Woman all the time, yet I didn't realize that longtime fans and shit just fucking hated it, and it, no. it really shocked me. So these people stayed away, and, and that, really... That was a quite a shock when we got it, to that one it site. It was fucking shocked, the one site, and here's the best part of it. These people, and, and again, they have every right to like what they want. Uh, they are one of those, they got the monkey paw, Eric, because at one point, <laughs> Azarello said he was leaving. I think it was issue 35. And so. the, fi- the Finches were going to come on, and they were so excited. And these people, I'm telling you, nice as anything. These were oh, yeah. not mean people. These weren't people that when I said I like the Azarello run, they didn't fucking make fun of me. They didn't yell at me. Uh, and even if, if you are interested in Wonder Woman or Batman, it is, if you look it up, and I can't remember exactly the site, but it is a Batman Wonder Woman fan site. So yeah. if you actually look that up, you can find it and go there and talk to these people. They know everything about Wonder Woman. I haven't been there in a while. I'd like to see what they think of Ruck is Run. I have a feeling that they love it. Uh, but yeah, they were not mean to me or anything. It's just I came out, oh, I really like it. And they started telling me things about, you know, well, you know what? We don't like it because of this. And they had really good reasons. But I yeah. hadn't read what they had read. 
Uh, also, they hated the fact that there was a Superman Wonder Woman book. Boy, <laughs> they did not like that. And including that on their page, they had a lot of Batman with Wonder Woman fan fiction and stuff. But it, they were never mean. There was not one person. They were really, really cool people. Uh, but it shocked me that people didn't like it. But just like Rocky doesn't like Greg Rucka's run, uh, it just comes and goes. These books will have creative teams. I think this was the whole thing where Rob Liefeld, when he had that fight with Scott Snyder, it basically said, listen, you're high on the hog now, but the Batman isn't yours. And this is actually, even going further into it, this is our argument that we had against Team Batgirl in the Burnside Batgirl. Oh, yeah. Like, how dare you? You are just like every writer is just a, another fucking placeholder deal. It's always going to change. Until the next you're, one. Yeah, until the next. And they're going to change shit and all this. But just, you know, Rocky, you, you stop reading. And freaking, you know, the rest of the people like it, Travis, and, you know, everybody, keep writing, keep reading. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to bring everybody together. Love always finds a way. I, I believe that the band Yes taught me that. Is that what love, that was? Yes. Love wow. will find a way. It always does. It always does, Eric, except in my world. My world's dark. I need some light. In well, Jim, world. love never solved any problems. They've only caused I, it. I'm telling you, I am... The male Veronica Kale. I think I am. I just hate everything, and I want a billion dollars. How about that? And you want to spend it on stupid shit like Cyberwalkers? Yeah, that will never cyber work. Cyberwalkers, and I, I fucking the kids are a burden, Eric. It's true. They are a burden. I'm down there. I gotta you can really relate with this Veronica Kale character. Fuck yeah. I'm sitting there. I'm like, Veronica Kale, I know what it is. You have to pay for your goddamn kid to go to Switzerland for school. I got to buy eight gallons of milk a week. Let's call it even. No, let's no. go. Let's go get drinks, no, no. baby. That, that is the best money she ever spent because she doesn't have to see the kid. Yeah, that's true. I get the eight gallons of milk. I got to fucking deal with them. Also, we, we go to Aldi. Uh, thank God there's an Aldi in town because we're there and they, they sit there. Can we get this? It's almost like, how about me, boss? How about me? The, fucking, <laughs> the whole cart is filled with cookies now. That's all they want are cookies. And they're all, all at Aldi. If you, if you really, if you like Girl Scout cookies, but you don't want to pay them Girl Scout prices, head over to Aldi and you can get like their knockoff versions of them, including the Samoas that you good? like. Yes, they're really good. Right, good. I wish. I wish I could tell you that in more detail, Eric, because we went and bought probably eight things of cookies yesterday. They're all fucking gone. Oh, I went, I eat dinner. I'm getting ready for the podcast. I go, you know what? I'm going to try some of these fucking Samoas. That's, you know, the shit that they, they're knockoff the deal. So I go to get it. And it's gone. And really, here's the best. It's not gone, Eric. They're just out of the package and eaten. The package remains in the goddamn oh, cupboard so I can see it and get all excited. And then I go and I'm like, you fucking assholes. Uh, who ate these? <laughs> and I'm like, here's the thing, too. I, I know what's going. Uh, who ate these cookies? Like any of them are going to tell me. I'm just at this point. I'm making a goddamn statement. <laughs> just imagine me. I'm like mammoth stomping around fucking yelling. I was so <laughs> angry. I said, why couldn't you leave me? One fucking cookie. And then you know what cookies we had? What what fucking Girl Scout cookie? Yeah, the Thin Mints that I fucking hate. And then I ate like Which is weird to me because you do like a York peppermint pad. I do. I love that. I just don't like the cookie part of that. Uh, But yeah, I ate like seven Thin Mints. I'm like, yeah, these are pretty accurate, but I don't like them. (laughs) Uh, Then the other one was, uh, and we went shopping. I guess we went shopping two days ago. We went on Thursday night. So I'd go and get that, uh, but I don't have all these bonus cards. Yeah, there's no bonus card. But they also had uh, Fruit Loops with the uh, Fruit Loops with the marshmallows. Which how's that? Did you get that? They're okay. Uh, We got them. 
I, I only can tell you from the one bowl I had because those fucking disappeared after a goddamn day. And then Rafe, uh, hey, what what cereal? You pick up this, pick out the cereal, and he picks out this fucking oat brand bunch of nuts or something. I'm like, did, what did the you fuck? Hit him? Yeah, I was mad. I was gonna hit him. <laughs> like, are you my kid? What the hell is going on? Who here? raised you? Yeah, I don't want fucking honey bunches of oats. It's not even that. It was a knockoff Great brand nuts. in a bag. Said, get some fucking goddamn fucking cocoa pebbles or something in this joint up in the hizzy. I said, <laughs> so angry at them. But no, that, that we had legitimately eight gallons of milk and fucking cookies out the wazoo. Fucking two days later, we're down four gallons of milk, and and you can't find a cookie in the whole house. Well, you know why? Because you have to eat, drink milk with cookies, Jim. Yeah, well, I know, but it's still bullshit. I'm, I'm sick of it. Oh, I understand. I'm, there is no way. That I will ever allow myself to get double-digit gallons of milk in a fucking week. And now, you go now, into it. How, how old did Logan just turn? Is it 11 now? He's 11, yeah. All right, yeah. seven more years, Jim. Yeah, I know. Um, I know what you mean. Hashtag <laughs> Veronica Kale. Hashtag <laughs> children are a burden. Uh, the, the other thing about it is they, they keep doing this, and I keep threatening them with physical violence, but they keep going in, taking the cap off the goddamn milk, Drinking some milk right out. And here's the thing. I do not care about anybody drinking out the can- the fucking, you know, the gallon. Yeah. You can drink out of the container. I don't care. Toby comes over. Eh, maybe not Toby. Who knows what the fuck he's got. <laughs> but uh, they they still do this where they they don't even throw the cap away. They put it right next to the goddamn milk in the, in the I, fucking I, I would just murder people. It kills me. At the end of the fucking, if you don't watch, after two weeks, there are 16 fucking caps. And also, they, they, I don't, I, if I start talking about this at length, I'm going to kill myself. Ty, because, you know what you're going to do is you're going to go and wake everyone up by punching them in the no, face. already I hear people stirring. I, I'm already yelling too loud. I heard somebody <laughs> stirring. It's probably Ethan. He, he sleeps during the day. He's a fucking vampire. Uh, but yeah, out of nowhere, I, I go downstairs and there's like, they, they end up keeping milk out. Like they go to drink it and leave it out. Oh, it, it kills me. It really kills me. Why did I have these kids? Why? <laughs> Who are these people? But yeah, tomorrow I'll have fun. Uh, I'll, and then, yeah, I'll have fun. I'll sit there. Hey, guys, you, before I edit the podcast, you want to watch a quick movie or something? Yeah, we'll put it on. Brothers Grimsby. That's all they That's all they fucking watch. They laugh so hard at it. It actually makes me laugh at them laughing. <laughs> fucking movie's a piece of shit. All right, Eric. Back to the books. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We Then we are back with yep. Reggie. I, what you hear, Reggie? Hello, Frisco. How about that? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. See, Reggie, when you come on, I get very uh, sing-songy because I know yeah. that songs are coming, and I know that I can never join in. I try to join in. I actually, when you sing the songs. As your blurbs for the books, I, it brings me back to my days when I would go to – well, I never really went to parties, but I would imagine 
if I went to the parties, I'd be shunned. Like so I'd be I'd like... be in the corner, and people would be talking across the room, like, "Hey, where where did you go this weekend?" And everybody would met, and I'd be like, "I, I went to the movie." <laughs> you know, nobody was talking to me. I just whispered to myself, and yeah. I, I didn't go to parties because I was allergic to hops, and I did not want to get that <laughs> allergic reaction when people would offer me beer. Except, and, when, and really, except when you were about to go to the army, right? Suddenly you uh, got over your allergy and you yes. were accepting free drinks Ex- left and right. Yes, exactly. When I was, uh, yeah, when I, when Stolen people thought valor. I was deploying to Iraq, <laughs> then all of a sudden I was good. But I believe those were more of a uh, liquor. So no, no hops oh, wow. involved. And I used to tell the people, I said, listen, don't shun me because don't I'm allergic to hops. Here. I am not allergic to cocaine. Let's go. Let's party. <laughs> uh, you know, the party started. But now we're say no to drugs. Right. Now, now it's say no to drugs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get involved in that stuff. It's just like with Reggie's, Reggie's songs. They start up and I want to join in. But then I, I could just imagine Reggie glaring at me. That if I joined in, he's going to slice my throat. All of a sudden, he's joined in his finger and his gums. I try, but I, I don't. I, I half-heartedly try to join in, but you never afterwards say like, "Oh man, that's great that you joined in." You always you, you it, always, it always fucks me up badly. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm, that's I'm what I'm saying. I just want to have fun. Or it's like karaoke. Right. I think that me and you are having a gig like Eric and his buddy did. You know, that's right. Eric. Anybody who considers karaoke a gig, you know, is uh, something in my we book. I will say. We were demanded to be there. A gig, you fucking demanded. It's because nobody else would go up. You'd be there with fucking a bunch of fucking drunk old old no, guys, no, no. and then the you'd is, go up and start they, doing they your fucking dance. They wanted us to go up there dance. and show everybody else up. They wanted the place to get live. Oh yeah, they wanted you to show everyone up. Uh, that's yeah. what it was. Now all of a sudden, you were uh, in a contest to save the goddamn local fucking pool hall. I see. You know, the from mountain, the evil dude. developers. Uh, they're the big the show. Mountain. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was you? What, I didn't know that's that. That's what he says. And then next thing you know, he's playing the goddamn Star Wars arcade like he's the goddamn wizard of fucking Waverly Place or something. I, I'm a Jedi. I don't know. I'm a Jedi, Jim. <laughs> what the fuck? You and Jedi. I, why, wow. why, do we, why do we even let him on here, Reggie? <laughs> you guys, it's seven. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we are with Reggie and his books. And I will say, Reggie, I'm going to tell you right now. I apologize. I apologize from the bottom of my heart because even though a couple of your books were were grade A, top notch, uh, the others made up for it. You have some pieces of shit uh, this week. And especially the thing is, I said to Eric today at work, we were talking. I said, you know what? People are going to be so happy with Jimmy Werner because I'm going to be so positive because I, I really liked almost all of my books. And I'd like a bunch of Eric's that I read so far. Now, by this point in the podcast, I would have already talked about most of those. So, but, uh, I read yours and I'm just like, what the fuck? Happened? That's why I say, like, oh, you, you're going to be so positive. Jim, we got Reggie's books tonight. Yeah. You know and actually, Reggie he said, said we have Reggie's books. books and that. And I'm like, oh, what's right? I'm like, wait a minute. Raven isn't this week. And Eric's, yeah, Deadman oh, is. Oh, Jesus. There we go. And Superwoman. Gotham Academy and Superwoman and all this. Hey, nonsense. hey, that's not a Reggie book anymore. No, it is. It will always be a Reggie. Oh, no. no. Yeah, you get lumped in there. Though, uh, you have one of my favorite books nestled right in the middle of these books. So I'll we'll wait right. for that. But the first book is what, Reggie? It's Al Gordon and the Green Lantern Corps, number Gordon. 14. Al Gordon. <laughs> did I say? I said Jordan. <laughs> no, you I did, did not, sir. Al, Al Gordon. Gordon. Al Gordon, the 50. You know, Gordon the cousin Fisher. of Flash. Right? Al Gordon. Heard of him? <laughs> 
Van Van Gordon. You never heard Van of him? Gordon. Does, does he play Jeff for the Gordon? New York Giants? Yeah, it's Jeff right. Gordon. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Uh, let's try that again. Ah. <laughs> Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number fourteen, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Tarragona. I missed a name there, but Tamu Mori. <laughs> You're off. <all. laughs> You're right, buddy. I do the best I can. Oh, I love I, it. I, I had a lot. I had a lot of blurbs to put together. Uh, yes, today. you did. <laughs> I had a lot to oh. smash together. You're gonna, you know, I, I make. I'm I make coming down. I'm okay, Leggy. All right, <laughs> let's go. Let's take it easy there, Quim. Okay. All right. Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me? I am bored as hell on Mogo at this stupid meet and greet, but no Hal Jordan. No white lantern, see, they get to fight a couple dragons on a planet made of heat. They're serving tea and I'd rather be a million miles. Hello from the yellow side, a team up that we've always tried. And you know it'll work fine for a time when Sinestro comes back. We're returning to crime. Hello from the yellow side. So far we only talk and hide. But Natu and Stuart, they've big plans for the core. I hope we do something. I can't take any more of being bored. Jesus Christ, this song goes on forever. Like the Dell. You like Adele. I heard you guys were really big. <laughs> I, did that I had to pause my mic the whole time. I was laughing. <laughs> you were doing because you're. I, I heard you were. Stop. Adele uh, fan, no? I'm right? not an Adele fan. Eric is more of an Adele fan did, uh, than me. Did she do? Did she do that uh, Skyfall song for the movie Skyfall? Yes, I, I believe she did. I did like I, that track. Yes, that, uh, that's all I, I know. I don't know. I don't know any songs from Adele. My wife was a big well, Adele fan, so yeah, I was. I didn't know I what was going on. Before we got on, we talked about how this show was going to be all about now. No more of this yeah. old music. No, no one old hits. music. We're all about modern music. Yes. And that was, you know, that's even a little bit old for the show. I, think. I was going to say, I bet like you most, months. I bet you younger people think that Adele's old. I'm telling yeah. you, I don't know what happened. My wrist. She is yeah. like 25 years old, so. Yeah, yeah, that's she's old. Grim. We need 12-year-olds. You I'm need done. like Britney, <laughs> Britney Spears. She's she's young, right? Britney Spears. <laughs> she's telling you, catch me outside. She's in a video. You, you got all these youngsters. But yeah, uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Now, my biggest complaint of this book uh, since Rebirth started was we weren't getting a lot of the core and nothing was happening. And this book, this issue, I don't know. I actually liked it uh, yeah, a little I, more. I enjoyed this for the most part, too. Like, I there's going to be ramifications of shit we're going to have to deal with where we left off last issue with the, like, you know, John and Sornick saying, you know, we're going to work together and shit. So yeah. like, honestly, something like that, what we got here is what I kind of expected. Yeah, I expected it too. I, I kind of wish, I, I think it's cool to have the Yellow Lanterns with them, but I kind of do wish that we were getting a little more of just the core for a bit. But you do get, I, I like how Venditti sends Guy Gardner off. By himself, yeah. at least at the beginning. So you get a little guy. You know, everybody likes a, a little bit of guy. So he goes and he's looking for info. But all in all, I, I liked it. The only thing I thought, uh, I'm not, again, Eric's more of a Kyle Rayner fan. I don't know. It just dude he seemed too over the top. Yeah, he felt over the top. He actually felt, Kyle Rayner to me in this felt like how Hitch does, uh, Flash. That it's now, like, 
so over the top. The thing like, is, Kyle lately, like over the past couple of years, like you know, five or six since the new Fifty Two and shit, he's been a very subdued character for the most yeah. part. Yeah. The, the kind of joking that stuff that we got. The time, you know? I'm saying no. what we got here was very like you know mid '90s Kyle Rayner out of nowhere. Like you know, he's making a joke about everything because it's like out of nowhere he has all the power in the world and it's all a big joke to him. He has yeah. seen the ramifications of everything. This is not the same character anymore. No, no, and and especially if since he is a White Lantern here, it. it does kind of throw it in the face of that that whoa why is he you know this jokey like, like i said i didn't like deal with him almost like 90s, a kyle so. rayner who's not thinking about his girlfriend and mom getting fucking thrown in the goddamn yeah, fridge yeah, anymore yeah yeah it's crazy it's but reggie ago. tell us what happens tell us Reggie. well it opens up uh over in space sector 2809 where guy gardner intercepts uh cabby right with cabby space, space cabby, cabby. Who's a guy that I, I've liked, you know, for a long time. I did. I mean, did we even see him in the new Fifty Two? I can't remember. I don't. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing. I don't Cabby remember seeing him. No, but, I don't uh, remember seeing. He him used either. to be a uh, a popular character in the Green Lantern stuff, and Guy Gardner uh, snatches him up, and he's uh, you know hems him up, lets him know that you know you work for us now, buddy. Enough mm-hmm. of this nonsense. And Space Gabby's pretty okay with that. Yeah. Well, you know what I liked about it was. I be like you said. I don't remember seeing him in the New Fifty Two, but the way Venditti wrote it, it was Guy showing up, and it was like one of those. Oh man, why are you bothering me again? And it is yeah. kind of subtly stressed, maybe not so subtle, but it did make you know that this was a legacy character to go and look up, uh, you know, look up Space Cabby and see what was going on. It wasn't That's like true. I was like I didn't think about that. Like you, you know that this this character has some yes. kind of even if even if you don't look it up, there's an implied history. No, Plus, there I, is I, I gotta an say, implied I did history. like it was a little it was a little little corny, but I did like the uh, ship design for the cab with the checkered on the side. Yeah, I like well. it too. I you know, it was it too. cool. I mean, you know, it's a little. I think he used to drive more of a like a. It looked like a like an air car cab, yeah, something yeah, like that. But th- this like this something is cool. that would have been in Fifth Element, possibly. Maybe something like heavy that. Heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah, I hate Fifth Element. I just wanted to bring it up. I can't stand that fucking movie. But uh, uh, go on, Reggie. Then we go to the part that I think I thought was a little bit slow. I guess it was necessary, as you say, and it does set out a lot of things. But it's it's like the official announcement that the Green Lantern Corps and the Sinestro Corps are yeah. going to combine, and they're in like the belly of them. They're in like Mogo's conference room or yeah. something, you know, or like the Mogo's Citadel. Arena. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I guess, yeah, he has cities on his uh, surface and stuff. And uh, they have a, they have a chit-chat about it, but not before Gantit sends Hal Jordan and Kyle away. I mean, I thought that was kind of fucked up, not not so much for Kyle, but Hal Jordan yeah, for really everybody. should be there. No, no, you know what I mean? Like, it really should, it's like this, this is an important diplomatic thing going on. You really should be here. I laugh my ass off this part because freaking, you know, John's like, you know, Hal, it's great having you back and everything like that. You got to understand I'm the core leader now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so yeah. this whole great thing was, you know, you're the perfect leader. I'll always be there, whatever. Just give me a time, whenever. I'll be up there to back you up. All right, good, because, you know, you're really respected around here. We're going to have this big meeting now. Yeah, We're going to no, need you to speak yeah. for all of us. All right, buddy, but you know what? I got some shit to do. I'll talk to yeah, you later. I, I thought I thought it was, I actually, it threw, it threw me out a little, uh, only because he says, hey, all you need to do is kind of come out here and say, hey, it's good. They could have waited two seconds. He's like right outside the conference room. He could have went in and said, hey, guys, I got shit to do, but you know what? I think this is a good idea. I'm out of here. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, oh, I got to go. I left my ass off. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think it was that I, funny. I, I thought it was very forced. I felt both ways about it. I thought it, was, I thought it was a little – I thought I had a funniness to it, but I did think it was a little ridiculous. Like you don't have a meeting like this unless Hal Jordan's going to show up. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the fucking – 
That's the guy. And, and that, the that's the thing. John for. spells it out. It, it's, you know, if you vouch for Sornik and her group of Yellow Lanterns, it'll go a long way towards bringing everyone together. This is not yeah. like something that's – this is actually something if, if Hal does do this – would go a long way and actually I mean, would I, I help. I think this is something that might fuck up the relationships between the two teams later. You know, like yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know if we're going to reference it exactly, but this is just yeah, not I, a great I, start. Oh, I think that this is nothing but a signal or you know foreshadowing that shit yeah. is going to go wrong eventually, and then how will be how will be the first one? Hey, I didn't fucking vouch for this bullshit. Uh, you know, because he got sent away. Fuck out of there. Yeah, he's he's fucking out. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of odd. Uh, maybe for some reason, Venditti just didn't want him involved in this because it really was well, odd. I don't know. It's a weird thing because I also take it this way too, where the the Green Lantern Corps have been through a lot of shit over the past year, being stuck in the universe that existed before them without Hal being there. They've really come together with uh, you know, John Stewart being the core leader at this point. Hal being there, he's really a non-entity to the core at this point. He's more of a reputation and legacy. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with the Yellow Lanterns. The Yellow Lanterns still probably look at him as a big thing. And he's just going out. He's not... All it was was for him to go out and say, hey, you know what? Sornik's okay as a Yellow Lantern. You know, I'm fine with it. That's all he wanted. He didn't say, you know, I want you to go out and command us. Uh, you know, John, he even says John's in charge, all that. I, yeah. I, I, I think it was bullshit. I really do. Because, number one, they're going to have this meeting, and whether or not they say it or not, the Yellow Lanterns are going to think, the fuck is Hal? If he's not here, that means that he doesn't want this, and fuck him. I, that's what I would think if I was the Yellow Lantern. I'd look to see where Hal is, and he's not there, and I would I would be pissed. Honestly, I mean, how more in my mind is just for the satisfaction of the Green Lantern Corps instead of the Yellow Lanterns. Yeah, but I'm saying you're the Yellow Lanterns. You're gonna want to know where you know. Oh, you mean one of your you know four biggest guys, if not the biggest guy, bailed, and Kyle's not there. So two of them right off the bat. He's I a think White that Lantern. He, he I think that it, I think that it's off to a bad start. I really do, <laughs> because I'd be pissed. And yeah, he wanted the Green Lanterns to accept Sornik. But I think uh, I think it's fair to say that Vendetti may have been. That may be the point of that scene is to, you know, show that it's it's already starting off kind of bad. You know, yeah. it, it's uh, it's a subtle thing, but a little bit of foreshadowing that yeah. these, these two well, teams and, are going to blend frankly, together perfectly. Uh, you're also showing that Ganthet wants no parts of it because if Ganthet yeah. wanted any part of it, he wouldn't have done this. He would have been there. He's just kind of hanging on the side. Well, he's and, always going to be a greenie. You know what I mean? Yeah, that guy's yeah. green through and through. He bleeds green. Exactly. So. Uh, he sends them off, but uh, go so, on. Anyway, I'm, I mean, I'm, I want to close out. The, I'll close out the scene in Mogo first because it's a little easier, yeah. you know. So uh, eventually, Guy Gardner comes back with Space Cabby, and he's just set up an arrangement where Space Cabby's going to give him a ton of information, and that information is where the and this was important. This was something we've been asking ever since Warworld blew up. Yeah, yeah. Is like, where's the rest of the Sinestro yeah. Corps? Did they yeah, all yeah. evacuate it before Saranic Natu grabbed up her little crew? So it turns out. That there they are. They're scattered around the galaxy. They're, they're committing crimes. Space Cabby knows where they are, and he's going to obviously give them. And for intel. the most part, seeming like they just want to lie low because till shit blows over a bit. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're they're doing their little thing. You know, they're grabbing people's spaceships, but they're basically kind of they're in hideout mode. You know, yeah. and they're going to go and they're going to give the Yellow Lanterns the option either join or go to jail. Which science is gonna, cell bitches? Gonna go yeah, I like well. that. We'll give them an option. Yeah, <laughs> go to science yeah. cells. Yeah. Like, Jeez, yeah. all right, buddy. So, uh, meanwhile, while that is all happening, Kyle and Hal Jordan they get sent 
over to uh, they don't even name the planet, do they? I don't think they ever say. I, I don't think they do actually. I, was, I wonder that myself. It's like Hell Planet. It's like planet made of of magma. Yeah, and it rock. reminded me of the planet at the end of uh, the Revenge of the Sith. Is yeah, where when when yeah, Anakin gets destroyed, it, yeah, that's forcing, what it reminded forcing me of. lava and rock, and that's all yes. there is to it. Uh, yeah, that's like all there is. <laughs> and um, the planet's just destroying itself. It seems like it might fall yeah. apart any goddamn given minute. But maybe it's also always renewing itself, Eric. Well, well like because, the Phoenix, because it has yeah. hope. <laughs> exactly. Maybe yes. well, that, now talk about foreshadowing, Jim. Look at that. That was brilliant yes. right there. No, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, they fight a couple of dragons for no real particular reason, except yeah, to, like, I, was, I was kind of confused. With that. I like the way the dragons look. Oh, nice. everything looked really good. I thought, yeah. but yeah, it just kind of happened. It, it, it was basically to like you know stall, stall for time, and while Hal Jordan fights dragons, this was the part that really seemed unlike Kyle to me because he's all of a sudden basically like this whole time we've seen him, he's basically taking orders from other other people all the time, and he's definitely the kind of person that is wants to help, so he's not going to yeah. be. He's not a guy Gardner that's going to be like, you know, fuck you. Yeah, I do what I want. He's not a dick about yeah. it. Yeah, but he wouldn't be a dick. He, he almost seems like he doesn't really know how to use his ring here. You know, he's like, look for the look for the faint signal of hope. And, he, and Kyle is sort of like, I don't know, he seemed hesitant about it. Yeah, and well, at one point he's even like, time. why don't you check your ring? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just do that's what, what you're saying. told. Yeah, it's like, you, you could also read hope. And it's like, dude, just, could you just do, you know. Kyle, right come thing. on, man. Fuck, and it's so weird. They have that, li- and they have that little part, part to almost like it's like almost like uh, dealing with a question that'll never come up. Like some somebody at a convention is going to go, "Hey, uh, by the way, and and Hal Jordan Green Lantern Corps number fourteen, why didn't Hal use his ring? Uh, like, why why even go through that? You know, interaction. You just Hal's Maybe fighting. They, send they off. will. Someone will. There is always a uh, Eric. An Shea asshole. Of- Question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part, though, for the most part, this is the least enjoyable part because I thought Kyle yeah. did feel very off in his dialogue, the whole yeah. joking yeah. nature the whole time. But even then, when we get to the whole point where you know Hal is fighting the dragon, so Kyle can continue tracking the you know the source of hope that they're looking for. Yeah. It's like he is flying away, gets hit by some lava, falls down, and instead of flying back up this cliff, he decides I'm going to climb up this goddamn cliff face for very no apparent weird. reason. Yeah, he, I don't why. Really like, what's going on? Why is yeah. he? It's. It seems like he doesn't know how to use his ring. All of a sudden, that's what I'm saying. It was really strange to me. Uh, yeah. But anyway, he he eventually does hone in on Saint Walker, the uh, avatar of the Blue Lanterns, I guess. And at this point, I realize yes, everything that we dealt with with Saint Walker during the Sinestro uh, title is wiped away. It's wiped away, and we're not going to yeah. deal with any of that because Unless at the end of that title, he was modified so that yeah. he could charge up the fear, yeah. like you know, rings as well. Yeah, it's weird. Unless something happened and they explain that's how he got to this planet. Honestly, I'll tell you, I, I would love that more than anything. Just looking at him right here, I don't think it's going to happen. No, no, I don't either. I, I don't either. But yeah, I think that that's quite clean. And that's why we haven't seen anything or any mention of him since Rebirth. It's yep. because, yeah, they had altered him. And like Eric said, at the one point, Sinestro had taken uh saint walker in and had modified him he had a like scientist that. experiment yeah. on him to try to yeah. get him so he could charge up the freaking yellow lantern rings just like he charges up the green lantern ring so he, you know they can do this whole police force that was at the, at the end of the sinestro title the uh, yes. yeah column yep. one I, I read that yeah. to like i forget eight and then i kind of got annoyed with yeah, it, it was, and, you, when that was going on it was the best like lantern title that was out there so yeah, i loved I reading agree. it there, there was some bad issues here and there for the most part the best one was, was the, new, the the dcyou yeah, yeah, it was fun. And uh, like we said at the end, and with War World and all that, we actually were, me and Eric were just waiting 
for them to like go through a door and you'd see St. Walker there yeah, and they just never to. it never came. So here we go. And uh yeah, it, it's a pretty quick moving issue. I, I like the art. It's uh, also in worth general. mentioning. Let me let me just finish to say okay. that St. Walker is being attacked by a bunch of monsters. Yes. Oh yeah, what the he, hell are they called too? They he's, they have he's not just name. sitting there. They're the uh, misery these mounds. Like, these are those like the misery stuff. mound. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, misery mound. I I look at it and I just saw misery hound. Ian Bain. Uh, yes, yes, Ian Bain. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It, it does. St. Walker usually have that chipmunk around his neck because I I didn't. You know what I'm saying? That is something we've I've seen before. Okay. I can't place where he picked it up from Mogo. Long That's time right. Ago. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't like, remember. That, that might have even been pre New Fifty Two, but it was it was he picked that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really remember that much in the New Fifty Two with that, but I didn't do a lot of books with St. Walker. Uh, by the time I kind of got into the part where on the podcasting when me and Eric were both reading each other's books and things like that, he had pretty much been gone uh, at that point or very close to it, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then we did see him in Sinestro, but by then he was being, like we said, he was being dissected and crazy shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, what did you think, Reggie? Uh, you know, I thought it was a, a pretty good start for an arc, and they answered a lot of lingering questions like, you know, where are those other... Sinestro Corps mm-hmm. guys, what the hell, you know, where, where are the rest of these lanterns? What's, what's the plan? What's the, you know, they, it felt like there was something actually happening. However, <laughs> coming off of that last issue that we all hated so yeah. thoroughly, I couldn't, I couldn't go and give this such a great score. You know, this is, this is promising, but I forgot about that issue. Yeah, God damn, I've been burned so by this book before, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so in the end, I gave it, I think, a fairly respectable seven out of ten. Now, I, I agree with what you're saying. This to me, like you said, we've been burned. Uh, but this really does feel like the beginning of shit going on. And uh, this is have, shit that I want to see. Yeah, too. and I do too. That and I do like the art. It got it got a little wonky at at certain points, but I liked it in general. Uh, even like the part with Space Cabby and Guy, right. I yeah. really like. Uh, I thought that Kyle was a little off, but still, I liked him and Hal going off together. You had John there getting ready to be like, it actually seems like you're getting an idea of how this book is going to be broken down and how it will be. And I like that even just in general. I like that we're going to get more of each of the lanterns and things like that. And I'm intrigued by the yellow lantern or whatever. But like I said, you're still kind of treading water here you're, you're really not yeah. going that much forward it ends with a great cliffhanger you got a lot of things and something this i've stuff. been wanting to see ever since we talked about hope there yeah. in the emerald and, space and you have the sinestro court out there so i am going to go as high as a seven five because i i actually really like that and, and the thing Jim is being all positive yeah, and the wow. thing is yeah positive there are people who are probably gritting their teeth now at you eric on seven five that this is what happens with this fucking goddamn reviewing <laughs> i really am being positive i'm really looking forward to it going forward people think seven five is a bullshit score but really? uh yeah and i'm telling you that most of these podcasts that they, their fucking worst book is a seven they go from a seven to a ten uh Very well yeah but what well, i'm saying is i do really like it i think kyle was a little up but i like seeing all of them and i am actually using that last issue that i fucking hated with a passion <laughs> as a way to show that, okay, we're back on track and I like this even more because of that piece of shit. And if we get another one of those issues, I'll, I'll fucking kill myself, I think. But, <laughs> yeah, this is a 7-5 to me. What do you think, Eric? I know well, he'll give this. it a 7-5. He's in with me. He's down check, with me. Check this shit out, all right? I love the art in this <laughs> issue. I love this whole dynamic where we're going to have a green... Five. 
We're going to have a Green Lantern paired up with a Yellow Lantern, and they're going to go and patrol each sector of space, you know, like, as a team like this. I like the whole concept of that. I like getting St. Walker back. And I was thinking to myself, even though I thought that Kyle, his dialogue was a little off here, this could be the rebirth of Kyle Rayner. We have not seen a lot of him in this whole thing. So, and even interacting with other Lanterns in a long time. So this could be this whole dynamic that he's going to have as long as he's with other people. So I don't know. This could be a whole thing. But, uh, I would, overall, it's just, these, this is what I want to see from this book, and I give it a 7.5 out of 10. You son Whoa. of a bitch. The, uh, I actually typed in the group chat there because yeah. I thought you were going to fuck me and give it a 7.4. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to give it a 7. It's a 7.5 to me. It's a pretty solid 7.5. I think uh, you're going to give it a 7.51. Yeah, seven of that. <laughs> Ask Eric the point. What was it, Eric? An eight point seven five. I gave yeah, the one point. There you go. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I was drunk or something that night. Uh, but yeah, the next book, though, I'll tell you, it's become my second favorite book. I think of Rebirth. It really I would has. Say, I would agree with that. Of the of between uh, this it's, one and Red this Hood, and the Red Hood. Yeah, I think it's definitely in my top five. Uh, it is. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I, I like enjoy it, a it every lot. time now, and uh, I really get into it. And uh, that book is New Superman number eight, art uh, written by Gene Wen Yang, art by Billy Tan, Heining, and Gadson. Hmm. Baxi, stop that losing. Baxi, don't you see? Don't want to be Alpaca's fool. Dylan caught a cheating and laughing all crazy. And use the lasso's golden rule. I think of all the sweet ass kicking that I missed, but then my homework was never quite like this. I'm doing bad, doing bad, doing bad. Wow. I ain't squat the I ching. <laughs> I'm doing bad, so bad. I ain't squat the I ching. Is that it? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I was going to do a little more David Lee Roth. you want to do the guitar solo. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me go plug in my goddamn I got beat. my pencil. <laughs> so they do all that shit. I got uh, my yes. battery. <laughs> I got my battery. <laughs> I don't feel tardy. Here we go. This <laughs> I is... I don't feel bad. <laughs> this is new super bad. Uh, thank you, Reggie. <laughs> thank you for serenading us all and uh yeah i i really do like the this book in general uh i like the thing that even the uh variant cover uh, in this i oh, like that, that so good. yeah i like <laughs> that gene luan yang is I, i'm assuming that he's kind of directing all of this and he's kind of poking fun at even stereotypes and all, all sorts of now, shit now, and, actually before we get into any of this what was up with that last page you don't know what's the, up the last page are we going to reveal the last page now yeah, please just can we get to that because that's, that like the... that's, that's the cover that's the cover comics, comics cover, number one yes, yeah that's I'm the cover that, so they're making him the villain it's they're taking it back genius when i saw yeah. that that's when I, that's when you know i mean you know i always love a parody you oh, know? yes I, I, that that always gets me it's very easy to rope me in with that but that was just perfect the fact that they pulled that out and you know i also love pre-world war ii racism the, oh yeah the that's book. all i thought oh, about <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing is how they're they're playing it up is Gene Luan Yang is pretty much like I said he's taking it back uh, to them that that was a very racist cover so now he's going to use that as a, a you I know the I deal mean, here and it, it's, uh, he's the villain. We don't know what's going to happen really, you know what I mean? But I thought that like he's sort of reclaiming this 
unbelievably yeah. ridiculous, like, you know, oriental wizard stereotype. And at making really, it the villain, I really yeah. want to see what he does with it. Though, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yep. like, how is he going to play this character up? Is he is he going to be ridiculous with like fucking buck teeth fangs? And, you know, yeah, so yeah. sorry, no just ticky, crazy. No watch, oh, or be so gonna, sorry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> me rough you, Superman. But yeah, you know? I think it's awesome. And at one point, I think they were even playing at a bit where I actually thought it was goddamn Mr. Oz. Like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And then it wasn't. And we're going to find out who it is. But yeah, I, I'm telling you, going back from there, just the, the art in this, and I do like Victor Bogdanovich's oh, art, uh, normally, but the art in this is awesome. And yeah. I'm telling you, that Superman, uh, is fucking incredible. I, I love that that full page there with his tattered cape and shit oh, yeah. like that is so good. And yeah, yeah, even, and it ties back to what we've been waiting for to see where that Superman from the final days of Superman, where the fuck he went when he flew off. So it really, this ties in a lot of shit that I really like. Uh, and even the fact I love the way it's paced. I love the way that you get the couple stories and they all work out together. I yep. really, really like I'm it. And you, I, really, I feel like I feel like I'm cheating on Victor Bogdanovich with this because I, I love the his art, art so but I good. love this issue. Yeah, this like the issue's way it looks so goddamn yeah, this much. This issue's art is is so good. It really it, is. It's way different, and it it actually is definitely much more of like an you know closer to an anime style. You know, yeah. I don't know. I'm telling you, if there was if if cultural decision or just a you know image decision but it's great you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. just different i'm telling you you right. get uh you get tan and send him over to that nightwing book and i'll be very happy even <laughs> the part well. where you need a backup artist on the uh on uh fucking batman beyond perfect uh, i think a this would be door. perfect be as good. well but yeah get get him on something else like nightwing please <laughs> Please take my wife, please. But yeah, uh, in the meantime, you start. Well, you tell us, Reggie. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dial it back. I'm not gonna I'm talk gonna pass, so much. I'm gonna go over the. Uh, I'm gonna pass the I Ching and and uh, Keaton Kong thing for a minute because we'll kind of get back to that later. Really, over at the Academy of the Bat, you know, uh, Baishi and what the hell's this guy's name? I forget now. Uh, oh oh goddamn it! Yeah, it's I. In I here. I'm I'm awful with names. Wrong pie. Wrong pie. Wrong pie. Wrong pie. Wrong pie thinks he should be. He should have been the Batman of China. Of it's course, like when they send Eric a mincemeat pie. He yells wrong pie. He wanted the uh, banana cream. <laughs> That's what he yells, right, Eric? I th- you, I th- I think right, Eric, you racist son of a bitch. Pie other than a mincemeat pie. That's what he yes. what he probably wants, you know. Mincemeat uh, pie. The hell, it's a fucking mincemeat pie. Nobody. So, so Baishu's getting getting fucked up in the arena, which, yeah. by the way, is made, as we talked about last time, hard light constructs yeah. from the Academy of the Lantern, which is just an awesome implication. I need to know more I about it. I can't wait to see that shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, so, you know, meanwhile, uh, Dylan, who is the Wonder Woman of yep. China, she's checking out, like, the arena's back room. and The in server there, rooms. The ser- exact, exactly yeah. what it is. Server room. In there, we saw somebody that we were saying was the bunny from, Don- from Donnie Darko, but it's... <laughs> A villain named Alpaca, who is easily—I yeah. I like this too, because it's—it's definitely the Joker of China. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. You know what I mean? Like, there's a way they could have done it. They could have just—they could have just put a white mask and green hair and a Chinese guy or girl. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They've gone another way with it, where it's like the the alpaca is like obviously represents something else, you know, differently, and has a fucking freaky costume also. Yeah. And uses like they're using razor confetti. Oh, and the razor confetti and, I thought was awesome. I was yeah. like, that is, is fucking cool. 
I was so wrong last time we talked about this thing that wrong pie. Or, uh, I can't think of his name, but wrong pie. Wrong pie uh, was going to be the Joker of China because then, like, I totally put down on this issue when we find out who it is. Kind of yeah. play it up that way, where they where they were making it seem that way, but obviously he can't be, you know, two places at once. Or maybe that we thought this might be one of his like, yeah, one of his men. Yeah, I thought no, this was going to be the Joker's, even the Joker's with the Z, like the yeah. Joker's type gang, like in Batman Beyond here. That it wasn't just a Chinese no. person in a purple no. suit hair like they went they yeah. really went away with it and and i appreciated that and, uh, and the alpaca yeah. mask though has like the lipstick around the freaking you know, the front yep. of it i, yeah. I like that a lot it, yeah. it's it's you know like i'm saying it, it seems to really tread that line and i like that where it's something new but still familiar but not yeah. so derivative where it's like that would have been that would have been too obvious i feel like just to make a joker a chinese yeah. joker anyway it turns out that alpaca is by sister who yeah. wants him not to uh she doesn't want him to be the Batman of China because yeah, she thinks wants he's him too to old be with her. The ministry. Yeah, wants yeah. her to be like a, a renegade, part of the, Re- yeah. the Rebel Alliance or whatever. Well, yeah. just the Freedom Fighters, the freaking yeah, guys yeah. who were out there before, That's like true. you know, uh, like uh, and I, and I can't remember Keenan's goddamn name, but Keenan's father. Yeah, Keenan's yeah. father. Yeah, and uh, I loved it because when you find out that it's uh, Baxi's sister. It like really like you're like, holy shit, like this is a twist that you aren't expect like you said, because of how the book's set up where you have the Batman of China, the Wonder Woman of China, you're always expecting it to kind of be generic and kind of go down a route that you think that you know is gonna happen. And then something like this keeps happening and you're like, Holy shit, it's fucking Baxi's sister and it makes yeah. complete sense. She number one, it, it kinda to me also just wants him around. Like, he has gone off. He's disappeared. It's his sister. She loves him. But also, she has looked into it and sees that he's being controlled. And you get that little thing in the background where they keep everybody who is a family member of one of these people who are, you know, Keenan, Baxi, uh, they're always looking in and finding out that they're being duped and want to do something. The problem is, is every time this happens, somebody dies. So, I, you know, you wonder what's going to happen with her. But uh, the only thing that I thought was a little off was I really think that the art led us to believe that this – you know what? I Did you get that feeling like once you find what? out it's the sister, you're like, wait a second. That that character model before she takes off the, the thing did not look like a young girl. To me at all. It looked like a, uh, like a, a teenage guy, uh, to me for some reason. I thought it was a little bit like they were trying to no, deceive no, I, you a bit I the agree. way the art it, was. It, it, I agree with that because I thought it was a male character as well. Yeah, I think well, that they were trying to deceive like a you puffy a little. Vest? Yeah, they, I think they were trying to play it off, but she's wearing a puffy vest, isn't she, yeah, when she's just, alpaca? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I just thought that they were trying to she make even it seems seem taller. Different. Like that's what I mean. Yeah, that's well. what I mean. It makes it seem like they were deceiving you a little bit, like almost like a you know they cheated a little with that I, to make I'm cool you think of somebody else. I didn't mind. I didn't mind. I thought it was a great it's reveal. I thought it was cool. And it's not like they made you know like they made her you know a fat person and then someone no, took a mask no, off no, no. girl. But yeah, I, I do hear what Stop you're saying. Stop fat shaming people, Reggie. Please play it a little. Play a little fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it, though. I liked the reveal. I I liked, you know, the whole thing. And then uh, they end up, you know, now it's even ground. And Baxi kind of wins the, the contest, right? But and then, I, I, yeah, I like that idea, though, just to have, you know, there's the Batman of China and the Joker of China is his sister. I really yeah. like that concept. And like yeah. even at the end, when after the whole everything is over and freaking, uh, how do you say his name, Baxi or Beiji or yeah, whatever? Yeah. How, how do you say it, Reggie? Uh, Baixi. Baixi. When they're freaking, you know, he's at home with his family for the holiday supper, and she's not there. 
because yeah. now the family is torn in half because of his decision, you know, like not to go with her. He was going to arrest her for her actions. Like, how can you do this to me? Everything I've done is try to for us to be together. And you're going to be like this asshole. No, yeah. yeah. I like go that on, whole Brad. thing. Go on. For sure. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It, 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 it takes it. It's not just like uh, two lonely people fighting each other. This is a, a family squabble. And who knows if she'll use. The family against Baishi, you know, later on, like that's that's kind of made, we'll see how crazy she gets yeah. as uh, the Joker. But well, uh, I do like Baishi wins by just slapping a bunch of bombs on yeah. his <laughs> chest. Like it's it's not even you know there's no acrobatics, there's no like you know battering. No, nope, just slap a bunch of bombs on him and knock him out. He gets up, he grabs the headmaster, he he wants the cowl. That's yeah. like his whole thing. He just wants the cowl. Yeah, it's weird. And at I, one I point, the, the guy's like, yeah. Like, yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's nothing. Who cares? That's what I'm he's saying. Not- At one point, he's not even like, he's even gone past the whole, I want to be the Batman of China. He just wants the cow. He just wants, wants Beishi to give him the cow. Well, that, yeah, that's like, it's that's crazy. like you with the cues, right? The same kind of thing. You got to get those cues. You got to get, you gotta get those cows. Cues. That's right. Same you get those cues. You get so, the cue. first you get the cues, then you get the women. That's what but it's I all, say. It's, I mean, it's not like Baishi's hiding his identity either. Like that no. would be the thing in a normal Batman yeah. comic where he would be recalcitrant to hand over his cow yeah, yeah. because he doesn't want people to know that he's Bruce Wayne. But in this case, he's like, fine, here you go. This is going to save a life. But when he does, it emits some gas, of course, knocks out Rong Pai, and uh, you know the Batman of China saves the day. He goes down, finds out his sister is alpaca. But then she's able. She actually drops some gas, and she's able to take yeah, off. So that will obviously off. come up later. Yeah. Uh, but then comes, I think, the the other story, which would be, you know, Keenan and I Ching was really turned. At first, you know, I was it was kind of slow to me, but then it really got. It really uh, picked up, didn't it? Yeah. It's really touching, and it really picked up towards the end. So he's still doing that thing with I Ching, where he's trying, you know, if he can touch I Ching once blindfolded before I Ching touches him eight times, then. He can have a private lesson, and no big surprise, Keenan can't even come close. No, no, no. So, and it's funny. We said that this would happen. That yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, that I would just go to town on him. This, he has this smelly really feet. Old, that guy. It's an old yeah. Like, <laughs> this was an old kung fu movie trope oh, yeah. too. You know, like, yeah. You can, it can take the chopstick from my hand before I you know beat yep. the shit out of you. Uh, and of course, the other guy's always a million and nine years old, and he fucking beats the crap out of everybody. Yep. That's it's like an old trope. Ends so. up standing yeah. on their head too. At I was some gonna point. say stands yeah, on their head, right. might stand on a uh, a stick, yeah, and, you know, do shit like that. At one point, he shoots him with an arrow. I'm like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> he's really, yeah, I'm like, he's getting a little fucked up here. Uh, but what I liked is at the point where. Keenan then realizes, you know what, I got to calm down, you know, and it's really at down to the last hit, and he's got to calm down. And I really like the art where you see the chi uh, going into him and through him, where you see it in the arms and the, you know, all that. I really, really like that. Uh, but that's when his powers kind of activate, and or he can it's hear part everybody. Of his power, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he has hearing. the hearing then. Hear everything. Yeah, and, and this he hears is everything. I really like. I mean, this makes him basically freak out. It's yep. too, you know too much noise. It's too much input. He takes off and he like saves all of the situations. He stops it all from happening, and it yeah. makes him feel guilty because he's not doing it for altruistic reasons. No. He's just doing it because he's fucking annoyed. Yeah, it's and like if if my wife was, was yelling really at my kids smart. and I went up and beat the crap out of all of them, it's just because I want him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah that's all he's doing. Eating the side effect that you just yeah. happen to like. 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm happy. But yeah, he's just doing it to sh- to shut everything up in his head, and uh, I but like that. That makes him feel bad. Like he's he feels like he's a failed hero because yeah. he's not doing it out of the altruistic love of heroism. And I Ching is like, what do you think? You know, American Superman does it for? Like it's the same shit, dude. You know, like he yeah. he there are certain he can't stand to hear, let's say, a baby you know being abused or something. Yeah. That's why he stops it, you know, yeah. and and it really puts a perspective on. It puts a pillow over its head. Yep. Or you know, yeah. exactly something to stop the noise. Yeah, and it's funny uh, because at this point, uh, it's one of those where you're expecting, you're almost expecting something like this to happen. But Jin Luan Yang, he does it so well that you're actually just caught up in it. At this point, Keenan's like he's done. He's just sitting there with a blanket yeah. over him. He's depressed. He's like, I'm not really the Superman. I'm not this. And like you said. That's where he's saying, I Ching's saying, like, no, no, you know what? You did this, you did that, you did the other thing. You are a Superman. You, you're doing it. And it all kind right. of like, all of a sudden it dawns on Keenan, because the whole thing, he's pissed off. Uh, but then you go into the Matrix, which was a I'm little bizarre. You, th- this part to me was the weirdest part of the book. Yeah. I don't think we needed to do this. It was cool for the visuals, but yeah. this whole thing where I Ching freaking puts his, lays his hands on Keenan's head and we get transported to the fucking white room well, of the Matrix. This, this is Gene Luen Yang's chance to teach us all a little bit about Tai Chi, I guess. Yeah, and I, I want to learn about Tai I Chi. To understand this is not it it, it's the yeah, Tai Chi, Feng Shui. It's all in here in the octagon. Yeah, it's like the octagon, and that's Every the time you know that's tells the symbol. Me about the octagon, somebody's getting punched in the face. I don't like yeah, it. Really, that's my favorite. But yeah, it even it goes back to that symbol. Uh, the octagon symbol and stuff like that, and he kind of says, and it's a, I don't know, it, it really works out for me though, because it, it, even how he spells it, it spells out the S in the octagon, he's telling him exactly how, you know, the real Superman, the, the big power comes from the ears and all, you know, all this stuff, and I, I actually really liked it. It just was too. a little hokey where it went in the I liked it as ex, well, you know. I just don't understand this whole yeah. freaking, you know, yeah. the path I mean, of I- destiny in the Matrix. I look at it like this, like so. This Superman is something where to activate, he needs to activate his powers, and that's all this is. This is how he's like going to train to do that. Yeah, I like that too. And so, even though I don't really understand it exactly, uh, the concept of having to draw energy, you know, from his body. That's basically what I, I think he's saying. He has to be able to focus his energy in certain parts of his body, and yeah, that will it's activate the belly, the fist, the head, and the powers. ear. And yeah, he exactly. says the ear is the most important. That it's the ear. And I don't know. Is he just saying like, listen, you, you gotta fucking you know open your ears and listen to people and not be so fucking hard at it. That, that might be, be you know on the yeah. surface, but it's it's a bunch of things. But the best part I thought is that you have the octagon. You see the S symbol drawn in there while he's going, uh, and he says, you know what? It's an S on your chest. It also means hope and Kryptonian. But for you. It's your path to destiny, and it shows this, you know, the octagon and the S. And I like that because to Keenan, that S does it means nothing to him yeah, for Kryptonian. Not He's even not a Kryptonian. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's nothing to him. And now it is. Now you get a reason why he yep. can accept it as his own instead. Of, you know, like I said, he can do all that. Yeah, he did his research. It's funny when he says, "I researched," and you know, the S actually stands for help. I'm like, "Yeah, you saw the Man of Steel, <laughs> Keenan." And uh, but yeah, now, or the, the, but, right? Yeah, or that wouldn't it. make sense. But that doesn't make sense for him. No, and right. I like that he's trying to find his powers and his strength, and they're going to do it. And Gene Luan Yang has done it very well throughout this whole thing, that he's made it 
like a different deal. And it is. He he's not Superman. He's not Kryptonian. He's not all of this. And I yeah. really do like it. And I love when I Ching's like here, uh, puts up his hand and Keen's like, What, you want a fucking high five? He's like, No, no, if you want me to train you, hit me. This is the you one still time. Gotta you hit know. Me. Yeah. And I fucking love that. I, I really I did like that. Yeah. But go on. You, you but also, also letting him know, like, you're, you ain't hitting me unless I let you, son. Yeah. You know ah. what I mean? <laughs> unless yeah, I, I like it. Bitch. You're yeah. not laying a, a finger on no. me. So they're going to go on to their private training, which is something I'm looking forward to. And then we yeah. go to our epilogue, which is the, uh, what do we call that, Superman? From uh, the final days? Superman Zero. Yeah, yeah it's like, Superman like, Zero, they call it. But the it was other, the... What everyone thought was going to be the new it Superman. Was, it was Dr. Omen's first solar flare Superman that she was trying to make. It She it was in the tube. A lot of people, including Jody on our site, was yelling at me that this was going to be King and yeah. Kong. And I said there was no way. And he flew off. When Superman and Batman uh, came there, uh, he flew off. And we find out that the 10 actually grabbed him and put him in jail. Uh, here, but he's in the crab shell. He's yeah, in he's in the crab shell. shell. What a rotten life. Yeah, and, uh, he looks fucking yeah, so. So he's talking cool, to a guy that's in shadow. That's that's telling him about you know he's gonna have to. He's got a destiny. He's got to fulfill. Yep. And he says, without me, Superman Zero, there would be no you. Without me, there would be no superheroes at all. And it's the fucking. We already revealed it at the beginning, but it's yeah. the fucking yeah. Chinese face from Chinese yeah. comics number one. And even the way the page is laid out. Yep. With, with the exactly. credits like this. Yep. And, the credits and, and the are exactly top, like it. It's, it's so evocative of it. Yep. I fucking, when I saw, I mean, I died when I saw this. Yeah, I literally you sent it to just me. Like, Holy you said, you're shit. not going to remember. And actually, you sent me a picture of the Detective Comics cover. And you're like, you're not going to believe this. This is how fucking new Superman is. <laughs> last and, page, yeah. I, and, I was, and I expect from here, I expect this uh, Superman Zero, I expect him to go and his whole thing's going to be, I was supposed to be the Superman. You know what I mean? I, I believe yeah. now he's in the crab shell. He's probably so fucking pissed. And, the, you know, this guy's going to feed him with the, you were supposed to be the one, not this Keenan, not this fucking pretender. And I think that. That's where he's going to get his motivation, but he looks fucking cool. I love uh, I the really way like that it. Superman Zero looks. Fuck, I love it. I'm I really tell you, hope even at some face... point he becomes Ultraman because they yeah. killed off Ultraman. Yeah, I just want a fucking awesome. bad Superman somewhere. Yep. Yeah, he he looks awesome. He really does. I, I really really like. Him. I like also, everything about him. Yeah, I like the, I like him, the you know? outfit. Yeah. Outfit even looks like it's got a little uh, Wonder Woman inspiration a bit. This stuff, like, I love it. Action, yeah, yeah well, it, sort, it sort of looks like a little mix of the New Fifty Two Superman, and yeah, yeah, a little bit of a little uh, everything in there. Yeah, uh, I, I really, I really like it. And then when it ends, I was like, holy shit, like you said, it ends with, with this villain who you want to think is badass, but it makes you laugh just because of what it is, and it's just yeah. so cool. I'll, yeah, I'll tell I, you, I really too, like the it. thing is, when, before I got to that last page, because I forgot that Reggie was talking to us earlier yeah. in the week about it, so when I got to the page before that last reveal there, and he, I see this guy, this shadowy figure talking yeah. to Superman Zero, I really thought since we were introduced, to, not introduced, but we saw that he was in the series, I thought it was going to be Lex Luthor, and he's like going to yeah. be going bad again, but then I turned oh. the page like, Oh, shit. Yeah, I thought it was Mr. Oz. It is even funny, too, earlier in the uh, at the uh, the Academy of the Bat or whatever, even their uh, teacher there, he looked a little like Lex as well. Yeah. The, the, and I thought that was pretty funny, too. But, yeah, I, I really like this. Uh, I thought the art and the story was really good. Uh, what, what did you give it, Reggie? Um, I have all positive things to say about it. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I think I'm going to go 8.9. I got to go a little on. I'm only going one step under my red hood because I actually, you know what? I'm going to go nine, nine out of ten. Fair enough. What do you think, Eric? 
I love. I think the art in this book, even though I love Victor Bogdanov, it's just the best art we've gotten in the series. Really so I good. really love that about it. But the, like, I pretty much I was enthralled with both stories: the freaking Beijing story yeah. and the Keenan Kong. I love both aspects of this comic. The only part I didn't like was that goddamn Matrix, the bit Matrix because. Part. It didn't feel needed. Yes, we need some kind of like visual was, representation yeah, of what you're That's what I think. About. I think that was just he really wanted to show that the symbol was something that was tying into the, I, you know, their that. whole like deal. I Ching, though, just going yeah. into his mind and they become, you know, the freaking Superman of the mind or whatever it is. Yes. And uh, But besides that, I like the whole thing, so I give it an 8.5 out of 10 as well. Well, you're saying he was Superman of the mind. Yes. <laughs> is that what you were saying? That's, that's all I wanted. Uh, yes, but yeah, I, I really, really liked it. And yeah, for it to come on the same week as Red Hood and the Outlaws, it's like, God damn it, my two favorite books now are monthly titles, and i got to yeah. wait a goddamn whole the rest month of your for month's it. going to suck now, you know? What yeah, are you going to do? Yeah, it stinks. But and actually, comics become one of my favorite books now, so that's where yeah, I'm with this. Some of these others are you know, going, but this next book... Eric even said to me today, we were talking about this book, and it is Suicide Squad. I'll just, you know, tell you. Uh, we were talking about how much we enjoyed this book when it first started, even when it was just half stories because yeah, of yeah. Jim Lee's art and stuff. We really had fun. Yeah, I like the backups that, initially. I think, I, you know, these this event that happened and shit like that, I think it derailed it a bit. You had Jim Lee with his art only giving you half issues, kind of derailed it at one point. And now we're going to move on with John Romita on art. And it fucking – it. I forgot that they had <sighs> mentioned this before, but it fucking annoyed me so much that we go and, it, again, we get two stories, uh, but really – it's still just picking up the pieces from that Justice League versus Suicide Squad event in a way that I, I just think it's nonsense. But go on, Reggie. It is your book. Let's hear a song. Give me a song, Where, Reggie. You're going to love this one. This is oh, Suicide geez. Squad number 11, written by Rob Williams, art by John Romita Jr., Eddie Barrows, Richard Friend, Aber Ferreira, Dean White, and Adriana Lucas. Now what's the deal with Rustum and prisons that he's busting? It's really got Harcourt bet. I don't think I truly trust her. Meanwhile, the team is resting. After hmm. Rusking, they were besting. Huh? Amanda Waller's on time off and got shot in the chest. Here we go. It's tricky to follow up to follow through a crossover. It's tricky. Tricky, tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. <laughs> it's tricky to follow up to follow through a crossover. It's tricky. There it is. <laughs> I had the B-boy stance at the end. I, I, wish, I, I, I wish I could have warned you so you could have done the opening of the video, too. You could have called Eric and been like, hey, robbing people out here. <laughs> <laughs> they got my chain. They got what? They run got my chain, down. run. Run, they got my chain. You, God damn it, bitch. Are you playing three-card money again? I told you to keep away from those fucking cards. You lost the rent money last month. Oh, come on. Come on, run. Come on, get that van with that shag carpet and come on over and save my ass. What the fuck? The best in that video is the ladies yelling about her chain. The cops come up and they're like, what's going on? They, they took my chain. They took my chain. They like kind of push her aside and it's meant to almost be like, oh, those fucking cops not helping. No, those fucking cops are doing their goddamn job right. Yeah. They're like, listen, they lady, we saw you at one point. You know, Penn and Teller, they're playing three-card money. You've lost everything. Walk away. You have a problem, lady. Uh-huh. They're like, yeah. oh, you know what? We can play one more round with your gold chain. Oh, okay. You know, I've lost seven times in you know a row. What? Maybe this will be my lucky time. Game. <laughs> no, like, I, th- I think I realize, you know what? I'm going to look at the guy who's not talking at all. It's fucking nonsense. 
fucking the, the most ridiculous. You remember how that ends? It ends with Penn and Teller rapping. It's fucking oh, terrible. Yeah. It's so oh, bad. it's the worst. It is the worst. They're great. Uh, I get so mad about that video. Everybody, I go know. watch I'm the so, uh, Run DMC. I was hoping I would fire you up with yeah, that. The Run DMC, it's tricky video. And watch this lady with her goddamn chain. I love when she goes. I love Run's fucking, you know, reaction, too. They got my chain. They got your what? They got your so what? mad. Fucking D- DMC's also, shaking his head. The, Jesus uh, Christ. The, uh, Run DMC alarm too. The me oh yeah, oh alarm. it's great. I love There's that no that video. That video is great. And I, again, I got the uh, the the lucky chance to talk to DMC himself about that lady in the video. He laughed. <laughs> He's fucking laughing at the lady. He's like, she had a fucking problem. Like, yeah, she did. DMC, you should have fucking taken her to Gamblers Anonymous or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, fucking chain. Ah, uh, yes, I love, too, when she loses the chain and Penn grabs the chain and kind of, like, puts it over his head. It's a cool-ass move. He does, but tell us about this issue, Reggie. <laughs> well, so what's happening at Old Bell Reeve, or Rev, sorry, uh, Amanda Waller's on some time off after last issue where uh, Rustam basically, you know, made her feel like her kids were going to be threatened yeah. and she was, you know, had them all locked up and essentially destroyed her family life forever. Uh, they decided that she needed some time off. So Harcourt seems to be suddenly in chain in charge of the yes, suicide Harcourt, squad, yeah. which was weird because we still don't know who the hell she is or who she no. works for. What no. the hell's going on with no. that? But I guess, I guess she was the only one that could, that could, you know, operate the computer. So they decided yeah. to let her just well, hang in there. And I just want to, I just want to stop right here. Uh, first off and just ask Eric, how does this make sense? Eric, when we're, we're arguing all that shit, that uh, fucking Amanda Waller was doing the Killer Frost and uh, fucking what I called torture or whatever. How does that tie into this? Because she just went back to Bell Rev at that point and was running everything and being a bitch. And it seems like right here they're looking into her actions and it, it makes no sense to me. Well, it yeah. really does. this takes place after that, Jim. The last issue of Justice League with the tie-in that took place after this. It, this makes me... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh that's nothing. what it, it takes after this. It makes no sense. It, it's ridiculous. But go on, Reggie. Uh, meanwhile, the Suicide Squad, they're not even on hand. They're in Siberia. Right, you know what? Hold on, Reggie. I'm sorry. I got to interrupt one more go time. So, oh, it's a bet. Sorry. I, I, I jumped in this goddamn book, and, you know, I was all about Justice League versus Suicide Squad when it first started. And the thing is, throughout that title, Mike... Out of all these lost prisoners we had, oh, I knew like, what you were gonna say. <laughs> Rustum. Rustum. I, I was, I was saying, you know, nobody gives a fuck about no. Rustum. He's gonna be the one who dies in this book because nope. it's Rustum, yep. and this is the one we're still and he's dealing the one with. That's the gonna, one he's character. Gonna be, he's the big bad now. Yeah, Rustum. God damn it! You like buddy, Rustum? You a big ass, Rustum bro? fan? You a big Rustum fan, Reggie? I never heard of him before. In my no, life. and uh, do you care about him? I, I could care less. I thought that the whole thing with him knowing who, where Amanda Waller's. Uh, family and shit was was just to make a, a shitty fucking tie-in issue. Not that it would continue with this shit. This I, is I, garbage. I, I think they're playing him up to be a lot more. You know, he's kind of the Rick Flag of, of that first yeah. team. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't have anything against him. I, I don't think he's a very compelling character. But no. you, eh, what do I have right. against this more? Like you know, I don't like Rustin because I don't care about Rustin. Yeah. The thing I hate the most about this are all the guards at Bell Rev who have goddamn guns but don't shoot them and decide to get killed by a goddamn plasma yeah, sword instead. Yeah, yeah it's not. What the fuck? Yeah, it well, is I mean, nonsense. you don't know. You, it's really tough to be a CO. You are really restricted in what you can do, Eric. You'd be surprised. It's, it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of paperwork. Sometimes, Every Eric. Is like another fuck, yeah, bunch of I'm telling you, sometimes it's better to die than to fill out that paperwork, <laughs> exactly. I guess, because they're accepting death. 
They, they don't do anything. I would, God, I would hate that shit. You know, Fuck like, that. Like, that you, you'd have to fucking work overtime. These guys, they don't even want to put in eight hours. They want to get the fuck You know, they're getting, they get minimum wage. You know, those yeah, guys don't get yeah. shit, by the way. I'm not, saying, though, well. you got a prison breach. You open fire immediately. Yeah. See, this yeah. is why you're not. This is why you're not a police officer. You'd be fucking popping your gun off every time. I really time. thought it's because really. I can't freaking see, but sure. At every at every tidal wave and earthquake, you'd just be shooting willy nilly like a maniac. You, gotta, yep. you know, you gotta assess the I'm situation. I'm a wild card, bitches. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it. This is nonsense. It really is. Then you go to Tibet. Uh, what is Harley wearing? Somebody tell me. <laughs> Somebody tell me what the fuck she's wearing. Does it make sense? No. It looks to me. It looks like those sumo suits that you'd go to a bar and they'd have like Monday yeah. Night Football. You'd have it's those like sumo suit people going. You know, no, I don't like know what the fuck. Like, dog can bite you and it won't hurt you anywhere. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, the fucking like, nonsense. The fuck? I mean, I it's so it for the most part. Her, you know, usually dressing so scantily clad, and she would definitely. She doesn't give a fuck what the weather's like. She's always no. dressed like. Yeah. It's I'll tell you why? It's because John Romita Jr. Cannot draw women no, to save no. his life. Just can't draw them. So I'm this was though, a this was the, good, you know. The Suicide Squad are almost unrecognizable here. Yeah. Looking at this goddamn page where they all come out. Tell you if Boomerang <laughs> didn't have that that symbol of the boomerang on his cap, I might have thought that he was unknown Superman. Then you have Rick Flag. I don't know what the fuck he looks I like. Know, I didn't know who that was at first. I thought he was actually a character from an old Marvel comic. Yeah, I, crazy. And Enchantress looks okay because you don't have to draw her face. And Katana looks okay. Deadshot, yeah, Katana's I, the only one yeah. I can see. It's his face. Her, everyone else draws her face, but no. John Romita <sighs> Jr. can't draw faces. So knowing that he did take special pains, I think in the whole comic, the only face he draws is Amanda Waller's. Yeah. He I, never I actually draws a full fucking face, and it's like, no. eh, maybe that's for the best, because he really sucks at it. Yeah, I'm telling you, the one thing where they're they're fighting, they're like, I ain't seeing no Annihilation Brigade, and it's a Deadshot Boomerang and Rick Flag. A gun is covering up Rick Flag's lower part of his face. Boomerang has a goddamn scarf <laughs> around his face, and of course, Deadshot's there. I'm like, who the fuck are these people? They, they, it barely looks awful. like Deadshot to me. I know, I, it, looks, yeah. it looks like a weird Deadshot, too. I don't understand what's up. It looks like Deadshot and Met aliens or something. Yeah, I, 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 I apologize to anybody who likes John Romita Jr.'s art. I said to Eric, at first, I, I was not familiar with his art. And, and Eric had said, you know what, at a point, he kind of liked it, but it's not his favorite. He made fucking, was it Bullseye or who was no, it? No, no, Kingpin? no. See, I, I never said it was not my favorite, but I still went with it. I said I freaking had to deal with this shit when I read freaking yeah. Spider-Man back in the day, and he's the yeah. only motherfucker I knew who could make Kingpin look square. Yeah, so I, I kind of – and it started with when he came on Superman with Jeff Johns in the New 52, the bit of the yep. little bit of Superman that Jeff Johns was on. It was okay. The art was okay. I hated and it. even when All-Star oh, Batman issue, started – I remember I hated it. It was that, awful. And Ugh. even Guido's Superman. Well, remember, it was Guido Superman. But when yep. even some of the stuff with, with All-Star Batman, with Scott Snyder, I was like, okay, I kind of like that or whatever. But I'm telling you, every time I see more and more of his art, it gets worse and worse. I, I just – I can't take it anymore. And now he's on this book, and it just – Every character, there is not, I'll say, Katana looked okay. But other than that, I think every other character just looks fucking awful. And maybe it's because this is where Riley Rossimo was supposed to be on art and he kind of, they rushed him in to start this. Maybe that's why we're not seeing a lot of faces because he didn't want to take the time or something. I, I don't know. It's just not good. It, I'm it, it, they me told out. him he sucks at it. I don't know. 
That'd be a fake. Yeah. I'm paging yeah. through this book though, and I'm just getting reminded of the freaking you know the mid '90s of comic books yeah. Yeah. with the whole yeah. everything like this looks here. You know, it's almost like a wild storm kind of look to it as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's weird though when they go to uh when they go back to Bell Rev and they're watching and you have hack and stuff. It actually looks okay there. Uh, for just a second, you see the Annihilation Brigade. I felt at times. And it's okay. It's funny because that one hammer guy that we liked, I forget what his name was, the guy I who looks like names. a, when a I hammer. When I saw him, I was like, yes! Yes, yes. yeah, and it's funny, even... you didn't realize that hammer guy, that's a uh, a round face in John Romita's world. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking yeah. square. It's no, but that's supposed to be. I, I think the Annihilation Brigade look really good. I, I think that they They're look right. decent. Uh but other than that, yeah, they send. But we don't back see them do anything. They just got no. like, kind of just see a picture of them. You know yeah, what I mean? it and seems like that's like, what they're, they're trying to get to. Find out more about them, and I'm like, why they you vanquished them in like 35 seconds? Yeah, and it life. looks like that's they're trying to method. get to them again and and whatnot. But yeah, uh, I don't half the point in this issue just kind of goes and twists and turns to places I don't even care about. I really I lost interest in this very well, the whole quickly. thing in Tibet is is nothing. I mean, the fact yeah. the fact Suicide Squad are in Tibet. Just for the simple fact that they couldn't be there, they didn't want to have them in Bell Rev, or they would have, they would have just you know fought Rustum back. They wanted Rustum to unleash everyone in Bell Rev, and the Suicide Squad can't do anything about it. So the Tibet thing you can throw away, but so really the story is that Hack goes into the like she goes into the computer in her little hacky way, and she's and I love that this 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 thing is so stupid because she literally sees like a piece of text in the computer. No, I'm telling you. This Our is spy yeah. within the suicide. Yep, this is the hacking scene in Weird Science, the movie, where they're going and like, you know, and it's crazy. But yeah, what happens is in Tibet, they're trying to get this annihilation brigade, and they almost like, hey, they know what's going on. Somebody's tipping them off. They're a little too, uh, you know, quick on the draw. They know, and she goes into the computer and actually sees it saying that in the computer. <laughs> I'm like, Rob Williams is a really good writer. This is not good. It just isn't good. Everything in this book since it started always seems rushed. It it always seems just not fully there. And yeah, our spy within the Suicide Squad, it just says that. She's there. (laughs) And she finds out and then pops out of the computer and pops out with Amanda Waller. And gives Amanda Waller the, you know, yeah. the, the code or whatever you would call it. So yeah, she's it. working like secretly yeah. with a Waller against yeah. Harcourt. Which makes sense. It does yeah. make sense. Right. Now, then nobody's gonna like, you know, Harcourt. She looks like she's a bitch. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but she looks like she's gonna be like one of those. It's like a, you know, not that Amanda Waller was a friendly person or whatever, but she's almost like the player friendly coach. And now you're gonna get this disciplinarian that you yeah. don't want. Uh, but yeah, go on, Reg. The shitty principal. Anyway, so yeah, that story yeah. that story ends uh, essentially where uh, Suicide Squad are, are given some rare R and R. Actually, they're they're able to yeah. actually take a day off and Rustin lets everyone out of Blackade Penitentiary. That's, that's part of his. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. No, that is Blackade. Yeah, Blackade. Right, he sure. actually yep. hasn't attacked Bell Rev yet. His plan yeah. is to unleash everyone in every prison, and I bet Bell yeah. Rev will be like the last one or close to the last one or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that'll be the big showdown. Yeah, Suicide it seems Squad. like he's what he's doing. He's going to let. Uh, you know, all these prisons let shit go on, so all everybody's forces, whatever it will be, will be focused on all these other things. Then it'll go to Bell Rev. Uh, the problem is, I think that I don't know that he's fully aware that you know Amanda Waller isn't in charge at the moment. Like I, I imagine he's going to show up, and Harcourt's going to be there, yeah. and you know, well. The way this ends, who knows? Because it ends kind of fucked up. But uh, go on. So, so then there's a second story which which surprised me, but it actually takes place currently, and it's about 
partly about Suicide Squad's R and R and how it's it's so weird how we have two stories in this goddamn yeah. book, but it it doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. I feel it could have been I a right continuation. Well, I mean, it's obviously it's two stories because the art team had to change. Yeah, that, yeah that's, the art that's team had to change. Of it. I feel, I, I it doesn't have to be two stories like, because of yeah, that. Yeah, but I think that what happened is because they only had John Romita only had time or what what not to do that, I think that they were like, well, you know what? People are used to a backup anyway, so let's just switch it into two instead of having this art. I don't want to be used to a backup art. in this anymore. Yeah, well, hopefully this will be the last one. I, I'm not sure if it is or isn't, but hopefully this will be the last. I think it's, I think it's going to be on both. I think John Romita does two issues, right, or something like that, and I, think, I bet it's in both of them. I, yeah, I, I feel yeah. differently, though, where I actually liked it, and I liked the chance, for, partly also because... I like this art better than John Romita Jr.'s yeah, art. Like oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I don't like the second story. This is yeah. actually my favorite part of the book. I'm saying I don't know why it has to be two fucking stories in this. Just yeah. continue with an artist break and the story continues. Yeah I, yeah, I just think they wanted to make sure you didn't feel like somebody wasn't going to go, oh, Jesus Christ, this art switch, because it is a drastic switch. And, uh, and I better. think maybe they just didn't want you to be happier. like, yeah, no, I think that people were just because that happens all the time. You see anybody who reviews, it's always like, oh, and then holy shit, that art change threw me out. And then the fucking score goes down and shit like that. So I just think they wanted to make a clean break. I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was OK. And uh, it didn't it didn't really bother me. And it, it's it's it would make, make more sense. Let's say if the first story, though, was like all Harcourt and Hack. Yeah. And the second story was like. Amanda what the Waller Suicide Squad yeah. and Amanda Waller, and however you want, out however when, you want know. to split it up. Yeah. But he didn't do that, and that's whatever what it is. But I, I enjoyed it mainly because I thought the art took a, a great turn up. We see kind of Amanda Waller walking around like a drunk and lonely, feeling like she's yeah. not useful anymore. <laughs> and, and the R&R, the, the, the rehabilitation of, uh, you know, Captain Boomerang and Harley, yeah. like they want to go out. Captain Boomerang wants to, you know, go out to a strip club, get drunk, and he doesn't. He doesn't feel as like no. lascivious as he yeah, used to. Yeah, he doesn't. Harley he blames coming back from the dead uh, on it, but I don't <laughs> think that's exactly <laughs> it. But yeah, he blames it on that. It's like they left his libido back in the data yeah, feed. Yeah, he's, he's not sexual anymore. Uh, I really uh, like the Harley part a lot. I, I, I like thought her that shirt, was really too. good. I'm not her, honest. That was good. I like yeah. That. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a funny thing, but she's she's considering robbing a bank, and she's like across the street in a diner, like thinking about it, and she... Really can't bring herself to do it, no. you know. I think doing all this good has changed things for her, and you think the same kind of thing's going to happen for Deadshot. And this Floyd Lawton looks crazy. This actually uh, looks uh, more like, yeah. I, th- I think he should look though. You know what I mean? Like no, this, th- yeah. th- this looks like Floyd Lawton to me. Really yeah, weaselly, like you know, a real weasel faced yeah. guy. And I really, I, I appreciated that. Uh, and he's kind of getting his redemption. I'm where telling you, even before that, though, the funniest part of the book. To me, is when Harley and Rick are talking, and Amanda Waller just walks back. <laughs> and they're not looking <laughs> the out the window at that point. They're just looking at it. And it again, it's supposed to show you that they're kind of getting a little smitten with each other, and they only <laughs> are looking at each other. But Jesus Christ, she walks right by. She's and that's a weird part, though. With Rick Flagg does seem interested, but he yeah, should know he better than this. Yeah, but you know, even in the movie, if you if you go with it, it's like, oh, he fell in love with uh, you know June and the and the deal. He doesn't make very good decisions. <laughs> you know that when you meet really a bad doesn't. girl, you can change her. Hello, yeah, you never no, heard of changing yeah. somebody? It always. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah, that sounds like some. Yeah, my about that. I thought I think Reggie's getting on with like a diaper porn or something. Changing. Oh, I, yeah, I don't, I'm oh, not sorry. down with that, Reggie. That's I'm really not. I I got sorry, over that sorry. in college. I that's I tried. I dabbled in it. I dabbled in it, but I, I got away from that. But yeah. Big baby. Uh, 
Yeah, big baby. I I do think that Floyd looks a little. I do think he looks a little weasley. Uh, but I, like, I think that's you're the way you look in my mind. Yeah, he's like a little like I was like a kind of a always a scumbag, little pencil thin mustache. Yeah. I don't know. I I really appreciate it because I feel like they don't draw him. He's this got way no anymore. chin. He's very. He always looks th- real cool. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's crazy. But yeah, he goes to see his daughter who really doesn't know him, and then they kind of get together, and he spells it out how he saved her and stuff like that, and she just wants him to stay, and yeah, I, I like it. Uh, yeah, obviously, it's that. this is all from the movie and stuff like that. They're, they're really pushing that uh, towards, you know, and we did see the backup in the uh, Suicide Squad earlier with him and Batman <laughs> and stuff like that, that that leads from. But, yeah, I like that she says, you know what, you had to save me or whatever. He's like, that's not the only fucked up shit I've done. Yeah, uh, but that, and I don't care, Daddy. I just want you to be my daddy. Yeah, and and yeah, and I really like that. That's like an Eric Shea, little Eric Shea. That's Shut all up. he wanted. All he wanted was a daddy, Reggie. He just wanted a daddy. Uh, now, also, the the other thing though is you have probably the stupidest person ever in this book. It is Amanda Waller. She is she's not somebody who should just be waltzing down the fucking street by herself. Well, she's, she's drunk, Jim. You know, yeah, you know. well, still. Where I wound up in she, graveyard she drunk should have had somebody, <laughs> somebody around her because say what happens, Reggie. Well, so she's she's strolling down the street. Uh, she can see that somebody with twin guns is peeping her from the uh, shadows of an alley, and he says, "Any last words?" Also, it's pouring rain and lightning yeah. storm, but of course, uh, Amanda Waller just says, "Don't miss." And he, even though he has two guns, he appears to shoot her just once yes, straight, yes, it's direct, directly in the heart. And the way we closed in on the bullet is like. Really gratuitous, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. It's like the blood spreads. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Could he possibly close. have shot both, and they went exactly in there like a dead possibly. shot? Possibly. I know it's not dead shot, but uh, who knows though? No, but, no yeah. but it's definitely they're definitely making it like who could it be? Could it yeah. be a you know, dead shot? Seems to be well, this could it, be it, his way out of the suicide squad. It's yeah, so and weird, though, too, he could be the guy who's on mind. the inside. Yeah, exactly. In my mind, this is all culminates from what we had in the first chapter of this book, yep. like where yep. it's all who who is the mole inside yep. the Suicide Squad. They're she really pushing to make it look like Deadshot uh, yeah. to me, but uh, who knows? And it's funny too. I don't. Do they spell it out at the end? The Latin, the next issue? No, it says next the Burning World, but the solicit for the next one, I believe, is called the Death of Amanda Waller. So it's, you know, it, it's very odd that they're pushing that. Uh, they tried to keep it secret. It was like a, a redacted thing that they just let leak recently. They always do that with the solicits, yeah. yeah. When redacted does Yeah, redacted. yeah, and it, it, it's, it is. The next issue, I believe, is called The Death of Amanda Waller. So we'll see what goes on. It does look like it's kind of no way, you know, there's always a way that she's, sure. it's not going to be true. But like you said, they're really pushing that, that entry wound. Yep. Yeah. I mean, to the point where they Blood want you to really show. From a viscera, yeah. You know, like it's yeah. clearly this has not hit a, uh, you know, a vest or anything or some no, kind of a no. special. No, there's some shit going patch. down. Again, uh, are we going to find out that this whole thing was a ruse that she is trying to find out? Because she did get, she's the only one who got that file, you know, who it was and whatnot. And it did look like what Amanda Waller got in that first part would be who it is. So yes. is this, is she there? Uh, in a way that she's drawing that person out. And yes, when we see this wound, it's almost like Eric's fucking, you know, when he does his little uh, fucking horror movie makeup and shit like that, that it's an actual false deal. She has a vest. I would assume it will be. And I do what, think my squibs? that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Eric, I, you know, Eric Shea playing around with blood, his, and a his blood pack. Yeah, yeah his what, fucking makeup. Makeup on? Is that? I didn't realize that. He just, yeah, I used he to do always that shit does all it. the time. Yeah, yeah. he does it all the time. He tells me. Yeah, eyeball hanging out, and and you know, he went with ketchup. I think right there, ketchup. 
No, I make my own blood. Yeah, see, he makes his own blood. He's fucking fancy. Uh, yeah. There were times when he would tell me he'd just, like, get bored in, uh, one night and just fucking make himself up as yep. a pretty girl and then dance around with a uh, tuck. That's who what does, he do. Does, who hasn't done that? <laughs> who Seriously. hasn't done that? But, yeah, I think, that, I think this whole thing is set up. And I, I'd even go as far as saying that Rick Flagg and uh, Harley are in on it. Maybe that's why they don't even pay attention. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see who it is and whatnot. Uh, do you, well, say, do you think right it's anybody? That, Harley, Harley has to excuse herself to go take care of yeah. something. Oh, right yeah. They make it point. like a mystery of who it's yeah. going to be. Though I do think that the way it's set up, it kind of not steps on its own self for mystery, but ends up that I only got it like the second time I read this book. Like before she gets shot, I'm like, okay. Then the next time I read it, I'm like, okay, I see. They're setting it up that it's one yeah. of them. And then They're it kind like, of dawned on me. I think it was a little too subtle the way Amanda Waller like showed up this way. And like you said, she's drunk. She's just walking around. It seems weird. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's the, the case. And you know, but, right before we get to this Amanda Waller bit, you know, when Floyd's talking to his daughter, it's like, you know, uh, you know, Daddy, I just want you to be free. Like, there's somebody out there who won't let me be free. And we yeah, yeah. The Waller part, and so. it, it really sets it up. And even you get the point where you almost think that the thing where Harley's talking to Rick Flagg and saying, like, you know what? Because he did. He stabbed himself in the foot. And she's like, oh, that's so nice. You're doing this for me and whatever. And, you know, all of a sudden now he's smitten and he might go off and get something, do something that they can – go off it is a little forced that deal but it really does point to that but uh you know that it's one of them i don't think it is uh you know uh, who do you think it might be it's reverse flash there you <laughs> go said out of nowhere it's somebody who hasn't been on the team forever <laughs> no it's rustum that's all it, it is but... it's funny too because you know i i read this and i got all the settled like hints and shit it was giving I never actually thought about who it might be. I don't want, I think I didn't want to yeah, jump to any conclusions. Saying. That's what I mean. It's a weird thing where I do think it's supposed to be setting up a mystery where we think one of the Suicide Squad did it, but the way it's written and the way it kind of plays out, it ends up like kind of like you don't really think into it much. Now, we are right well, now, but you know, before that... Boomerang the Boomerang had his last line. Yeah. Bloody Waller since you brain-bombed me into the squad. I've lost yeah, my yeah. nasty and I, I actually doing all this if, good. If it's, it's anybody to me, it's funny, Killer Croc, he's out and about. He doesn't use guns. See, you yeah. don't even bother with him. No. If it's anybody to me, it's Harcourt. And that's why, you that know, June Hack Moon? went, no, no. And and still, there you go. She wouldn't I mean, use you guns either. Point there too. Jude Moon wouldn't use guns. No, Boomer she wouldn't use guns. Neither would Croc or that. Guns. So they so kind of get pushed aside. Deadshot. Or Rick uh, Flagg. Or Rick Flagg. Or Rick Flagg yeah. or, or Rustam. I think that it's Harcourt. I do think it's Harcourt. Yeah, and Katana kind of gets, she you know, you don't even control. think of her. You don't even think of her. It's it's a weird mystery that I think is not set up well. I, yeah, I don't think this whole thing is. Though, really, why you don't think of her. Well, it, yes, but no, the, the whole <laughs> thing is, is it's it's more of a shock that you see Amanda Waller get shot, that you're just more dealing with the shock of that. That's my thought, too. And actually, almost like the shock and saying, oh, that can't be real, uh, instead of backing it up as a mystery and she's so accepting it of it too i mean she yeah. she knows who it is you get yeah. that impression so you know this is all and all again i uh, it's weird like if you really want to go into it she wouldn't say don't miss to deadshot i don't think even though she said some things like that to him before but we'll see that i do think rebirth, that, i do yeah, i do think that she has uh yeah that was when he had problems with his aim and stuff which yeah. was awesome uh but what'd you give it reggie 
Well, I did not feel as harsh against this as you guys. I thought that uh, John Romita Jr. steering clear of faces was a good move. If you look at the cover of the issue, you can see why, because it looks like a fucking mess. But rest of it, you know, I don't love his art still. I, I agree with Jim that a lot of the characters looked more blocky than they needed to. And that's but Eric's whole deal, too. Yeah, that's a big Eric. Definitely thing. staying away from the faces, good move there, because and even Harley looked fucking r- ridiculous. The fucking nonsense. Story, the second story I liked, though. You know, I really, I really thought it was okay, uh, and the fact that it, it tied in with the first was actually, I thought, a positive thing as opposed to a negative thing. Um, even though, you know, maybe it was not totally necessary, but I liked it. It reminded me of old old school comics that used to come in two and three acts. So I thought this was very promising. And coming out of a crossover, I gave it a seven point five out of ten. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot higher than I will be giving it. Uh, I like the second story better than the first, um, and I do What's like the idea. What do you like about the first? story? I don't know. Well, it just basically that first part was just to set up hack you getting like that they're yeah, the hack getting the stuff. thing, and also it really does stress the whole. Uh, you know, Amanda Waller, she's on the sidelines now. It's like said three times. Yeah. Uh, but in general, because of that shitty John Romita art at the beginning, uh, I'd give this. I see. I'm between a six and a six five. Uh, I think I'm going to go with a 6-3. What, what about you, Eric? I, I'm sorry. I, there's nothing in my mind to really like about the first half of this book. I love when freaking Eddie Barrows, I think it is, comes on in the second yeah, story. Yeah, Eddie Barrows. And uh, I love the art there, and I find all the interaction between the characters even more entertaining than we had previously. And it's pretty much I'm reading this book for that second half at this point, and we get that great cliffhanger. But yeah. that's just half a goddamn book. The rest is nonsense. I do not like JR's art. I'm not about it at all. I give it a... 5.7 out of 10. Ooh. Ooh. Boom. Ooh. Ooh. Shut the go. He put it on blast, Reggie. But uh, we're going to go off right now. Uh, but we'll be back with more of your books, Reggie. My mama calls, see you on TV. Sunset shit done changed. Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all. Ever since I was on, they said I was. And we're back, Eric. I don't know why you said male fuck dancing, song. Mike. These are the new male, male songs. I don't know song. why you would say that. That's because I am in the middle of editing things still as we do this. I have no idea what songs I've used that I haven't used, and I don't like doubling them up. So that's, so that's you'd basically use the reason. Alone. Uh, I don't even think we have five male songs yet. We have four. And since this is male section number five, and I have no idea what the hell I've used up until this. Okay, so we'll, we'll, how about this one? No, don't do it. Some Lady Gaga Super Bowl performance for you. You like Why'd that? You have this on the mountain, soundboard. This was all stuff from our uh, our pop culture podcast. It's all one board. I only have one board to have here. You want to hear another sound effect we'll have? <laughs> oh shit, we're keeping this one. Oh, from crap. now on, we're gonna keep her or crapper the mail. How about that? That'd be pretty good. That That'd or uh, good. that or the uh, rant and raves. That now, if they want to treat it like goddamn, you know, American Star Idol, Search. we're gonna make it Star Search. I'm telling you, we're gonna make it. You're now gonna have to perform. It's the fucking gong show now. Yes, that, that would be pretty good. I wish I had a gong. I guess a gong could be this. What you talking about? Will? <laughs> I don't have many. I don't have many other sounds. How about, how about this? Fresh could that be it? Or could we just go back to the classic? 
There you go. Or there actually, go. how about that? Or we get something like a Richard Richardson. <laughs> just the door slam. How about that? That'd be Goodbye, good. Goodbye, Richard. We are at mail section number five. And it's going to start off with Ryan. And it's funny. Uh, we said all that stuff about the pop culture podcast. His mail is about the pop culture podcast. It's very quick, though. What is he mailing it here for? We have nothing Because the other one does not have a mail. (laughs) And in fact, at one point up until about a week ago, maybe a half a week ago, I realized I even put the wrong, uh, what the, the email address on the podcast wasn't even the real email address. (laughs) I messed it up. I put podcast at the end, kind of like ours, and it got all screwy. But yeah, we don't talk, uh, emails on that podcast. So he says, pretending the weird science pop culture podcast. Here is my top five Nicolas Cage movies. And if right. you remember, that was our What You Talking About Willis. And sure I, was. What you talking about Willis? That was like that Nick Cage went to a film festival. Caged. Nick Cage Film Festival. Caged, it was called. Caged Heat. And he went and they actually watched five movies. He picked the movies. Uh, and then we said our five favorite. His favorites are number five, Gone in 60 Seconds, Eric. Right. Number four, Face Off. Yeah. Number three, I I actually thought that was the new hockey movie, Face Off. That be that's actually what I thought it was movie, right? too. And they, that's why they had to have that slasher, so yeah. people didn't think it was a hockey it was movie. So good, I I did like that movie. I was like, oh shit, dude, they got sudden death too. Yep, it's sudden death too. Now they're in uh, they're in Detroit. Uh, three, <laughs> Con Air. Number two, The Rock, which he says is a movie night request. And number nine, Matchstick Men, maybe one of his best performances, he says. Do you ever well, see Matchstick like Men? I did see Matchstick Men, but for some reason, I think I watched it right alongside of uh, Weatherman. And it just oh, because really? the Weatherman put a bad taste in my goddamn mouth. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of done with Nick Cage for a bit. No mummy movies in there. or uh, Why would there mummy. be I any mean, mummy movies? Mummy. Uh, no uh, National, National Treasures. Treasures. It's weird. That is weird. Are we the only ones that like this, Flix? I guess. They were hits when they were out, though. Uh, Maddie D's the next. I'm still note. waiting Thanks, on Maddie. National Treasure Three. Yeah, keep waiting. Maddie D says, "Good evening, Jim and Eric." So I finally had the opportunity to sit down and catch up on some comics that I'm behind on, as well as some other new stuff. So this email is going to be an attempt to give my two cents on a book that I'm not unsure about. As the subject line says, it's a new JLA book that I wish to gripe about. Okay, get ready. It's going right. right. Well, not so much gripe. But just voice my concerns. Actually, I want to go back to Ryan's mail real quick, Eric. Just real quick. I, I just want to give him this. Oh, that was a crapper. <laughs> I just wanted to hit that. He wants to gripe. Uh, he wants to voice his concerns. Look at this issue. It's absolutely a nothing issue. There's no plot reveal as to why they're getting the team together. It's only mentioned that there's something coming and Batman wants to bring a team together that consists of mortals and not gods. Insert record scratch. <laughs> I don't know what kind of record player you have, but I hate it. I'm the Kevin, Kevin Winslow. Michael Winslow. Kevin. Freaking. Does that sound like a record scratch? No. It doesn't at all? How about this? How about this? Sounds like you're possessed by the devil. How about this one? How about that? And now That's you're a just record retarded. scratch. <laughs> what about Lobo, he says. Ooh, record scratch. Jesus Christ. Mr. Regenerative Alien. You know, the guy who went toe-to-toe against Superman so many times in pre-Flashpoint DCU. He's definitely not immortal. The only reason I see him on the team is for some form of comic relief. 
So back to the main point. Steve Orlando has written uh, is written a getting the team together story without a reason to get the team together. Okay, yes, it's cool that Batman assembled a team, but why couldn't they be fighting a threat to a major city? Stopping a series of jewel heists just something. Again, we talked about this obviously issue. already. It's a rebirth issue. You got to go back and look at those other rebirths and just see how they were. You like Superman? That Superman rebirth was him visiting the grave and then putting a fucking new handprint and hanging out with Lana. You know, the Batman was very odd. Calendar Man story. It, all of these kind of were like this. Uh, you have to just get everybody who wasn't involved in the the event. And those one-shots, you have to just get everybody on board and then move forward. Uh, these number one, Rebirth number ones, we've said it all along, they are pretty much money grabs. They're just an extra issue thrown in to have a number one. That's all And even is. if you go back and listen to us, what we talked about, even that first arc to a lot of these seemed off to a degree because yeah, yeah. like, like the Rebirth arc they had. Oh, you're saying the – wait a minute. God damn it. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, that's us walking into the bar. Lisa. There. See. <laughs> now a quick question. Lisa. What about Lisa? What about the Adam? I mean, we get two pages of the story asking where is Ray Palmer. Honestly, should Bats use his detective skills and help the teacher's assistant find Ray? I think he will. I'm the sure only he will. What I see for that story thread is at the end of the book with the coming soon trailer. Huh? Did I see this somewhere recently over at Marvel's House of Shitty Ideas? Wasn't it similar to U.S. Avengers, Eric? It's it's actually very similar to what happened before in old DC continuity where freaking uh, Ray was in the microverse and they needed to find him. Yep, well, at least Steve Orlando had better dialogue with this issue, and he didn't. He also didn't rip off Star Wars, Doctor Who, Planet of the Apes, Star Trek, The Authority, Stormwatch, Doom Patrol, or anything else he might have been reading or watching while hanging out hey. with Brian Hitch. And we also got Happy Harbor, which I'm happy about. Yeah, oh, Happy Harbor. <laughs> well, I will be giving this title a few more issues before I settle its day in court. Have a great podcast, guys, and here is my love to you guys and the rest of the Gret Fresh crew. Keep oh. Whoop, whoop. Matty D. And he says, my fingers are long and the keyboard is short, so it makes typing hard as his, like, signature sign-up. But then he continued. He wrote back, hey, Jim, this could be a podcast question or just an off-the-cuff question. No need to read it on the podcast. I'll read it because I think this book is pretty good. And it's by a bunch of guys, a couple guys that we kind of went down on at one point. Yeah. Have you read the book called Joyride from Boom Studios? Uh, have you? That's a Lansing and Kelly joint, Eric. It's right after they left the Batman and Robin Eternal. They went and did that. And I actually read the first two issues. Pretty good. I just, right. I don't have a lot of time to read other things, but since you are a self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed sci-fi fan, I thought I would ask self-proclaimed. What, what is somebody else going to come on the podcast? Yep. Jim's a sci-fi fan. And then walk off. I say I'm this not is saying a that because you've never yeah. watched Planet of the Apes. So no, that's, I, I don't even, that doesn't mean I'm not a sci-fi fan. And you don't, don't like, like Star it. Trek? Nope, I don't. I like, like, besides I, for Star Wars, I don't know what you do like in sci-fi. I already told you. He said the reason what he said this is that I read Dune and watched Battlestar Galactica. He said it. So I say this as his fellow sci-fi freak who has read the Dune series, watched both versions of Battlestar Galacta. He watched and enjoyed Star Trek, the original series, Buck Rogers, which I like, classic yeah, Doctor yes, Who, so. which I could just... Uh, sat yes. through the movie Zardoz, enjoyed Logan's run, The Omega Man, and uh, I have been reading this book, Joyride, and really love the story. Here is the hook. In the future, Earth has developed faster than light travel. However, after the early explorations, the leaders of the world have become xenophobic and isolated Earth from the rest of the universe. A young woman and her male friend 
decide so to Federation. steal a spaceship and explore the universe. Think License to Drive meets Star Trek. All right. That's Nessie. That sounds kind of fun. I, I, I love License to Drive, Star Trek. Like I said, have been reading it, and it has been cool. And some world building, great character development. Plus, there's just enough humor laced through the story to remind you comics should be fun. Maddie D. I would also kind of reminds book. me of that freaking book a little bit. Well, what the hell was it? The Forever People? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That uh, yeah. Keith Giffen and Dan yeah. Dio did? Uh, no, it's nothing like that. that I, just, I just imagine that freaking, yeah, did yeah. they have like a sports car freaking space? Yeah, they had, a bunch, they had a bunch of crazy things. Uh, yeah. God, I, I would also recommend shit. this book. He says, I've been reading comics most of my life, well, since about 85 or 86. And uh, before I do another record scratch, does it upset you? That probably 90% of the people that are listening, when we're talking, they think that you are talking about the new Planet of the Apes movies and, and have no idea there's even yes, things that you're yes, actually talking about. And you know that is true. Yes, and they're I like, know. oh, man, I love those movies. I saw them a couple years ago. There's a uh, new one coming out. Uh, yeah, I do like those movies, too, though. Yeah, I know you do. My family loved them. Uh, I tried to have them watch the originals, and they just they can't get them. My kids need they need better quality entertainment than that. And right now they're watching the Brothers Grimsby again. It just never ends. It's on a continuous loop. That and the Haunted House fucking series. Next one, Brett. Terrible taste. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. They just watch stuff. Anything that has fart jokes, like they're at that exact age, though, where butt jokes and shit like that is the be-all, end-all of comedy. I I mean, (laughs) the the funny thing is, though, they're all that, but they still cannot watch old Adam Sandler now. They think he's lame. I'm like, eh, they grow up a little. Uh, The last email of the night is from Brett. And Brett says, what's up, Jim? America's sweetheart, little guy Gardner, and Nick Cage fans everywhere. Here are my opinions on the books I read this week and some questions on them for you guys. Red Hood. This is how it's done. A quick read, not a wordy, but just enough to tell a good story. Kind of like Old Yeller with a happier ending. It has humor and shows Jason making attempts to uh, to mature. It's fantastic. If you aren't reading it and you're listening to the podcast, start it up now. This issue is a pretty good jumping on point. I think anyone has been. They've been pretty yeah. open-ended that you could just join in. Artemis, Bizarre, and Red Hood kind of have this Guardians of the Galaxy where thrown away heroes who do shit on our own, uh, and our own way, type vibe, two of them. Yeah, they know what's right and what must be done, but how they can do it uh, can be funny, different, and badass at times. They're rejects that struggle to do the the right thing, sometimes because they border the line of right and wrong, but they figure it out and do what must be done. Didn't get a ton of info on this one, but still fun with good art. I'll go 8 out of 10. Tied for my top book of the week. I wish I wish Dexter Soy was on this. This me as issue. well. Uh, the Flash. This was just fun. J Dub is doing a great job. Finally giving us J Dub. J Dub. That's a Flash. Like uh, I remember. First of all, this has always been a pet peeve of mine with the Flash. How could a villain without speed catch, trap, or stop the Flash? How can they sneak up on them? The Flash can even think faster than the baddies. It's funny. They've been kind they of really got away from, from that, that for a long yeah, that time. That was now. so. That, that was really. So cool. Yeah, and that, that Bucciolato, a Manipool run, boy, they really pushed that all of a sudden. Like, out of nowhere, he was like, he could really think things, and they and even I did really the art that, that way. I really the whole, yeah. thinking of every situation yep. before it happens, because he has to with this kind of speed. I'm like, this yeah. is awesome, I'm all about it. Yeah, they, they, they got they away from that a bit. doing it completely. Yeah, they got away from it a bit, and I don't know why. Point is, this is why having a speedster as a villain makes sense half the time. Speedster heroes and villains are both so damn fast. So it would just make more sense. Well, Jade Dub set this arc up perfectly. It's set up so well that it explains how the rogues were able to pull one over on the Flash. 
They planned separated. They were strategic. And just when you think J-Dub made a mistake, <laughs> how could Heatwave single-handedly take down the Flash? Well, we realized that Barry played him for a sucker. And oh. Smart realizes it to, right before Flash shows up. I actually thought it was a good thing that I also believe that J-Dub, Eric, he, he did it very well because at that point, it did look like Flash had let down his guard. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. But he's he's just too fast. I'm telling you, the only thing that would have made it better is if we saw something where you know we realized what Heat Wave was talking about. Man, he's too terribly bad. Yeah, I know. Now that was the only grass. thing. Like, what are you you're like, about? what? I see just his his you know his suit was burned? ripped, but there's nothing well? under there. Genius. This game of chess was so thought up uh, that you start to think: Is the arc done? Was that it? Nope. The Flash took out all the rogues, leaving Snart to talk. J-Dub made this all make sense and took time to really put together something fun and thorough. Nice job. I'm not going to lie. The idea of a new cold gun seems a bit cheesy to me. However, J-Dub deserves some wiggle room after how good the past couple issues have been, including Justice League versus Suicide Squad. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and see what this gun can do. I'm going 8 out of 10, tied with Red Hood. That's what I gave that one. I think JLA. that's what I gave both of those. I'm not sure. Yeah, JLA, quick read. Great rebirth, loved it for the most part. Definitely a top book this week, just not as good as Flash and Red Hood. After listening to Spotlight, I can see how this book will probably lead into JSA at some point after looking at the end of the issue. That said, I was talking with Repairman Jack, and we discussed the idea of Lobo not staying in the JLA. That maybe he jumped ship. My guess after first or second arcs. Thoughts? Yeah, I think yeah, I, I can see him taking good. off. Yeah. We've been saying it, from the get-go, it's like it doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, and again, that. he showed up on Stormwatch and did nothing. At least I think he's going to do he something here. He sat in the corner and said, yeah. I don't even know why and I'm here. If you want to even go fully with this, I think the event and this JLA book is a way to get the old Lobo back in the continuity and see what goes. See what gives, Eric, because I, maybe he's going to be involved in something else. Because people do love Lobo, sure uh, do. but maybe it'll lead to something else down the line. After one issue, he already seems to be causing some issues, and Repairman Jack pointed out that basically already have someone who was a killer in Killer Frost, so someone on the risque side. But, yeah, that's just Frost now. She's no killer. No, they man. tested her and tested her and tested and her. And tested her. You guys even pointed out that the team was formed to be more human, and he is definitely more godlike than human. I'm telling you, there's not a lot of them on that team that are, quote, human anymore to me. Don't get me wrong. I like this Lobo. Uh, but maybe not in this book. I think it will be good to get this book moving. I'm excited to see where it goes. See, Brett's already, he's falling for the trick. He likes this Lobo. I'm telling you, I'm a normal person, and I want to see a team of normal people. First of all, I don't even look at Batman as normal. Uh, but you see Killer Frost. I'm like, no, I, I, unfortunately, I have to eat a pizza tonight to, you know, when I'm hungry. She has to suck the life out of somebody. I don't know. You might have a Killer Frost problem because you, when you get your coffee, it has to be fucking almost it boiling hot. It does have to be boiling hot. has to be almost boiling hot. Yeah. That's because, because I don't... You can't take a shower that's lukewarm. It nope. has to be fucking burning your goddamn Fuck skin I'm for telling you, if, if so you, you wanted to torture me, maybe I am, but I still can't, I can't sit there and look at her and think, oh, you know, she's too good looking for me. Or, yeah, she's not going to pay attention to me. <laughs> Telling you, you that's how a, it works out. You have to you have give me a cold shoulder. Yeah, I'm, there might be that if you said to me, you take an ice cold sh- a shower or we're going to beat you an inch from your life, I, I'm going to get beaten. I cannot get in a cold shower. I can't. I, I just. All can't. right, come on now. Just say, is that your boy and get to it? <laughs> yeah, that's all I'd say. Like, let's go. Love the end of the issue, even though Jim didn't seem to. Felt like a TV show saying this season on Just League of America. I just hate that hokey thing. And most of the time, 
uh, since I've been reading comics. Since I haven't been reading comics all my life like you are, I'm fucking pretentious. Most. Prick. I, uh, I have been burned by that too many times. I really have. The, the latest and biggest was when Simon and Jessica showed up in the Green Lanterns and we had gotten the same thing, like, in the future of the Green Lantern thing, and it yeah, was nothing it. like it. And it really upset me because I liked what it was leading to and thought and that's that what that Batman book was going to be. Girl deal. Yeah, yeah. It just, I, I don't like it. I don't, I just don't. But here's the thing. I will say one thing. The things in the end of JLA, at least it seems to be what he's setting up for what Agreed. he's going to write. These That's other guys are like throwing it. shit down, but I still, things go years wrong. From now, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, things go wrong, though, with these things, and then it, it ends up not happening, and then I'll be sitting there. I wanted to see fucking Lobo and the Ray fighting. I still think they're, they're sparring. And as Eric pointed out, the end of Back to the Future 2. Great freaking movie, by the way. I disagree. I don't. Like I that enjoyed the hell out of what I saw. I I, that is my least favorite of the. I know you hate three, uh, but two to me is easily. Is, I, do, I don't hate any of the movies. Three is just my, the one I like the least. Yeah, yeah. Two is just ridiculous. I, I, I think can't it, even most sit of it's there. just fun for the sake of I, being fun. fun in my but mind. it just everything throws me out of that movie. Everything. That movie, because of how they made it, was dated the day after it came out. It just <laughs> looked cheesy and dated. Fucking a day later. By the end of that opening weekend, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this looks shitty. The, also, my biggest problem with Back to the Future 2 is that whole thing out of nowhere where now him being called chicken is a thing. Like, yeah, we just got yeah. down a whole movie. We never talked about this. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Remember we had that whole scene with that where they, they talk in some future language and shit. Like, remember, I, I can't even remember how we, we wanted to retcon that, that scene and redo it somehow. Uh, but, but we couldn't, Eric. We couldn't. Uh, the other, the other thing about that you have to realize too, because this keep, you, you brought the Back to the Future 2 thing up. They, yeah. they filmed them in the same fucking, you know, time. Oh, so yeah. it wasn't like they're like, and where do you see this? And it's like, because if they did that, those scenes would never have matched up. It would have been fucking what I hate, but they had already filmed it. But Jim is right. I will be pissed those panels don't hold true. I'll be looking for those panels. You know what's so kind of funny? Looking. This made me think of that because back when the the Grindhouse flicks came out, we had the freaking different directors coming in and do the trailers yeah. for the yeah, flick. Yeah, you know, yeah, That's where like we got the machete from from Rod yep, Robert yeah. Rodriguez. And it's funny because when you watch the machete movie, he had to shoehorn those scenes into yeah, the freaking he had to story he made for in. that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, uh, thoughts on the mystery Liberty Shield and the reflection on the shield? You guys said it's probably JSA related and the spotlight as well. As let's read, uh, let's reads no Batman will still be in the book which is nice to know personally. I mentioned Liberty Bell, a.k.a. Jesse Quick, to repair Van Jack this week, mainly because isn't there a female speedster running around in Europe right yes. now in the flash? I thought that was implied after the Godspeed arc, and they never touched on it again. It would give the team a speedster. Yeah, I, we we both said that we thought it was Jesse Quick running around in uh, the flash. But we'll Barry thought it might have been Mina. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's not and really thoughts... too worried about Mina anymore. He's moved on now. Yeah, and thoughts on Assassin Creed Ray Palmer at the end. That part seems a little bit stretched. I don't have any thoughts on that. It, it really is the the that's like the hunt for Ray Palmer, which we had before, like like I don't know how many years ago now, but yeah, yeah. it's very similar to that. Like except for like he was in some kind of like microverse jungle, fucking yeah, yeah. living off the goddamn you, land. The way that with, like, shows up, on. it even seems like it's it's pushing for him to be kind of bad when when uh, Ryan sh finds him, but I, yeah, it just seems. He's going 7 out of 5, 7.5 out of 10 for that. Earth 2. Wow. 
It feels like I'm the only one reading this book. Well, maybe Eric, yeah. too. Uh, freaking Dancing Mike loves it. But I have read and followed all of Earth 2. I caught up on videos online and read all the Earth 2 Society. For some reason, I love it. And this issue, I read it in less than five minutes the first time through. Action-packed. Fast. Even, at, yeah, not much. Out of you know what? If, watching the videos online, do you think he was watching Stephen Copper uh, like, talk about my I, I hope book? so. <laughs> I hope he was uh, watching Stephen action. Copper. Let's get on with the weird science action. This one's by the weird science guys. You know? huh. I love Stephen Copper. He he got shut down, Eric. So if it's recent stuff, he's not watching that. Even a cliffhanger in the end. Are they really getting rid of this? I know it appears as though the JLA book may be introducing the JSA at some point. But do you, yeah. But do you think it's possible they're just morphing this into the JSA? My answer is no. No. Maybe the underground is just the JSA and they have it on this Earth. It wouldn't make sense. That it wouldn't have anything on our regular Earth if that was. Nope. Case. Uh, maybe the box Fury Open reconfigured everyone's memories and somehow brought JSA back to on their Earth. I would so read the hell out of a book centered around these remaining R2 characters as well as the JSA mixed in. That's the problem. This was going to be this version of the JSA in this book. They even yeah. had at points when they were calling it that in the book and all that shit. Oh, that's what we call this happened. book society to get yeah. everybody's fucking, you know, yeah, never, like, oh never my happened. god, I want this so much and yep. it never fucking took place. Nope, it never did. Uh, that's just me. Maybe they are and maybe they aren't. I don't like to read solicits and, mu- and know too much. Well, you don't have many solicits to read. You it ends next month. It's done. The only thing that kind of irked me in this series have been Batman. How did Dick learn so fast from Helena how to be Batman? Not even just the fighting side of it, like all of it, the detective work, etc. Eric, do you have uh, do you have any answer to that? Well, all I got is that Mr. Terrific built him this goddamn suit so he could walk around since his spine is all fucked up. Yeah, but yeah, we have yeah. not seen Mr. Terrific this entire goddamn time. It's bothering the shit out of me. And then we had him show up for a, a few issues of Superman arc back at the end of the New 52, which really bothered me because it didn't make any goddamn sense. And we've been on this Earth for a little over a year now. It seems like the like before the everything got reconfigured by the Pandora casket. But there is no real reason for uh, Dick to be as good as a fighter. He got a few pointer lessons from fucking uh, Thomas Wayne, seemed to be yep. able to fucking take that and run with it, and that he's been being trained by Huntress ever since. But I don't know. There's not a lot that seems to going on that you need. Like, Batman is this badass we know him to be. Yep. He has not had a lot of fights in this freaking series. Yep. Who do you think is Dick Grayson's best friend of all time? Who do you think it is? Dick Grayson's best friend of all time. In this book. It, it, it wasn't he. Wasn't he? Oh, I thought it was Telos. Are you shut your goddamn mouth? I don't ever bring up Telos. To uh, me. I'm wondering if he read that that part of the whole story with Telos. Whole convergence, and shit like that. Yeah, the whole convergence. Uh, because that, they were best buds there. Best buds. That <laughs> seemed glossed tell over. You about my new best friend. <laughs> walking, they're there walking hand in hand, skipping. That seemed glossed over in something we had to accept in the beginning of Earth to society and John Grayson calling Huntress Aunt Helena. Nope. Yeah, you want to talk about that? You go to that World's End with the Tommy John, where they didn't even know his fucking name. It was Tommy Grayson one issue, yeah. John Grayson the next. You could call Tommy her again. Aunt Helena all you want, as long as you get his goddamn name right. Tell other me than fucking, that, with with John calling her Aunt Helena, in my mind, it just goes back to the whole thing you used to tell me where you, in your mind, yep, I would have is. to call my mother's boyfriend's uncle, whatever. Yeah. And Uncle that's John. how it works in your mind. So no, it's not John you having up. to. It's what your mom would say because you're wondering why these guys keep slipping out at 2 a.m. And, oh, that's just Uncle Johnny. Yeah, so it's Aunt Helena. So whenever I, think I the see same Aunt way. Helena, it's like John looks at her like, all right, my dad's banging you. What's up, Aunt Helena? Hey, Aunt Helena. 
Also, there, who are, there's nobody else to even hinge on. You know, it's a disaster of a world. Just go with it. Let the guy be. Let the little kid I'm be happy. I so wanted Barbara Gordon to freaking to be. Uh, not Barbara Gordon. It's Barbara Grayson in this continuity. But I so yeah. wanted her to die in World's End and be come back as the freaking Spectre. I thought that would be yeah. amazing. Yep. Then, then there was a lot of things I wanted from these series. Yeah, it's not. It's, you're not getting anything. The good Other story that, was I'm, most of it. I'm excited to see where this ends, and I hope they keep it and at least make an Earth Two rebirth, which doesn't seem to be happening yet. We'll wait for the new solicits, but Seriously. usually, you, you know, these things kind of lead. And this issue seemed like it was going to be the cliffhanger into a rebirth, possibly. But now yeah. we have another issue next uh, next month. I would tell others to read it, but if they cancel it, why bother? I'm going 7.5 out of 10. I hate to tell Brett. It's been canceled. It's done. Uh, one issue left. The Titans, uh, a lot, not a lot happened, and it's, it wasn't very impactful to the story. I feel like the main purpose was to incorporate Harold and Bumblebee back in after Titans Hunt. I disagree. I think it's to get them the fuck out. That's fine. Sometimes we need these story arcs here and there that just fill in some gaps here and there. Everything can't always be earth shattering. Hitch. No, with that I don't being want it to be said, shattering. I just wanted yeah. to deal with our goddamn team. Yeah, with that being said, this them. issue was pace well, good art, not too wordy, and I felt like a cl- classic comic book to me, a 90s feel to it. Maybe that's just me. I think that's more Brett Booth's art. That, that really has that feel. Maybe the art mixed with the story gave it a 90s feel. But not bad. The only part that truly confused me is at one point in a flashback, Aqualab was shooting eye beams to attack someone. Am I missing something? Is that an ability of his? I'm going 6.5 out of 10. The thing is, I have no idea if Aqualad can do that. I saw that, and I'm like, huh. Well, I guess that's something he could do, huh? Yep. Detective Comics, long, very long. I know it's oversized issue, but the beginning with Orphan was very wordy. She is struggling with a lot, got it. Then I never thought Batwing was that cocky, has he always been? Uh, they kind of make him a little more cocky. I said that when he first showed up, and but that's the yeah. way they're going here. That's why when she, he showed up, Batwoman didn't want any parts of him. She kept saying, oh, he's cocky. He cares about himself. Wasn't always exactly like that. He was a little more humble than, than what we're seeing here, but that's the new way they're writing him, so we're going to have to go with it. Azrael, is that a new story or idea about him, that his mask is some type of evangelical AI? Seems to be, right? I, I really don't know. I'm telling you, Azrael came out back in the day, and that was something about the Batman mythos that I really hated, just having that character around. I never liked him, and then he became Batman, and I thought that was a like you know a cool turn just because we got that new Batman costume back in the early nineties, yeah. and I, that really grabbed my little Eric Shea's attention. But besides from that, it's like it never made sense to me for yeah. Azrael just to come out of nowhere and become the new Batman when Dick Grayson's out and about. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like anything with Azrael, I just kind of skipped after the you whole nightfall bit. Yeah. And just more ways of seeing Tim Drake as Mr. Smarty Pants. Timmy Drake is one smart cookie, maybe a Lorna Dune. They seem like smart people cookies, Eric. You ever have a Lorna Dune cookie? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I have. I'm not a smart guy. Some just fell. Anyway, it's cool to see each Robin have parts of, uh, have parts with Bruce, the parts that make up Batman. Some have more parts than others. Without a doubt, Tim's got the smarts of detective side. What side do you think the rest of the Robins have? Jason, he what is he? The darkness there. No, no, we Darkness, figured, uh, my we only actually, friend. We talked about this, but there was a whole issue dedicated to this whole thing, how, like, Tim was a combination of the yeah, both yeah, of them, yeah. and, like, t- uh, Jason was the fist, and freaking Dick was the brain, and yeah, then Tim Damien, came out with both of them. Damien, yes, though. Damien, Damien is just, just a He's killer. the blood. He's the <laughs> he's actual the real son. 
<laughs> Sorry, Bats, but six out of ten this week. Action Comics, I don't know why I was supposed to read Superwoman before Action Comics. Well, at least I was led to believe that on Slack. Now I read Action Comics first, then I read Superwoman. Point is, I read Superwoman. Was this a joke that the crew set up for me? I feel set up. Superwoman is worse than Nick Cage and Wicker Man. Reading Superwoman is like being the first to fall asleep at a party and waking up to find a penis drawn on your face, but then realizing it was traced. Granted, Justice League is still worse, but seriously, the Superwoman <laughs> book traced. is like a cheap circumcision it's a ripoff i yeah this i don't know here's the thing uh granite justice league is still worse that is a that is a false that's no way superwoman is way worse than justice league at least Ju- justice league you just look at it and you shake your head and like why is he doing this and why superwoman you read it and go what the fuck is going on i mean that book has parts in it there is nothing that can compare in Justice League, as far as I can recall, right at this moment, to Kryptonite Man's head, just there and talking. Right? Just that is nonsense. Oh my god, that Superwoman book is a fucking wreck. It should be canceled. It, it should be gone. Even that, where, oh, you better read Superwoman before. It's only because of what happened to Lana. It doesn't even jive. It's fucking nonsense. So you got me, guys. And and really, I think that that's right there is a sign that they are all distancing themselves from that fucking book. And I would, uh, too. Oh, my God. It's so awful. Hey, I Everything got a list about here. it's awful. I got a list here of Aqualad's goddamn powers. You ready okay. for this shit? Yeah. Superhuman strength. Consume at supersonic speeds. Can Boom. breathe underwater. Withstand Boom. underwater pressures. Force yeah. blast. Manipulate water currents, make whirlpools, change the temperature of the water, retrocognition, telepathy with sea creatures, travel between dimensions, and astral projection. Mm, that's a lot of powers. That's a lot of fucking powers. Go on, you guys. And just the the the, uh, the power to make me think he's sexy, especially with that goatee. That goatee's so growing. He's the goat. Yeah. See, you got me, guys. To someone who has never read Superwoman before, it was confusing, dumb, and it really didn't matter. The art looked rushed and terrible, hey, and I find out that Lena Luthor is bad. I've read every issue, and I don't know what's going on. Yes. Find out Lena Luthor is bad, Eric. She's always bad. She's one bad cookie. That's the thing. She just became bad out of nowhere during the Amazo virus, and this yeah. is how we're dealing with it without yeah. any real explanation about where the mother box She's came jealous. from. Anything. She's jealous. She's jealous. He locked her up in the basement. That's the thing is, she seemed like a nice girl before, and then all of a sudden, like, the whole manipulation of the mother box seemed to change her, but I don't know if that's the case or not. Yeah, I don't Freaking, there, there's this water jug that's a, a gallon jug. I don't know how. I think somebody threw it in the room at me. Maybe <laughs> I, I offended somebody because there was no reason that would have Haunted. fallen was where it was. Mary Ann, then he says, am I right? And we have bizarre S, bizarro girl, bizarros. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. those. Uh, there are only two types of people that liked Superwoman. The type that say they don't pee in the shower and the others that are dirty, dirty liars. But back to Action Comics. Who is Steve Lombard? The doofus on the Segway. He sounds like a guy from Office Space. He's he is a bag. classic Daily Planet freaking worker douche type bag. of guy. He's just a douchebag. Yeah. He's always there to the fucking, you know, go after Lois like a, a goddamn fucking All the ladies. And shit. Yeah. And this Clark Kent appears to be one creepy son of a bitch. Was he offering Lois a Colt 45 or possibly a Mad Dog 2020? Yikes. Action was better the past couple weeks. Not terrible, but better in the past six out of ten. 
All-Star Batman, this was a struggle, slow-moving and wordy. The art is his own style that maybe some people like, but I ain't one of them. I feel Scotty to Hottie is just trying to make me uh, and the readers really feel something in this Batman comic. Oh, I feel like doing something. I feel like putting it down. If Coldplay is depression, you can hear this issue. is like depression I can see. Scott, I really like this, this issue. podcast, and we know you are. you got what it takes. Treat this point. uh, treat this point in All-Star Batman as your moment when the Cobra Kais just keep beating you down. Let 90s montage this shit and bring it back to the Tri-County Tournament next month. After our select chat this week, uh, hang in there until we know Duke's name. I'm going 5 out of 10. Uh, I I like the issue as well. I don't mind it. I just go into it. It's, you know, I like the art. And he's just kind of going one shots that lead one into the other with these villains that he always wanted to write. Eh, I can go yeah. with it. It's not fucking up anything. And he wrote a really good fucking yeah. Poison Ivy. Yeah, but since I can't wait, I went online to Superhero Name Generator. You plug in your name and it tells you your superhero name. So I plugged in Duke Thomas for all those interesting. Can't wait until issue nine. His That's name funny. will be Commander Mercury. <laughs> So, yeah. Needless to say, Jim and Eric may be furiously typing as I speak to see their names, but they can stop. I've already done it with them. Drumroll. Jim Werner's superhero name is Dove Boy Flight. Thanks. Sounds about right. Your powers give you the ability to fly through the air at near supersonic speeds. That's how I got those cues, Eric. Now Dove you protect Sydney from malevolent aliens while also battling the evil plans of Death Boy. Sound, Death Boy sounds like some emo band. Eric Shea's superhero name is Hydro Fly. Hydro fly the half human child of an alien from a water based civilization is what you are. Now I will say uh hydro this fly. might this might not be correct. <laughs> I like a black exploitation character. Yeah. It's hydro, hydro fly. fly. Hydro fly may not be fully correct. He spelled your name wrong here, unfortunately. Oh. You you always get upset with that. But water control, your abilities give you access to the elements of water. You can that is because you sweat a lot. You can control, manipulate it, forming in any shape you want. And you have the ability to vomit liquid that immediately dissolves the clothes of anyone you happen to be fighting. Or so dating. again, I got you. Nobody knows exactly why you do this. Honorable mention, Dancing Mike, your superhero name is Ghostfly. Fly comes up often, I guess. I you inherit your power. This fucking thing you're like typing into, it's yeah. just fly for everything. Yeah, fly. Ghostfly. I like that name. That's pretty cool. You inherit Ghost your power fly. thanks to being the last in the line of an ancient adventure who protected the planet from supernatural evil. You have the power to summon and control specters and poltergeists to obey your every whim. And oh, finally, no, 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 Repairman no, no. Jack. The Repairman Jack's superhero name is Shadowfly. No, it's Shadow Cat. I was about to get very angry. <laughs> Shadow Cat. <laughs> that sounds funny. Shadow control. You can manipulate and control shadows using them in the hydro cell. So, so he's just kidding. Prize when you tell me. Traveling from one shadow to another. Yep. It's the shade meets kitty pride and cat control. You can bring any cat under your complete control. Is this my wife? And can extend your powers to hundreds of potential subjects. Anyways, that's my books. Keep up the great work. Gents, as always, and Eric, I got your email, but I'm sorry. I'm not interested in seeing either Daughtry or Nickelback at Hershey this summer. It's not you. It's the bands. And this from (laughs) Brett, and we're going to go These tickets don't come cheap, kid. That's right. You can't return them. You get them on StubHub or you wait out. (laughs) We're going to have to go and uh, get back to these books, Eric. Just to want to hear Jim's voice and not hear Eric's shit. 
All right, we're back, and that was mail number five. Yeah. Mail number five. I know that recently I uh, found out that a bunch of spam, uh, actually not spam, uh, but comments on the site, and I will mention this again. I might have mentioned it at the beginning, but if you ever put a comment on our site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and it doesn't go up. Don't think that it's because Eric Shea got involved and he, you know, deleted the comment because it was something uh, saying that he is a hack. You know, no, I never if, do that. No, Eric actually claims that there isn't a lot of comments on his books because his reviews speak for themselves, and there is nothing to say <laughs> what about. What do you comment about that perfection? He says, "How can you comment on perfection?" He told me that he today says. at work. It made me laugh, too. I just sat there and stopped and started laughing. Uh, But no, I'm serious. If you go on the site and you put a comment, if you put, you know, hey, Jim, you're a fucking asshole, uh, that will be on the site. We do not edit any of the – and that's the problem is because we don't edit any of the comments or we've never really deleted any comment knowingly ever. And uh, because of that, I think uh, a couple went to spam. I never even thought to check. And I went to the spam part just as a goof to see. And there was G-Man had a couple in there. Uh, freaking Dancing Mike had a bunch. And one guy had a comment for episode 101 and said that we have too much listener mail and we pander to the listeners too much. <laughs> and that basically it ends up being a, a, pretty much we, you know, they suck our dicks. That, that kind of was what it was. And I, I actually disagreed with him, and I, I actually commented back, but I don't think he'll ever get it. I think that yeah, because it was a negative like, comment. What the hell? I left that comment fucking. A it month was. And a half it's ago. you know <laughs> that far back, and I think that he just probably thought, and it was anonymous, but he probably thought that we did, you know, we edited it or, or deleted it. But hopefully, anonymous comes back because I said that we love the fans, and also he actually said too, I used to come for the excellent reviews, and while the reviews are still excellent, they're doing this that. And the other thing, and I was like, okay, at least he said they were excellent. He must not read Eric's reviews. I thought to myself, yeah, yeah, he said perfection. Yeah, why would you comment on perfection? I don't know. Maybe they would say it's perfection, Eric. But you just think you think think that they get done. That's the thing. You think they get done, and they are at a loss of words because of this. This you tapestry of fucking away, English you know, language. Like, wow. You have painted a picture <laughs> more than the Mona Lisa. I, I mean, these reviews that you put out there. Who doesn't love <laughs> the Eric Shea review now and again? I know. I know. It is, but, uh, it is something to behold. Often way better is. than the comic it reviews. It Agreed. is. I, I, you're going a little too far, Reggie. I don't know. You and no, Eric's no, back pocket now. I don't know. He's in the wrong street. He's in the wrong part of town now. I don't know. He but does no. review Blue Beetle, right? Yeah. He does. So there you go. So it's way well, better than the comic he reviews. That li- oh. that actually leads me into the section. Uh, because you do mention Blue Beetle. I will say, uh, just in general, I think Blue Beetle's better than any of the books that we're going to talk about now in the next three books. This is oh, pretty much this is, yeah, this is pretty much the oh. shit section of the podcast Watch tonight. The pod- I'm telling you, yes, it it is awful, and uh, a couple of these books shouldn't even exist, Uh, some others I think exist only as a bane to my existence, and to fucking drive me nuts, but uh, I've said this before to Eric, I said it earlier in the podcast about Supergirl, Uh, these books, you'll never hear me, eh, you might, but uh, usually I'm not going to scream and yell about these, because I really just don't care, like they come and go, and I can I usually just thought you didn't read them. No, I did. I actually read. I I wasn't going to. 
I told Eric I wasn't reading any of these pieces of shit. What's that? I may may end up getting angry at one of these, but it's not going to be the first one. I'm not really angry at it. Here's the thing. You're not going to get mad at the first one. We'll talk in code. You'll probably get mad at the second one. I believe that if I'm going to get mad, it's going to be the third one where That's I where just I'm, am, I'm just going to get mad of why the fucking well, thing Eric, exists. Well, Eric, to get mad at the first one then. So like I usually get mad. No, no, about, I like the first one. Well, enough. yeah, oh, yeah, okay. I know. But like the third one is almost like my youngest son. I just wonder why it exists. I just don't <laughs> know what happened. <laughs> Who let this happen? Now he's listening. Yeah, you were, you were like, I, I definitely didn't have sex before we had the. Yeah, kid really. I don't know what's going. on. Things do not jive here. I want to see what's going on. Now, fortunately for my wife and my backhand, uh, my youngest son cool. actually looks the most like me and, and actually acts exactly like me. Like if there was going to be the other kids. Oh my Lord. god! If, if there was, Lord. yeah, if there was going to be, it is bad. I see the shit that he thinks and does, and I'm like, oh yeah. Now I see it from the outside, and you I don't, ste- I don't up, step in to change it because, like Eric. Why would I mess with perfection? It's almost like I'm seeing mirror image of perfection going where my my son is afraid of everything. He doesn't want to talk to anybody. Perfection. He's a little guy. Great guy. Yeah, he's a little guy. He is. Yeah, today we're working. I had to get into this Gaylord, and I couldn't. My feet were kicking behind me. Eric had to come and help me out. It looked like I was this midget in a goddamn fucking black and white movie. You had to get into a gay lord? Yeah, a gay yeah. lord. Yeah, yeah, gay lord. What is, gay lord. is, a, what is a, well, gay lord? a gay lord? A gay is either Eric's uh, name of his alternate persona that he goes out on Friday with, uh-huh. or yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's giant a gay lord cardboard box. My bad. Uh, yeah, it's oh, a big box. Right. I had to get in this big box, and my feet were kicking behind me. And it looked like a little And then he dropped guy. something at the bottom of it, and he couldn't reach the bottom, so I had to go and lean in and get it for him. No. Here you go, little guy. You guys are using uh, Cardboard Box Factory yeah, lingo. I was, is yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, it is Cardboard Box Factory lingo. And I dropped this thing. I'm just too I'm too tired uh, during the day to even care anymore. Yeah. So I just said to Eric, I'm like, you're going to have to reach in and get it. Like any other time, I'd be like, fuck him. I'm going to make him go, and I'm going to find a way. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not even going to try. I'm like, reach in and grab that shit for me. I, I just And then I just sat there yelling at him about it. I don't want to fucking hear it, you fucking jerk. But, yeah, go on. What are, What's the first book? What the is first the first book? The first book is, we're gonna, I want you guys to light your white candle and uh, in your rooms and to look at the uh, red long stem rose in the vase that should oh. be in your podcast. Okay, so if this isn't gonna. I'm gonna guess I, this is not gonna be the white rabbit. I was thinking Probably maybe not. that. Uh, could it be? White is room? it? Is it white room? No. No. Is it uh, white not wedding? White satin. No. Is it um, dead or it's alive no, by Bon Jovi? Is no, it that? you would love that though. I know you would. Yeah, you want all my songs. I would. Dead man, dead man, I want to kill myself. Yeah, there's me. It is yeah, dead, dead man, dark mansion of forbidden love, book three, written by Sarah Vaughn, art by Lan Medina and Jose Villarubia. Dead things light the corners of my mind. Misty watercolor dead things in the place we bought. A creepy lady dressed in 19th century garb and some bald guy with a high collar in the place we bought. Can it be that it was evil rituals 
that's kept my Nathan living all this time. If I had the chance to have it off with Sam, tell me, would I? Should I? Dead things can be terrifying, and yet, when the tale itself's the dead thing, we simply choose to forget. So we'll protect <laughs> him. Christ. The character <laughs> dead man. And never again mention the place we bought. The place we bought. Oh, my God, Brad. I'm blowing this yeah. candle out. Babs, Babs is rolling over in her grave. Uh, Barbara Streisand's was... dead, right? She's dead. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> she's died. I think she's with she's dead like... man. I think that she just punched James Brolin in the face right now. He doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. She's there all of a sudden. She just punched him. No reason except you singing that, Reggie. That was a milestone, bitches, too, because that was the first time I've ever done a full song parody. Oh, that that is the full song. The full song. Oh, that was the full song. I, it, it seemed like it, Reggie. <laughs> well, I, know. Yeah, I know. That's all right. <laughs> all, uh, you guys yeah. have, all you guys have to do is listen and weep. Oh, it's I easy do. For you. I just listened. Okay. At one point, I have a soup here. I, I muted my mic and ate my soup and sat there. Yeah, I finished right, my soup, the- went down. I made another soup, went to the bathroom, went downtown, got I a fucking coffee. I filed my coffee. taxes. <laughs> Are yeah, you, uh... you, you never do that. We know you're a liar. <laughs> ah, but I do like that, Reggie. Thank you for the song. And I will tell you, uh, as a uh, giving you props, uh, I like your song way better than I like this book because yeah. I yeah. don't like the book. I know that Eric's going to tell people that it's it's worthwhile. It's not, and it's really nonsense. Uh, number one, I said to him uh, today. We talked about Dead Man even before we read this issue, and Eric said. The only problem he had really with the book was that there's not much dead man. And I said, okay, well, that's the name on the cover. So right away, I'm giving it a fuck you five no matter what, because this is hardly a dead man fucking book. Dead man has been totally superfluous to the story. And I I told you guys before this that so for this last, you know, double sized third issue, I said, let me just drop that issue. Like that's been a problem for me. Yes. Dead it's still a problem be, with me. I can't Dead drop Man it. could have been removed from this book and would have yep. had no effect on the story. They would have had to change one little part in this book that I don't even know if I'm going to go into where, you know, he goes into Nathan's body and we yes. can kind of see the history. But that could have been done in, in a myriad of ways. Yeah. Dead Man is totally superfluous. So It could have gave said, Sam something to do. Yeah, very yeah. Much so exactly. He could have been the one that you know with like. Sam should have been the one who's like a medium that that they he I mean, didn't if, see if it. It really should have been superfluous. Sam was fucking by just like a you know. I bet he wishes he'd never fucking met uh, Berenice. I, was like, I actually thought that during reading this. Yeah, I thought like <laughs> Jesus Christ, the worst day he ever had was when he met Beatrice. This crazy bitch. It's uh, when, I, when I was talking to you earlier today, and I said, you know, the biggest problem this book is facing is that it is called Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, and it is not really a Dead Man book. We are doing this whole, like, gothic tale, and the thing is, I don't mind the story that we're getting with it, though. Yeah. I don't mind I, reading it. I like, But the thing well, is, uh, as I talked to you guys off air when I got done reading this issue, is that my, the biggest problem I have with the book at the end of this, besides for the whole Dead Man thing, is that the Sam character, we have this whole thing where... He has this power where he can't be possessed by dead men, 
We get nothing with that wow. at all. It's just ha- something that happens. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Bam, we're done. I, I'll, it I'll seems tell to you. set up for some future issues that we're never going to fucking get. Because, no, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, when is this going to happen? No well, one gives a shit. And my biggest thing is also is that – remember when Batman said that uh, Selena stole the night? That's all this is. This is hokey. But you this love that. Is, this is juvenile. It, it's it's freaking sound. It, it really seems struck- like a story. I'm telling you, I I'm no rightist, but no. if you were, you know, this seems like a story that would have been written by somebody in seventh grade for a you know a gothic tale type of assignment in in English class. There is nothing to it. It is cliched. I've heard this story. I've seen every bit of this story a million times, and I don't seek this shit out. I, I really don't. I've I've seen this stuff in the the limited amount of horror movies i've seen it, it's nothing it's a house it's, it's that a has pretty a, obvious it's, a pretty obvious trope but so when i looked at this issue i said let me just strip away the dead man let me review this yeah, as yeah. a story by itself and I, I and i really i agree more with jim that i think so this the basic story is that nathan and berenice uh they got this house together this glencourt manor turns out nathan is actually the you know 120 plus year old original guy that built the place and killed his wife and he has, uh, and he has, I, so I, I actually saw did it coming by like the middle of the first yeah. issue. The first yeah, I actually, that was what I thought. I thought I was he like, was that oh, guy all, all along. Right. Yeah, and then, and uh, when it happened, it was just like, oh, this is fucking hokey. So then, it's so really then, that, hokey. So then that's the thing. And then Adelia, she goes all like crazy ghost. And you know, he's like, you can't kill me if the house is standing. So yeah. surprise, the house gets knocked down. And yeah, then it yeah. seems like Sam and Berenice are going to go off and have like ghost adventures after yeah. this. Like the, yeah. they seem to set up this like palling thing. But uh, this, the, overall, this series is just too long. It, it really could have been half as long. Uh, the story is like mediocre. I think if it was shorter, we might have been kinder to it. Sam makes no sense in the story. No, seems- not at all. It's kind of put together like a ton of bricks, and and the inclusion of Dead Man to get back to that is is totally meaningless. Somebody, yeah, uh, you know, I, we were talking about this complaint on Facebook. I just read it, and they were saying that uh, I didn't like how Dead Man was being characterized. That wasn't my problem. It's he's not even there. No, he's not. You know even, what I mean? Like, yeah. why is he what there? Char- you know what I mean? what like, character? Yeah, no he's character. only there like to put the name on the book. Yeah. No, he's doing nothing. And even the that, thing like he can't get out of the house and all this stuff, I just half the shit just happened just to just happen. There. The one because, thing he yeah. does is possesses Nathan and he's able to then we learn the history that Nathan has been like you know, leaving and coming back as different people over the years so that he you know he's, he's somehow he's taken up assumed names and shit like that to create exactly. new identities over the years. But, you know, yeah, there, but even there that I thought was just hokey as hell because it, you know, it's one page. As you said before, that could have been Sam. That could have been his thing is that he's yeah. psychically linked with Nathan and was able to. And then Dead Man kind of keeps Nathan in place while uh, Adelia is killing him, essentially. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, Nathan, I guess, could just like, you know, pull some magic trick. Yeah, out what, of what the worst part of it is. Spell or some the, shit. the worst yeah. part of it is, is that and, and really there's not much to talk about They're 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 trying to figure out a. a Berenice is trying to figure out the crap. They go into his study and then see that it's a spell book. He comes barging in. And the worst part of it at this point, he's still just like, you know what? Just go out, go out of the room and and sit down and we'll just pretend this didn't happen. It's like so not anything happening. It it really isn't. And they're like, no. He's not prepared for like an actual, you know. Event, you know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's like it looks like there's going to be something, and then nothing happens. There's no, no con, there's no real confrontation. There's no, no. big conflict. 
So uh, I think it's just like not a well-constructed story, you know. No. no. And at one point you have it there, and, uh, you know, Sam's biggest thing is to stop him from killing Berenice and then accidentally slices him, but that's only to lead to show you that you can't kill him. Yes. And, le- and then he says it. He has one weakness, and he tells know, him. Why, why would he tell him? That's his right only now, weakness. Like, All right, well, the house is going down. Glencord Manor's, yeah, really. you know. They would have rubble. never have burnt down the house. Or brought it. No. He says it. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You can't kill me unless the house goes down. So oh, really? Wasn't the thing even like, so Sam and Berenice, they're setting fire, and she's like, this won't be enough, and has to, like, get Adelia in her monster form to make, yeah. it was so convoluted yeah, and yeah. complex, like, just fucking drive a truck through the wall, you know what I mean, yeah, or whatever, yeah. like, do whatever. Well, and even just- then, you even have the thing where, when uh, Dead Man uh, inhabits his body, I, I keep forgetting his name, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan, inhabits Nathan's body, and then you have this thing where you have... Uh, the Adelia and he doesn't he's like listen it's me in here and she's like I'm trying to fight it but I can't and then goes back and it's like nothing there there's nothing there it's all extended for no reason almost like okay we need three more pages because it's got to be realistic when the house comes down and it just everything is extended for no reason and in the end you could have had one issue you could have had uh, fucking 30 pages to tell the story that took 150 some 160 yeah. pages there there really is nothing to this, it this, this would have been a, a one good oversized issue or i think i think you could have pushed it into three issues and it maybe. still would have been but, long but if two, this two was even this would have been something that if we had if this was one of eric's uh, you know movies that he loves it would be part one of four things in a, in a goddamn uh, fucking anthology yeah. There's not enough meat to it to even have a full story to me because really you're only leading up to this big reveal that Nathan is, you know, immortal as long as this house stays up and all the other things before that meant nothing when you get that. Yeah. I mean, really, what what did we – you only dealt with, uh, Adel, you know, Adelia. That's all you got in those other issues now is her because all it was was Nathan getting headaches and her like, oh, you know, and her and Sam with this fucking bowl and, and shit like that. All this oh, up God, till now bowl. has been yeah. all just set up just to lead to this final four pages. I, I, really, I hear you. Yeah. It, it, you're, I mean, pretty much everything happens in, like, the middle of book five and then the beginning beginning of book six i'm sorry of what chapters yeah what would have been yeah they would have been actually the whole thing this would have been a six issue mini series if it was decent right there shows you they realize i think they realize that if we put it out as a six issue mini series it's not going to sell but by yeah by by issue three this is selling two thousand yeah. And they do this in three, so you don't have that. And people are going to say, like, well, I got one issue. I'll, I'll just get the other two. There's only three issues. Yeah. I really or they're, think... you know, they're solicited you know, a month, that, many, that many months in advance, basically, so people are, are often locked into those orders. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a shell game, as we know, gentlemen. But uh, overall, this series, I really didn't like it. Even when you strip away caring about Dead Man being pertinent to it or not, I still think it's a pretty cornball story. However... That being said, in the final analysis, I think that this is a fine book for, like, 
I don't know, a, a young kid that's into gothic shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? If, if a kid's like 11 or 12, this could be kind of creepy for him, I would think. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it kind of skirts the issue of like almost like a love thing that they don't go yeah. into it or whatever. And it it even true. almost it seems like – It's romance that probably would play well with girls and maybe yeah, and, and boys. It's even almost like that. not a forbidden love, but it seems like, like a, a star-crossed lovers type thing that, like you said, a 13-year-old girl would go for. Uh, yeah. But really, I, I just so, I, I thought it was nonsense. So that being said, and the and the art, I'm not a huge fan of it. But I, I like the art in the series. Actually, it's okay. I, I it's 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 not like it's not like it's breaking my heart. But I really do find that it it kind of like some panels look pretty good, some panels look not that good. No panels look great to me. You know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. It's not so good that I'm really like. Well, going wild over it, but yeah, it's the one yeah. unique. You know what the I mean? The one thing about it though is I will tell I will say that. It was three oversized issues, and you really don't get a ton of story because there's these are big panels each page. There's there's a yeah. you know not a ton going on each page. So me and Eric had said it the, a couple other times, the other two times that yeah you're like oh Jesus Christ now we are the oh an oversized issue. It doesn't read really. No, it, it reads a no, lot quicker. You, you this reads yeah. you know it is you know. 50 pages or so. I can read uh, but this it so reads much like a Superwoman. Yes, it reads like a 25-page okay. story because a lot of times you'll go even three three fucking pages that have six panels among those three if pages that, with nothing yeah. going on, with nothing them just running or and yeah, looking at each crazy. other. I mean, it ends with a bunch of panels uh, together where when the house is going down, you actually go through maybe six pages with hardly any dialogue at all, and it, it looks okay. The actual, uh, the best thing I can say about the art is that it does fit the style of story. It, yeah. You know, yeah. it does okay. But yeah, you even get at the end, it's like three fucking pages where it seems like you're like, God damn it, throw that fucking ring in that goddamn hole. Get get rid of it. Uh, but then at the end, you even have this thing with Adelia and Deadman. Like, Adelia's like, oh, I, I feel alive now. This is what it's like. Oh, I'm not going to say goodbye because we might meet in the centuries from now. I'll only yeah. say goodnight. I'm like, really? Th- this is as bad as she stole the night to me. It really is. <laughs> this is but you like that line, Jim. I did. I don't like this uh, because I only had one page of that. I've had 170 pages of this garbage. Uh, I'm telling you, this is fucking. It it feels like a seven year, a seventh grader writing dark goddamn poetry in their fucking room, and it just there's nothing to it. Which is why I think it might play well to that audience. And and then at the end, uh, you know, and I hate to say it, this lady writes this and then takes it to somebody she knows at DC, and they're like, "What the fuck are we gonna do with this?" And then, oh my god, I could put dead men in this, and they'll we'll buy it. There you go. Because there's no reason for him. There really yeah. isn't. Ay, ay, ay. Eric, you tell no us why you fucking like it. I just, I, I think it's such a cliched story, just the whole thing of him living. If he kills somebody, if, if you get the house, and I just, I've seen this, you know, this whole type of thing a million times. I just, and Dead Man not being a major part of it just is like a slap in the yeah, face. Yeah, I'll tell you, De- Dead Man not being a major part of it is a problem, and Sam not being, you know, we had this whole big thing, which it was the thing that I was most interested in. in the story is like, why can't Dead Man possess this person? No. That is a huge fucking plot point to me, and we just throw that out all willy nilly. Oh, it's destiny. Oh, it's destiny. No. Is it? Yeah, Fuck you with that. But no, besides, and, and, 
Besides yeah, for that, though, I never saw the twist where Nathan actually was a well, century And here's the thing. Did you not see the twist because they, they had a good characterization that didn't? I think you didn't see the twist because we didn't see anything of Nathan. The whole the series, he's had headaches and been laying on a couch. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they throw it in. I what do you he know about him? by the house this whole time. Yeah, the whole but, reveal yeah. that he is this person, and he is spending all this time in this room, not working on a book like he says. He is trying to throw more binding spells because throughout the eight, like you know, the years and years, he'll come back here. He has to keep Adelia subdued while he's there, so he throws all these binding spells out, and it actually uh, causes all this darkness that's affecting the house and causing him to freaking you know have these migraines and whatnot because he has to keep up this power to keep her subdued. Yeah, and but I, it's not. I, I, I like yeah. all this different stuff that we got with this, and the idea of the different house stuff going down. that was all in three pages. I'm telling you, that was all <laughs> that you just said. We learned in three pages in this book. There was no like you said. Yeah, the house must be possessing him. You had that for 150 pages. Then all of a sudden, in three pages, it's all explained because she goes in and finds a spell book, and then he tells us it. You don't even see it. He tells you what had happened. I just think it's so hokey and such bad storytelling. I really think that that was a surprise because he just sat there on the couch. We didn't even see him probably in more than 10 panels this whole time. And then he goes in, oh, my God, you weren't supposed to come in my study. Oh, just leave him. We'll forget about it. And yeah, well, I'm I, I thought it wasn't a bad reveal when he came out at the, at the end with uh, the last issue and he proposed to uh, Berenice and then freaking, you know, Adelia went all dark. You thought that at that point it was like, Okay, this whole idea of love is what's tra- uh, triggering her because her love did not last. Her love killed her and all this stuff. So when you actually find out that he is the person that killed her, I thought it was a decent reveal that I didn't see coming. That's no, what I, I, I knew it was don't... him, though. I, I yeah, went I the did other too. way with it. Like At that point, I was like, oh, Nathan is her. Yep. I've got a name now, Russell or something weird. But uh, that's her dude. You know, It, no. it all kind of clicked to me. I and it didn't, like, ruin it necessarily, but... Uh, you know, it, it did kind of. Uh, yeah, the, and, and uh, just the, the thing, little... if I said to you, like, hey, uh, what do we know about Berenice? I, I don't know anything. I know that she's there at a house with him. Uh, yeah. She, she said she didn't want to marry him, but you really don't know why. Uh, she just doesn't want to. So why is she there? Why did she even go there? I just I don't know anything about her after all of these pages. I don't know anything about Sam. Uh, he says, "Yo, you're making eyes at each other," but you, you don't even go into that. I just these characters that we've had pretty much six issues with, I know nothing about, nothing at all. Uh, because they're just there, you know, talking and doing nothing. That nothing happened in this whole entire bunch of issues. I, I just, I thought it was nonsense. And then it was again, just a contained story that I don't have to think too much about. I could go. Yeah, but I'm like, saying contained. There was no story. I don't need to know a bunch about Berenice or Sam because, like we talked about, we're never going to see them again. Well, I know, so but like, at least in the book that they're in for six issues length of of story, give give us something about them to make me care. Like, if they burned down in this house and Deadman was like, holy shit, chalk that one up as a loss, I, I would care less. I'd be like, okay, let's move on. And really, Sam, like you said, you don't know why he can't – they mention it again. They don't tell you. I don't know anything about Sam at all 
at all. I don't even know that at the end he could slit the fucking Berenice's fucking throat and it wouldn't even bother. I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know. I'd be like, okay, whatever. And then, yeah, then you have the hokey end with like, this is what it is to be alive, but I'm actually dead and I'll see you later maybe. And they, they fly off fucking Adalia and, uh, and dead man. I just, I was like, that, that's enough. And really, like I said, if this, if this was a good story, uh, it would have been a six-issue mini. They wouldn't have fucking put it together like this to try to fucking fool people and put it out. Yeah. That's all this they, was. They, they paid they for the story and had to do something with it. I don't think they ever put this out thinking it would sell. I think they were just like, ah, well, let's fucking hope we cut our losses and, and we break even because this isn't selling. It's fucking selling horribly. And I just, some I, people, I, I see it was that nonsense. some people really dig it though. Yeah, and, some and people do. I don't think it's like illegal to dig it. You know what I mean? If you really yeah. like it, I mean, some people don't, don't like a That's good the thing horror is, story. I don't really like it. I'm saying I don't mind it though. I enjoyed this little romp as it is and now I can move on. Yeah. What I will did you never give it, Reggie? Uh, I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm looking. I don't even like the art that much. See, I uh, like the art in this book. I think it complements the story very well. I, I think it's okay with the thing, but again, it just it didn't really do much for me. It, 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 like I said, it's a lot of big panels and stuff like that, so I don't know. I, I'm almost giving it a 1. That's how much I hate it. I hate Oof. every bit of this, uh, but I, I think the art's a little better than a one, but I'm going to go 2.5. I fucking, I'm, I'm telling you, if, if you trust me or whatever and you think you like Dead Man or whatever, I'm telling you, stay clear of this piece of shit. I'm saying, it's, it's, a piece the, it's of not shit. really a Dead Man story. Dead but Man it's on the cover. That's, if I'm telling you, 90% of the people who buy this issue, 90% of the people who bought this are buying it because of what's on the, the cover, and it's Dead Man, and then they're getting it, and they fucking, I know that the people who review it, there's people who are giving it tens and things like that. That's a bunch of hooey. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't, just having Dead Man on the cover, I couldn't give it a 10 out of 10. There's no way. I don't care if it was the greatest story. You were fooling people. You were trying to fool people because you have a book that is not going to sell otherwise. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I go, what did I say, 2.5? Yes. 2.5. 2.5. See, I really like the art in this. I think it complements the story, and I actually like the twist here because I didn't see it coming. I might be stupid. You guys picked up on it right away, but I don't know. I didn't mind the story at the end, and I, you know, it's over now. I don't ever have to think about it again. For what it was, though, I gave this, I'll give this issue a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm telling you, like I said, this twist would be me and you have a, a movie where these kids are all getting killed, and at the end, you find out it's the uncle of one of the characters that was never introduced. Uh, I, I'm telling you, he was never. There was never any character progression of that Nathan at all. He just had headaches. That's all you knew when he, he asked her to marry her. Most of the time, he was off. You, you never even seen him. So I think that reveal is just like, it was just thrown out there. It had, we said it before. Yeah, it's it like almost like. Tandem, though, with them finding out more about, Ad I can't remember his original yeah, name, but, but Adelia's husband. Yeah, like, they you know, really didn't find out that much that. about him, no, though. No, he didn't. That's what I'm saying. Well, That's it was a they, short little mystery, they, though. I'm saying I didn't expect much out of this. It yeah, reads but it was really a six. Fast. It was six issues worth of story. This is a mm -hmm. lot of pages. This was yeah, not. They, they you know, done more this too. wasn't two page. You know, thirty pages. This if was a hundred and seventy some pages. I would have been much more understanding about the lack of. You had a lot of time. Six issues. Yeah. It really wasn't a lot. You had a lot on. of time to to get these characters and to make them mean something and learn out half the time in these issues. 
it's just dead man flying around <laughs> and, and trying to get out of the why couldn't he leave the house i know there's a binding the spell, spell but they don't yeah. really even spell that out that well well, I, I know that, that that's why. Yeah, but they, it's one one panel. Like this was the biggest mystery. Him and and the uh, other guy, fucking uh, what's Sam? And the one thing is, oh, a spell book with binding spells. Up oh, there, you go. That's all you got. And no, then no, he, because he, he, they talked about how he keeps re- renewing this binding spell every couple of years. Stuff like yeah, that, but I'm saying and that's keeps all, the dead things and in. that's at the very end when all of a sudden you get an info dump of everything that you're supposed to know. And then even so, I, I don't know. To me, he would also have a spell where he couldn't be like if Sam can't be inhabited by dead men. It's it's odd that he can. I just and all that's for is so he can see his history. Yeah. Everything was hokey at the end. And I'm looking at it. That's like the last you know ten pages of the book. All of a sudden, it is an info dump of what was going on. I just well, I I'm thought saying it was you kind of need that. I say you, if you have dead men, the only thing he does is possess people. I know, but the, here's the thing though: have it uh, progress in a story in some sort of progression, not just at the end after six yeah. issues, which is Again, six issues worth of story. Issue, we would have been cool with that, but basically for five issues, dead man's been either just possessing hanging out. people for no reason or just hanging out, just kind of like being around. And it was like. Yeah. It just took way too long. Way too busting their balls the wrong way around. Man, I'll tell you, the go- 2.5 I give is all art. I think the story zero. I would not even give it the fucking one point for the story yes. because it's just hokey and just nothing. And after all this time, I just, I, it, it actually, if I was actually buying this, I, I would have been fucking furious. I would not pay for this. It's oh, just. Yeah piece of shit how much is this anyway i didn't even know yeah, how much I have it no is idea. Bucks, I think. I think yeah it's 5.99 yeah 5.99 three you know you're you're spending maybe, maybe that much yeah crazy. whatever you're you might be spending 18 dollars on this story that's just fucking nonsense but yeah, yeah. Let's get for on a dollar point. more you can get a, a trade paperback of a good horror story yeah, yeah i actually and read for free yeah i think that that's actually the thing that uh, right now there's not much dark stories in the DCU, especially with Rebirth. Uh, you don't get much of the dark universe, and I think that's what people are kind of clinging to, that it is something a little different, and like it is, it's a gothic Again, that's why, I, that's why I said I would do yeah. it. I love, the, you know, I love Dead Man. I love the dark universe shit. This had none of that. You know, if, if you're looking for that, if you're like me, this has this is not does not have that for you, but... No. You know, it's again. I gave it, I gave it the score. I gave it, uh, but I think that it could be liked. If that, yeah, could that be this guy on sense. Facebook that's mad at you, he can get mad at me all he wants. I think this is garbage. And I, again, this is like the Legends of Tomorrow book to me. I think that DC uh, should be ashamed of themselves at points where they're trying to lead people into thinking a book is something more than it is, or, or tied yeah. into things. Uh, because yeah, Dead Man's in this. This is no Dead Man book. He just no. happens to be there. And I think that's. I think it's pitiful. Yeah. It should have been called, you know, Dark that. Mansion of Forbidden Love. Yeah. Like Dead Man. Yeah, and it would have it would have sold less. So I understand what they're doing. It just they should how be ashamed this, of themselves. How about this first story though? Eric, you've known Jim for what, like six years, right? Something like that. You guys started working together Three. five, yeah, six something years. Like that. And uh, you know, you've known him for a while. I know you've met you met his family, you've eaten with him, you know, you've Somewhat. had some fun time. He he drives you to and from work and shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What would how stunned would you be to learn that this whole time <laughs> Jim has been a horribly scarred burn victim, and you could yeah. never tell because you you have your eyesight is shit. Yeah, he, your eyesight is shit. Literally, he literally looks like his face is fucking melted to one side. You know, nose obliterated. Why you gotta say shit like this? One <laughs> eye, one eye. That'd be a like twist. A, a hex, 
That's the twist. Isn't that a crazy twist? That is a crazy twist. Ed. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck you, Reggie. You're making me mad. I, at one point, though, Nathan becomes like a burned victim. He's, sure he's there. Sick. He's burning up. Thankful he dies right away, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. It's, I, I would have rather of him not even burn like that. I wanted him to fucking just fall into a pile of dust. Freaking make it hokey yeah, even more. Style. You know what I actually want to hear? You know how the, like, the whole fucking dark mansion has kind of crumbled into the ground? After yeah, the you want to have him crumbling? Oh, no, no. What I wanted was the poltergeist where it just kind of folded in on itself yeah. and just got sucked into a hole. And then it was done. Done. Yeah, the only thing that I did like, I will say, when he was when they were showing his past, I loved his ninety grunge look. Eh, that's I like about that it. As well. That's about <laughs> it. I laughed actually. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Go on. Next book, Reggie, uh, the one that you're actually gonna be mad at. Yeah, you know, yeah. You go. I, I may not get as mad as you did, but at, at Dead Man, but I will get mad at Gotham Academy second semester number six, written by Brendan Fletcher, Becky Cloonan, and Carl Kershaw, art by Adam Archer, mm, Sesic. Mm. Sandra Hope, Rob Hayes, and that's it. Yep. Pommy, Pommy, Fritch, you're a bitch. I'd love to burst your bubble. Taking Tristan down into darkened pits. You're gonna get in trouble. And when the others get their shit straight, then they're gonna show and have your back. Where is Matt? But Pommy, Fritch, you're such a bitch, you hit the switch and ditch the pack. What the crap? Pommy, Pommy, Fritz, you're a bitch fumbling in the dark, man. If you don't stop and switch, Pommy, Fritz, I've had enough of your stuff. I'll send you and your crew to Arkham. Yes, Arkham, huh? Ah, yes. Well, I will tell you this. Uh, Where I just yelled and screamed about Dead Man, I do love the art in this book. Like this, oh, yeah. the art in this book saves it from a it's lower as as, score. It's as good as it ever was. It's it's always you know of a high caliber. I think they they yeah. really do not skimp on the fucking no. artwork. I, I really like the art. The, the problem I have is you have these characters, especially maps. Uh, you have them in a school. It's it could be fun. It was fun. You have a setup with a, you know a bunch of characters. You you've already set up two where you can have guest stars show up like you know fucking uh bookworm fucking killer croc uh-huh. showed up at one point you you have already set a thing where you almost have a book here and especially it's not a rebirth title book so you have a book here that's almost like harley where it's outside of the continuity a little you can fuck around and yet they they fucking make a shitty book i i don't understand yeah. it you could have the craziest shit happen in this book they and did yet too. i feel like last year it was they would allow yeah. really crazy that's what i'm saying you've already set that up yeah damien show up at one point yeah i don't understand it you have the opportunity to make this just a fun fucking romp of a book and and not care about really that much continuity because of what you've already set up and yet they don't do it they they ruin it and they don't even use the fucking best characters in this book in the fucking book it's nonsense Uh, but i love the art though I really do. I, I really, I love the art. But even that, the it makes me mad because it, the art is a, such a fun look and such a fun style and set it up almost like it looks like a Disney cartoon. And then at the end, you're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I just it, there is so many missed opportunities in this book since the second semester started that I, I just it's almost like they want to have it canceled that they don't want it to exist. I mean, I get the impression they might have, they might be splitting up the group so they can you know attempt to develop the, each individual yeah, character but, more, but the development is shit. It's nothing, yeah, you know. It's, no. it's it's 
It's nothing fun. It's people sitting in a trailer talking and having a touching moment. It's fucking yeah. maps. It, it, like the, the book opens, they're fucking sitting in the bleachers, like just chit chatting. Yeah. I, I thought there was like a big tragedy. I thought Colton's about to get expelled. They're trying to find this map. They're trying to find Pomeline. Yeah. But no, well, let's just take a I'll, break. I've been off right away though, since ever Amy showed up with this whole thing. Yeah. I hate. Yeah. I, I've had enough of her. She's yeah, so. Yeah. So once I'm, we figured with... out, or Jim. Jim yes. Warner figured out that she was, you know, not a real. She's either imaginary or maybe a ghost or whatever a it is. Ghost like, magic. I don't. I'm like whatever. You know, I'm I'm really over that shit. Uh, when we talk about what happened in this book, the two things would have been Colton and Kyle have a sort of touching. Like Kyle knows that Colton has feelings for him yeah. moment, and Colton reacts by saying he's going to go throw up, which I didn't really. None of us really understand. Except and he has the jitters. He, you know, Pomeline what... and Tristan find like a secret chamber underneath uh whatever the hell it is the uh that house aren't they, that aren't, aren't, they, aren't they in the tomb at that oh point? That's, they go into the tree they yeah. find like a spot in a tree they go into a tomb then there's a chamber beneath that then eric the asthmatic shows up he's the symbolist they fight i, I thought you were talking about me for a second like what the yeah. hell just happened eric's okay, the eric symbolist yeah <laughs> did you notice shit he's the symbolist well, he's but, the yeah. symbolist that's because he loves playing symbols and and symbolist. again he's the symbolist and that art's awesome. It, it's so good. I love it. I love the cape. I love the whole thing over the whole, his head. The look of his outfit's great. I do like it. You know, the, the, he's got a metal plate on his eyes. Yeah, and he's yeah just, it looks cool as hell. Uh, but yeah, he, he runs. He's able to bind up Tristan's man bat wings and pushes them off this rapidly descending platform just in time for the rest of the gang to show up. As far as what the rest of the team does, it's nothing. They do nothing. They, they yeah. fucking... Nope. Stand in place and talk while Pomeline and Tristan do anything relevant in the story. The whole thing, basically the whole story takes place in like the last four pages. Well, That's like the only up, thing. Up to this point, there's nothing for them to do because Colton ran out and Pomeline has the map that can clear Colton's name. They need to find Pomeline and this map to do that. Yeah. And they also have to get Colton back there so, you know, he doesn't look like an asshole for this running off. But like the weirdest part about this, and I, I know you guys are going to hate me for this. I have not had a connection to this book the entire time we've talked about it, all second semester because I didn't read a lot of the first semester. I read a few yeah. here and there, but this issue, I started to finally feel like involved. Like I know what's going on and I know the characters a little bit more. So because of that, having the awesome art, I, I kind of like this issue more than what yeah, we've been getting I, previously. I, like wow. it. it just bored me. I know. It just bored me. I just they're, they're not like doing the anything, trolley, but yeah. That's what I'm saying. But uh, like in the first semester, the first part of this book, even like you could even say that they really pushed and it was it was olive and uh and maps and yeah. maps was kind of, i can't say she was a one trick pony but it really all dealt with her awkwardness and her try and her enthusiasm and her and the over the top like and there, it's yeah. not even awkward because she didn't think she was awkward she would just like hey we're the you know the the dungeon crew or what did she call them i i can't the, the adventure club or whatever the, the detective club the detective and it was like always just so gung-ho and everybody's like oh jesus christ but they went along with her and she was like into dungeons and dragons and things like that now she just is like this, just in the background. Yeah, she's doing like a nothing. B character. And that's the thing yeah. is, is that they wouldn't, if, if something, if this was happening, I feel like last semester, or, you know, or the, for the last year, yeah. the first, the first volume, they wouldn't have been sitting around chit chatting while no. fucking, they don't know where Pomeline is. They don't know, you know, what's going, where Colton is. Maps would have been going berserk. She yeah. would have been fucking uh, and, and, and flying that, around. Even at the maps. point where like, she was pretty much going against fucking Damien. 
at points. Yeah. Like, she was, you know, butting heads with Damian Wayne and shit. Like, and, yeah, she wouldn't just sit there. It, it's just nonsense. It, it It's just this book shouldn't have ever hit the second semester. They should have uh, kept it with that first year, and it would have been fine, and it was really good. And, it w- and then this is what Eric says about shows that are canceled uh, before they have a chance to get bad, and this one yeah. did not. This one has gotten pretty bad, and it's a shame because I, I really did like it. And at a point, this was a book where when we would talk, and, and, I would, and before even you reviewed it, Reggie, when I would review it and we'd talk about it, uh, people were excited each week when it would come out. Like people were like, Oh my, you know, Gotham Academy's out. All right. I can't wait for this. We'd have people messaging me and stuff like that and really excited. Even after Reggie, even when you took it over, people still were excited. Yeah. Yeah, And people were still excited excited about it. Nobody, I I don't, I see these people with their, you know, they take pictures of their pull list and stuff. This has not been on. on And yeah, yeah, it might be a lot of things where people joined in. Uh, you know, a lot of people listen to the podcast and talk to us and join in at Rebirth, and I thought that was a mistake right away to not give this a Rebirth title, uh, though it's kind of weird oh, to I think how they would Rebirth, but just podcast. brand it Rebirth, just say, <laughs> because people would have just picked it up, and, and anyway, but it's good that they didn't, because this is, it's not, it, it almost seems like the uh, the writers are just going through the motions, that they're just, they just, this isn't even a concern of theirs, because it, it's not very good. Uh, I don't know. Anything else to say about it? Not really. It's kind of depressing because I really did used to like this. Maps at one point, I told Eric, oh, I told everybody. Character. At one point, yeah. I was screaming to the fucking high heavens that this oh, yeah. was the best book. And I said Maps was my favorite character at one point. Even uh, recently, uh, I forget who it was, asked us who our top 10 DC characters were. Maps still was going to be my 10th character. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's among, you know, Damian Wayne and fucking Jason Todd and stuff. That's how much I liked Maps. I mean, and I feel like just, nothing's, nothing's happened to her character. They're just not using her. She's yeah, they just, just like don't use her, so you, you know, just forget but, about it. So when I think of maps, it's not now. It's everything from that first, you know, that first series, that first year one or whatever you'd call it now. Uh, but yeah, whatever. And it's all what Amy's fault because ever since Amy showed up, Al doesn't seem yeah, to have just any seems kind of weird. patience or it time. Seems, or why would do they anything. do that? Why did they go that route? They they were such a great team together because Olive was always reserved and trying to figure out who her mom was was the big mystery of that yeah. first year. And and she was always you know upset and whatever. And there was Maps who almost to a, a a bad point where she couldn't even tell. Like she was always gung ho and happy no matter what. But it was such a good combo. And you don't get that anymore. Now you I don't get know, there, fucking ghosting. There, there's this one bit here when freaking the symbolist shows up and freaking Palm activates this goddamn thing for this. Wherever they're at, it starts going down like an elevator. And the rest of the gang show up and Maps yells out, you're not allowed to go on adventures or on, on a battle with yeah, supervillains yeah. without the rest of the club, Pommeline. Yeah. Academy rules. That actually made me giggle a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, like but that. that's how, yeah, that's how she always was. It, yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yes, what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it a 4 out of 10. Okay. I'm actually going to give it a 4-9. I, I almost want to go. A, you don't want to go full fuck you on no, it. No, huh? it's not a fuck you five. The art's good enough that I, I can yeah. just I even page through it and look at it. It's always <laughs> been great. Uh, it's just nothing's going on. Nothing at all. And, and yeah, the focus isn't on the right characters. Uh, that Amy is just nonsense. But uh, what what do you give it, Eric? Uh, I'm telling you, look, I am the guy who's on the outside looking in, and because I've been reading this, you know, this book with you guys since Rebirth began, you know, I finally feel like someone's opened a window, and I can finally start to join the party a little bit. Yeah, the party's and over, buddy. I know I'm the party's over. 
I fucking I, I'm the heading story home. Of Eric's life. Somebody exactly. already ate all the chips. I'm heading Fas- home. Fashionably late was a little bit bad for my part here, yeah, but uh, I, know. I don't. Know, I like the art. I like you know. I finally realized who these characters are. You know, like I'm. I had no idea who Pommeline was when we first fucking started this, but uh, or the second semester as it was. Yeah. But I don't know, and I like the symbolist. I think he's a goofy yeah. character. Oh, I, I like love the and, art. I love the, and, the look of him so and much. I don't know. I think I'd have to give it a six out of ten just because yeah. I finally feel like I can be. You know, I can talk yeah. to you guys about this a little bit. No, I'm telling you, I not that I even know Jess that much. I guarantee you, you get that first, you know, fucking trade. She'll right. fall in love with this book. She will love this book so much. How good it used to be, and it's just a shame. It is a shame. Now we're gonna move on to the next book, where I know Reggie does not have a song, and also this book was never good. No, <laughs> and it's this, getting worse. This book is has let us down very consistently, pretty Holy much since God. the very beginning. Eric yeah. and I were were positive about the first one, and then it's yeah. it's never yeah. felt the same way since. And it's Superwoman number seven, written by Phil Jimenez, art by Matt Matt Santarelli and Jack Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Fucking so yeah, uh, we don't, we don't have a, a blurb. Here's my I'll make a blurb right now. This right. book is nonsense. It, it barely it's barely uh, comprehensible. The uh, page layout is fucking nonsense, and oh that's God. all I got. The uh, page yes. layout is so goddamn. The page bad. layout is awful. So this is like Jesus Christ. And that's the problem. Here's the problem like, is this took me. You know, I read this. I'll I'll, reveal, I'll peel back the curtain and say yeah. I read this issue just before we started yeah. recording tonight. And I, and I, I told, you know, I told Jim, I was like, I'll be another, you know, 10 minutes. And I was like, another five minutes. Then I showed up late still. <laughs> yeah. You fucking prep to read this guy. Now, and I was like, you know, and I, and I didn't start with five minutes to go. You know, I gave myself 15 yeah. minutes. It, now, it's issues like this, though, that make me realize that I don't mind the panel layout and oh Dead my, Man, Dark Man. Oh, my God. Love. No. Well, here's well, the problem uh, that I have. So I twice. have a huge problem that who does the layouts in this book? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I would oh, assume it's I know. Up. Yeah, who? it's Phil Jimenez yeah. who writes it. How could it be this off that the guy who writes the story he was drawing was like this too? Remember? Yeah, all that's what I'm was, saying. This doesn't make like, any sense. Nice, but, you're the one um, who knows everything about the story, and you're laying it out like this in fucking bullshit that you can hardly follow it. It is barely. Fu- I, I, I don't know who has these characters on like, this. Not, I saw and, someone and, on Twitter say to Phil Jimenez, he said, uh, he said, at least I know I'm getting a value and never, you know, I never rushed through this book. I'm like, it's like you're fucking stumbling through the damn thing yeah, the whole time. Yeah. You know, what the fuck's going on? There's constant speed bumps. Oh, yeah, it's, it's bad. It is, it's really bad. Uh, and really, this kind of ties in a lot of the stuff that's been happening. But even, like, just to, to focus on the the Atomic Skull Lex Luthor interaction in here. Okay. Even if you try to center on like one little thing, it makes no goddamn sense. It just is nonsense. Please, Reggie, tell us what this is about. Do I have to? I didn't realize. Yes. That. Oh god, the whole goddamn Reggie book. book. Uh, <laughs> I have to cough. Where's Dylan? Hold on a second. Where is he? Well, uh, my favorite is the Kryptonite Man. He had a big part in this. (laughs) Oh, my God. Son of a bitch. I I was so – you know what's the fucked up part? I see. We're going to keep stalling because we don't want to talk about this book because before we got on the night, I went out with Jess to the diner. We had ourselves a nice little dinner. Oh. And she was was asking me about what I'm going to do tonight. I'm like, well, we're going to talk about Superwoman. Oh, what's that about? And I tried to explain it to her. 
and it lasted forever. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even think I'm getting half of this right. And I no. think I'm leaving a bunch of it out. And that's I why I don't know how I, the fuck I, we're, we're going to talk about. This we're show. not going to talk tip for tap because really the big parts of this, it, Lex. I like too. This whole time they've been trying to get Lex out of the prison, and the minute he gets out, he's like, "God damn it, I'm free!" And they're like, "Like anybody knew you were gone." I'm like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? You've I been trying to get him out this whole time. Lex Luthor? Yeah, like, it was I, the big know? thing. <laughs> Now all of a sudden, old, a fucking Lena Ultra Woman has fucking 80 arms. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking no, no. nonsense. Then she becomes a snake woman. Yeah, then she has. she's a snake. Uh, shit has gone wrong. I and I will say, if people... Off the power this, in, in, in the city, and somehow that allows the Bizarro clones to yes. exist. I do like strong. that they do call the one the Bizarre S. Yeah, and, and that was so, what me and Eric were calling it in a different way, but at least we were right, Eric. It's a bizarre yeah, ass. Yeah. She's got the the number one on her, which is a throwback yeah. to like the old bizarre yes, character. Yep. But from what I from what I can tell, the the big stink here is that Lena and uh, or Lana and and Lena, uh, Ultra Woman and, and Superwoman, they have their big confrontation. Yeah, they have their God, God, it's so two sides of the same coin. Post. It goes, yeah. yeah, it goes on and on and on with, with Lana just yapping. Yeah, he'd be like, we could have been friends. We could have been buddies. But instead, I'm going to use this suit that we saw in, like, issue number two. Uh, Natasha, Natasha Irons, this insect queen yeah, suit. the insect that, queen suit. I mean, she does the same shit she always does. She just, like, blasts out a big whatever Lana Lana lang flare i don't know yeah, what it is some, thing is somehow this insect queen suit is allowed allows her to focus her energy at a single point which i really thought she could do previous to this but i don't know if this enhances it she or does, what just like blast doesn't she just like fucking blast into like another fucking whatever many supernovas like yeah it looks no different to me visually no. except that her suit is different no. you know and i'm like I don't even know what really now, happened we found out in the previous issue that atomic skull was able to figure out how to get out of the hypercubes mm-hmm we don't know how, as far as I can, uh, from what I had gleaned from this book, and we need him, I'm guessing, to open up all the other hypercubes, but I don't know how again. And It uh, also seems to tie him when he got into the grid before in the beginning, and it's nonsense. But it's I, I'm not nonsense. exactly sure, but the whole point that really infuriated me going into this is not that, you know, Atomic Skull wants Lex to say he's sorry. It's after that's all said and done, and the kryptonite man head just floating there says, hey, Lex, did you ever try turning your suit off and on? Yep. Well, I here's the thing. Lex is fixed. Yep, I'm I'm at that point. This is the thing that actually showed me how much of a crazy piece of crap this book is because that's when Kryptonite Man says. He's like, "Hey, you tried to reboot it? Did you ever just turn it off?" And there's Lex, who's the 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 fucking, you know, he's a genius. By 18 million times, he hasn't thought that. Then you have Steel out of nowhere. He gets the word, "Steel, we have Lex and Mercy. They're alive." He goes, that's great and dandy. I hope your new boyfriend was worth the risk. Yeah, like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? And Where then, did that come from? And then he says, fine. I've got a handful of people with bricks and baseball bats left to defend the bay. The next panel, he says, fine. I've got a handful of people with bricks and baseball bats left to defend the bay. He says yeah, it dude, again. I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. That, no, that threw that me off so goddamn bad. I'm like, why did they have that freaking, they, you know, They that, have uh, that in there twice. again. And is That's, it supposed to be that it's at the same time? It makes no sense. All no, of a sudden, no, no, and I'm no, like, no. Yep. that was definitely a mistake. Yeah, I, I'm like, this I, I is a piece of crap. I was like, I thought it was like we, we were seeing sort of the same thing happen at the same happen time. Happen at the same time, no, and this no, was supposed was to give not. a temporal vision of what – I was like, this book sucks. That there's so much – thrown at you in this book that the editor couldn't even fucking read it yeah, to get through the editor the fucking dozed off 
they just because it's right next to each other. It's right next to each other. The editor fell asleep. They came in and they're like, "Hey, did you get done editing Superwoman?" <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. Thumbs up because yeah, it's one after the other. And it ma- who is the new boyfriend? Is that Lex? Yeah. It ma- yeah. yeah, and it makes no yeah. sense. And she even says, "Steal, not now, please." I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I, I feel so lost in this goddamn book, and I should not. I, I don't and know I'm how really you could forward to. And I'm telling you, there's just so many things thrown at us. Because all right, so we have Lex. We got freaking, you know, uh, he's gonna help out. We're gonna get everything together now. Out on the streets, we have freaking the the citizens of Metropolis. Whip For some steal, reason, yeah. not Superman, but. No. We but have they have baseball have bats, I hear. Baseball bats. <laughs> yeah. We have the freaking people at the Daily Star doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Yep. And uh, we have Natasha and, you have Tracy and her freaking 13. crew come in. Tracy 13 getting She's the whole, getting the the whole temporal so thing matched can, up. Yeah. yeah. And even that, before you even go on, the people at the uh, – it, it is the Daily Planet, right? The Where Daily Star. Or the Daily Star, I mean. Uh they have nothing to do. That was nope. supposed to be like that was set up to be this big hacking deal. And remember, she's like, "Oh, they they made the the you know the Indian woman and I roll whatever the fuck it was, you know, Mister Robot after me." And that, now they're just there. They're just there, and then go on because then it just gets even more nonsense. Go. But then it all becomes okay. It's an assault on the bizarre s's. We got to take these things down. Natasha and all her like you know people, all her friends coming in these robotic suits, you know. And we have Tracy 13 channeling the power of the city so she can get everything back in line. So uh, Lena will not have the power she needs to complete whatever Lena, she's trying to Lena fucking do. go against magic because she's super scientific. As yeah. well. Exactly. Yeah. And then it all becomes, you know, a fight when our heroes finally get to Lena. And our, I'm like, OK, we're going to have a showdown now. And I'm happy. And then Savior shows up. Savior. Out of nowhere. Now, can, can somebody please tell me, did we have Savior prior to this? Because I don't think we did. Him. He I just wasn't shows sure. up. I, well, you guys would know better than me, but yeah, I, I definitely haven't. Don't remember seeing no, him. I didn't he just, problem, I'm telling you, Savior comes out of nowhere here, and the problem I have is that Savior is a character that was created after Superman died in the old continuity. He's only around because when Superman came back, he said that this is not the true Superman. He is not, like, yo, know, he is going to go and kill Superman because he's not the true one. He's going to save everybody. That's why he's the Savior. He'll get rid of all the lies that this yeah. new Superman is telling. So, in this world where Superman has not died and come back. Savior doesn't make any sense. Especially well, and and this is this is exactly this is exactly how like you had a big problem when we first saw Azrael when we saw him in Batman and Robin where they we didn't you know know what happened didn't and it made no yeah and it made no sense with that Batman yeah that yeah thing. so it doesn't make sense it's just but, thrown in there to make you go oh my god like he's this established character I'm like yeah, I don't think it's, I've ever it's seen ridiculous. him in this continuity yeah, I wish that, I wish that was the uh, worst and most confusing part of the book. It's uh, just ridiculous, army. though. Now, it's I just, got another it's... question. For some, it bothered me as well, but in this continuity, I did not believe that Lex and Lena grew up in Smallville. No, I didn't that, either. That is uh, old golden age continuity that I thought we've gotten over ever since Christ. And we've and even we've back. even seen them growing up, and I didn't think that they spelled it out that it was in Smallville. We saw the nope. thing where we had that uh, background. Lena, Lena and Lana knew each other apparently, and yeah. I'm like, did you now when you were kids? Huh? That's news to me. Yeah, it seemed weird. I, I actually I liked that one issue, the the little bit of the one issue where they showed Lex oh, and so Lena I. growing I never up. And it, Smallville. Yeah, and it didn't think I didn't think, and maybe they did spell it out, but I thought we would have mentioned that before but maybe it would have been it, it would have been a bigger point but yeah, that yeah. Is an, it's an old that thing about old golden age superboy co- like comics where lex and clark you know they grew up together in clark uh, that shit happened uh eric uh silver age yeah and i would say here's the other thing is i actually you say that 
<laughs> I think that I think that this fucking comic seems like a Silver Age comic with just the batshit crazy stuff that's going on and just thrown at you, and just it just much, it though. doesn't play off well, and it confuses it, and it almost like it is a race to the fucking finish line because then you also have Lois walking around, you have her talking to to you know Lana, but then she's going around as this hooded figure at points, and it's just nonsense. It, it really is. And, uh, I, I, I'm telling you, then we get to the whole point where, like, you know, freaking Lana pulls out her insect queen suit that allows her to focus her energy and so she can take on Lena Luthor, who she seems to, you know, overcome with her power. And then Lana starts suffering from the same problem that Lois had at the beginning yeah. of the series where she was about to burn up. And it's at this point where we see this hooded red figure who we saw the past couple issues come out. And this is Lois Lane. This is our pre-flashpoint. Yeah, Lois pre-flash Lane who comes point, out. And, but then but why? we end this issue. <laughs> but no, the thing is. We end this issue talking about, uh, oh, God, where's the line? Uh, my God, what's happening to her when Lana's burning up? And she says, the same thing that happened to the other Lois. And then she says, the same, the same thing, thing that happened to me. I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing to yeah, me? You have yeah. thrown so much bullshit at me. I don't yeah. know what I can take seriously anymore. And yeah, now, again, as she's burning up. And as she's burning up, Lana does say, you know, oh, God, I see now. I understand Clark. And that's exactly what the other, the, the lowest said, said before. Issue, it's yeah. exactly a thing. And that's supposed to be intriguing. But I, I'm just like, oh, really? This is really ridiculous. Uh, and, yeah, you have just shit that makes no sense thrown at you all this time and just i i just it's it's terrible it really is this is not this is the one book i know you said blue beetle reggie but even that has some blue beetle yeah that blue beetle has some something going for it this book redeeming quality this book is the one book that even though you'll you know you oh jim but you yell about this book and you gave that you know whatever this is the one book that I think should never have come out in Rebirth. There's no reason this book should have been, and I don't think it has any direction whatsoever. And it really is, the, to me, of Rebirth, the worst book. This is the worst book in Rebirth, and there's no reason it should exist. There really isn't coming out of this. And I guess, you know, the only reason that it would be continuing in my mind is that they have something almost like... I'm not a huge Supergirl fan. Supergirl's way better than this. But even that, they're throwing that whole Saturn Girl thing in the Supergirl book. I have a feeling they're going to start throwing shit in this book to try to they, get people they always, involved. They seem to tie this into Action Comics. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, Action Comics. Is, like, in, my th- in my mind, Action Comics takes place right after this. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, it does. But I'm saying, I'm telling you, I think that... They're really, and I think Kay Perkins is jumping on the book uh, later on as the writer, and whatever the the latest solicits are, those are uh, like April, I believe. And I don't know if she's on it full time. I hope so. I hope that maybe they're gonna try something to get this better because it it is it's nonsense. It, it really makes no sense. I know that Brandon even he read it. And he said that his head hurt afterwards. He couldn't even follow it. It's just that That's bad. the problem. The thing is, like, you know, I'll give these other books a pass because, like, even Gotham Academy, you guys didn't like it. I feel like I'm starting to understand the book. Here I am. I've read every issue of this goddamn series from the beginning. <laughs> it gets worse. I don't know what's happening yeah. in this book. It really gets worse. As you go, it gets so bad because it's almost like it's it's books where at this point, at issue seven – 
we should be get we should have a concept of what's going on. The problem is Phil Jimenez has done this thing where he is just piling shit on shit, and by now we're we're fucking it's an avalanche of shit. We're yeah. stuck underneath. We're fucking it's the we proverbial call, ten pounds of shit in a five pound yeah, bag. It's I like, need why? I need to be rescued from this pile of shit that's on me, I, or no. I'm gonna have to eat my way out, and I will do that. <laughs> I will, pro- especially with peanuts. I will go to town. I'd the rather biggest- be saved. The biggest problem I had with this issue, though, is the stupidest goddamn thing. It's actually I sat down and I actually thought about it when I got done reading is that we have Savior thrown in here. Yeah. And the, like the continuity that we had before doesn't make sense because he came about when Superman died and then came back. Now, I would have liked if we would have spent some time to develop Savior in this continuity and says that Lex is a false prophet and he has a thing against Lex because yeah, he's claiming he's that. Superman. Yeah, you this is a great that. little freaking tie in that you could make this continuity work. But nothing. He's just thrown it all willy-nilly, and I'm like, okay, I guess Savior's yep. here, and I have no idea why. And and the other thing that gets me in this book is all of a sudden it's made this weird turn where me, it, me and Eric, me and him both love Lex, and we've worked yeah, with, well, not we've worked, but the uh, the writers, and especially Dan Jurgens in Action Comics, has worked so hard to make Lex be, and it started in the New 52 even, yeah. where Lex is a good guy. Lex, and yeah. he, especially in Action Comics, he's been you trying so hard here. to... No, he's been trying so hard to convince Superman how good he is. And Superman, pre-Flash, when Superman's been trying his best to prove he's bad. And actually has come to the point where he realizes Lex is good. But then here, Lex is a piece of shit. Like, out of nowhere, this is not the Lex that we've had in the other books that I really like. This is, like, Phil Jimenez has not gotten the the fucking memo (laughs) that that there's a different Lex in town. This is the old Lex. This is the piece of shit, arrogant, over the top. Not the Lex who is concerned. Like, the, the Lex that we've gotten in Rebirth would be so concerned about what's happening to the city while this is going on. It's not the, hey, I'm free, baby. Now I'm out. I'm the most important genius you've got. No. And then you even top that off with having Kryptonite Man say, oh, by the way, did you try turning off your suit? Like, the whole time, my whole thing was, Take the goddamn suit off, Lex. Jesus Christ. I know. You don't have Leave to have it. the suit on all the time. Just take it off and walk away. Walk away for a minute. He might have had uh, pit stains, though. Sometimes yeah. when you have pit stains. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't He doesn't wear an under suit, and he'd be nude. And he's <laughs> not go. well hung. He you know, yeah. Who wants to see Lex Luthor with a micro penis? That would hit all the headlines. <laughs> micro penis. He's millipeder over there. Just look at all the things in this book, though. It's like Phil Jimenez. He, you know, he wanted to do this book or whatever, and he gave, made himself a checklist of everything he liked yeah. growing and, up yeah, reading. And, yeah. and he has to use every single one. Even the insect queen suit. Yes, like yeah. you know, a lot of her time in Earth Two became the insect queen. She had insect powers. To throw that in here to have this suit, which makes well, and here's no the thing too. Th- there's power. the other thing too, though. That was also in Action Comics. It was it was uh, uh, kind of hinted at yes, before yeah, yeah. in and, Action and we Comics. Had that in Future's End as well. And I really yeah. like that. I love that, but not here because you don't. We, we've said sense. it doesn't make sense, and it also you you have not earned the right, as we've no. said this a lot of times in the past month. Uh, this book really is a lot of that because you said you're talking about Savior. There's Kryptonite Man. I don't know where he's there, and he's like, nothing. He was all, the, a fucking goddamn comic relief last issue. Now this issue, he's nothing. He's like only there the, to tell Lex to turn his suit off. 
all this stuff, though, like I'm looking at Savior and I look at Steel and even, you know, Lana Lang is kind of like the energy blue Superman, but like a red Superman version of that. And like all of this is just screaming stuff from the 90s, even the dickhead fucking Lex Luthor. And it's like, you know, yeah. get over it and tell me a goddamn story. That yeah, and it's weird. Even at the point you have old 90s shit at us. And you have dickhead Lex and then they even show the cape. That's there, but now it's in a, you know, it's in a cube, it's in a and that, cube, yeah. and, and, but that's like such a big thing for Lex and why he was a good guy. That was the biggest symbol of that. And you're throwing that in. You got Lena there. She's in the goddamn power armor. You got a lot of shit that, that is supposed to be there to kind of, you know, get you excited. Like this to me is Phil Jimenez is actually trying to do what Dan Jurgens did at the beginning of Action Comics, Eric, when you were like, holy shit, this is my 90s Action Comics, when yeah, you had Doomsday and stuff really like that. It though. got old real quick. This, y- you haven't had that setup. The nostalgia factor that he seems to be going for, it- it's not hitting at all. No. Like I said, you're not going to see the head of Kryptonite, man, and go, holy shit, this is awesome. Or you're not going to see <laughs> Savior show up out of nowhere because it doesn't make sense. You're not going to, it's it just nothing makes sense here and then yeah you have at the end where like i said this is the avalanche of shit where all of a sudden we think okay lana almost burned up or she is burning up at this point she's saying what what lois said okay that's pretty cool and now all of a sudden you have fucking pre-flashpoint lois you know pull the thing and then say something so cockamamie that you don't even know what the fuck's going on it gets you upset then and at the end of everything you just have to ask yourself where the fuck is superman yeah, that and where's everybody? Where is yeah. everybody? I know that uh, a guy, because I'll even tell you, Dylan gave it a two. He was furious yeah. about this. And a guy on Twitter uh, kind of you know, said that Dylan was doing an attack review and, and all this stuff. But really, in Dylan's goddamn fucking uh, blurb, he said, where's the Justice League? Like, Agreed. shit is going wrong. And well, like, even in... We had that stupid thing in Supergirl where we, we laughed about it and they had that, you know, that, that dead zone that around yeah, that. Yeah. At least that explained something. Explain I know it, it was something. hokey. I, mean, they I know it was hokey. But, yes. Yeah, make it that, it. make it would... that Lena. You have Lena there. Lena can, you know, especially in this armor and how she is, she could definitely set something up that nobody knows what's going on. Like, you can oh, make well, it, well, you know, whatever. And, Do and, something. Planet. I mean, there's a, way, a million ways there. Another dimension. You know, you'd say yeah, something. Say that. All you have to do, you have these hypercubes. You just say that the whole city's out of sync in time. There and there you, you have it. Place. Nobody's showing yeah. up because it and say, oh, it's out of sync, you know, in time. And anybody looking into the city, it seems like a normal day. And you have that. I'd go with that. At least explain something. But this is all over the place. It, it really now, is. I'll tell and, you, though, we, we have Lois Lane, the pre-flashpoint Lois Lane show up here at the end. I got to think of my, about my continuity because, like I said earlier, I think that Action Comics takes place right after this. But even yes. with that, it doesn't make sense because I'm okay saying the Just League doesn't show up. But this is Metropolis. Superman should be here. And if we go to Action Comics next, he's just fucking in Hamilton County working on his goddamn truck. And in hmm. this continuity as well, freaking, you know, Lo- Lois Lane. Up. Lois Lane, she's undercover fucking trying to bust some goddamn, like, you know, corruption in the city. It's not tying in with what we have here yeah, if that's the yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's pretty bad. I actually, to me, it was one of those where 
uh, they're not full on reins on these books, but they kind of explain, hey, by the end, you need Lana to have this happen to lead into the next book. And he did nothing to set anything else up or, or make sure it worked. I, I just think that uh, this editorial and Phil Jimenez just they're running roughshod with any character they can grab and throw in here. It's, it's just pitiful. It really is bad. But if you like it, hey. Keep on enjoying it. I don't <laughs> think it's like going it, to last please, that long. No, actually, no, fuck that noise. If you like it, please explain to me how. Yeah, I, I actually like? I would why? love to hear why. Uh, but what would you give it, Reggie? I'm actually going. I want to see what people are giving this book. So while you do that, I do want to look at other reviews. But, yeah, what uh, would you give I it, I mean, Reggie? it would be it would be right around what uh, uh, you know Dylan gave it. I guess I, I might give it a three. I, I'll just give it a two. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'll, I'll act in solidarity. Yeah, with this is – well, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, this is one of those books where you almost want to give it a fuck you five, but that's too good. Uh, a yeah. fuck you five is too good. How about a – I don't know. What's worse than saying fuck you <laughs> Because I'm giving it a two as well. I'm going solidarity. Yeah, I'm going solidarity as well. Yeah, I'm looking at the reviews. This goes, Dylan is the, the worst with a two. Two or something, I don't know. And uh, it goes as high as a nine. And this, uh, it delivers on the expectations prior issues have set up. Fuck that here, means man. that not only does it see Lana and others attempt to stop Ultra Woman, but it also provides more surprises. The book has fundamental comic book storytelling issues. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't give a shit whether you love all the characters, all this and that. It's hard to follow, and it's it's too fucking crammed no. just based on and that. Convoluted. It, yeah, it would I, I would say people yeah. were saying that Dylan's fucking review was an attack. His blurb is the dialogue's awful, the writing is awful, even the story is awful. The story act finally ends in this issue, and it was not worth seven issues. There's no real story to tell here with huge plot holes. And he says, "Where's the Justice League?" And horrible pl- panel placements. This title is easily skippable, and I hope it gets canceled. I don't disagree with anything he said. Anything he just said. No, I'm fully in, and I will say, and Dylan's listening. I do. When I saw it too, I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) he's fucking going over. (laughs) I agree. I agree with him. He's right on. It's horrible. I'm telling you, I I had a score in mind initially, and it was going to be a 2.5 out of 10. Solidarity, baby. I got to go with solidarity though, because at the end of the day, I will just say, you know, solidarity, two out of 10. But the end of the day. I need to have a fucking issue that I can follow. I need to yeah. understand what's going That's on. That's the worst part of seven it. Seven issues yeah. in, I need to know what the yeah. fuck I'm reading. Here's the thing. Me and you, you know, it's more one-sided, it, how it always goes. I argued against you of Dead Man. At least at the end of that, I could say I think it's uh, hokey and very rushed and, you know, paper yeah. thin. I know what went on. I know kind of – yeah, the, but this – yeah. I'm telling you from the, from the get go, he doesn't even work you into an issue. Those first that first page with that spread oh page and shit, it, it makes your head spin. I don't even know spin. how to read that. I, it, it is almost at that point going on. I was punch drunk. I, I was goddamn half retarded <laughs> reading it from there uh, because I didn't know what I was getting. I didn't know, and then all of a sudden you're you're punching me with fucking Kryptonite Man. Fucking Savior shows up. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I really. I don't know. Who, I didn't know who Savior was. I had to look it up. I pity the people who just decided to read like this is the only book they're getting in Rebirth, and they they really hear about this Rebirth, and they pick this up and have no idea any of these characters. Yeah, it's just because there's no setup, and especially then at the end, you already have the confusion of Lois Lane's. You already have more than one Lois Lane. The one's dead. The one isn't. 
And then you throw that shit at the end to make it even worse. And there's no reason for it. Try to, yeah, like Eric said, try to try to make us understand what's going on Please. first before you get a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, books can get crazy. Have a basis to set this on. Have a fucking solid foundation that you're going to build off of and then go crazy. You've never done that. He's never done that. Fucking nonsense. I, I just, yeah. Uh, and again, I said I wasn't that mad because I really don't care about this book, but it does get me angry that it's like something like this is just nonsense. But we're going to move on. Reggie, we are going to yeah. move on to what you and Chris are doing this week because there was no – you thought Mother Panic was coming out this week, I correct? I did think Mother Panic was coming out, but it actually be out next week. So instead, yes. Chris and I are going to talk about the year in comics, 1968. Oh, that's right. I, I heard I'm doing research. Well, I did research and I actually found out that 1968 was the last best year in human history because oh, the shit. following year is when Jim Jim was born. Oh, yeah. I and thought maybe it was the like end. there was like the summer of love. You didn't like no. shit like that, no. you know, oh, you son of a bitch. No. Yeah, it was. It was. It is was that a you dark were, Jim, time the product of the summer of love. Uh, no, because I was born in the summer of love, so I would have been more of the the winner of uh, discontent, I guess is what it would have been. I was the mistake uh, of the year before. Jim's uh, what they call a Robert F. Kennedy assassination baby. You know, yes, some, I would some, have uh, been. some people, when they saw that, it really turned them on. They were like, oh, man, oh, that's yeah. hot. My dad and mom, were, they were fucked up. They, gunplay <laughs> always got them hot. Uh, but, yeah, they did that. And also, you know, the space race, it was in full effect at oh, this still, point. Exactly. And, and, uh, yeah, nothing you. like uh, my dad heard Sputnik and, and thought that it was a sexual move somehow and then convinced my fucking idiot mother to do whatever. I don't yeah. know. I, she was at asleep. Points, at points how much? Yeah, really. Uh, at points, I have wondered, like, who was at fault? In my mom and dad of that, like, was it my mom at fault for having sex with a big fat guy, or was it my dad's fault for fucking a retard? I, I still can't wow. decide That's who was point. more at fault. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, my mom, not a smart woman, <laughs> not one. I, I would love that well, on the podcast and have six hundred pound dude. I mean, yeah, you know, really, yeah, she I, did. She can't be that bright. She, well, she's either that or fucking blind or delusional. I don't know. <laughs> she just wanted to get away from England. She wanted to come to fucking America. Came here and realized that it sucked just like yeah. everywhere else. Oh, she came to beautiful Quaker town. No, you know, yeah, America's yeah, no. no, at that point, at that point, Reggie, she went to beautiful Warminster, which is worse. Oh, yeah, it's right? worse. And uh, I yeah, uh, my mom actually, I think just watching and, and growing up and seeing my mom, I realized that that's why I'm still in Quakertown is basically because I realized that my mom went from England all the way over to America to a bigger piece of shit life. So I'm just afraid to change. If I go somewhere <laughs> else, shit's going to go wrong. Uh, I don't want that to happen. Somehow you'll be like, oh, God yeah. damn it. Now I'm going to fucking trip and fall in. <laughs> and I, I live in Baltimore. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, you know. Yeah, Everybody all of a sudden I, I trip and fall. I'm in Cleveland, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. It's in Cleveland once. I can still smell the urine in that fucking L train. It was awful. It really oh, was. Uh, we went there and we're on the train. I actually saw a lady taking a piss in the corner. And this is in the middle of the day. Uh, Tanya just started crying. She was just crying. I just <laughs> shook my head. She had it to was, pee. I mean, it what was do you want? terrible. Yeah, Jeez. I know. 
Yeah, like yeah, they didn't have bathrooms on the trains. I still think trains should have bathrooms, but that's that's besides. Let the me point. tell you something. If you put bathrooms on the New York City subway, <laughs> it, it would be a fucking mayhem. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't say whether you would get mugged and raped in there, or you'd open the door and it would be like fucking something out of an H.P. Lovecraft novel. Oh, yeah, it'd be awesome. It's it all of a sudden horrifying. it becomes tentacle you know, porn going you know, on in the subway. If you yeah. if you want to if you want to scare your kids, uh, you know you want to scare them straight. Put them in a subway bathroom for like ten minutes. Be like, yeah. all right, kids, see what you learn in there. Scare them straight. I'm going to put them in there and fucking go home. I'll just there leave you them go. There. Say, see it. you. Fend for yourself. I'll see you in twenty years. If you live, fucking come back and, and give me some money. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, nah, that's that. But you we're talking about if you become a famous athlete or singer, come back. Yes, yeah, okay. you become it's you one of them Hollywood kids. You come back. Yeah. And really, I'd be giving them a lot of, uh, you know, fodder to write some rap songs if I left them there. And then, yeah, look me me up when you're not annoying. That'd be great. You know, it's the new hit Subway Bathroom. The Subway Bathroom. It's fucking great. Yes. I was spitting rhymes there. I am actually, when I do uh, do some freestyle rap, I'm an angry rapper. Could you imagine that? And a spitter. Sure. Yes, I am a, a lot, of, a very big spitter. I am a quitter, as you say, Eric. Uh, uh, but yes, we're going to move on to the year 1968. Once in Welcome to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. I'm Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have no Young Animal book for you this week. Uh, I think last week I'd said that Mother Panic was coming out. I was wrong. That- no, I think actually my uh, my my frantic calls to the governor did get me to stay of execution. <laughs> you got to stay. You can let you go for one week. That's it. Anything, yes. Anytime you can get. Because don't forget, folks, you might die tomorrow. So don't always put off, you know, what you don't yes. want to do uh, as long as you can. That's my advice. Any any children that are listening. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we had, you know, no young animal. But as we like to do, we're going to talk about a year in comics. But this time it's a little different than what we've done because neither of us were alive during this year. Nope. Um, we're going to be relying on the uh, research that we've done for Weird Comics History and Cosmic Treadmill. Uh, and just sort of our knowledge and love of comics to talk about the things that were going on in comics. But there were a couple of things happened that year, I think, Chris, outside of comics, right? It wasn't, we were able to scrounge up. It wasn't all about comics. Yeah, yeah. we were able to scrounge up a few news items, just a a couple of things. Uh, For one thing, the Vietnam War was raging on. This was probably the peak point of the Vietnam War. Many bad things happened this year. Too many to go over. In a comics podcast. Uh, And on April 2nd, the film 2001, A Space Odyssey, premiered in Washington, D.C. That was Stanley Kubrick's, uh, you know, genre-changing, genre-changing epic. And on April 4th, Martin Luther King Jr. is shot dead at the Lorraine Mattel in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, after that riots erupted in major American cities, lasting for several days afterwards. 
Um, on April 11th, U.S. President LBJ signs the Civil Rights Act of 1968. Uh, June 5th, uh, U.S. presidential candidate uh, Robert Kennedy is shot at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. He uh, dies the following day. And uh, July 17th, the news keeps getting better here. We yeah. got Saddam Hussein becomes the vice chairman of the Revolutionary Council in Iraq after a coup d'etat. I didn't realize, I didn't realize his pedigree went back that far. Although I guess Same it, here, so, yeah. That was surprising. So I was like, all right, I guess this, that was in, kind of in the work for a long time to his uh, rise to power in Iraq. <laughs> On November 5th, Republican challenger Richard Nixon defeats the Democratic candidate Vice President Hubert Humphrey and American Independent candidate George C. Wallace. On November 14th, Yale University announces it's going to admit women. How about that? And on November 22nd, the Beatles released their self-titled album popularly known as the White Album. The same year is when they set up uh, whatever that was, Apple Records. There, That was like their own mm. imprint, so... Uh, you know, after this, the Beatles, you know, they were making money, uh, you know, hand over fist. Now they're making money, you know, fist over foot, whatever it is. <laughs> Bigger than Jesus. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, we got a few birthdays, and I, I, I included one here uh, for a special reason here. January 14th, LL Cool J was born. Mm. And uh, we have something in common because uh, you, uh, you represent Queens, and I was raised out in Brooklyn. That's very true. That's right. <laughs> Uh, on April 14th, the uh, patron saint of uh, Weird Science DC Comics was born. That's Anthony Michael Hall. And uh, on November 15th, uh, ODB, Old Dirty Bastard, That's right. graced us with his uh, existence. If for however brief, he died back in, I want to say, 2003, two, something like that, right? Yeah, a little while back, yeah. It was a funny, it was a quick little story. As I was in, a, I was at a uh, kind of a house party in downtown Boston that night and someone sent me a text to say that an old dirty bastard died and I turned to the guy next to me and I was like oh my goodness old dirty bastard died and he said who is old dirty bastard and I said <laughs> and that's when I knew I was in the wrong I was at the wrong place I was you don't even know who that is anyway it's, it's the bubble I was like come on you know this is this guy's all over the I think my mother knew who he was at the time <laughs> uh also we always like to go over some prices to make us all feel very badly about you know what things cost today the median household income was seven thousand seven hundred and forty three dollars but the cost of a new home was only twenty six thousand six hundred dollars and the cost of a mm. gallon of regular gas was 34 cents Cost of a gallon of milk, a buck oh seven. So that that actually hasn't gone up too much. No, that does really. fluctuate. Yeah. Um, something that did increase quite a bit is the cost of a normal comic book, twelve cents. Mm -hmm. um, Gold key comics would go up to fifteen cents this year. Uh, every other every other publisher would follow suit the uh, following year in nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. So prices have not have been steadily in uh, increasing for a long time, folks. It's not it's not a brand new thing. Uh, no. Although it seems to be happening happening with more frequency and higher and bigger jumps and they get bigger jumps but hey you know what what do they say go bigger go home uh now you know pertinent to this dc comics podcast one huge thing that happened for dc comics this year is that uh with kidney international company's acquisition of warner brothers dc comics becomes part of what will eventually be known as warner communications and that sort of is a precursor to the top-down uh you know corporate running of DC comics that happens today that would lead to, you know, branching out into movies and, you know, more television, more entertainment, more, they even had a line of books and stuff, you know, Warner mm -hmm. Books was big and they were the ones that did the first DC comics trade collections. Yep. Uh, just, uh, I, I like the origin of Kinney 
uh, National Services, which was later just called Kinney Services Incorporated. This was an American conglomerate company from 1966 to 1972. Its successor was Warner Communications. They basically just changed the name. And it was formed in 1966 as Kinney National Company when the Kinney Parking Company, who made parking meters, and the National Cleaning Contractors Incorporated were merged. So Mm. its origins were... Nothing to do Weird. with entertainment. They were just a guy. Guy made a ton of money, and you got to think how much money could be made on parking meters. As a matter of fact, the reason they changed names was there was a scandal uh, with the parking meters side of things. Mm-hmm. I don't remember all the details. That I, I don't even know if I put it in here. But no, I uh, think uh, this is something we we uh, we read a little bit about when we were doing our uh, comics code. Uh, yeah. Research this. They uh, they didn't loom so large, but they did uh, they did come into uh, into the research a bit, and I'm sure we'll touch on them more. Uh, you know, and not not a standalone, but as part of another one uh, eventually. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think the important thing to say though is that comics are no longer independent. Yeah. You know, they they're getting folded into more of a magazine type of uh, publishing empire. You know, even Mad Magazine got absorbed into Warner. Uh, mm-hmm. Right around, probably right around this exact same time, or something, maybe a little earlier. And uh, Marvel was sort of independent, but they were always owned by Goodman's giant company. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, it's uh, it's just it's just a change for comics, and you, and after this, you're going to see a lot more licensed, you know, material, a lot of more adaptations of movies and stuff like that. So it's uh, it it changed it changed the look of the comics. It did, it did. Uh, in 1967, Kinney National expanded by acquiring national periodical uh, national periodical publications. Uh, this would eventually be DC, but they weren't yet called that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny because if you look at the comics back then, they did have a DC logo on the outside. They played but, fast and loose with that. Yeah, yeah I, but I, in I the Indicia, really yeah, in the Indicia, it didn't. It said national periodicals. Um, I think it was DC Comics on the street. And uh, yeah. <laughs> national periodicals on the on the paperwork, you know, that was the yes. way it basically worked. Now, uh, Kenny National was uh, was also they also bought a Hollywood talent agency, uh, Ashley Famous and Panavision. Uh, Ted Ashley from Ashley Famous suggested that Kenny National buy out the cash-strapped film company Warner Brothers Dash Seven Arts. Uh, they were light on funds from having purchased uh, Atlantic Records that same year. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I just want to, you know. Look at how circuitous this this whole corporate yes. nonsense is, and the fact that one company needs to be bought out because they spent too much money buying another company. Another company. That, does, yeah. this, does this seem like a sensible to you? I mean, I, I guess in my heart of hearts, I would hope that someone that would endeavor to put out comics or magazines would be interested in publishing and not just interested in acquiring yeah, just buying properties. properties buying. You know what I mean? And like, I mean, this is this is sort of how you know the. Material gets so divorced from the the people that make the business decisions. You know, it's uh, they they a lot of these guys they look at the comic side of things. Nowadays with the movies, it's a different story. They feel absolutely like, they feel like they have a place to exploit that. But for years, it was like I'm sure every year someone had to justify the existence of Marvel, you know, or to DC as an entity, as yeah. an entity, just like you know, they're like, why the hell are we even bothering with this nonsense? You know, and why it's are like, we in this business? Yeah, they what? probably just looked, showed them bed sheet. Anyway, I'm sorry, to, sorry to keep breaking <laughs> it. It just, it just seems, it just seems like so circuitous and like meaningless. You know, just like let me buy totally. this, let me buy that. 
Yeah, there's, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of rhyme or reason. It's a lot of it is, uh, it seems like speculatory purchasing. It's just like, hey, maybe this might be worth having. Yeah, just or, it, or maybe put not. It in my pocket, and, you know. That's, <laughs> that's it. about it. If it, it, throw it on the wall or whatever. Um, now, when the acquisition of Warner Brothers Seven Arts was completed in '69, Ashley Famous was sold because of uh, antitrust laws. Uh, Ted Ashley was put in charge of the movie studio. Yeah, funny that, yeah. How about you know, that, right? He, he gave Paid a suggestion, play? and suddenly he's part of the movie studio. All right. <laughs> now, uh, beginning with the unexpected unexpected success of the concert documentary Woodstock from 1970, the company started scoring uh, box office hits again, uh, reestablishing Warner Brothers as a you know major brand, a major studio, mm. uh, which is pretty nice for them, but. What about that DC Comics? Yeah, well, there was no real immediate change resulting from this, but there was a lot of money that came in from Kinney National, and it probably gave DC Comics the cash necessary to lure Jack Kirby Kirby away from Marvel in 1970. I have a feeling these two things came together. There were there weren't any immediate, you know, obvious yeah. changes, but due to a financial scandal involving price fixing and parking operations, Kinney National spun off its non-entertainment assets in 1972 as the National Kinney Corporation renamed the remaining Kinney National Company to Warner Communications Incorporated. We finally get that Warner name in there. Yep. Now, across the street, we got Marvel. Uh, they'd been uh, limited in the number of titles that they could send to market by its distributor. They uh, This year, they negotiated a new deal and split its three. Uh, they had three double feature books. Uh, just to make sure they fit all their characters into their publishing schedule here. And they split those three up uh, two ways. We got here uh, Tales of Suspense uh, becomes uh, Captain America and Iron Man. Not in one book, but two books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tales to Astonish became Incredible Hulk and Submariner. Uh, Strange Tales becomes uh, Doctor Strange and Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, now, you can't tell it from looking at the available statements of ownership. Uh, those are those things that run like once a year in the back of the books, yeah. usually taking a chunk out of the letters page or whatever. <laughs> uh, because uh, Iron Man, Submariner, and Nick Fury, they were on a new, uh, they were on like second class permits. So there was no carryover data for those titles. Uh, the other three, they not only kept the numbering of the parent title, so. You know, Tales of Suspense number 99 became Captain America number 100, yeah. basically. Um, they also kept the same permits, so the same statement of ownership would uh, would would comply. Yeah, I mean, and these titles actually reached back into the 50s, I think. At least sure. a couple of them did. They'd originally, they were like the horror or the, you know, arcane titles. But this, this was important because this would allow Marvel to completely take over DC in the marketplace. They had been steadily... Absolutely steadily gaining ground throughout the entire 60s and about about 66 is when they started to really catch up overtake them but because of their limited number of titles i'm almost positive i think it was eight a month they could do a total yeah. uh that they could they could never really you know dc was putting out probably i don't know 30 or something crazy like that when you count in their horror and romance and stuff like that so it, uh, you know, it allowed them to start to flood the market with product, and uh, mm -hmm. they would actually come up with a whole new distributor in the 70s that would crack the case wide open. Uh, also, I believe that the distributor that they used was owned by National. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was the same. It was, deal, like, yeah. Which is which is why they were hobbled. But I yeah, think I they think were handcuffed. Even the corporate side of that, they saw that there was money to be made. They were like, oh, let's give them some more titles. So they seemed to be uh, selling them at a pretty rapid rate. Um, but in response to this, partly, uh, or, or maybe totally, DC Comics <laughs> art director and soon-to-be editorial director Carmine Infantino, he was given a mandate to revitalize DC in the wake of Marvel Comics' pop culture success. 
Uh, eased out our longtime DC artists Wayne Boring, Jim Mooney, George Klein, and George Papp. Also writers Otto Binder, Edmund Hamilton, Arnold Drake, and Superman co-creator Jerry Siegel was canned from the company that he essentially created. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I heard a story a couple of years later, Neil Adams was working, you know, this would have been, I guess, probably early to mid-70s. We was working at Marvel, and he saw Jerry Siegel emptying out ashtrays. And Ridiculous. this was really what, you know, set him off to fight for creator rights and to get the, you know, Siegel and Schuster, who, and Schuster he had no love for. Uh, he, he always said Schuster was kind of a prick. But uh, <laughs> Siegel, he said, you know, he really wanted to give this guy, a guy that created the industry is now a janitor. Uh, that didn't seem right. So, you know, no. it was sort of, in a way, this kind of kicked that off, I guess you could say, although I don't think he was doing a whole lot, even for DC by the later decades. I don't know what he did, really. Uh, in exchange, though, for those guys, Infratino hired new talent and promotes artists like Joe Orlando, Joe Kubert, and Mike Sikowski to editorial positions. Orlando's in charge of the DC's horror and suspense, Kubert in charge of DC's war titles, and Mike Sikowski pretty much, you know, uh, whatever's left over after Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, which were still being held by um, Boltonoff and... Uh, Weisinger. Schwartz? Oh, yeah. And Schwartz, too. Yeah, Schwartz would have been holding on to, uh, you know, Green Lantern, Flash, Adam, guys like that. So Mike Sikowski got stuff like Showcase and uh, Inferior 5 and Prez, which debuted this year and ended after the second issue this very year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Dick Giordano, uh, who we spoke about at length uh, during our Charlton Comics two-parter on uh, Weird Comics History, he comes over to D.C., um, a little bit about him is that he was he was like the first like comic friendly editor <laughs> over uh-huh. at Charlton. He yeah. actually cared about the production of comics rather than uh, seeing them as a means to an end to further what is the uh, what is a magazine that Charlton was running? It was, it was Hit Parader plus Hit Lyric, Parader plus lyric books. With, I mean, these sold by the millions as comics. Yeah. Kind of an afterthought. Yeah, so Dick Giordano came in there, and he actually cared about the comics. He uh, brought back the uh, their Action Heroes line, which included folks like you know Blue Beetle, uh, Captain Adam, Judo Master, uh, Peter Cannon, dot 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 Thunderbolt, uh-huh. uh, all those uh, yeah, Peacemaker, the question, all those guys yes. that are now DC properties. But uh, this is this is where they all come from. Yes, uh, so Giordano uh, he comes over to DC as an editor, and uh, you know since he had. Uh, been so good for Charlton. He he actually brought some guys from Charlton, including one writer who would uh, kind of set the tone for the Bronze Age. Uh, you know, going into the seventies here, uh, Denny O'Neill. Yeah, uh, you know, it's this is and even Giordano coming in. I think it, it, absolutely it signaled a change in the way the comics were going to look and be made. Uh, you know, they had been under this Weisinger, uh, you know, Boltonoff. And then regime <laughs> regime for like decades now. Those guys have been holding on since the '40s, and they were they were just cranking out comics in the, in the same way they knew how for years. They didn't have any concept of continuity or like even story arc. I mean, things would contradict each other in the same issue. They had the same page. They could yeah. they could really could, in a lot of ways they could care less. You know, they just wanted to make fun stories for kids. And uh, you know, Giordano was somebody that recognized that the readership was shifting older. And uh, the comics responded to that. And I think really, you know, we owe a lot of the way our comics look to, you know, definitely to Marvel uh, throughout the 60s. But this too, you know, kicking kind of lit a fire under DC's ass and uh, got them to 
change up their ways a little bit. Plus, then the other the older guys eventually died, and that helped too. Yeah, that always helps. Another thing that happened in 1968 that was real important in comics and really important to me was uh, Zap Comics number one by Robert Crumb came out. That was published by Charles Plymel and Don Donahue for Apex Novelties, which was created pretty much just to put out this comic and a handful of comics afterward. This began the underground comics movement, which we talked about at length in a four-part mm-hmm. series all about underground comics that you can find on this feed. Or, uh, you know, Chris also has a good location to uh, snatch up a, a lot of these podcasts on his blog. Chris is yes. on infiniteearths.blogspot.com. Uh, that's right. So this was tremendous. You know, this was a huge shift, uh, you know, really coming out of San Francisco. There, when this came out, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of comics followed. We did, we read a partial list of titles. Very partial. <laughs> on the, during, yeah, on the second. I think we did 40 or 50, and we hadn't even come close. Like, there were so many. I even thought mm-hmm. about whether we should bother with a list, because we could just spend a whole episode just reading off titles. Oh, yeah. Uh, it would be a long episode, too. It, it, probably, it would be. Yeah, it would be a full <laughs> two-hour episode. Yep. Um, it, you know, but it, it was just a, a fountain of creativity and a new way of looking at, you know, comics. I, th- I think in a lot of ways... This was a moment in America when people stopped looking at comics as just something for children and that they could be something for adults. Uh, you know, initially the pendulum went totally the other way, very violent, very over-sexualized comics. Yeah. But they would, kind of, they would kind of settle out into kind of psychedelia, a little bit of social commentary and autobiographical comics. And that was uh, just changed people, you know, people's ideas of what a, con- a comic book could contain. And you made a good point about the uh, age, the the age of kids. Yeah, because we talk about that that sweet spot is being what uh, between ten and maybe twelve, thirteen, something like that. Yeah. So you know, yeah, if, if you're ten years old in 1960 or 61, I mean, that's when Fantastic Four number one hits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you go to 63, that's when the X Men and the Avengers hit, and uh, by 68, you know, you're uh, you're a college kid or you're at least out of high school, hopefully. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, you're you're basically an adult, and if you stuck with the comics, uh, or you know, even just had them on the periphery, mm. uh, you know, your outlook on life changes. You're you're aging, you're growing up, you're maturing, hopefully, and uh, so you might not be allured by you know the monthly adventures of Peter Parker, but you may see some uh, allure in the books like Zap Comics. Yeah, uh, you, you've learned the, the language of comics, so it's Certainly. it's familiar to you, so that when you see it, you know, it it speaks to you, but I, I mean, I think that, that's just a great point, you know, and Marvel was that kind of uh, company that you could grow, I don't, you know, really back in the 50s, they didn't think kids read comics after age 10 or 11. Yeah. They were going for three years, age 8 to 11, they had no interest in you after that. Marvel's the one that pushed it into you know, young adults reading it, people into their teens, and then even, you know, Stanley used to go around giving lectures at college campuses, so there was a, mm-hmm. a new audience, uh, really it was the baby boomers, as we know, but um, yeah, that was cool. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're, we'll wrap up with uh, an issue that we actually discussed uh, here on this very podcast. It was uh, episode 90. We talked about Doom Patrol number 121 which was uh, came out September, October this year. Uh, this book suspends publication with this issue, and in this issue, the Doom Patrol die. Yeah, this was uh, sort of a gimme for us, because yeah. we, uh, we really liked the Doom Patrol, and we, and we did talk about this issue. 
But it was notable in that this, you know, Doom Patrol was written by Arnold Drake, and he had been pushed out sometime during the, you know, between the writing and the printing of this comic. <laughs> uh, and on the, the first pages, you see what was supposed to be Arnold Drake and the artist Bruno Premiani speaking to you directly, uh, telling you that you, you, the reader, can save this book by, well, actually, the first they say, you know, read the story. Then at the end, they come back to say, you can save this book with a letter-writing campaign, but because mm -hmm. Arnold Drake had been pushed out, they erased his face, and they put in uh, Murray Boltonoff, the editor of the yep. book. So it was really an unceremonious kick in the pants to uh, a guy that had really taken a book uh, more than 40 issues, right? My, my Greatest Adventure, 80. Yeah. Was the first or one, 88, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's uh, it, it was... Kind of sad thing to do to him. We, you know, we both like Arnold Drake a lot. So mm -hmm. I hear a story like that, it makes me want to shake my fist at uh, <laughs> DC editorial in 1968. But that's okay. Most of those guys are, you know, dead or retired. Well, that's or, what you get for rabble rousing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. He had, he had tried to unionize the place. You got to listen listen to our uh, Arnold Drake episode. We stitched together our th initial three part bio mm -hmm. into one episode and you will know more than you ever thought you could know about this gentleman who wrote yes. some of the wackiest titles in uh, for DC and actually also Marvel and other publishers but I think that's all we can really say about 1968 Chris do you have any other information for him no, like you know, like we mentioned, neither of us were alive, so the personal anecdotes are going to be a little light. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't. Uh, I don't remember what was cooking on the stove when Doom Patrol 121 came out. So uh, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we will. Uh, all we can do is uh, reflect and uh, and you know talk about it with the benefit of hindsight. Still, yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's for sure. When I mean, we we get to look at it like totally detached from the event and everything, but. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just still a crazy time in comics. Where I Certainly. feel like what was reflected in the world and on the street is reflected in the changeover in comics and probably many other industries if you wanted to look at it because, like we you know, talked about a second ago, the baby boomers were coming of age and now mm -hmm. a massive number of people had their wants and needs in the world and those had to be catered to. It was to. a whole new market, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, and just a shift in ideology. It, the, that that is for a podcast with much greater breadth than we we have here on the uh, the comics books thing. But um, yeah, it's, it's got more than four colors. We're not very we interested. can't we can't get too into it. You know, <laughs> like I say, that Vietnam War stuff. You could that could definitely be a long series in and of itself. Certainly. I was telling Chris we we put this together, and I initially started putting some of the. Dude, there was a lot of stuff that happened in the Vietnam War <laughs> this year, and then I was like, "This is not a war podcast." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you could obviously just go on and on about just the campaigns and the things that happened this the year, offensive. but we didn't. Yeah. No. Now next week we do have Mother Panic number uh, three, right? Am I right about that? It's got to be up to issue number fourteen by you now, think right? It feels I know that it. Way, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's issue number three. Yeah, it's uh, and we know it's out. It does exist in the world, so uh, there's no escaping it this week, Chris. You got to do it. And start digging a hole. That's right. Well, you know, maybe if you if you start reading like a letter an hour, you can get through it. Uh, you know, that works. Take your medicine little bit by bit. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the week after that, I'm almost positive we have Cave Carson. Uh, has a cybernetic guide number five, but don't quote me on that because I was wrong about Mother Panic this week. So yeah, the, uh, the the solicits are they're getting kind of strange because uh, mm. like we even mentioned that you know we've got the Doom Patrol director's cut coming out March first. 
But also, the next issue of the Doom Patrol comic is solicited for that, at least in some places. Hmm. So we yeah. don't know if that's just a, a holdover from an old uh, an old solicit or if it's the legit solicit. Yeah. I know what we're hoping for, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that means it's just a few weeks away, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see what happens. We can, we, we'll talk about it if it exists. If it doesn't, yes. we, not much we can say. We'll talk about don't it. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. But uh, I think that's all we got this week. So uh, until next week, I want everyone to keep it young and animalistic. See For the benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight on trampoline. The Hendersons will all be there. Later, Pablo Frank is there. What a scene. Over men and horses, hoops and garters. Lastly, through a hogshead. Alrighty, that is the young animals there. Young animal. 1968. 1968. Who would have thought it, Eric? Who would have thought 1968? Who isn't talking about 1968? It was the last good year in the world. Yes, it was. Soon uh, I would enter the world and make it a much darker place, Eric. Uh, Even with just probably shit all over the place, because I was a big shitter (laughs) then and now. You you enter the world, and all of a sudden your mother's Veronica Kale. She's had this great life until you came about. She's so mad. She thought she was coming to America to freaking, you know, sit with the high life. Now she's tied onto a shit machine. Yep, a shit machine. But speaking of shit machines, Eric, we got three masturbates while your grandmother's over yes it's the stretch run eric we are almost finished these books are okay i don't know (laughs) they're okay i think this i think this first one i like a little bit more than you uh it's nonsense it continues to be nonsense i think that it's a little less nonsense than before but actually it's weird it may be more nonsense i can deal (laughs) with it though yeah it's becker birds of prey uh but i could maybe deal with it a little bit more just because this issue kind of points out that it does not mean anything. You know anything what I mean? Oh. No. And I, and maybe that's the route it needs to take for me. No, that's, that's the bit I'm trying to do, though, because this whole, we just got done this goddamn six-issue thing about finding Fenice and freaking the faux oracle, and it wasn't very good. So I thought, you know what? This, in my mind, we had the Batgirl Birds of Prey rebirth, and then we had that first what we like to call the re- rebirth arc to get us all in line shit, yeah. you know? Now we can move on. Now things can get good, and we get this. And I was just, God damn it, we had a chance yeah. here, and you blew it, Benson. I, I don't even know. I don't mind it that much. I I just read it. I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, the characters are there. You got the team. They're acting goofy. I don't. They're, the whole thing. Doing once, once we go into issue. it, no, they are doing something, and what they are doing is ridiculous. But I, I could at least I didn't just fucking want to vomit afterwards. I, I just said, okay, move on. But go on with it. Tell us all about it, Eric. Back on the Birds of Prey number seven, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Claire Rowe, Alan Pasalakwa, and D. Ron Bennett. Now that Fenice and the faux oracle are taken care of, it's time to get to the bottom of Barbara's realtors trying to break into her clock tower home. And to do that, well, 
We have to spend an entire issue doing nothing, and then out of nowhere, having Barbara remember that bank robbers were caught at the clock tower back in the 60s and that they never found the loot. With that, Barbara tears up her floorboards, finds the gold bricks, and donates them to charity to get her realtors off her back. Then the birds go and have themselves a girls-only Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, the the whole realtor thing has been kind of going on in the background all yes. along. The, the thing that makes me laugh here is they are trying to break in. And now this does spell out one thing that I kept wondering. She did buy the property. I yeah. thought maybe she was still renting and I'd be like, all they have to do, I said to you earlier, just all they have to do is make up some fucking thing and kick her the fuck out. But it looks like she has, they bought the property. Why did they sell the property? They're, they're so into all of this history of all the things and yet they didn't look into this one until uh, too late and then realized there was gold there. See, the it is, is ridiculous. I, the, the one thing I got I got from this that I tried to have it make sense, it seems like, you know, say I'm the realtor, I'm showing you yeah. around. And the big thing that I do is after I sell a property, I give the person, you know, a complete history of that property. That's yeah. something I do after everything is finalized because I don't want to put this together if there's not going to be a buyer. So yeah, the problem is yeah, it's already thing, off. This makes yeah. no sense because when they're showing uh, Helena and Black Canary around – they are already, they have at hand all of the history. So it's obvious they do that history beforehand. So it makes no sense. What you're saying, it's, it can't be, it can be true in this instance, but they, they are going around with them, giving them all this history of all this stuff, because that's what leads into, boy, you're really into the history of Gotham and all of them, but do. So, but go on. I, I know what you're saying that, yeah, afterwards they looked I, I into it to, to make, make this packet. The, yeah, I try to make this thing work in yeah, my head. It doesn't all I'm work. To it tell doesn't you. work at all. And the worst part of it is, is in the end, Barbara makes them look like a great couple that helps the community and actually gives them an endorsement that will probably make them rich. Oh, yeah, they probably. should be in jail. They should be in jail. They were breaking and entering. They were trying to they get into trying. her apartment. Yeah, no, they still, it doesn't matter. They were trying. So when do they, these are criminals. And they're even upset at the end. They're like, oh, thanks a lot. And, you know, they have that forced smile that they even say, that creepy it's, smile deal. They should be like in jail. This is going out and arresting Penn and Teller for the three-card Monty and the tricky video. They like, should have you know, been. That's illegal. They, 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 it's illegal. illegal. Yeah, but, you know, the cops got better things to do. Well, but this, but what does Barbara have better to do? She's not doing shit. They're just hanging out. They're fucking eating chocolates at the end. They, they should have. These people should have had some sort of comeuppance for at least trying to break into the house and trying to dupe her. They could have went there and say, hey, listen, you know what? We found this. We'll split it with you, whatever. Whatever would be the deal. No, instead, they're trying to break in. They really caused Barbara, you know, some a freaking, you know, uh, what's it called? Unrest or whatever. She was up, upset and worried about this, didn't know what was going on. And yet at the end, she actually, to get them back, does something that will probably make them money. A ton of money, yeah. Yeah, it, it will. Well, we, so. we start this issue out with the freaking Birds of Prey fighting the Zodiac Master, which yeah. it's, it's a really weird collab because this is an old, old villain. Yeah. And they really do nothing here to inform you about anything with this character, like what his power base is. Because yeah. we he have makes these... constructs of fucking the, the Zodiac. That's yeah, he makes constructs seems. of the Zodiac. But I start to think, though, that it might be because of the shit that he stole from the Unnatural History Museum. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I, no, I think I'm saying, though, I don't him. know, though, because this is, this is a reimagined Zodiac. Master. This no. is not the classic version, but this is a guy who used to work for the paper and he'd do horoscopes and predict things and shit like that. And he has this extortion scheme where he'll predict like, oh, there's going to be a break in at the Natural History Museum. And he goes to say, hey, look, 
if you don't pay me some money, there's going to be a break at the Unhatched yeah, yeah. History Museum. And if they don't pay, he goes and fucking breaks in. So the Birds of Prey are fighting him and his goddamn Zodiac constructs. Yeah. And then, like, you know, we get this goddamn signal that somebody's breaking into the clock tower. So Barbara has to go off and take care of this while Black Canary and Huntress deal with Zodiac Master and destroy all the goddamn shit that he just stole from the Unhatched History Museum. Yeah, and, like, and, and a hotel. And, yeah, oh. and they destroyed the hotel. And the funny thing is it's where Huntress was staying. And she's like, oh, man, that's where I was staying. Why can't you get another hotel? There's nothing stopping you. Yeah, that it's doesn't just a mean, hassle is all it is. Yeah, not a hassle. She just probably could go across the street. There's probably another hotel across the street. <laughs> she's like, oh, shit, what am I going to do now? It's all set up to have her stay at Canary's oh, house yeah. uh, that she's running but has no furniture. It, it is very odd. But, again, I like Canary and Huntress together. Well, Huntress, like at least in this well issue, too. decides that she's done with the nonsense and now she can get on with that. And you have this little, you know, this is a very uh, – jokey issue uh, it almost Seriously. reminds me of like a, a scooby-doo type comic actually the way they're just goofing around and all and i'm telling you i do not like that oracle i can't stand him i like it that it looked like almost that barbara caught him on uh, you know looking at porn at one point <laughs> I, it made me laugh but even that like he is like the uh the the comic relief in a book that seems to be going towards everybody being comic relief because as they're fighting the zodiac master uh they're like and he's like so helena what's your son and then uh, they're fighting. It's like, that's because you're Pisces and she's Libra. I'm like, really? Really? So, but this, even this with the it? Zodiac mess, I'm saying that when, like, you know, Barbara takes off and Huntress takes all the gems and the moon rocks yeah. and shit like that that he stole. He throw, she throws them in the air out of the bag and Black Canary hits it with a uh, canary cry, breaking it. And when it breaks these gems, all the constructs burn up and go away. So that's what I'm like. Yeah. So were these his power set, the stuff that he just stole? Like, yeah, what's going just, on with Zodiac Master? But even even at points, though, even at points, water was getting them away and stuff like that. To me, what it did, if anything, was uh, he had to concentrate, and he saw that happen, and it kind of made him not concentrate anymore. It, it That's looks what like I there's got. actually beams coming out of it, hitting them and just yeah, destroying I them. I, I don't know. Or maybe he was stealing those because those were the only things that could stop him. It was, it'd be like Superman stealing kryptonite. He wants to get rid of it. I don't know. It's don't know just either. a goofy thing, and it's supposed to be funny. Uh, it's ridiculous. It really is. And that Oracle, I, I just, I can't, yeah, I'm just I, saying, I don't like You're going to pull him. a Zodiac master out of your ass. Give us a little background. Tell us something about him. Besides, yeah, you know, yeah, you I can just, do this, I but think what are the limitations? I'm telling you, if anything, I think this is Because he runs away them. and says, I'll meet you girls again. You know, you'll get, you'll never get away with this, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, curses. Doesn't he, yeah, doesn't he, I predict you'll see me again. He predicted yeah. it, Eric. He's the Zodiac master. But uh, I, I think that if anything, this was their attempt at something like a kite man. Uh, that's supposed to be like a wink, wink, and look at us. We're we're funny with this other Zodiac, villain. Zodiac Master, in my mind, is along the lines of a villain, kind of like Shadow Thief or the Tattooed Man, yeah, where yeah. like you know they are cool kind of villains. You can do stuff with them to make them cool. Yeah, but I don't think that if they you ever treat them like no. this. Yeah, I'm telling you, nobody nobody has any uh, fucking plans for Zodiac Master. So they probably went to editorial and said, hey, what's a goofy thing we can use? And they said, I'll use this, and they went with it. It's just to have something going on so Barbara can go off and see. What's in the clock tower, and you have Helena and uh, Dinah uh, continue to be bonding. But yeah, again, I just thought we're talking about it. I'm saying I don't like Oracle, whatever. But all of this, this is one of those books that I talked about earlier uh, in the week where 
I just I read it and I don't care either way. I know that's not a, a ringing endorsement, but it's like, eh, it doesn't offend me. I don't love it. I wouldn't be reading it if it wasn't for this podcast, and I can deal with it better than a lot of the other books that I have to deal with. But you, you get there with uh, Barbara, and, and there's the whole thing also in the background that, that continues is like who's dating who and things like that, but they're, they're all sad sacks now. Uh, you know, uh, Bar- Barbara, obviously, she finds out Dick Grayson has another girlfriend, which would be to face her and uh oliver has been trying to get a hold of dinah and she's not answering she's missing the phone call so you know you have that girl bonding i just i don't understand the focus of the book really is what no i'm saying, I'm saying though because we have spend all this the rest crazy of the issue stuff. then with, with barbara realizing all right my realtors are trying to break in again i need you two to go undercover i'm going to set up a meeting with you guys and you you find out something about them while they show you these different properties yeah. and then i'm going to go and have lunch with my father that goes nowhere yeah, and also you have them with this. They're going around. The realtors are showing the uh, the fake uh, Helena and Dinah. They have dressed up. They're in disguise. You know, it's a sting operation. Yeah, and they're going around. And it's like this weird way of trying to connect it to the rest of the the DCU, but it's goofy. It, it's it's so too goofy. jokey because you, you know you go in and like this was the 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 uh, apartment the of the Riddler. There's guns hanging on the wall. And I'm like, it's you like know really what? that's weird because the Riddler is in Arkham right now. You yeah, and, and also not only that, but it looks like oh, Batman evicted the former tenement last week. Yeah, I I think that number one they would clear out the place. You have a notebook of the Riddlers on the table. I'm yep. like, really? You're going to have that? Like, it's, it, it is ridiculous. But it's jokey. It's ridiculous. There's guns and shit hanging on the wall that, number one, don't look like shit the Riddler would have had. Uh, no. But they're there. It's just everything is a little off. saw in the flash at the end of New 52. He uses drones. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, even at the point they're going and they, they take them to Santos Place, which actually I thought that was kind of funny. But I don't know that she, they – why would they think she could afford that? I know she's trying to look fancy, but they go from a rundown fucking apartment of the Riddlers to a goddamn mansion. Then they go, oh, this was some – a wide net. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, hey, the next apartment. This was a cat woman who got evicted for too many pets in her apartment. And then the lady, oh, no, dear. She was sent to Arkham for murder remember like, really Christ. and again there's the fucking the shit thing. just around there's it's like don't they <laughs> universe but riddler is it's in this... arkham and it's connected and, universe. and even just even there. that all this is played for for laughs it's it's not even serious so you can't even take it serious then they go to the cobblepot family deal and they have the grotesque spell out and like you know the gargoyles they're called grotesque unless they have a water feature i'm like oh really Let, let's move on Good. uh but yeah you, you find you know. out that they really are into Gotham history, and they say, you know, oh, you know a lot about it, but that's what I'm saying. The, the one guy, the guy there says, you won't believe it, but this building was designed by Otto Van Strauss. And then uh, it's uh, Helena, the architect for the Gotham Savings and Loan building, but they they are giving the history, so they know the history of these things first. So the thing that happened with Barbara is just completely off. Like they sold her well, the building, the, but the didn't want said, her to know. Like they the were always planning. In fact, we put together a little scrapbook on the history of your home yeah. once you buy. Yeah, but I'm saying that's to tell them. They, he already knows it. He says he yeah, gives he her the whole rundown. No, I'm telling you, the way they spell this out is that 
they knew what Barbara's thing was, but somehow sold it anyway and didn't give her the scrapbook so they could go back and get it later. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense because the whole thing that they're going down through the whole process of this is to show you how much they know about the history of these apartments. Uh, it's just nonsense. It, it really and, is. I'm telling you, if they would have broken in, shit would have gone crazy because with this bit of information that Barbara overhears, she's like, oh, yeah. There was a bank robbery back in the 60s. Well, here's the deal. You say that. She doesn't just remember. They are on the computer. She sees it on the computer. She says, there. The Gotham Bank was robbed in 1962. They're going through the uh, the fucking, you know, the internet there. And it says, million dollar heist. And that's where she knows it. But still, you wouldn't connect these together. It's just nonsense. It it really is. And then Uh, she tears apart her goddamn place. Yeah, at the exact spot where you think. There's sledgehammer holes in the goddamn walls until she finally finds the bag of gold bricks. And you know what? I'm going to show these people. I'm going to hold a press conference. I'm going to donate this to the Gotham Children's Hospital. And I'm going to say how great these realtors are. Realtors. <laughs> it's so stupid. She does. She has the press conference. Hey, look, we're donating all this. Gordon Clean Energy found this. I'm thinking, like, I don't know about you, but a, a, if I find That's the loot. Money still. Yes. If I find the loot from a, a bank robbery in 1962 in my house and I have a press conference to say, you know what? I'm donating it to myself. That's like it's not going to happen. Cooper's money. I think there's yeah. still a goddamn warrant. Yeah, out I think that, that I I do think that that is not necessarily your money. No, <laughs> I don't know all the rules. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, sir. This goes back to the whole case of uh, finders versus keepers. Yeah, yeah, finders keepers. No backsies. She yells as they are there. This happens like when they we had the thing in that uh, rooftop deal where Batman went and Catwoman's like, oh, I have that stolen statue, but here you take it. It was my retirement fund. No, no, it was oh. stolen. It's not yours. It's not yours. Uh, But yeah, and she, it's like almost like she's framed them, the realtors, to be the good guys. And I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And they're like, oh, it's our pleasure, sweetheart. And the ones, the uh, the guy's like, nyong, nyong, nyong. He's pulling on his tie. Happy (laughs) we could help. And, you know, they go home all pissed. And then it just ends with a gal's, uh, it actually looks to me like a sleepover. Yeah, it looks like a sleepover. There's there's pizza and wine. Uh, they're discussing shit. This is what's called a girl's night, Jim. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, your, uh, your man fucking Oracle is off for Skype dates. I'm like, now he's turned into Toby. Jesus Christ. It's Toby in this book. Uh, but yeah, she's, oh, Toby know. under the bus a lot in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Barbara Fine, she's like, she's online on, uh, I don't know, Q book. And uh, Dick is now in a relationship. Oh, Ooh, that bad. means it's real now. And it's yeah. online. Uh, she she's in a relationship, and Dinah has missed her date, her Valentine's Day date with Ollie, and he's pissed. He's taking a selfie, all pissed off. Uh, but they decide to eat chocolate, uh, eat and pizza, I, and drink I, wine. Eat pizza, eat chocolate, and drink a champagne. In my mind, freaking out. But the thing is, you never want to have Dinah over for this because she even says at one point, you know what? I'm going to take mystery bites out of all these chocolates until I yeah. find the perfect one. I'm like. You stay the fuck away from them chocolates. Yeah, and that just leads to me. No, what you do, I hate those mixed chocolate things that don't have the grid of what's in there. I fucking hate it. If if I open one of those, to me, I don't know, is is it fancy to not have what is in the box? You know what I mean? That that grid? Or is it is it the opposite way? Because I fucking, I can't stand it. I can't stand when you get a fucking, the mystery chocolates and you have no fucking idea. It doesn't matter to me because I won't look at the grid anyway. I'll just grab them and eat them. I don't. I don't because there's the really bad ones like the fucking ones with like raspberry. 
orange. Shit, shit and the orange. It's fucking nonsense. It I is. I'll still eat it. I'm telling you, the one with the guy, you know, the delivery guy, that's that's your solid there. It's just chocolate there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think those chocolates are nonsense. Then they're there. She's, like, shoving them in her mouth. They're all going all over the place. And that's the end. That is the end. Happy Valentine's Day, Eric. Boom. Next. Oh. Warning signs. <laughs> oh, this book is not good. Uh, but, again, it, it, I can't even say it's a guilty pleasure. It's a pleasurable thing because I can read it and then forget about it, and I move on, and it doesn't offend it's me too much. something that I have to do that doesn't hurt me too bad. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just it comes once a month, and, you know, there you go. Uh, I, I like the it? art in this issue. Yeah, that I is like it, too. the biggest thing this book has going for it right now because it has really evolved since we started, it seems like. Yeah. Besides that, though, we spent an issue – with the Zodiac Master being destroyed, like, you know, taken out immediately. Yeah, and he's only in Dinah, like three pages. Dinah and freaking Helena going around just learning different places about realtors while Barbara has lunch with her father and then finds out, oh, yeah, that bank robbery, that was a thing. Well, I guess I'll tear this up. The end. Yep. Yeah. What'd you give it? 5.5 out of 10. That's mostly give, art. Yeah, I'd give it a 6. I like the art. Like I said, it's it's not offensive. I, I read some other books that just infuriate me. Uh this oh, one's no. just there. This <laughs> one's just there to be there. So it's fine with me. But the next I one. I just want a good birds book, I know, man. I know. I was huh? all about reviewing this when it was announced because hey, I'm like, okay. One, one reviewer out book. there gave this a 10 out of 10, said it's the perfect book, and said that this is the best birds of prey book he's ever read. So there you oh. go. So some people's fucking mystery chocolates. Here is the next book, Deathstroke number 12, Eric. We're, we're on the stretch run. We have two more books, Eric. Here we go. Deathstroke number 12, written by... Christopher Priest, art by Larry Hama. Actually, it's uh, Breakdowns, I believe, by Larry Hama. Joe Bennett, Mark Morales, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Schubert. After getting a bunch of crap for not liking last issues, over-the-top, heavy-handed bullshit of a story, Eric, on gun violence. (laughs) I just want to dig into the people who fucking hate me for it. I think Christopher Priest comes back uh, this issue with better aim. With better aim, Eric. Well, I'm not sure why... Well, I'm not sure why the fuck Priest wanted Raptor in this book. The parts with Rose and Jericho were pretty good, and I even enjoyed how Slade used the whole Chicago Deathstroke to get him out of trouble. I really hope this is the start of me loving this book, but I say that every three issues or so, and my dreams are always shattered. Uh, I like it's this. Funny, I like it, this issue enough. It's funny they're talking about Raptor because we did not look ahead to see what was next in the series last time we talked about no. this issue or this uh, title, but um. We talked a lot about the whole branding. It's like, what are we doing with this Raptor? Because all Raptor talked about when he was in Nightwing was branding. Was brand. And then we had that whole thing at the end of the last issue of Deathstroke where, yep. you know, you're weakening the brand and all this shit. I'm like, DC is obsessed with branding. But the two characters now, like, you know, Lobo talked a bit about that in JLI. Yeah. I mean, yep. not JLA, but fucking it, it just seems weird. Like, we really could have called Raptor showing up just because of that weird brand goddamn call out yeah. last issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that he's even in this book. It just, it's, it, I don't know. This book has had Batman and Robin, Batman and Damien. It's had Superman. Superman. It's had yeah. all, yeah, and all these things, even like the Dr. Icon, you know, the stuff that makes sense in the book. Yeah. Uh, but now it's like he's running out of fucking options and he's got Raptor. And, and it just seemed weird. It really did. And even to the point where they even spell out in this that he's on loan from Spiral. 
That's bullshit, Eric. Uh, that that's bullshit. Uh, way things I, I are right now. I don't understand the whole on loan thing. He's at this I'm telling you, the, the only way I'll go with it. Colorado, yeah, I'll go with that. He's spiral. on loan, meaning that they have him in, you know, in some spiral prison, and he's on loan. But the way the way they say it, it's almost like he's still working or is working with Spiral. I don't know. It just seems very hokey. It seems like a, a call out that nobody wants. I don't know. It starts off pretty good, I just don't good, know though. why a prison would ha- loan out a fucking convict for some reason, like, to this I other prison. Well, like, I mean... Like, there's anything going on with... Because, like, everything that Raptor did seemed to be overseas. Yeah, well, here's the thing is... Well, that's the stuff, yeah. But the, the one thing I have to say is on loan does seem a little sketchy because he is broken out of the prison. It's not like he just checks out and, you know, says, hey, I'm going to go get a drink. Fucking, you know, Red Lion actually breaks him out uh, that they spell. So I think on loan meant that... He he was in prison. Spiral had finally no, caught up Sp- to him. Spiral had him because Dick took yeah. him down, and then they Spiral loaned them out to this freaking Supermax in Colorado yeah, I think they just, where he I was think, broken out. Yeah, there. I just think that it's like a transfer that they wanted to know something or what they were doing. Who knows what the fuck they were doing? I don't it's know. this government thing. I don't think that we're meant to know. They, he doesn't say. But this would be, you know, I'm uh, I'm fucking in prison in, in Graterford, and somehow I knew this dude when I was in West Virginia, and they want to talk to me about him and he's done something they may transfer me down there on loan for me to you know be interrogated by them and things like that and plus this is pretty you know black ops government shit who knows what's going on uh but again it didn't intrigue me really i just thought raptor why the fuck do we have raptor in here but it starts off with slade heading off to uh mom uh you know richard luis the guy who was trying to kill that actually makes me the angriest. I'm saying I like this issue. I love this. I like this part until the end because I want to see more of what's going on. And we will though because this um, they don't ever tell you. Yeah. This is in the future of the story we're dealing with for the rest. Right. Yep. And I'm telling you, when I first got into this, I wasn't thinking about that. So okay, we find out he's talking to like Luis's mother, Pat, and like you know I'm going to let your son live. He tried to kill me, but thing is since i let him live he's going to come after me again and i will end up killing him because uh, and, of this yeah and i i really like that and he is giving luis a pass because of his relationship with his mother but that's the whole thing that led luis to become richard and try to kill yeah. rose and all that i just like at one point badass slade's walking around he runs into the wall runs into the goddamn <laughs> wall where we that's find the out that slade is yeah. now blind that's the be- that's the best thing in the whole issue because when i first read it i didn't know what was going on i thought it was somebody banging on the outside of the door and then when you find out and then when i go back again to read it then i'm like holy shit he ran into the fucking badass fucking slade runs into the wall well i'm saying we had that though and in my mind this is you know like a normal story where because i don't know why i never think about freaking you know christopher priest's writing style whenever i read this but that's the thing with me is you you can go with it man he's doing a lot of badass shit throughout the rest of this issue Uh, but when like you know right away he walks into a wall Oh, it's weird, but then I realized, oh, wait, he's not blind in the yeah. rest of this issue. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Getting, and, which and is again, in the future sometime. Again, this is something that has driven me crazy with Christopher Priest's, you know, storytelling. Uh, but it's also something that I'm kind of getting used to now. So I guess I could just, you know, once you go back and he's not blind, I'm like, okay, because it goes off. And you go to the now and, and the present is Red Lion breaking him out of prison. And we Several had already seen. Several weeks before it even says, yeah, but we, I never yeah. read these things where I go into yeah. I'm right for the goddamn action show like that. And, and we had actually known before that Slade did not want to be broken out. He had no yeah. reason to be broken out. Uh, I like it too, though, in the art there. Uh 
I don't know why, but Red Lion is is breaking out and decides he's got to rip the goddamn, you know, the lights off the police car top. Uh, the policeman in there may have the yellowest teeth I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that guy better cut off the smoking or get fucking effort then or something. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, Slade's pretty badass here, and it, it does lead into everything that happens later where he's like, why the fuck did you do this? I was fine. They have nothing on me. Uh, they're not, you know, and if I wanted to break out, I would. Uh, it's really good because at this point, you pretty much figure he's getting broken out because Red Lion and Raptor wanted the icon suit. That, to yeah. me, that's what it was all about. They're breaking him out. He has no, he, he still has his orange. Orange yeah, is say, new black, Eric. You, you, you'll get this whole idea at the end of the book. Yeah. Right away, it's very odd because it seems that Red Lion broke him out because there's a pretender in Chicago that Slade yeah. needs to deal with. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's a weird reason to break yeah, him and out, again, I you think have a problem with. You say that too, and I do think as this whole thing goes around and wraps around itself by the end, uh, I also think that that was the way to get Slade out of the fucking way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, hey, oh, there's this pretender. You know, we're wheelians, Eric. I actually really, really like Red Lion. <laughs> it's weird. We don't get a lot of him, but every time he shows up, I like him more and more. And of course, everybody seems to, you know, know it's it's not a, uh, you know, a mystery that this pretty much is Black Panther in this book. Christopher Pierce, yeah. who wrote Black Panther, he brought him over. This is Red Panther, Red Lion. Uh, so it's funny, but I, I actually really like him, and I like the fact that he's trying to get this goddamn country back that everybody thinks is a joke. Uh, even at the one point, they're like, hey, he wants his fucking 10-cent country back, and they all laugh at him, but that's what he wants, and he's doing it, and the, his plan now is going, it involves Raptor, the I suit or whatever uh but then we go and see rose and i actually like this part i think it's pretty cool it actually spells out a lot here rose finds out that in fact richard was after her she wasn't he wasn't really working with uh her dad and stuff like that and it all ends up being adeline is behind it all but it's husan who freaks out because he yeah, he freaking went against Slade. He was the one who testified. Once one he of the found out one he's of the people. For Deathstroke, he turned yep. his ass in immediately. Yeah, he turned him in immediately, and now he's uh, he's heard. Now again, this isn't real. It, it was wasn't televised or anything. Deathstroke does spell that out. Husan has some connections who have come sure to does. him and said. You better get the fuck out of fucking wherever. You, you're dead. He is going to come to get you. <laughs> and his so he, big plan to make sure oh, yeah. he stays alive is to go to Rose and say, please, 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 yeah, would please you marry me? Marry me. And kill me. Yeah. He's like, if you think that if he thinks you love me, he won't kill me. And she goes, no, he's going to kill you twice then, Einstein. And that's where he's like, he didn't kill that Richard guy. So I really like this. This shows that Hussan knows when he found out who Richard is, this Luis is still alive. So yeah. he just thinks... He doesn't know about the mother and all that shit. All he knows is it was Luis and, and her were a couple. That must be why he's not dead. So in Hussan's crazy way, he's putting one and one together the only way he knows. He only has a couple pieces. He's making the puzzle. There he is. And it's pretty funny. And she's like, you know, and she doesn't believe him. She thinks that he's, you know, full of shit, but then realizes, no, you know what? My dad is fucked up. And it's Adeline who set up all this, and I do like that. Then you go off. And the only thing s- I don't like about this, I don't know if it's a, like a traditional Hmong thing, but the freaking hat she's wearing bothers the shit out of me. I don't want her to wear it anymore. Yeah, yeah, and they're all wearing it in that one scene where they're all standing.
standing there. Uh, you see all the ladies there. They have it. So it, it is a traditional thing. It must be. Uh, yeah, I don't like it either. But I, I actually, I don't know. It makes it so you, you think that she is telling the truth. When she says, I'm with my mom's family now, yeah. it, it does kind of push that even more that she is like, fuck it, I'm done. And here it is. She had... An exciting life, right? A dangerous but exciting life. And now she's just hanging out with her family with the little kids and playing games and stuff. And it's one of those where you almost wish that she could just be allowed to do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But she, here's the Adeline, and that's going to cause her, you know, they keep pulling her back in, Eric. Uh, well, then we go off to see Jericho. And uh, what's her name? Etienne. Is that Etienne. who it was? Yeah. And it's a scene very, very, very similar to when uh, Richard and, and Rose, uh, were, and Rose were laying. And I do think that this leads to show you that Etienne is definitely not on the up and up. Uh, just that's like it's almost because we thought. Remember, we thought I, I, that I Rose think, was I seeing just, the future. It, it leads me to think that he's a peeper. It's just a goddamn peeper. Like <laughs> yeah, checking in on I his kids so. while they're laying in bed with yeah. other women and fucking yeah. lovers. Yeah, I'm telling you uh, of this. Now, when they when he just Slade wishes was Grant still, was still alive, yeah. so he could go over there and do yeah, that. Yeah, really. Was when Slade did this with Rose, it was Rose who kind of woke up, right? Or yeah. did nobody wake up? Because uh, it almost seems like you'd get the idea that he isn't there, uh, but he is. But it's kind of the conscious because she sees Slade. Then later in this, you have Jericho goes to the uh, bathroom. He's been having these headaches. We talked. Doctor Villain has said that these headaches are not physical. There's no reason for him. He looks in the mirror and he sees Doctor Icon, who says. You know, why'd you do this? You see the, the thing where he died, uh, die hard style, and then he has a headache again. So you see, you know, he's having some, you know, see, I, guilt issues or whatever. This, I'm starting to think because he had the psychic connection where he took over Dr. Icon's mind yeah. when he had him dropped to the ground. I think that it was one of those cross swap deals where, like, I'm t my mind's inside your body now yeah, taking yeah. control. So yeah. when Dr. Icon actually died, it was kind of like, you know, a bit of Dr. Icon, bit of like, residual was left inside in of there. It might be, and that's the headaches. But in fact, like I'm saying, he sees Dr. Icon, the, the scene right before Etienne saw Deathstroke, and I think these are, and she does have them on his mind. She's like, oh, she doesn't say, I think I saw your dad there or whatever. It's, oh, I had this, uh, this crazy dream, and should we invite him to the wedding? Uh, I have a feeling that this wedding is going to be a bit of a red wedding, Eric. There's going to be some <laughs> shit going down in this goddamn wedding. But she's saying all this. Hey, should we invite him? I, I'm afraid he's going to be upset, but he is deathstroke. And that's when Jericho sees Dr. Icon in the mirror and, and passes out. And he's laying there. And she, I guess that the wedding seems to be something that's in the future. They're not really sure. Uh, Jericho wants to get married right away. And she Meteor. has this weird, weird pensive look. Like, sure, absolutely. The sooner, the better. And yeah, I, something's definitely up. And I do think it's going to go to the part where Jericho, yeah, he's a murderer. He did, but I don't think he's the actual Wheelian. Wheelian. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, you know what? Getting back is, to Wheelian, I, I, we moved on a little bit faster because you're talking about what you like. You know, you like Red Lion out of yeah. nowhere. My favorite part about this is that. It seems when like you know when uh, Destro goes and visits Dex, you know, the yeah, which is the place. next scene. Yep. Yeah. Um, the big thing I really like about Red Lion is that it seems everybody knows who Red Lion is, but they can't do anything because he has diplomatic immunity. Yeah, he has diplomatic immunity. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> and it is funny because Deathstroke's like, what the fuck's going on, Dex? Because he goes and he just sneaks up to him like a Batman type deal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's like, you know, what's going on, Dex? I, I was taken out. And he does spell out very well. Like, Superman took me in and it was big news. Very and public. now I've been broken out and there's nothing out. Now, he does say, 
to me, it's almost like one of those, they are embarrassed that it happened. That would be my thought, but he thinks it's something more. He realizes there must be other people missing, and that's where he finds out Raptor was missing. And he, they even have a picture. It's like, this is the guy, Raptor. He's on loan from Spiral. And uh, the funny thing is, is, when I see that picture, I'm like, there's that fucking gauntlet that just disappeared with that. You know, that would have been a cool thing. Yeah, Soyulak. I would have liked Soyulak to be more in this, at least, but it's not. But, yeah, no, he's like trying to figure out. Not Scott Armour now. You don't need yeah, to know. Yeah, so really. Like, but the, it's so you funny. Know that, if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I know. That's where uh, Deathstroke's like, what? He wants his tin pot dictatorship back. I'm like, nobody respects Red Lion. Poor guy. Uh, but yeah, he realizes then that out of nowhere, he's like, what does he want? Does he want his thing back? No. He wants a navy. Holy shit. And goes off to the sh- to the shipyard uh, where in you know they're at the Newport News and, and all this crazy shit. And that's where we see Raptor. And I, this whole... S- this whole this deal. Whole scene is the weirdest goddamn it's thing. It's weird, but all it is is to get the guy's ID to be able to go to the shipyard to steal the ship. That's all it was, but it's so extended and The odd. thing is, I, I really want to know what's up because I'm telling you, I've said earlier in the night, I am not with it anymore. I'm not hip to new things and shit like that. I don't know what gets women hot is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and no, it's not have, this. And we have <laughs> Raptor sit down at a fucking table with a woman who's like, you know, somebody's already sitting there. And he just goes off, so, hey, what's your name? Mary? goes off and starts talking about some freaking yeah. you know, religious shit about Marion. She seems to be all into oh, it. Oh, she loves it. And the problem, too, though, it's religious shit that is fucking dismal. And, and fucking it's it's about, you know, the Marys. And, oh, they had Marys and this. And they were all beheaded. And they think that. And I'm like, why is this lady getting so goddamn hot? And I don't know where that Soyulak is at that moment, Eric. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's getting uh, Roman hands done. and Russian fingers. Uh, yes. But, yeah, in the meantime... They uh, a guy comes over. It must be his woman or whatever, and he's like, yeah. "Yo, Rusky, wrong table." And him and Raptor are fighting, and this is where you get Raptor's idea. You have to spell out his abilities, and one of his abilities is he can't feel any pain. So that's going to lead into because something of the leprosy. because he has leprosy. I just think he's a little too good looking for where I was led to believe. I don't know why uh, when he was in Nightwing, but yeah, he is, steals I really the guy's thought that Leprosy was cured, and he was okay now. Yeah, yeah, well, he has it on Besides his hands. Besides for that whole not being able to feel pain bit. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, basically all this was was to set up to steal the guy's thing that he can get in the shipbuilding uh, the yard and he goes onto a ship and that's where the, you know Deathstroke has figured it all out you He's have red lions there yep and they go he already has it but that's where Raptor shows him he has the icon armor uh, and I also like it it's like I believe this is a Raptor and it, the, the dialogue is okay raptor dialogue it's kind of what he was about though he should have said something about a brand but he says i believe this is raptor i believe one man can change the world i believe i am that man tell me colonel uh what do you believe and there's slade who we just had an issue that was supposed to be about gun violence and going down i believe in smith and wesson i believe in better (laughs) aim yeah i'm like really that i don't think that i really do think that this that last issue was a bunch of hooey when when you're doing this but he's like give me my suit he's like oh when you left the supermax you abandoned it i claim right to salvage it's no backsies again again finders keepers yep finders keepers and he has it. at least this is you know a villain way of doing it it looks like they're gonna beat the shit out of each other but uh it's okay i just don't know why it's raptor and why he had to be the one there uh but we'll see but i did like it i think this was besides like you said the beginning being a little confusing at first when you reread it i think it's really good i think this sets up good things with jericho i'm intrigued by that i like the whole rose thing that she did seem like she was going to start a new life but this is going to bring her back and i like the stuff with 
I liked it because besides for that opening bit, it is a straightforward issue. Yeah, and that's, that's why I, I like it the most. Goddamn story. I even like. We didn't even say it. I love the fact that when he's with Dex, when Destro's with Dex, and he uses like this roundabout way to make oh, it yeah. so they can't do shit to him because he's going to sue them. But if they prove that, because they can't prove Slade's Deathstroke, but if they do prove it, then he gets twenty two hundred million, whatever it is. I I think that was pretty funny. I think I it was just cool. wish. I really wish though. It, it weirds me out for some reason that Deathstroke gives him this freaking thing where I'm. Suing I you know. for some some yeah, millions yeah, yeah. of dollars. I'm like, because you can't prove that Slade Wilson is dead. Yeah. Like, well, shouldn't Slade go? Yeah, this? Slade you know, should have. But I'm telling you, I think that he, I first off, I think that Dex kind of likes him. I think he respects him, and he's not going to do that much against him anyway. Uh, but it is funny when he hands him the papers because he has these papers, and Dex said, "The fuck, you're suing us?" He's fucking <laughs> chuckling, but I did like that. Civil Plus, he uses violations there. The best thing about that whole Chicago issue, last issue, I really like that as a way for Deathstroke to say, look, I was in prison, and Deathstroke was out and about. It can't be me, right? He's like, it's a copycat. And then when Deathstroke goes, you can't prove it, it's because he killed him. That's the only way that I don't mind that he killed that priest, last issue. He killed him so he can get rid of him. Nobody could ever prove that was a copycat. It makes sense. It's not a good anti-violence. It's not anti-violence, but it makes sense for Deathstroke stroke to get rid of them it was nothing watering down the brand no you're you're getting rid of the goddamn evidence of a copycat i and thought that was pretty good loves money yeah money money and killing but i gave it a seven five i thought the art was really good i like the straightforward story and again this is probably one of my favorite issues though i can't say you hear this and say oh man i'm gonna read it if you haven't been reading it, it'll make no goddamn sense no. it's not a jumping on Fuck, point they got a call back to issue number one already yeah, like, yeah, Jesus Christ. yeah and so but if you have been reading it, I do think that most people who enjoy this book probably love this issue because yeah. I, I do think it is a very good issue. Though I probably would look and there's probably – first off, last issue, fucking everybody came out of the woodwork to goddamn <laughs> review the issues. And then this issue, I guarantee you hardly anybody showed up to review it. Yeah, there was nine reviews, but they go all the way down to a five, from a ten to a five. But I, I did like it. I'm right in the middle there with a seven five. Yeah, I think I'd give it a 7.8 out of 10. I actually didn't yeah. think I'd like this more than you would because how much you were hyping it up to me earlier in the week. But uh, I, this is probably one of my favorite issues, Deathstroke, so far because yeah. I could follow it very easily. Yeah. And it's actually got me, you know, in on the story. Like, I, I care about what happens now. That's a big deal for me for this yeah. series. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going through it. Oh, and we are. up until the part where they hit Raptor, uh, this was probably an 8.85 eight, yeah. to me. The, the whole inclusion of Raptor just – the, What's oh, not even the hitting. The hitting makes perfect sense. The thing where he's getting this woman hot talking about decapitation yeah. and religion. Makes no like, sense. Get the fuck out of here. Makes no sense. But it, uh, it is funny that he goes in. Like, here's Raptor's plan. He goes in, says, okay, that woman must be the girlfriend of a guy who works at the shipyard. I'm going to get her hot with these stories. I'm going to do this. It, it's just really I'm going to drink but... his beer to show him that I'm top dog. Yeah, yeah. And then me and uh, fucking Red Lion are going to look at each other. I like that one thing where they're just standing there and they look at each other like three straight panels and then they both <laughs> separate i'm like yeah they they have an unwritten bond or an unspoken bond but we're going to go on to the last issue of the night and that is what earth Two society number 21 written by dan abner with art by vincente sifuentes rex locus and travis lanham well as it turns out this isn't the last issue as dc proclaimed it was and thank god because i don't want this series to end here we see our heroes taking on ultra-humanite secret weapon, the mind-controlled Alan Scott, while Batman, Hunter, Steel, and John break into the central control to take the 
great to take the ape-faced dictator down. Too bad that both Green Lantern and Humanite make quick work of our wonders, and it's only through Batman going berserker mode on Humanite that Alan is able to break control and end the threat to this world. But it's he's too late to save Batman, who was killed. Mm-hmm. 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 It's a very quick-moving issue. Very there's quick. a lot of action. Uh, I don't know that there's that much to talk about. Uh, there really, really because... isn't. I'm telling you, the, the biggest problem I have with this is that like I said last issue, I was really happy that the up the stakes because it was a lot of fighting still, and we've had that like nonstop for a while now. Yeah. Where the up the stakes last issue is because we had the the populace of Metropolis being affected, and you know showing this whole thing. You know, in my mind, that adds to the story. And then here we crank up the freaking stakes a little bit more because we bring Green Lantern out and about, who just starts whooping our goddamn wonders asses. Yeah. 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 It's basically the whole issue. It really is. Yeah. You have a uh, a two-front fight going on, and that's about it. You have Ultra Humanite yelling and screaming about how, you know, the same deal. They have Alan Scott out there. He's kicking ass while Ultra Humanite controls him uh, and then pretty much taunts at one point that, hey, you know what? I, I can multitask. I can control him. And Alan Scott is trying to fight back. He does say that uh, to the Sandman, like, hey, you know what? He is trying to fight. He's, he's hesitating or whatever, but he's really going to town. And Batman and John and Huntress are just getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, and they show the, up. And like, it's right. It's funny, too, because it's right when Ultra Human is like, I just have to remember, like, I'd have to keep concentrating to make this work. And then right as he says that, the rest of our team come in to take him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. now it's going to go down. Yep. And I'm immediately horrified when they just get their asses kicked so oh, completely. Just I'm easily. Like, God damn it. This was yep. our only hope. Yeah. And it's funny. It's because like when they first come in and – he kind of taunts him, but then at one point it does seem to when when Commander Steel uh, hits uh, what's his name Dodds knocks him down. Sam, and, man, yeah, yeah, Sam, man. And uh, then when Batman yells "Steel, go low," I'm like, they're gonna do it. They're actually gonna fucking kill him. And Ultra Humanite does is reach out and grab them both by the fucking neck and throw <laughs> them. And I'm like, oh shit, I, I do not think they're gonna win this fight. I mean, at that point, I thought, what? The only thing that could happen at this point is alan scott will have to regain his consciousness and be able to do and and go and fight him because they really are showing ultra human they are no match for him no not and, at all. and alan scott is just ripping through uh the heroes as well he's just going to town and it comes down to him and uh kara and uh they kind of just start talking but she he can't break free of it uh basically it takes fucking batman to get killed for yeah, him to, to break the control. Everybody is down at this point, and freaking Batman just fucking loses. He's like, look, yeah. I will not stop. You can kill me. Yep. I will not stop. And he just starts punching into the goddamn freaking power armor of yeah. uh, Ultra Humanite. And there's just blood flying left yeah. and right. And, and, and this point, at this point over in the other fight... Alan has Kara in a box, and it's it's, it's compressing. Shrinking. It's yeah. compressing, and it's going to crush her. He's going to kill her very slow and painful. Uh, but, yeah, that's when you see that, you know, Alan Scott breaks free because Ultra Humanite then has to react because, he like you said, his controller. Ba- Batman, is, Batman. Batman is going to town and is saying, and even like even him saying, you know what, you're going to have to kill me. I'm gonna, not going to stop or whatever, and it does make Ultra Humanite like, oh, fuck, you know, I'll do this and start yelling at him and breaks the focus there and so really just batman wins the day fist through batman's back yeah, i'm like yeah, god yeah. damn it and he it's wins funny the day, too though. 
Like, because we ne- we don't really see because it's like you know we don't see the back you know no. his hand entering a, uh, like the back there. But it's funny to me to think of it too because Batman technically is already paralyzed. He got yeah, shot that's his spine. That's why you know, I I'm telling you, the, she says Batman at the end. Huntress grabs him and it's over. That because Alan Scott then he gets free of the control. He comes and pretty much just goes just, to town. Like instantly takes out. Yeah, he instantly takes him out. And then you have yes, and then you have Huntress, Batman, Dick, Dick. Oh my God! And I don't know that he's actually dead because, like you said, like you said, he was crippled. So he probably just ripped out the mechanical spine that he had that was connected in the suit and all that shit. Even that, the whole thing is like he he broke the spine. He's like, oh no, I can't feel my legs. Yeah, 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 that's what I was laughing. I actually was like, what uh, is he breaking his back? Like I really thought. He was going to break his back like Bane, like crush him over, but it wouldn't matter. He's fucking crippled. And I don't even know that, you know, people that had jumped on, I don't even know that they realized that anymore because no, they really yeah, did yeah. not stress that at all. Tell us, Eric. Tell you know, like, us. Tell, tell us. Tell us. Them. created that thing for him back in Convergence, but once we got to the freaking uh, yeah, then, uh, Earth Mr. Society Terrific, here, right? they, it was said like one of the early issues that Mr. Terrific built him a yeah. freaking, you know, a I still go. I still go with Telos. Telos. It was funny too because when he was when he was with Telos, it almost seemed like all Telos did was get him that thing so that they could walk around and talk. Because yeah. remember, a bunch of issues, Skip they just around. walked around and talked. Yeah. That's all they did, but yeah, Huntress is there. It looks like Batman. It might be dead, but I don't think he is. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, next. That's where we leave with the cliffhanger, though. So it looks like yeah. Batman is dead, next life is, after death. You, I uh, I went into this issue thinking that this was the last issue. Yeah, and when we got to the, I got to this final bit, I'm like, Batman dies. This is the end. And then I see next life after death. So then I had to go back and back to DC's site to because look, this yeah. was solicited as final issue. Yes, and then I yep. go to the next month and I see. Oh, there's a there's an issue number twenty two, which is also solicited as final issue. Yep. Like, you sons of bitches! Yeah, they added. I actually but like. I'll take it. Yeah, I told you, I I do think that this was going to lead into an Earth two rebirth, and then they decided to either Fuck delay it. that or whatnot, so they had to add this extra issue on. That's that's the only to way you can kind conclusion. of explain explain. I mean, that you have two final issues. Now it's funny, Huntress is there and like. Dick, oh my god, you have Commander Steel, looks he's dead, and there's poor John, he is smashed into a fucking console, he's there, he's a little kid, he's like, she's just there with Batman, <laughs> I think they're all dead, she doesn't care though, it's it's Aunt Helen, she, she's worried about Dick, she loves well, Dick. I'm saying, the fucking fire pattern, John Grace, whatever you want to call him, he ain't fucking her, fucking big dick Batman over here is. But I mean, look at him, he, he's just, and really, he he's younger than he looks, because he's only like, what, 11, or even well, he's younger, got, he's right? He's like the mind of, what, an 8-year-old, and he's yeah, fucking like, now 16 years old. Yeah, yeah, so poor guy, he's there against a smash console, Commander Steel, he's, he's out, and well, everybody's at least just... he's got superhuman everybody's powers, just he's, worried, he's Everybody's just worried about Batman, Eric, only Batman. That's the only one uh, I'm worried about. It, it is a quick <laughs> read, though. I mean, we, we're talking about it, we really did touch on most of the book. It just Pretty goes much back everything. and forth, but it's, it's, it's a good read. I liked yeah. it for what we've had and reading into it. Book. Yeah, it is. I still want Bruno Redondo back, uh, but the art's really good. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this a 7.5 out of 10 because it is mostly this fighting like we've been dealing with for the most part. It does end on an interesting cliffhanger, and I like the fact that we had this whole upping the stakes to the fight by bringing Green Lantern out and about. Yeah. Who, like I said before, last time we talked about this series, is that I never even, I forgot all about Green Lantern. He never crossed my mind with all these other wonders, like what happened to him. Yeah. And then we saw at the last issue, oh, shit, he's being held by Ultra Humanized, a secret yep. weapon. That's yeah. badass, and I wanted to see him here. It's just kind of, a, you know, 
We bring him out. He kicks everybody's ass. He kicks everybody's he, ass and then, and then gets his control back. Yeah, and then he instantly takes out the bad guy. I'm like, no, he takes him out. He actually just shows up, and in one panel, it's over. And we don't even see it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, he's laying in like a a weird, bloody mechanical mess. I enjoyed it for the most part, but because of these things, I have to give a 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to go like you with Deathstroke. I'm going to go 7, 8, because I did enjoy it. I, I read it, and. I, I don't have as much, uh, you know, in the game here as you do from reading all the Earth Two stuff. But uh, from what I've read for the podcast, even going back to World's End, yeah. um, it's just gotten better and better for what it is. At least it's fun. There's a lot Agreed. of action. The art's really good. So I, I always we we have it as the last book. And but I when really... I was reading these books before this, I actually read this last. And when I was reading, I'm like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. I was glad that you know I read it and whatnot. I just really hope we touch on on the final issue what's going on with this new Earth Two and what the rules are and shit like that. How I think it's going to beforehand. And all I think stuff. it's going to end with the casket being reopened, Eric. Boom, and that's all going to go to white again. I don't know. It's all going to go to white again. That's the only thing I was thinking of as people were getting killed, if they were indeed getting killed. I'm like, they are just going to reset this anyway. <laughs> like, I don't even care if Batman's dead. He'll be back. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I actually expect it to just be them almost like, you know, uh, what's his name, getting out of the goddamn shower. And uh, D- Dick's like Patrick there. Duffy? Patrick Duffy. Dick's going to be laying in bed. He's going to wonder where he was. And then he's going to look up and, and fucking uh, Babs is going to be there. Barbara's going to be there and everything will be fine. She won't be the specter, though, Eric. Not the specter. That would have yeah. been such a cool goddamn yeah. turn. Well, maybe she still has hope. Uh, I will say also uh, Manship uh, was talking to me about uh, – uh, Lois in this that he thought that this was the best Lois that that we've had. He right. was he was getting excited, but <laughs> that is it. What is your book of the week? Because I'll tell you mine. Mine was Red Hood and the Outlaws. That was my, I think mine my is a uh, a tie between Wonder Woman and New Superman. All right. Yeah, actually, I think mine was a tie between New Superman. I think I went eight nine with New Superman because I wanted to be one less right. uh, point than Red Hood and the Outlaws, but I think I ended up saying they were both nine. So I'll even give. I a lot of eight so this week, so it's yeah. pretty for the no, most it was part, a good week. goddamn good week. Yep. You want to hear what next week is going to bring? As yeah, soon as sure. this app loads up, and somehow it says 110 issues next week, Aaron. Well, that is a lot of issues. Here we go. Aquaman number 17, Batman number 17, which of course continues the I am Bane story. We'll see Ian if Bane. all the Robins are dead. Batwoman Rebirth number one. That's interesting. Green Arrow, number 17. Green Lanterns, number 17. Harley Quinn, number 14. He-Man, Thundercats, number 5. Justice League, number 15. Hmm. Nightwing, number 15. Odyssey of the Amazons, number 2. Hmm. Raven, number 6. Hmm. Super Sons, number 1. Hmm. Superman, number 17. Hmm. Uh, Trinity, number 6. And Eric. Is that it, really? Wildstorm, number 1. I only have three books yeah, next week. You, you and I have eight. You and Reggie, I think, both have three, and I have Jesus eight. Christ. I have so many goddamn books because I have Wildstorm that starts. I have Super Suns that start. I have Odyssey of the Amazons, which is a monthly. I have everything's hitting me. And, and who is right uh, reviewing Batwoman for the site now? That would be Dan. Dan okay, is doing nice. Batwoman, yeah. So all these should be up. On Wednesday at midnight, you can read all of our things. I'm wondering just see to see uh, how much excitement people have for the Wildstorm book. I, I have no idea. I'm looking forward Not to it. Not a lot of people seem to be talking about it. No, that's They're the really problem. really pushing at the and, back of every book And now, the but... only thing I can promise is we'll probably talk about that first issue. 
on the podcast and we'll see from there. We may not continue uh, talking about it. We'll see. Determined by interest. We'll see what happens in the future. Yes, yes. But that is the podcast, Eric. That is it. Congratulations. I'd love to play you a song that tells me just what I think of you, Eric. No, no, no. Congratulations, Eric. You made it. You made it through it. You, you called your mom. She saw you on TV, right? Come on, baby. Listen here. All right. This is what I say to Eric Shea. We made it, Eric. We made it through the podcast once again. We didn't die. We didn't have strokes. Donnie, you fucking doing that to me. It's like awarding me for this with like giving me a goddamn shit sandwich. Yes, shit sandwich with whipped cream on top. And the whipped cream is made of urine. There oh, you, you know go. what? Before we go, there's one thing I wanted to say, because when we're talking about action comics before, I wanted to talk about this. And then I completely forgot about it. How I was bitching about freaking, you know, Clark's buys at this goddamn big belly burger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The night before I went to the diner with Jess and I wasn't really hungry because I had something to eat before she got home. So we went to the diner for dinner. I ended up getting a black and white milkshake. And a and bear a big, claw? And a big old thing of uh, tapioca pudding with a shitload huh. of whipped cream on top. And and did the lady when you ordered say, really? <laughs> yes. No, she, she did. did no, not. No, no, she really did. She fucking did not. If she did, I, she wouldn't have gotten a tip. No, really? no, I really think that's why she said it because I thought, she like, you know, this is dinner time. She's expecting to get decent tips. Well, then no, I wouldn't have you know, given things. her a tip. She's a bitch. She's a fucking bitch. But yeah, if I went right now, if I went right now and ordered seven shakes and ten apple pies, nobody's gonna go really to me. They're just gonna get their things. These people working, that guy working at that fucking belly burger, he doesn't give a fuck what the fuck he's doing. He's taking your fucking money and going. That guy looked fucking miserable. He wouldn't really. Yeah, really. Fucking get my order, fucking Tommy. Whatever. I don't know. I I kind of could expect that freaking burnout-looking guy at the speedway saying something like that. No. They they wouldn't. That burnout guy at the Speedway, you'd go and you'd be like, I get at points five drinks. And I go up, my kids, you know, are there, but I put the five drinks and he's like, okay, five drinks, whatever. And they don't care. People he's dead they, inside. They, they all are. This guy's at the Belly Burger. What the fuck's he care what Clark gets? He like I said, you don't know that Clark doesn't have six kids outside waiting in the car for that. It was so stupid. I, I just It was only just pushed so that you realize <laughs> that that is a weird meal. Uh, it is a weird meal. It was that was explaining a joke though to me, and that means it wasn't really good. But yeah, we'll see. He he's like it, actually, I didn't even say it when we were talking about it. It reminded me of the uh, what's his name that that uh, fucking alien in Men in Black that needed all the sugar. That's all it, it meant to me. Eh, fucking sugar. Eh? But yeah, we're gonna move on. That's it. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Keep great it week. weird. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh!